Happy Halloween to one and all, and if you're not listening to this on Halloween, well, you got to make me look like an asshole like that. Either way, I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to the possibly spooky episode number 147 on the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Spoo-spoo-spooky? Is that what it is? Spooky! Spoo-spoo-spoo-spoo-scary? Poltergeist? Is that what you'd say? Stuttering Stevie, son of a bitch. Get out of my life. Funny? Is that what it is, sir? I think well, I know where you're going wrong there, Steve. Ah, uh, yes. Hello and welcome one and all to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of October 28th, 2017. For the week of October 31st. Not quite October 31st. Oh. That will be a next week. Eric will already oh, well, be starting the next round of books by it'll be then. November. That's where we'll be doing all that stuff. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. We're on proud. Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean. I'm, I'm just ignoring you. Uh, we're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. We do have an award-winning website at WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And we have a Patreon account. And the Patreon account is Patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and check out all sorts of fun wacky shows eric and one thing that we do have each week is a patreon only spotlight picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew beep boo, boo. Boo. and this week you can listen to us do dc house of horrors number one so that is a patreon only scariest installment to the podcast it's good 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 bullshit is what that is eric i did not enjoy it as much as you and reggie but if you go over to our patreon account and subscribe at that level you can listen to us talk about it you can listen to me bail at one point because i had had enough you made a sandwich i had had enough of your nonsense uh but yes dc house of horrors is the number one deal on that now eric that leads us to the people who do pick everything pretty much that we do they rule our lives with their love and their uh uh, uh wisdom <laughs> and her wisdom eric oh, and wisdom. that that is that they are the badasses of the get fresh crewer and here we go this is the badass roll call and we're going to start out with toby hagan the ultimate badass we have lone wolf marv andrew belfast dave J, all new dave rob lewis richard richardson your favorite simon g-man monty hakeem jolly drew manship t werner t <laughs> i just wait for that ian D-Man, Reggie Hancock, Brandon Murray, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Missy T, Bobby, Jazz, Haviland, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, who you'll hear later on in the podcast, and Eric, the OG, Christopher Hyde, and we salute you guys and everybody else who support us over at Patreon. And I, I do mention usually that the Patreon account, you go, when you sign up, you do not get charged immediately. Obviously, it's near the end of the month, so it's getting close to that. But you can still go over and subscribe, check out all the shows, see if you like what we got going on. Uh, this weekend, we're going to have a lot of things on the Patreon. We're going to have a new or an advanced uh, episode of the New 52 Review uh, when the Mr. Terrific... Uh, 
uh, episode goes up, you could go over and immediately get the Frankenstein Age in a Shade uh, on that. We're also going to have a Necessary Nonsense on Family Stories. We're going to have a podcast with me and T, uh, the Jim Has Issues with His Wife podcast. And also, last night, we had the movie night. Sure uh, did. With the, and, you know, not many people showed. It was no, a, very it was disappointing. A, yes, it was a little bit of a, a low turnout for an Eric I had Shea. to tell everybody about Evil Dead 2, and everybody yeah. was just you and Reggie. Now yeah, we had a few yeah. couple others though too. Yeah, we had we had a couple guys, but yeah, it was a little down, and you were a little upset because it was your picks of sure. the movies that <laughs> they like, voted every on. Time they I do voted anything. on every time you get involved, Eric, shit goes wrong. But we did Everybody watch Evil fails. Dead too. We watched Evil Dead too. It was the first time I had seen it, and uh, as you can tell, at one point I almost dozed off. I stopped yeah. talking, but I didn't. I was just sitting away from the computer. I was watching it on the computer, so I was like laying in bed watching. What'd you it think, Jim? It was okay. I actually was a little disappointed. I th- it was a little more goofy than I thought it was going to be, and I don't think it holds up. That, that's basically my two-cent opinion. I, I thought that the effects were pretty unspecial. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, they, they seemed ridiculous. I'm not – I'm telling you, you, you throw out full motion or, I mean, uh, stop motion stuff, it's never going to look up to date no matter what. And that had a lot of it, and I just eh, – it was okay. It was okay, Eric. I watched it, though. I can now take that off the goddamn bucket list of things that I was never going to watch anyway. But, yeah, that, that is that, Eric. Anything else to say about all the things that we do, Eric? Anything at all? No. No? Now you're upset? No. I didn't even tell you before that I, I was not that impressed. I don't know what you guys... You and Reggie are sitting in the chat. We're watching it, and everybody's chatting. You're like, yeah, Reggie's like, this does hold up. This is one of the best movies. Like, the fuck are they watching? I know An that that's... excellent it. piece of film. Yeah, no, not not to me. I'm telling you, probably the first 35 minutes was probably... And I know it's part of the joke or whatever. Probably the most over and worst acted thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. But then, that's just me, Eric. I know a lot of people like it, so I, I can't throw too much shade. I will never watch it again, and I think I'm done with that series. So there you go. You, you ruined it for me with that nonsense. But, Eric, you know what you didn't ruin for me? You know what you didn't ruin for me? All those other movies that I'll never watch. Now, we have a rant and rave line where you can call 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign, Eric. It's just that easy, folks. Welcome to the podcast! You know it's gonna be a long one! But when you hear Jim Warner, you know it's gonna be a strong one! If you're thinking of 
This is time for the rant and rave. Just got to pick up the scalaphone and dial up the rant and rave line, Jim. That's all you got to do, Eric. And I'll tell you, uh, part two of these rant and raves are definitely inspired by the Attic Animal. Eric, the Attic Animal. Oh, so that may be slightly the uh, basement. What what the hell you call it? The basement bitch? I, I, what is that thing you, you do? The uh, side the, the side room, the pantry poltergeist? No, the, the cellar dweller. But what, and you know what? Maybe we'll start with that. We're going to start with one that seemed to be inspired strictly by the cellar dweller. This is the Monster Mash, Eric. Oh. Good evening, gentlemen of the Weird Science Podcast. Good evening, Master This is a message for your associate. Uh, did Jeremy call in? It's for the cellar dweller. I am creature of the night. You may recognize me from my famous song, The Monster Mash. Uh, yes. It was a graveyard smash. It was. I, I love that song. But it was also the beginning of the destruction of my youthful innocence. Oh, God. This is like a behind-the-music We were just young men from Transylvania who wanted to form a band and meet some girls. I sang, Wolfman played the drums, He's good. Mummy was on bass, and Frankenstein played lead guitar. I actually I actually think uh, Frankenstein would be on keyboards, but, but that's apparently just... Apparently the only monster that people want to hear sing Journey is Steve Perry. Boom! So we said to ourselves, we're monsters. Let's write a song about it. And do so the monster do. mash was born. Yes. It was an instant hit, and suddenly we were playing it's Graveyards and Crips from coast to coast. Graveyards and Crips, Eric. But the sudden fame of the blood. We pay for the blood. Not the bloods, no. Frankenstein was the first to leave. He felt the band was holding him back. So he bolted. I think it was. He went on as a solo act in Europe. Apparently, that's where most of his body parts were from. Yes. However, he did not meet the same success as he did with the band. The last I heard, he was playing dive bars for drinks. Oh, jeez. Dive bars. The wolfman got involved with a succubus he met at a show one night. and She got him into drugs. Yeah, really? Things got hairy very fast. Ah. Very fast. A year later, he was found dead in a Sunset Strip motel with a needle in his arm. Uh. It didn't even make the papers. Mummy and I sad. tried to hold the band Mommy. together for a little while, but it just wasn't the same, and soon we had to call it a wrap. Ah. He's doing well, though. <laughs> he lives with his daughter in Florida. You love me. <laughs> Now, I will not deny that there are certain of us monsters who have been very successful in the surface world. Willem Dafoe, Rick Ocasek, Uh, even Tyler Perry, the most frightening creature from the depths of hell. So seek your fame where you will, cellar dweller. But Uh, take my story as a warning. Yes. Don't do smack, I got you. And finally, a message for Mr. Jim Werner from my close personal friend, Pumpkinhead. (laughs) He is tired of your juvenile, (laughs) smart-ass remarks about why his head is not a pumpkin. (laughs) He is a wonderful, generous, funny person who may occasionally (laughs) rip hillbillies limb from limb when summoned by a blood curse. However, that does not mean that you must suffer the indignity of your childish jokes. 
Hey, listen. It, the guy's called Pumpkinhead. Give me a Pumpkinhead. Why do you got to be a bully, It doesn't even look Jim? like it. Just give it like, something that looks a little like a pumpkin. He, I hope can... that you will afford him and other creatures no. of the night more respect in future podcasts. No! A good mm. evening to you gentlemen. Good and a happy e- Halloween. Good evening. Happy Halloween, Indeed. Monster Mash. That, that is good. There's, <laughs> and I love the song, The Monster Mash. I do not like Pumpkinhead. What uh, about Rawhead Rex? No, I, I don't even. I don't even know what you just said. Uh, here is the next one, Eric. This is, I think, a Tom King inspired call that that uh, made me smile. All right, Carson Wentz is. <laughs> Carson Wentz is Eric. Carson Wentz is. is, and I, I would, I would say Carson Wentz is awesome, Eric. Here, here's I would say the next. Carson Wentz is here, quarterback. Here's the next one. Carson Wentz is. <laughs> There's a bunch of those. But yes, thank you. Goddamn yes, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I Carson Wentz is awesome. That's all I can say. MVP, Eric, so far. Uh, almost midway through the season. Here is the next rant and rave uh, from your buddy. You know who that'll be. Richard Richardson here. I don't think it yes, is. This is Richard Richardson. Yeah, Richard Richardson here. Uh-oh, it's getting closer. Richard Richardson. That, yeah. Jim, Eric. <laughs> oh, it's him, uh, Eric. It, it, you driving a lot with of, the window down? What's going on? A lot of pauses in this one. Uh, unedited, this one is. Jim, Eric, yeah, he's himself. Richard there we go. Richardson. See, it's pretty late. We just saw the progression of getting in character. Uh, Richard I think Richardson. It's more of like gaining your power. It's like he's like he has to summon himself. Maybe. Richard, I, I thought Richardson. maybe he was like a James Woods or possibly a Christian Bale, Eric. He has to get into the character. But once he's in, he's in full. So we'll see. Richard Richardson, the Daniel Day-Lewis of the podcast. He is the Daniel Day-Lewis. My retarded left foot is, is the moment yeah, he's going to start. Sleepy. He's pretty well, sleepy. I'm going to sleep and tell you that he was awesome. Yeah, well, it, does he have allergies uh, like me? Richard Richardson here, and yes, uh, <laughs> what is going on there? It's not over. I know, it's never over. It's almost over. I, I don't know what's going on here. Uh-oh. It does the the thing that does scare me is it does sound like he is driving at that point. So uh, I would I would fear for Richard Richardson. Now the next call and thank Did you, it, Richard. Is it over? Did he hit a? It's bus? over. That's it. I think he might have hit a uh, a parked car. Possibly the next call though, Eric, is from one of your favorite. Not one of your favorites, actually. It's it's one of Brandon's favorites, especially. Uh, he has a bone to pick with you, though. I don't think that it's fair. Uh, the anger that he shows towards you. This is Freak Daddy Falcone, Uh-oh. Eric. Yeah, uh, I, I just heard something that, you know, I uh, listened to your show last week, and somebody, I like somebody, I don't know if that is that big, that big old job turkey named Eric Spade, or if that's, <laughs> that's that really- Sasquatch you got of a co-host. Did I ever tell Jive- you that... Did I ever tell you that one of my favorite expressions is jive turkey? And to me, I always wanted somebody to call me a jive Honestly, turkey. Honestly, the thing is, I don't think it has to be said because I think most people's favorite expression is jive turkey. They're it just afraid is, but, to use it nowadays. I, I just would like to be called a jive turkey at one point in my life. I call you a jive me, turkey all yeah, the time. But you don't How mean dare it. you? You don't mean it. And 
it doesn't it doesn't sound true from you. you to me, to be a jive turkey, you, you gotta you know. I don't know. I don't think I'm cool enough to be a jive turkey. Do you think that jive it's not turkey? Cool to be a jive turkey. Do you this think that, Thanksgiving, Jim? I, well, I was gonna say. Do you think that that is the official expression of Thanksgiving? Jive turkey. It's do amazing. you think so? No, I would said like this stuff. Well, my name is not Big Daddy Falcon. <laughs> we did call him Big Daddy Falcon. Big Daddy Falcon, as everybody knows, is nothing but somebody who's trying to try to trademark my gimmick, and that is gimmick infringement. Yeah, <laughs> and that is not cool. No, it's anyway, not. It's not anybody cool. with a name that says Big Daddy. It obviously has some kind of insecurities. You see this stuff all the time with Big Daddy Kane. But now, I, I you, you know what, Eric? I, I will. I'm always for a joke and things like that. You, you don't, don't talk start, about Big Daddy you don't Kane dis, like that. The, the, you know, he doesn't half step the Big Daddy uh -huh. Kane. Big Daddy Kane was one of my favorite rappers back in the day. I did really, really like Big Daddy Kane. So I, I'm putting Freak Daddy on blast right here, Eric. <laughs> we're going to have to see. I, you know, I may pull the plug on him if he keeps dissing Big Daddy Kane. He didn't last that guy. That he didn't last very long, he, did he? He was a shining star. Eric, you burn bright, but you only burn for a little bit, is what happened with Big Daddy King. No, he ain't got no career. Oh. But you know what, just so I don't confuse anybody, my name is Freak Daddy Falcon. Freak Daddy. The name says it all. I it am does. a bona fide freak. Ain't nobody freakier than Freak Daddy. I believe it. That's right. You want to keep your girl at home with you? You become, you gotta be a freak in the big. Okay, I, I thought that he was actually gonna spell out that don't let them get near him. I thought he was gonna steal everybody's girl. And then really, right away, you were gonna ask the address of Freak Daddy and send Jess there tomorrow. Uh, that's, not, yeah, that's not what he said, though. Yeah, I may have to do her in the butt if that's what she <laughs> wants. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to talk about. He's, I, I, the latest what issue is he of huh? Green Arrow. Green Arrow. You know, Black Canary, she was all over Oliver. Mm -hmm. She was all over him, trying to get him all sexed up and everything. Yep. And he just acted like he didn't even know what to do with her. Well, if I was Black Canary, we all know she like to scream. You know, she got she that does. canary she has cry. The canary cry. Yes. She need to go hook up with my boy. My boy, Black Lightning. Why? Why don't DC give him an ongoing series? He has a, He Black actually Lightning has a mini series starting next week. Ever in comics. I love Black Lightning. But anybody, people want to know about Freak Daddy Falcone, I am now on Twitter. You can follow me at Falcone. If you follow me... Does Freak Daddy follow the Cellar Dweller? Is that possible, Aaron? No, the Freak Daddy Falcone, as far as I know, does not follow the Cellar he Dweller. He does not follow the Cellar... So what you're telling and me is like... And neither Rob Lewis. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's basically what you're telling <laughs> me. It's like the general population then, right? I know. It's, it's so funny. Worse. The Attic Animal, somehow, I don't know what happened with him, but, uh, you know, whatever he does, he has a Twitter, too, that Attic Animal, oh, yeah. and actually uh, got shut down by, by, by Twitter, but had more followers than the seller dweller. I just want to point that. That is not true. I just want to point that I'll out. I'll follow you back. See, he says he'll follow back. That's a good, that's a good rate, procedure. Yeah. Everybody should also know that I am the 2015 inductee to the Player Haters International Hall of Fame. I am second most recognizable player, second only to Morris Day in the time. Morris Day is a yeah. player. He Good. is. 
He, he can anyway, dance. next week. He does the bird. I just got my new shipment of comics, and I'll be talking about Hellblazer. Maybe I don't know in case something else come out. But at any rate, Eric Spade. He I heard this old episode on there where he was he was talking about playing with his girl's uh, dildo collection. Here we go. Yeah. Baby girl, Fire. there's nothing wrong with you having dildos. It's okay, baby. Just relax. He just called Jess baby doll. Or baby girl, he said. You know what? Do you think Somebody Jess would like to. that? Yeah, you think <laughs> You were calling her your tinkle pad the other my day. My tinkle pad. The tinkle, my, hey, my, my tinkle my ret- pad. My retarded flower. <sighs> that's not nice, Eric. No. I hit that that's not appropriate, but I don't want to mess up Freak Daddy's call. Heck. You know, it is okay, because it's obvious that Eric Spade is failing in, in doing his duties. Yeah, he must rather play with his action figures in Space Mountain than be doing Space his damn Mountain. job. Yes, yes, Anyway, you guys keep it real, and you guys holler at me whenever you want. That's Holla. that freaking Falcon. Holla Dirty. back. Holla back, Eric. Holla back. That is Freak Daddy. Thank you, I know Holla back, though, Freak Daddy. Uh, you are. A hollaback girl. I actually got to But we're going to go to another hollaback girl. And, of course, I mean Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Hi. Greetings, Eric. What's up, Mike? Hello, Canada, our home and native land. True patriot love in all thy sons' command. With glowing hearts we see we thee rise the... You can tell he's a hockey fan. True north, strong and free. From far and wide, O oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Ding. God, keep our land glorious and free. O oh Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee, mother. So I uh, forgot shout last out. week to leave cool, cool. a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> so I, since I forgot that, I will give two this week. Shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop-boop. And shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop-whoop. And Mia Culpa for forgetting that last week. I also want to congratulate or commend a great show by The Cellar Dweller. Uh, listen Hooray! to that. Enjoyed it immensely. Uh, great job, Josh. I hope you do it again. So, <laughs> Son of a um, bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. Just the, the Cellar Dweller. Oh, so yeah. Wink, wink. you, Josh. Wink, wink. So, um, yeah. Great. Um, also, The Attic Animal. What? Uh, what? The informative section for The Attic Animal. I've got to decide which one I like better. No, you don't I have to. I hate to, you know play favorites here but the attic animal might be a bit better than the cellar dweller so we'll just <laughs> have to my see gunna? um which one wins in that epic uh the, it is a battle i said this is a new thing now we always have the diss tracks the rap the rap scene eric is ripe with uh diss tracks we i said i want to start now it's the diss podcast that we're having against each other not us it's the cellar dweller against the attic animal, though. Before we get back to Mike, it is funny because the, somehow the attic animal, he came out with this episode on Patreon. It is a free show, too. So if anybody listening, if you don't want to give us any dough, you think that Eric Shea is already living too high on the hog, you yeah. still can go over to the Patreon account and listen to what the, everybody everybody at the rec center is talking about, which would be the attic animal. And also, you know, some people are talking a little of the cellar dweller, but it, Eric got word that the attic animal 
Animal was going to have a show and started laughing about it. And then he went to see when the Attic Animal dropped it and saw it was six minutes. And that pretty much infuriated Eric Moore just because that he's like, that son of a bitch did that just to fucking piss me off. And yet, Eric, you know what? That is true. The thing but is, yeah. though. It's not like I, there's any competition going on between you and me. I just happened to be on the Patreon page today and saw that the Sour Dwellers episode had more likes than the Attic Animals. Oh, and I'm like, you know what? That makes it. sense to me. Did it. Well, uh, tell me a little more as I go over <laughs> to that account, Eric, because there was. I don't know if you saw the latest comment on the Patreon for <laughs> the Attic Animal. I'm not saying that it is the be-all, end-all, but you did tell me that one thing was very important to you. It was the opinion of Bobby for the show. And I just want to say that she did have a comment for The Attic Animal, and it said, The Cellar Dweller, The Basement Beast, The Downstairs Demon, even The Ground Level Growler were all good at one time, but now seems older than The Mummy's Mommy. The Attic Animal is now all the rage with the kids down at the rec center eric and that's that's basically says it all it doesn't yeah. it doesn't i it go by likes it? personally but whatever oh by likes do you well wait a second here how many on? likes how many likes does the uh cellar dweller have at this point i i have to see uh you know people want to know Ooh, it, it now has 13 eric i gave actually it now has 14 because i gave you a special one from just me how about that all right i actually gave you but that actually that both of those shows seem to be one uh, two of the most liked shows of all so i don't know if those likes are really accurate anyway i i've heard that patreon actually sent me an email earlier and said that a lot of times those likes they get a little iffy they, oh, they're they? not sure if so they're really real going. I don't know. I just, that's all I'm saying. I do think, though, that one thing that says it all is that nobody thought that Josh did the Attic Animal. So there I, I did just see that the, the freaking Cellar Dweller just got a new comment right now by Double A Ron saying penis. Oh, penis, did he? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the, the Attic Animal got right that now. or the Cellar Dweller? Which one got it? Cellar Dweller. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. See, yeah. that that says it all. That'll be on the back of the first. I don't know what the cellar dweller would have that you need comments on it. But if there's a DVD on the back, it'll just say penis double A run. There you go. Yeah. I bet you that Heidi liked the attic animal a little bit better. Though I will tell you that T. I don't think she did. T did not like the attic animal at all, and at one point was giving me dirty looks during it. But well, that's all right. The- I'm actually upset now because I did see T out and about today, and I did not stop and yell T. Yeah, you didn't yell T. But well, you know what? We're interrupting Dancing Mike. Let's yeah. get back to his call. I oh, shout out also to all my friends in the uh, LGIB community. That's right. Uh, hashtag LGIB. Let's go, Ice Bears. Uh, coming off Let's their home opener, a seven to four. Ice win. Bears are back, Eric. And since the Ice Bears are back in town, I did stop by Smoky Mountain Brewery of and course. had a few. Really, really, Eric. You think the Ice Bears need to be in town oh for him to stop by? That's right. That Smoky Mountain, Mountain Brewery. Now. I'm telling you, you, you get word that the leaves might be changing oh color. My. And Mike I'm is almost there. out of sugar. Better go I to Smoky almost, Mountain Brewery. I, I almost jaywalked. Suddenly, I'm at the, the fucking Smoky Mountain Brewery. <laughs> beers before the game because that's what I do because I drink beer during hockey season. So <laughs> yes, during yes hockey only. Season. 
Also I didn't realize hockey season hockey was year-round now. During hockey yeah, season yes. Also, uh, much like Mitch Hedberg, who said, "I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to." Also. Yes, Mitch talked with us this week. Yeah, did get four DC comic books this week. Only DC comic books this week. So I got uh, Batman Beyond. Yes. Like I said in my comments uh, on Eric Shea's review on the award-winning website WeirdScienceDCComics.com, boy, that was confusing. Our yeah. work was good. And the panel layout, the three stories going on, it was it, it it wasn't just the review copy; it was the physical copy, confusing as it was. Yeah, it was. I mentioned you so later in the review. I think, I think I gave that a five for for simply that reason. And yeah. uh, I know that Eric That's gave, it, I gave I think, it a lower score, but I want to hear a five on the podcast. But I don't know; it's probably probably already been recorded. So it has been recorded, but you I'll will just hear have to it. Wait for that. Wonder Woman number 33. Um, yeah, I think that was about a five for me too because it was, it, I don't, it, no, it did nothing. No. Nope. I think that Robinson has this limited Pegasus number of issues might. and he's going back and, and just, yeah, I think, again, on my comments on the award winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, I stand by what I said there. I think he had maybe one, two issues worth of material, and I don't know how many runs his issue is, but he's going to just... Is he talking about James Robinson or the Cellar Dweller, Eric? Fuck Which one? You. <laughs> had the rest with, um, yeah, just flashbacks and nonsense that we don't need. Oh, it so, must have been the uh, Cellar yeah, Dweller. God damn it. The art was okay, <laughs> but um, the story was ridiculous. There's no need for that. The flashback, we'll go back and give this background that no one really needs no. because it's already... Like the background of Halloween, right? Um, Detective Comics. No, of Halloween the movie, possibly. <laughs> not not the... <laughs> not the, the holiday. Or, or maybe it. I don't know. Anybody out there, I mean, really, how many more people can talk about it? I, I don't know, Eric. It's 967. I liked that a bit better than um, everyone or you guys on Spotlight yeah. did and some of the comments I, I like I said I gave it about okay. 7.5 I thought it was okay I must go. be a big dummy I really didn't see Brother Eye coming but no, I, I think they either. need to bring in another the Tim Drake from Futures End also just bring I agree that that Brother Eye connection should right have been there. that all along that would be good should bring have him been. In his, I agree Bring him in in his Batman Beyond suit where he disappeared in the big flash of light in the Batman Beyond series. There you go. He comes in on a motorcycle. Well, he didn't have that with and, him when he uh, disappeared. Yeah. Mike, come so on. That was a Batman Beyond. And there we go. <laughs> I fell for it. I made the big plunge. I bought the DC House of Horror. Okay, nice. now here we're going to go, Eric. This is what I'm very interested in. I kind of think that he's setting me up and he liked it. We're going to see because I thought it was utter garbage. And oh, that was our Patreon only spot. And I, I ended up just stopped, ta I stopped talking because I felt that I was getting too negative and I just sounded like a dick, kind of like the cellar dweller, Eric. But at <laughs> least I knew when to stop. You know, some people just don't know, but let's hear what Mike has to say about it. Now, uh, yeah. These stories, I'm just going to look at the little handy-dandy contents page Now I'm here. thinking that he's with me now. The possession of Billy Batson. Don't know why they were throwing in Nixon headlines. And besides that, it was just, it was, okay, the story is going somewhere, and then it ends. No ending. That's my big problem with all these. No yeah, they seem like homework assignments. The Two-Face, supposed Two-Face story unmasked, that was that was ridiculous. Those are two of my least favorite stories right there. It was boring, pointless, had no... It, no suspense, no anything. Didn't yeah. need to be there. 
Uh, stray arrow, the green arrow story. I don't remember exactly where it is, but I've seen that exact, exact same scenario played out somewhere else where the person in the cage and the guy was actually trying to protect her. I, I don't know where I saw that before. I'm sure I've seen it many places before. But oh, yeah. So repetitive from things I've seen before. Um, Blackest Day was actually okay if it had been expanded into a longer story, the uh, Justice League Watchtower thing. Yeah. So I think they went on a little That's too the long. The same thing, the Last Laugh Batman story. Here's the thing. I, I think that, Dan, like, when I thought about this afterwards, it's it's funny. It's not that they didn't get, they went too long for the limited amount of story they were telling. It should have been longer with a more developed story. That That's where I think that Mike is saying as well as what I thought as well, that it, it's not just page count. It's that you had a two-page story that they ended up pushing into eight pages. It was a shame that you didn't have a 10-page story for a 10-page goddamn story. And, and I think that that's what was the failure of it as a whole. Since it was so condensed, it didn't make – it didn't have any impact. I agree with Jim. That could have been, you know, take us this idea – Use it for a three-issue, three, yeah. four-issue miniseries, something like that, or, or an arc. It's it's an And then you'd have the progression would be story. where you'd be surprised. It would be good, but as it was, not enough because it was like bang, 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 you're rushed, and it's done. Uh, the Harley Quinn story I actually kind of enjoyed because there's some good puns and things in it. I don't know. Um, but, but again, it was the arc. I think it went a bit too far trying to be stylized, so it's kind of muddy to me. Um Man's World, the Wonder Woman story. Now, I liked Bilkus Evely's art on the Wonder Woman it series. It seems weird. I don't like it so much here because at that first shot where it's Wonder Woman in the mirror, it looks like a dude dressed up in a Wonder Woman <laughs> costume. So, sexy. And then we get to yes. Bump in the Night, the supposed Superman story, which, first of all, was absolutely horrible and pathetic, like most of the stories in this issue. And, you know, I don't. I don't like it when they invade my comics with real-world stuff. But let's see. When Martha's getting chased around, and she says, and I'm looking at the actual issue it's now. It's so weird. It's such a weird call-out. I'd like yeah. to wake up now if that's not a problem. Grr, definitely a Trump administration. That, that's It was out of nowhere. Now, I know. It was an odd thing. Real-world real stuff into my comics. I actually forgot I'm to bring that into the thing. That actually angered me throwing that in there out of nowhere. This. Yeah. Yeah. So not a bit now, and I'll agree with Mike a hundred percent that if you're gonna have an Elseworld story where you're fucking around with stuff, you can't throw that in. You can't. It doesn't make any sense to me to just have your own personal agenda and just throw that out there. And I really, actually, I'm, I don't. Though Mike thinks I get offended about everything. I actually seem to get, I kind of got a little offended by that and thinking about like, what would they not allow? But yet they allowed that. And I, somebody should have told him like, no, 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 this, this isn't your place to say this sort of shit, whether you believe in it or not, or that's your point of view. And it just, there was no reason for it in a Halloween fucking DC oh, House of Horrors comic. It was just fucking, it was stupid. And I really, it made me shake my head and just like, fuck you. I, I got so angry just for the, just it being there. I don't care, you know, whatever deal. It just, it was fucking nonsense. But big fan of Trump in Kansas. So I did a little looking now. Um, in the 2016 presidential election, <laughs> Here we uh, go. Uh, Kansas it. had six electoral votes. Um, they, they all went to Donald J. Trump. So um, there were 105 counties in Kansas. Um, Hillary Clinton won 
two of those counties, which means Donald Trump won the other 103 counties in Kansas. And uh, the two counties that that Hillary took in Kansas, they're big counties. I admit one of them is uh, Douglas County, which contains Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, Wyandotte County. Or Wyandotte this is like the Renton Rave equivalent of Superman line. Road Trip. Not a, not a native of Kansas, but um, that <laughs> Shut up, cellar dweller. City, Kansas. That's another big city. So I'm thinking that Smallville, Kansas is probably in one of those rural areas and probably one of the other, you know, 103 out of 105 counties that voted for Donald Trump. But maybe she's an outlier and Martha Kent is a big, not a big fan of President Trump. So, but like I said, if they're going to throw their uh, I just real think, world it, bullshit in my comics, story, I will throw and then you throw some that in. facts back at them. So, and, and besides it, this House of Horrors, it was also, I, I just want to say that it, it, the timing's off anyway. You know what I mean? It's just he – I know you can say, well, this would be Superman coming now, but, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It just didn't make sense. It was a big money grab. Uh, some of the stories had promised to be bigger stories, but overall it was. Yeah, I figured I'd be throwing away 10 bucks, and, yeah, I was. So He could have spelled uh, that, yeah, spent spent that at the Smoky Mountain Brewery, so, right? Uh, I've got it now. And uh, that's, yeah, that's about oh, all shit, I've it's got for book day. So Better go to Smoky week. Mountain Brewery. <laughs> uh, keep it weird. Uh, uh, turn off that spotlight. Turn out that Patreon spotlight. Uh, remember, everyone, that you can find them at patreon.com slash weirdscience and throw some money to uh, Eric and Reggie and Chris, Brandon, <laughs> Josh, me. Trevitt, uh, Jeremy, Lord Andy, and... Uh, I think that's everyone. Yeah. There's some other guy that's no, on the podcast. No, there isn't. That, no. Yeah, that other guy. Anyway, that yeah, throw him guy. some money too. He might need it because he's got the, five kids. Boy, the the and a uh, wife the mightiest and fallen and a bigger dog that barks on the podcast. It does. It that does occasion. Guy, I can't remember his name, but anyway. No. Until then, uh, I will see you in seven. See you Oof. in seven. Until in next time, tea. stay out of the cellar. How you doing, Eric? Ooh, what what just happened? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're going to move on to another comic. Speaking of which, uh, you know that the one thing I like about the uh, Attic Animal, Eric, he always has a tale to tell. Boom. But yeah, we're going to move on to... use that joke. <laughs> no, I ruined it at the end. We, uh, we're going to go on to somebody else who was inspired by probably the cellar dweller, possibly the Attic Animal. I was working in a crawl space late last night when I saw something that gave me a fright. It was a crawl space creature. Yeah. It's, it's the crawl space creature, Eric. <laughs> oh, let me be a creature, but the crawl space creature. It's under your house. It's not a rat or a mouse. <laughs> it's the crawl space creature. <laughs> I guess it's a cross-space creature. Cross-space creature sounds a lot like Kermit the Frog, Eric. Out here, I just wanted to call you guys and say, Hey, hey, <laughs> my brother's all the attic animals and the Strandler dweller. But guess what? I live in a cross-space. Cross-space is like a cellar, except... You can't stand up. You got to crawl. It's a cr you got to. You got to get down <laughs> on your belly and you got to crawl around because there's not enough room to, to stand up. So, uh, la-dee-da, cellars and attics, you can walk around in there. 
but a very a low ceiling that cellar. We got to get yes. down on our bellies and crawl around when we wanna uh, fix the pipes in the house or uh, uh, clean out something dead yeah. that underneath yep. the house. So I don't let the freaking crawl space creature in my house. You always talk about laying pipes. When you ain't got room for a cellar. Or or basement, oh, it's or whatever there. else you got down there beneath the house. Maybe you got the graveyard. Ooh, spooky times, cause it's Halloween. <laughs> the favorite time of the cellar dweller, the attic animal. And of course, a crossbase creature. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. I wanted to share with you my little song. Hope you like the. Uh, shout out to my brothers, the Attic Animal and the Stellar Dwellers. Keep dwelling, keep being animalistic. I'm gonna go now and <laughs> crawl on my belly. <laughs> there he is, Eric, the introduction of the crawl space creature. And we have one last rant and rave eric it's a return it's a return of sorts it's actually a return of the king if you ask me and here we go the capullo oh shit has come back he is back eric to weird sky whatever the fuck <laughs> that's right jim brown uh-oh eric stray uh-oh that's me. I hope you're ready for your ratings to go through the roof, bro. <laughs> because the Capullo has come out of retirement. Yes. Let's talk about the reviews of Dark Knight Mail. Alright. Okay. 10. 10. 10. 10. 9.8. Uh-oh. That's right. Everybody. And I mean, everybody <laughs> loves Dark Knight's Metal. Everybody. They're not talking about Mr. Jason Facebook or, or <laughs> Jolene Jones. No, bro. Oh, They're talking about the Capullo Jason on Dark Knight's Metal. Jason that is the Facebook. best art anyone has ever, ever seen, bro. Bro? That's right. And Brother Snyder, he writes lots of big words in there. I don't know what they all mean, bro, but I've heard that the reviews on Brother Snyder's words are just as good. <laughs> but Brother doesn't that, bro, know what they mean. We're talking about the art. Dark Knight's Mail. It takes me so long to do it, you gotta wait two months. That is true. <laughs> it's your fault, bro, because it takes. I got, I gotta go, bro. <laughs> Brother Snyder's calling. No oh, shit. Capullo, out. Capullo, out. Thank you, Eric. Greg. It's been a while. He, he has finally returned. It's been a long while, and I'm telling you, I actually, when I got that call, and I just, I didn't listen to it all. I like to be fresh, but I listened yeah. to the beginning. I actually got a little emotional. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm being serious. Though. I was like, I need more Capullo in my like, life. God damn it, we haven't heard from him in a while. Now I'm upset because Jamie wasn't involved as well uh, doing her little sing songs. I, I, I worry about her because the last time we heard her, if I'm not mistaken, she was liking Stepan Sedgwick's art. 
And it seemed like Greg was not very pleased with that. So we'll have she, to Maybe see. she didn't make the cream candy she bars right. She may not have made the cream candy bars right, Eric. But, yes, that is the end of the Rant and Raves. Thank you for everybody uh, who did call in. We love every bit of that. But we're going to take a little bit of a pause and be back with mail section number one. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's We are back, and it's time for mail section number one. If you want to be involved in mail sections like this one, Eric, well, how K, do I? you can email us at Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. What is it called? <laughs> Weird Science at DC Comics com. at gmail.com. See, I don't even know our regular, but uh, you know, emails. How am I going to make one up for the attic animal that that sticks? Eric, like it's that impossible. Cellar dweller at it's gmail. impossible. Com? Really? Is that what it is? That yeah. cellar dweller. Is it right. really that seller dweller? It though? really is that seller it's dweller. It's not at this gmail. seller com. dweller at gmail.com. It's not uh-huh. some seller dweller at gmail. It's no, not Jim. That. It's that. That well, it, now that you you force this in, Eric, you force <laughs> my hand. What would people? Why would people want to email the seller dweller? What would that get them? Where would oh, this lead? Oh, nothing at all. Do not Where email the seller dweller. Would would they email you uh, something like this, dear seller dweller? While I like the idea of Evil Dead 2, it really is just a remake of I'll Evil Dead. Is that what they Why could say? Why do I tell you my triggers? If somebody would email you that and were very nice about it, said, I love everything you do, seller dweller. Uh, or do you agree with me that the fact that Tommy Jarvis kills Jason in Friday the 13th Part 2 is my favorite thing? Would you then have to correct them, or would you go with it because they were nice enough to send in an email? Look, I would very nicely respond back, but also correct them in the response because you don't want to go around saying that shit because you look like a goddamn dummy. Oh. Would that be Friday the 13th Part 4? Is that yes. the one? Yes. See? I learned and something. And 6. Sometimes I listen to you, not often, but sometimes. This first mail section is starting off with Sean. Sean says, hey, Jim and Eric, this is Sean, the comic book man boy, and I've been enjoying reading the Dark Knight's metal and tie-ins, and then right after listening to your corresponding episodes, I've been enjoying the adventure so far. I wonder if they will get alternate Batman from the positive multiverse to help fight. I don't think so. I don't think but so. I, I actually, now that it's all willy-nilly in these one-shots, I wouldn't mind it, though. But I think that that would I don't know what they're people. doing at this point. The rules don't matter from each issue you go to. Well, and, and I will give you credit uh, where credit is due, seller-dweller. Uh, you have actually gone with the rule. You know, without them, uh, without them really spelling out the rules and kind of going against them, I will give you credit, and you're just going along for the ride now. You're, you're not really getting that upset about it, right? Oh, no, not anymore. I'm telling yeah, you, because— you, you, when you, each issue does its own thing. You can't get mad anymore because no. you find out from the get-go 
there are no rules. Yes, and he says, because I think it's just Earth Zero's nightmare Batman, not Batman from every Earth's nightmares. And to beat Batman, you'll need a Batman because he can beat everyone but himself. Well, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Your fellow lover of Cup of Soup, Sean. And yeah, it's going to be tough. I do think that's why Superman went in, and hopefully he'll save Batman, and then you will have our regular Batman. Though, I want to say to Sean that you bring up that Cup of Soup. I'm very angry. At least our Walmart here in Quakertown has gotten rid of that big cup of soup. Really? That's the beef cup of soup. They do not My have it anymore. One. They don't carry it. They only have the uh, chicken noodle, which is okay, but I love I that no beef one. Beef is where it's at. Yeah, I love that beef one. And actually, that's something that I usually you know, like to sip on while we're doing the podcast. And unfortunately, because I don't have that, I've drank so many cups of coffee and have a bowl of chili with me right now that I cannot eat. I don't know why I bring up food. Why did you grab a bowl of I'm sitting there. Chili? I wish the, I wish chili would make it noise so I could show you or tell you. But yeah, I have a bowl of chili right next to me that I cannot eat. Eric, there it is. The Good. next and thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. And the next email is from Mike. And Mike says, What's up, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. Relatively new listener here. He says, I'm the guy on Twitter who passed along the band The Core uh, to you. That I, I thanked you and them, and they're pretty cool. If you want to go, I believe it, it's funny. As we say this, I do want to pull out their. Uh, their Twitter account. Excuse me so while I whip this out. Yeah, I'm looking, and I just I just looked it up. Okay, it is actually the uh, the core two eight one four is their Twitter. So at nice. the core two eight one four, they have a Twitter account. It's a band that does a lot of DC uh, inspired music. So go check them out if you'd like. I think they're pretty goddamn cool. So, so do I. Yeah, you can check that out. Mike continues. I gotta ask, who the fuck is this guy? Wrong turn. <laughs> Hell, wrong turn, huh? Obviously, he's your guy's co-worker, but what's his deal? He sounds like he might be on the spectrum based on his epic interpretation of the this Green Lantern. This guy doesn't Lantern stop talking about Green Lantern stuff on the spectrum. But, but I assume you guys aren't in the game of trash-talking people with mental disabilities. Now, number one, obviously you are a newer listener. You don't know wrong turn. Other else, you, you, don't, you, you have a very, very high opinion everybody. of us, I'm telling you. <laughs> Your opinion may be a little too high. But wrong turn is a guy. And what, what I usually do, and I told you when we got this email to explain and try to fool people into thinking we're not as big a piece of shit as we are yeah. wrong turn is a guy we work with obviously a co-worker but he also has a kid that he's raising he has his girl and has a pretty functioning life so i mean he he's yeah, I, I don't know but he says so i'm he's left half to guess. retarded how about that I, i'm left to guess he's aren't we all Eric, really, aren't we all? So I'm left to guess he's just a jackass who provides hours of entertainment for your listeners. You should do a brief history on the story of Wrong Turn. Now, I do want to say, because of this, I, I'm going to have to pull out a little Wrong Turn game, Eric. This is the game of Wrong Turn. What movie are we? Uh, is he talking about? Now, now also, I really do hope you edit this down because at one point he says it. Well, I also have to tell you that I... My phone, I do mention later in the podcast at the end that I don't have the app that I always fumble with to get the next yeah. week's issues because my phone reset, factory reset, after I had a great wrong-turn interview. the best. A wrong-turn interview about the terror beyond the walls or behind the walls, the haunted house prison that he went at to. At Eastern State but, Penitentiary in Philly. But the best was him describing the cheesesteak. I'm going to try to get him to do it. It will never be as good. Did we good. ever find out if he went to Pat's or Geno's? No, he doesn't know. 
but that oh, was in it too. Because this was, it's, it's letters on a goddamn. Yes, he this was a this X. was such a fun interview, especially the cheesesteak and how he describes it, and it, it got deleted. That's so. But so here angry. is so here is the game. What movie is Wrong Turn talking about? That movie's awesome. It's about having a best friend forever. All you do is sit next to him, smoke weed, drink, and then. At the very end, I thought he died, but he didn't, but he came back to life, because it came with part two. There it is, it and if, two, if you are playing at home and you're trying to figure it out, we are on Mixler uh, right now. We're doing this live, and I was going to see if anybody had a guess of what movie that is. I don't think this is that hard. Usually these are you know, so hard to figure out the mind of wrong turn uh but nobody's biting eric so i will tell you that that is the movie ted and i'll uh, tell you this whole conversation that led to this was oh, a strange so thing. he comes up to you i got something i gotta ax you and first of all I'm yeah. like why well, you gotta assault him like that with an axe man yeah and he he's doesn't like get no I, I have a problem you know what is it wrong term I want a best friend. And at that point, I said, I'm out and walk yeah. away. Because yeah, I'm not so dealing funny. with that fucking nonsense. Yeah, that's how he started out. He's like, you know, I want a best friend. And then you're like, I'm out. You walk away. And then I felt bad. And I'm like, I'll be your, I'll be your best friend. Get the <laughs> I, fuck away I told him. I said, I'll be, I'll be your best friend. And then he walked away. And I, I continued that thought with you saying, wouldn't it be kind of funny if we were both single? We, we had an apartment together. We record the podcast. May or may not sleep in the same bed. May or may not wear clothes doing that. But I thought... Wouldn't it be neat to have Wrong Turn come over every Friday? We'll watch some movies. And you're like, no. fuck that. And basically, you told me that if you were single and we live, you'd be at the bar. So yeah. I said, okay. At least Jess is good for something, keeping you from being an alcoholic. No, that's Eric, the podcast. That is true, too. Because as we talk, your, uh, your Jess, your, your little tinkle pad is off uh, at a Halloween party at your friends. You're missing yet another party, Eric. It's funny, since the podcast uh, has started and we do this and we try to be committed to doing it every week, you have missed probably 70 parties. I have missed none. (laughs) I haven't missed any. Ah, yes. Also, recently picked up the Kyle Rayner Volume 1 book and was really digging it until out of left field, they just threw in a new Teen Titans book. Uh, As someone who knows sweet fuck all about new Titans, I was so confused. I've never even heard of any of these guys, though I don't possess even half of the sage-like wisdom as you find folks. And, of course, he is talking about America's sweetheart, Eric Shea, who's been reading books almost all his life. Uh, And then he says, anyway... It was just really disappointing. Way to end a spectacular collection of comics. What are your thoughts on this? And then he says, keep it fresh. And that is Mike. And I will tell you, I have not read the Kyle Rayner Volume 1. I, I do want to hear if Luke had a problem with that as well. He'll have to let you know. Yeah, Luke has told but, us a bunch about that trade so far. I didn't mention any of this new yes, Titan but stuff. but one of the problems, I, I will tell you, that would drive me nuts. If, if I had a trade and basically they just threw something in for page count, I would be pretty angry as well, but unfortunately, I don't know the particulars, Eric, of that. But I do know the particulars of that male section because it's over, Eric. That is male section number one. Thank you, Sean. Thank Thank you, Mike. Mike. And we're going to go off now to the books.
this issue that we're talking about tonight, I'm just going to get right to it, Eric. We're not, we're not going to fool around. We have a lot of work to do tonight. Uh, this is the start of it. So I'm just going to get right into Detective Comics number 967, written by James Tynan IV, art by Alvaro Martinez, Raul Fernandez, Tamu Moray, Jean Francois Bleu, and yeah. Sal Cipriano. It's like, I want to suck Sal. your bleu. Sal. The Sal Cipriano no, with the bleu. No. Uh, stop it. I don't want that nonsense. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so thrown off by this issue, though I didn't think it was horrible. I'm not no. going to tell you it's horrible, but it is not the type of issue that I want to have Sal Cipriano's sexy brother involved with, Eric. This is, this is time to Come work. On. Sal when Cipriano's sexy brother Sal is Cipriano's sexy book. brother, he works hard. He plays harder. Eric, yeah, you I know that's the case. It's not time to play. James Tynan continues his A Lonely Place of Living story. And while some, like my man Ruben, like the action in this issue and promise me, he did. I'm telling you, Ruben's listening. Ruben, you promise me that we'll get to the emotional stuff in due time. I'm not so sure. I think Ruben might be lying to me. I think that knowing Tim has been alive since the issue that he supposedly died in has thrown off any real feels of him coming back, and Tynan only has a big scene left with Stephanie up his sleeve. I did love the art in this issue, but the lack of emotion I already mentioned and Tynan's decision to suddenly turn future Tim into more of a straight-up villain really did throw me off. And just to start with that, before we go on, I want to explain myself a little that I really enjoyed the last issue especially. With my book where- of the week Last time we talked yeah, about where we had the idea that this future Tim, he's not necessarily the villain in the story. No. He, it's a gray. It was a gray area, and it, it does go into that when we do get into this, and he goes to Alfred and talks to Alfred. That is kind of what I liked, where this future Tim knows in his mind he has to do something awful to make everything else better. And this issue kind of, I, I don't know, it kind of takes a back seat with that to be just a villain uh, from this future Tim. In fact, at the point when he starts to fight the Robins, I, I actually had a real big problem of how that scene kind of was set up and how it kind of took place. Uh, but I want to ask you, since Tim died in Detective Comics, I, I don't remember the number, Eric. I was gonna call. That's half the problem, too, is that you know I went into this issue thinking like, I thought like I had already read it because you had already described to me on Wednesday, yeah. like after you got done reviewing it, and like when I got into this, like did I read this already? Because I have no idea what the hell. So I'm what you're telling me do. is is that I was so descriptive. I painted the you picture were. for you so well. But yeah, you know, in Detective Comics, <laughs> that right. one when Tim died. Right. Uh, since then, do you think that anything we got with Tim since that moment when he died? Anything that we got with him in Mr. Oz's prison or anything was necessary to have out throughout this year and a half, but you know, almost no, year and a half. that was just for people to remind her, hey, Tim's yes. still out there, everybody. That's the problem. And what I told you, the minute that he was dead, and then you got that last, it, it was basically the cliffhanger after he got killed that he wasn't dead. Yeah. I said to you right and away. And we got the monster Yeah, and I said it was a big mistake at that point. I told you, why didn't they let this sink in? it was about a year in? ago now, wasn't it? Because yeah. didn't we start the monster men and knock it was, so it was about a year ago yeah because the monster men and i even said and i use that as my whole deal saying to you listen you had tim die then you had the monster men nonsense that came in wait that month wait that one month out just sit tight let people really uh, pretty much digest that tim drake is dead make it mean something i just said that month 
really to me, if they would have waited this whole year, not shown you anything, because like I just asked you and like I agree with you, everything we saw with Tim, pretty much one of the biggest things we saw was Tim break out of his cell and go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. That'll never be resolved. We'll that's never the find that's out. That's the biggest problem because we had that whole thing where Tim broke out of his cell and he said that's impossible before yeah. being teleported back into, back into the cell. We still don't know what he saw or yeah. what he knows so, and he I, bring and like, information-wise to the back Would you ever think that we're going to find that out again. because he's no longer in the cell? So I don't yeah. think we're going to find that out. Also, now that we're in you know this day and age, Eric, this day uh, of the comic deal that we know that Mr. Oz is at least pretending to be Jarrell. Right. really throws all that Mr. Oz shit out the window. Even to the point where I remember when Mr. Oz and, and Tim and all this, he even said, listen, I'm a prisoner here too. So really yeah. to me, having Tim in that cell didn't do anything for Mr. Oz. It didn't do anything for Tim. And I really, really think that if they would have left this going, because as this went on and as all these things were happening, Batman trying to figure out things, Batman doing this, all you're sitting there is like, he's alive it, it, it nothing ever yeah. hit and i think it continues and then it goes and then they were going to have in the button where somehow that was where batman was going to find out instead we get escalon who uses the wishing ball you know to tell batman oh and and, and was just thrown out the there that was, too, i'm telling you and that was one of the that was one of my problems too because i was really wanted the preview wrong where i started reading this once i realized i hadn't read it because through your description when i got to the part where it was supposed to be the big emotional scene with bruce yeah. and tim I was like, I'm going to have the feels here. And it's just because Jim's yep. a jaded old man. Yeah, because I don't have any and when you know, I got feelings. It, yeah. I was like, God damn yeah, him, there's nothing. I did not I, feel it. And I'm telling you, that's one of the things where you're talking about. If we would have kept the whole thing about yeah. Tim being alive a secret until this arc started and we got yeah. Tim back and we had it. We see the emotions through the freaking like you know, the people because they had yeah. to, like while we know they don't like, you know, yeah, they think yeah, that yeah. Tim is dead this whole time. We, we we see the man behind the curtain. Yeah, we, we know, know it. So we know all happens, the time. Okay, it's about time you fucking dummies. Yeah, that's what I'm problem. saying. We've already like, processed this for a year now. We've been waiting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's even at the point with like, come on, you dummies. You know, let's get going. And then to have it, like I said, Escalon actually told Bruce. Bruce found out that Tim was alive in a what I would call a by the way situation. Oh, yeah. Escalon was disappearing with the globe, which made no sense, and then says, oh, by the way, Batman, you know that Tim guy? He's still alive. And then what happens then, He Tim escapes pretty much the prison of Mr. Oz and goes to Gotham in what I would almost consider a by-the-way moment again because it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with, with Bruce or the bad. It has to do with the future, Tim. You had to throw and the future, Tim it really has nothing Tim to do with Mr. Oz either. It's like, okay, no. uh, we talked about stuff. I'm going to leave you out of yourself for no yeah, reason, and, and, and I'm just going to take off. And it, it's really it, – I think it really – put this now again Ruben was me and Ruben were talking about this in the slack chat and when we were talking about it, he's like no I think that they'll get back to it I think there'll be emotions I'm telling you what I was trying to tell him my emotions that train is fucking left I that train sailed Eric you know that they have sails on those trains that train sailed buddy because this would would be the moment and I tried to say to him and I'll say to you and everybody listening here if you don't think that James Tynan used this issue, this issue slows down to almost a halt to try to get this moment with Bruce and Tim. I mean, you're going and you're almost halfway through the issue by the time they're embracing, like I've seen some fan art with Gimli and Legolas, Eric, on the internet. I mean, it's a, it's a sexy embrace they're having. But even then, that is... Just don't be afraid to hold your sons, Jim. It's yes, that's about... that's. But that's like halfway through the issue. And to 
me, it's like they're not even going to get to that. And then the only emotion you really see is uh, Cass hugging Tim. That's it. And I mean, they even start where Clayface is already throwing jokes out there. And I just thought this is a zombie to the clay monster. Yeah, this is a, a guy that you actually legitimately most of those people in that room saw die. And, and they react, and we're at a funeral, and all this, and they don't have that reaction to it, and I neither did imagine, I. You know, it's like, you know, okay, Tim's alive, Batman's happy, everybody else comes in. I barely knew this kid. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand no. what the big deal is. Tim's back. Here we go. It, it actually it upsets now the hierarchy of the team again. They they had all settled into the team hierarchy, but we'll we'll just get into it because it starts off and it does start off with Bruce going through you know the video of Tim being killed. Now uh, he knows that Tim is alive, so this ends up being him sitting there and pretty much being a sad sack of. I, I can't understand what happened. Somebody else yeah, fucked with it. Somebody is, did this. I don't understand why he's watching this video because yeah. he knows Tim's yeah, alive. Yeah, he knows Tim's so alive. we have that. And but we they have, they have that to whole... try to get your emotions up again. It's too late. It's too far down. Say, it doesn't work because we've already gotten to the point where all he, Bruce is trying to tell Alfred and us is that there had to have been somebody who did yeah. all of this on purpose to make me think that Tim was dead no matter yeah. what I did. Because, like, we see Batman, like, I went through all the evidence. I went through the remains. I'm like, what There's remains, no remains. Dude? There were no remains. And he says, oh, we buried the ashes. Now, you can tell me that when he was teleported, they teleported something you, in. You That's news to me. Concrete fucking yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, they, he buried the ashes of exploded warheads. You yeah. you do that. You're, he he checked the remains. Well, what, what came back from these, Seriously. you know, remains? He just saw. I mean, he trusted his like, eyes. I can understand. Maybe if you know, you know, Tim was in, like transported that cell, missing an arm. They left an arm behind yeah, or something. Yeah, nothing. I don't know. No, no, nothing. And he's like, "We buried ashes. It's coming on. Come on, the you know, we. I, I know there's something out there. They were fucking with me. And then his whole thing he says, and even the line that he says, it, it comes off hokey to me because all this time he's been out there meaning tim lost and trapped knowing that at the end of the day his mentor was one of the greatest detectives on the planet he would know that i was coming but i wasn't damn it i wasn't and i can't stop until i bring him home now again you're, you're this would be huge if now tim showed up now and we had well, no besides idea for the, besides for the alfred part though like I do like this part second best because it is a whole thing where Tim, when Tim was freaking, you know, transported to that prison, he even said, you know, Batman's going to find me. All right. Whatever you do, Batman will find me. And it's even something Tim yeah, said. Yeah, he did. But the problem here. is. I actually like this as the moment, though. I, I, I don't. Nothing to us. You know why I don't like it? Because we already know that Tim is in Gotham. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. We already know that this doesn't matter. Batman will never save him because he is already there. So you have this. This is all to me just for everybody to get caught up and try to get us back into this whole feels bit of it. And, oh, my God, Bruce is now upset. You know, before now it has to be spelled out word for word that he's upset because Tim was out there and I wasn't able to save him. I know he was waiting for me and all this, but we know that it doesn't matter. And that's when you get the, the, you know, the signal goes off that Robin, it's activated, that Robin's distress signal from his costume is in there. And he does say costume, Eric. And, and as they go, I'm at first thinking, why does it go off now? I mean, I guess that maybe this is supposed to, it, it, the timing doesn't match up. I would think that it's when he got shocked. Would yeah. be well, when it I goes off. I it's a thing because we do see that he walked to the hospital and yeah, like collapsed but, but there. But Bruce like, sets I, off was, like a, a spat out of hell. When, 
when he was taking off the costume and put it in the freaking garbage, I imagine he set it off right there and walked yeah. over to the hospital. It, but it's the a distress signal, so you would think it would have happened right when he got electrocuted, where he looked to be passed out. That would be to me where the costume would get a distress signal out. But you, if he did it, it's just weird. In my but, mind, it's more of like a homing beacon that you set. Yeah, but again, if he, if you think that, but Tim seems to be delirious and took his costume off and then sets it off to a place where he's no longer going to be. So well, if, yeah, he, if but Bruce, if like the world's greatest detective, right there, it's yeah, the whole thing. He yeah. had to take the costume off to go to the hospital. Well, he, I'm saying Tim, though, uh, but he sets – I thought that it went off. The distress beacon would have went off automatically when he got shocked, and it doesn't make sense because he would have knocked out. That's all I'm saying is that it seems like he – you know, that thing would have went – or it would be a homing beacon that would have went off immediately when he came and got them, which makes no sense. So if you think that Tim set it off, then uh, I'll go with it. I don't because why would he – I don't know. Why would he then if he, if he thought Batman was that good, he would just set it off and wait for Batman, but he walks himself to the hospital goes in he has you know he had already taken his costume off and then you get the the doctors all like oh my god look he's in cardiac arrest why is he in workout gear what is that line why, why do i tell you if i show up to the goddamn hospital i need help I'm like why is he in jeans yeah. fuck off doctor why is he wearing shorts life? and it's it's december He's wearing shorts. What a crazy man. But, uh, like, judgmental hey, doctors. he seems to be given a near-fatal electric shock. How did he get here? Oh, he walked in front door a few minutes ago and passed out in the lobby. Why is he wearing workout gear? You know what? Who the fuck cares? Let's save you know him. That's not, really, the, that's not really crucial to what we're dealing with no, right now, it's doctor. It's so Get weird. This guy's like, listen, we talked before. We're not so good doctor at? Yeah, we need some I'm telling you, in the th- game. this is actually, it's like a Project Runway doctor. He he actually <laughs> is a, he, he fashions himself a fashionista that when the people come in, this is just something he likes to pass the time with. It is tough working in the emergency room, Eric. You do have to keep your sanity. And he likes to, you know, he likes to go through with people's uh, fashion. But yeah. You have Bruce coming, you know, full out. He's driving it's the Batmobile. Because I wouldn't even consider that what he's wearing. It's just the Robin pants yeah. workout clothes. I know. It's just weird. But, yeah, he's he's saying that. I think it's supposed to. I don't know. I don't know why that line's there. But then you see Batman in the Batmobile. He comes screeching through. And at the point when he, it is a pretty good cinematic moment. That is when a he great sees, cinematic moment when yeah. we find out. And, like, you know, he freaking races. You just see oh, the yeah. Batmobile going he's through barricades. He's busting through barriers and barricades, like you said. He goes. And that's where Alfred's like, listen, the emergency room, two, three buildings down. And they do say, you know, he, he's out of costume. You'll need to. And I guess maybe the district stress signal just comes off when you just take it off i i don't know but he says you know i know i got my backup the problem i have is first off like i said you have batman barreling through the city he doesn't go right to the hospital so uh, that's one of my problems initially that i thought he was going to just drive right up fucking run in but the problem i have is he goes and he changes in the stairwell leaving his bat costume behind i just imagine it's me i'm visiting somebody at the hospital or whatever i go into the stairwell because i always like going to the stairwell mm-hmm. for whatever reason like, maybe i'm gonna go try to like you know hide a and cigarette you see smoke or something like batman that. taking Ooh. his costume off he's gonna kill you i think but yeah he goes and tim comes to kill it's cool it's so crazy but yeah that's when bruce will you know bust in like hey you can't be in here and he's like no i'm wayne bruce wayne that boy's timothy drake timothy jackson drake i'm his legal guardian and i own this hospital you're gonna leave this room now and i'm like i don't know what now what do these doctors think i wish the doctor went out 
You see those pants? As you, <laughs> you see you the shoes that You see that shirt that guy has? He owes those <laughs> Bruno Molly shoes that O.J. Simpson wore. It just goes out. But this is where you get that embrace that's supposed to be emotional. I mean, it's all, it's it's a full page. It's the credits page. But, yeah. And he's like, Tim, I'm sorry I can't. Don't get up. Save your strength. I have to. And I'm like, I, I had no feelings whatsoever. And then you just go right from there. And he's like, listen, I didn't come back alone. We have to prepare. Where's Kate? Where's Batwoman? And then you... You, you do see, but uh, even from this, I don't know if it's just me. I know these. I know Batman has seen a lot of shit. I, I don't know that it just out of the blue, everybody just right away accepts that a future Tim Drake has come back with Tim, who they saw die, and they just go with it. They just are like, okay, what do we do? And it just seems a little over the top for me without any sort of scene where they're like, hey, I saw you die. What happened? And he's like, listen. We don't have time for this. You know what I mean? Just have that. You don't have to explain it because Tim wants to, you know, act. At least have somebody concerned and somebody say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, this is really weird. But yeah, everybody just works with it. But that's the whole we, thing, too. It's like Tim even says, like, all right, I'm, I'm sure you have your questions. I'm going to throw something at you. It's kind of fuck, fucked up and far out. Just go with it, though, because it, I don't it have just, time it, to explain. It, they go way too – it's just too much, though. And for them to just go, okay, here we go. And you, But we do have a little scene before that where we do have Kate, and she's talking to Bet, who is uh, Flamebird. Flamebird. And, that, and that's I a hate bit, that, Flame Bird so I know much, you do, I but really it's a cool callback. Foreshadowing of her showing up in the goddamn Gotham Knights. Well, it, it made me laugh so much because there's Ben. And she's like, "Listen, yeah, you know what? I just wanted to see it for myself. I heard you were doing so great. You're having such a great time with the." When the fuck has she had a great time? In her Seriously. book and in this book, it has been a fucking disaster. Apparently Nothing is going right. Drug ring that they took down, I guess, last night when Bet was just watching them. Apparently she thought that a was cool. Yeah, they know. were having a fucking dandy old time then. But every other part of her life is a goddamn mess. Uh, but yeah, this is just thrown out. You know that this is foreshadowing, I would guess, to be in her book. I would believe that Flamebird is going to try to or end up being in her uh, book. But that's where you said Tim's there. He does. You're right he does say listen i don't have time for nonsense it just it's way too much to process for me to actually be here though they are superheroes they've seen they some see crazy shit. shit all the time it's just this is way ghosts this is Come just on. way over the top though to say hey listen i came back i can't tell you where but i was out of time and, and space i came back with a future version of myself who wants to kill batwoman and then we gotta it's just like whoa 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 what's going on but he does say, say that for the most part all of these characters have seen messed up shit we have a clay monster there but we have like you know batwoman yeah, but, dealt with yeah. supernatural stuff and her book we have freaking Luke Batwing, did who was, a little who was dealing with the batman eternal telling stuff. you this is so over the top though that you, it, this but my main thing about this is that you wanted to have this emotional moment but then all of a sudden this book kicks into overdrive to get us to the next point and it just right. i mean it's like three pages and then we're going with it but uh you do have luke and it you can slow down for luke to start talking tech though and like oh, yeah. man this is a tech man's dream i was looking through this and i hey listen uh, you know he's like luke i'm glad you like it i can hook you up i can give you a cookie that gets into everything and i, I just thought that the pacing was really off on this issue but that's where tim goes off and goes to batman and you know they're trying to figure out where the future tim is and, and, and before that point too we do have the future tim go to spoiler and freaking yeah. just say something really quick like i'm sorry i'm going to change all yeah. this but it's such a weird scene because he's standing there by behind her he says this she turns around what who and there's no one there and I'm he's like, gone yeah. how did you miss this spoiler you were the I worst know. superhero 
I mean, even even then, even right before that, it was led into it where Tim is talking to him. He's hugging Cassandra. He's like, yeah, I missed you too. And yeah. then he's going. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Let's stop a minute. Uh, you know, spoiler isn't here. We got to wait for her. And it's like, I, I wanted, I wish Clayfish would have went, awkward. <laughs> but they never show you that they explain anything to him. That's what I'm saying. It's just really forced forward here. But yeah, he actually, they, they trap Kate in. But when he's talking to Batman, he's wondering uh, what's going on. Like, hey, do we have any sort of trace? And they're like, no, no, we don't. Uh, but you know what? Maybe he's going around and checking out things. But it's weird, too, because you have this dialogue. Now, in the meantime, I, I kind of glossed over it. They put Kate in one of the cells that they had the colony in. the Belper, in, yeah, yeah. And they're even trying to reinforce it. You have Asriel there, who you do nothing with. And again, yeah. this is a guy who we haven't seen much of in the in the you know in the book in a while and he's there you know we really haven't dealt much with luke because they're kind of tied at the hip at the moment so he's there talking but he goes to batman and it's like, like we I, got I, time for no batman yeah yeah no so we got but him he, back it's so weird he goes to batman and then you see that the goddamn gotham city how many fucking you know fucking balloons are going to be out there how many goddamn blimps are in the city but you know batman's just watching he's looking like hey there needs he, to be jim yeah, it's like we got we got Batwoman protected. You know, we're gonna do this, whatever. And Tim's like, Dad, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I we can't find any traces of him. And Batman's like, you know what? Someone has lost, you know, most of his life. Uh, if we were given a chance, maybe you'd just go and check things out. And he's like, huh? I wonder where that would be. But then he says out of nowhere, Tim, because we have to keep mentioning Connor. For you know, he talked about a friend that I should have had. Someone named Connor. I feel that name tugging on my heart, but I don't know why. Batman just goes, where would you go? He doesn't even listen. I don't give a shit about any of Connor nonsense. He doesn't nonsense. even acknowledge what he Think just like said. Detective. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't know. This thing, Connor, it seemed real yeah, important. Yeah, we all need more gonna... friends, Tim. Where yeah, do you like, think you would go in Connor. the future? Yeah, Connor. The hell kind of name is that? I hate names nowadays. You know, names like Bruce and Clark. Those are real names. Uh, you know, Tim. But yeah, he's I like, just imagine too because we did have Connor Kent, but I'm thinking of the old continuity as well. If we're going back to the, like the pre yeah. like Flashpoint, we we had Connor Hawk as well that we could yeah. be talking about. It's so weird, and he says that, and I only can think that this was something added later. I, I it just doesn't make sense. Where he, he says, you know, he really is opening up about this. I feel that name tugging at my heart. And I don't know why. Look, look where Tim, would you Tim, go? I know, I know you were gone for a while. We all felt bad, but now that you're back, get your head back in the game. No time <laughs> He's so it. funny. He's like, actually, you see this word bubble. God damn it, I'm already sick of him. Don't you have things to do, buddy? Why do you yeah. have to find his way back? So they say that. He snaps out of it, Eric. None of this nonsense. Listen, I don't know where you went, but where the fuck did you get this bleeding heart from? <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, you know what? I There is a place I would go. Uh, the only place that I knew or thought of as home. And it'd be funny if it's like the next panel, Ivy University. <laughs> but it's, it's Wayne Manor, and that's where Alfred's there. Now, I have another slight problem here because you have Alfred, and you have the future Tim as Batman. He's looks around hello hello alfred and he's like oh wait a minute you're not master wayne and then he's like no it's me it's tim and that's where alfred's like "Ooh, yes that crazy he's oh my boy my dear boy what has happened to you and then the future tim says your tim is okay so they didn't even call alfred to tell that's him the whole that thing tim was in my alive. mind tim has come back he saw the distress they told batman where to go and everybody's left alfred Every, the, start yeah, the whole time they, so they, now they, he thinks that tim has come home yeah. oh my god you've aged so much what he happened thinks, yeah he thinks that he went the aging machine even though it's also off because 
you would think that once that signal went off, he would be sitting there. He would have at least called. It's like, oh, my God, we've been looking for Tim, who we buried. There's this distress signal. Oh, wait a minute. Batman, you went in. You busted through into the hospital and then stopped talking. because. And then Alfred's like, you know what? Got some gardening to do because yeah. it really does spell out here that he has no idea that the actual Tim was back. And that's the way I took it. Like, I'm saying, they had to have said something, Alfred, because of all the preparations we had to get everyone back to the yeah. Belfry and tell everybody what's going on. In my mind, they had to, but this whole thing plays out like everybody's it, left it, Alfred in the dark uh, completely. He's just sitting there, and this is what he does when they don't tell him th- stuff. He's trying to, you know, waste some time doing the gardening. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, in the meantime, we did have a part two earlier uh, that there was a little thrown out deal where you get the idea later. It was when Batman said that uh, the the uh, the Robins have been called. He does mention yeah. like they're on their way. And it, it actually, if you just the first time I read through it, uh, I actually didn't even catch that line. So when the Robins showed up, I'm like, the fuck did they just show up like this already ready to fight? And then I went back and read it and I saw it. But yeah, what happens is he's talking to Alfred and he says, and it's the biggest moment of the issue to me, is when he says, hey, you know, I need to ask you something. And he's gone to a guy who he really does trust. I mean, it's I'm Alfred. And he says, in my mind, you know, you have Bruce, who is his legal guardian and freaking stuff. Alfred's more like his father mm-hmm. figure because Bruce won't talk about things yeah, like Yeah, I think you know, Bruce I, is his mentor. I, I was supposed to remember more. somebody named Connor. I don't yeah, know. It'd be Alfred so would funny. To this shit. Yeah, Alfred would have said, you know what? Let's look into that. Let's let's <laughs> talk about this. He wouldn't just fucking blow it off. But then he's like, he says, if there was something I could do, something that would free me from ever having to become Batman, because Alfred actually says and, and does the whole deal, like, never thought you'd become Batman. And he's like, oh, you know what? If there was something that I could do to free me from ever becoming Batman, something terrible, really terrible, should I do it? And then that's when Alfred's like, whoa, 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 what are you going to do? And that's when the Robin. Yeah, the Robin. (laughs) Is it do the gardening for me? Because I really could use a hand here. No, it ends up, he doesn't even get to say it because the Robin show up. And this is where. I thought it was a little off. I know that Tim has told them, like, if you have to see. They know what's going on. They have been briefed on what's going on. I wish that Tim would have spelled out, listen, I know this is going to sound fucked up, Kate, but he thinks he's doing the right thing. And in fact, for my, for his timeline, he would be. He would be doing the right thing, killing you. We have to stop him. But also, we have to show him that that's not what he needs to do. This ends up being just a straight-up trash talking fight and i thought that it threw it off a little of what we had and well, what we thought was, I was great really appreciative though that james tyne at least remembers titus the dog because yeah titus is there base. yeah and and what happens is then they just start talking trash i mean it's not even it's like hey he's gonna go back to where when he belongs dick grayson says and then and then damien says and we're uh, we're here to make sure he doesn't get lost on the way and it just goes straight up it's funny into me, a fight. why is it jason throwing some goddamn shade i know well he's got that mask it's tough the yell. It's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. Now the other thing that, that I said, the other thing that I could think of that I thought was really off is like there you have Tim there. He has come back to this Gotham. He is going to do something that is going to stop all of this craziness that's going to go on. He really is trying to save himself, but in the meantime, that would also save Damien. That may also save both Dick. Dick seems to have walked away, as they spelled out before. But, you know, his Jason is missing a leg and a goddamn eye. He had to kill Damien. Seeing them here, to me, isn't, I got to work off a couple chips off my shoulder. This should be a, guys, 
I know this is fucked up, but I have to do this because I don't want you to die, Damien. I don't want Jason. I don't want you to be a cripple. They would not know what he's talking about, but I think it was off the way he's just like, hey, you're so young and stupid. you know. And it just goes straight into a fight between them, and I think I that was think off. It was bad because Tim at this point, he's a man on a mission. He will not be stopped for what he has to do. Yeah. And this whole thing, too, is like he even lays out the whole thing where he always felt inferior to them in oh, some he did, part, but like, I'm way. Telling so you, right but now this he is, is going to work off. I'm telling you, I don't. The chip on the shoulder. His Damien, he killed. He's already watched himself kill this kid. He's already seen Jason found him. The the chip is gone. This should be that he's there. What he is going to change is not just his future. He has to have in his mind that at least Damien will live. If he changes this future, because if he changes, if he's saying that what he has to do to Batwoman definitely makes him never to become Batman, then that also must mean that Damien never becomes Batman and burns down the goddamn city. That also must mean that Jason never becomes Batman or almost becomes and loses a a leg and and an eye. So what he would be doing to these things, he should be happy. He should be like, you know what, guys, and really to me. Use that fucking, you know, the electric shock that he did to Tim. He didn't kill Tim because he couldn't. It's it's him now. Yeah. But, you know, to me, like you're saying, I fully agree. He's on a mission. The mission to me is not to delay and fight these Robins that he's already pretty much killed one of and thinks it, it just was off to me. It just seemed because all it was was a delay to get everybody in the room, and it, it felt off to me, especially Damien. I, I wish that he would have said, Damien, you, I, you, you have to let me do this. I know what you heard sounds fucked up, but I don't want to go through what I did with you again, and you'll never know. I, I don't want you to ever know. And it's and just like is, so he might even just see. I'm telling you, this whole thing fight. It's not like he's going to go and kill these robins. He needs no. to to subdue them. To just, get, but keep even going, just but enjoying to beat up a kid, you Damien very much. Even I know, but he to, sees him now. It's like you're going to be a monster when you grow up again. But this is what he's trying to stop. I think it just threw me off. And really, in, in the end, thing is, no matter just, what happened in the future, Jason. Uh, t- 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 I almost called you Jason yeah. for some reason, <laughs> Jim. Freaking out. Uh, Damien, like, that was never a fact. Yeah, Damien, he's always going to grow up to be a monster. He, he might, but yeah, I just, it, to me, then, all it is is three, four pages of just filler to get the rest in, and that's where, you know, our Tim Drake comes in, and he's like, listen, you don't need to do this. Now, this is where I do like this point. You have every, and he's like, you know, you, you can't beat the real Batman and all four Robins at the same time. I don't yeah, care right. how smart you are. Uh, this place used to mean something to you, not just Batman, the entire Batman family. Uh, you're only here because you were reaching out to it again. Now, that I like. I actually wish that it would have come from the future Tim who kind of stepped back and even would say, listen, I've trained so long to be – I could beat you guys up with a oh, fucking yeah. hand behind my back. You know what? I don't want to do that. Don't fight me, please. I'm doing this for all of us, but you end up then, and then you already have all of this stuff. And I mean, you're you're bringing Tim Drake back into the DCU proper by having a future Tim that's there. You're having him wanting to go after to kill Batwoman. You have already, you have so much. And then it ends with more shit thrown on top where it ends up being that the future Tim has shown up at the bat, at the Batcave to pretty much tell that he is able to activate and the, the brother eye technology is what it ends up being. And he says, you know, hey, you know that shit you were working on, Bruce? You know, I finished it later. I made it so I could just run it. I didn't even need a satellite. It ran right through my suit. And that's where, what did you do, Bruce? And he's like, no. And oh, no, I'll show you. Activate and boom, it's the brother eye is 
now online. And I'm telling you, this whole thing, it's it's a cool little cliffhanger to have the freaking brother eye online and the screens behind him all being the eyes and shit like yeah. that. I need to know what the timeline of they're yeah, dealing with now is because I, you, we have just, the brother I'm eye satellite. You. It freaking dealt with this whole thing. Like, um, we know it's out there. Yeah. I just don't know. And we know that it will cause the goddamn brother eye invasion 35 years from now. It was the whole reason yep. behind we had futures and freaking yeah. a couple years ago. It's too much I, for me I, now. I don't want to know. I, it, honestly, it's just too brother much. Eye with the whole like OMAC deal that we have, you know that brother eye is at least out there freaking doing the whole OMACTIVATE bit. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what this means. I know. It, to me, though, at this moment in this story, again, you had a story and an issue where it seemed like you wanted to have some emotions of Tim coming back. You wanted to set up the whole deal. That, Like I said in my intro, the whole deal is set up for him after all this is said and done to go and find out, to go to Stephanie. And, and I actually, if, if, if it doesn't end with the future Tim, you know, going back to his timeline or whatever, and before he does say, make sure you don't screw it up also with stephanie i'll be shocked because even him showing up and like i'm sorry i'm gonna make everything right uh you're gonna have that emotional scene but why throw brother eye in we already have the future tim that you can enjoy Uh, i'm trying to think about it because right now we have a fixed timeline where 35 years from now we have the batman beyond book brother Mm -hmm. i did invade he fucked up the entire goddamn world they're still like i don't know they might be done rebuilding now but as they should be still rebuilding I don't know how we have a fixed timeline now where this future Tim, we see that the timeline is actually uh, accurate. Where if he cuts that's his right, himself, yeah. he that's gets what I'm saying. This is that's what's weird this about seems it. Like it's like you know, this is the fixed point in the future, yes. not the Batman Beyond book right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and, and before, well, and before you had where if he came out and said, "Listen, I was working with this brother," I think you could write it off. It was a different timeline, but like you said, he's already cut our Tim, and he had the scar. So this this timelines yeah. have merged, and now it's just pointing out to me that you go into this Tim Drake of tomorrow and tomorrow will be a little bit before the brother I invasion now that Bruce is dead in that he's not dead in the, the Batman Beyond thing yeah but I'm saying that now that that whole thing's changing plus here's the thing that's where you're going to get this I mean Bruce being dead is going to be done whatever happens when this ends timelines right. not timelines it's going to end with them stopping that whole deal I, you know you can't tell me that after all this story Tim's going to be like huh, I guess I failed I mean, I'm just going to go back to being Batman he's not going to be Batman anymore no, it's I'm all going to be the deal I know the what deal. the future looks like like besides for Batman Beyond, because I saw the Justice League have a bunch of kids in the Justice League book, yeah, right? Yeah, no. No, Eric. Uh, no, actually, I saw the future. I saw the uh, the Batgirl from the future come back to kill Harley Quinn. Yeah, it was like a thousand years. <laughs> We've all seen the future. It, it, it's so bright, we got to wear shades. Damn right. But yeah, just, I, I just, just at the end, I'm doing this story, and then I'm like, now you're throwing Brother Eye in? God damn it. Just tell a goddamn regular story and let us enjoy it. Uh, you're well, just the throwing. with Brother Eye, that could be another, like we had with like Flamebird earlier. That could be a foreshadowing of stuff that we're going to have to deal with after the freaking Tim Tell Drake after, tomorrow. After, I mean, they're no, there. They're going to have to deal with something now. They're in the Batcave, and he just activated it. So they're yeah. going to have to do something. It just, to me, it's almost like everything in this issue, even with the Flamebird stuff, it's like nothing seemed to be like, you know, Tynan's sitting there, and he's like, well, that's not exactly the greatest, so I'll throw this in, too. 
I'll throw this uh, flame bird deal in. Oh, this isn't so. I'll throw a brother eye in. And it just, you never, I just never was able to settle down and enjoy the story. Plus, I thought, I said, the pacing to me is way off in this issue. And because of that, though, I love the art. We didn't even say anything. I love Alvaro Martinez. I wish he was the full-time artist on this. I know a lot of people like Eddie Barrows. I would really love for Alvaro Martinez to be on it more than Eddie Barrows, but right. we'll probably be back to him in a little bit as well. And it's also weird. Usually what you have is you have uh, one artist on an arc, and then when that arc's done, then you get the other arc. So he's been working on something when the other guy was, but yeah, this yeah. is in the middle just changed. So I like this art a lot better, but I gave it a 6 out of 10. I really wanted to like this. I loved, really liked last issue, and I really liked the stuff between Tim and the future Tim, but this just throws it all in there and really, to me, just turns future Tim now into, as some people say, like the mustache-twirling villain now. Uh, instead of being this gray area where he really is doing what he thinks, you know, now you throw brother eye in. Now he's just the villain, and, and it threw me off. But what would you give it? I'm still really interested to see where this goes because I'm telling you, Tim coming back and having this Tim of Tomorrow show up as well. I think right now it is the most interesting arc that we've had in De- Detective Comics so far. So you, I really you didn't see like the goes. Monster Men. You didn't. No, like I didn't them. like the Monster Men. No, it, didn't it, like it was that, not huh? one of my favorites. Or they like the the. the uh, what was it the freaking victim syndicate? No, yeah, you didn't really like the, the first victim. He'll he'll be back. Eric. He'll be yeah. back soon. Then everybody comes back. Colony yeah. be back too. Who knows? Colony, but now I love the art in this issue, and I still look forward to everything going. Like there was some odd pacing problems going on with this whole thing, like Flame Bird, all the stuff that we have to have foreshadowing going on for future yeah. arc stuff. Because we have Tim back, we have Tim at tomorrow. I want to deal with that stuff, and we have too many things jumping in. Yeah, to try that's, to that's one of my biggest problems. That. And the biggest problem as well was. That impact of Tim being back and Bruce seeing it, I just didn't feel it. And I really thought I would because I'm yeah. a sappy son of a bitch like that. Yep. But no, I would give it. I would still give it a seven out of ten because you are I'm wrong. really invested in Detective Comics right now. Oh, you son of a bitch! Action Comics number nine ninety, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Victor Bogdanovich, Trevor Scott, Scott Hanna, Mike Spicer, and Rob Lee. The Oz effects con- uh, effect continues, and while we continue to see Superman try and save the world from Oz's influence. We eventually make it. He may. I can't talk now. God, what's going on, Eric? Back to the <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait here. Stuff. There you go. I'm caught up now. Go ahead. <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> he eventually makes his way back to Metropolis, where he stops the agents of Oz from poisoning the city before finally confronting his father. And once he puts two and two together and realizes that Daddy's up to no good. Yes. Yeah. Are you done now? I this, don't even know I think if any this of that is made what, sense. I think this is what uh, one dancing Mike is saying about an epic fail. <laughs> I think it is. Well, at least I had some fun with with that. It, ah. This issue is not that bad. It, it's not good. It nothing really happens. Uh, but I, I like the art, Eric. It's just really this just continues the same exact thing that we've gotten. And I, I don't think that it puts any exclamation points on it, or as you would call them, explanation points. Well, well you just got to throw the shade. You got to write, motherfucker. But with this, uh, basically, I think that this one was supposed to continue the whole Jarrell convincing John right. that, you know, they need. But it really wasn't a lot going on for me to think that John would have been like, no, no, this sounds great or whatever. Well, but, the thing is, is we have to get John on, you know, Jorel's side yeah, so there yeah. is this family conflict. 
But because we are dealing with so much rehash of what we've been dealing with so far and the Oz effect yeah. with, you know, we had these freaking problems all over the world and we saw that the freaking rebels of this one country were going to shoot the chemical weapons after the heat, like Superman shut down the military's com- uh, chemical yeah. weapons. Yeah. So now we have to have Superman stop everything. Look, I'm going to take the leader over here. I'm going to take the rebel leader over here. We're going to get him to- them together. We're going to talk this yes. piece shit out. Talk if it that out. doesn't we're, work, we're, yeah. I'm going to gather every piece of weapon they have and burn it because democracy. Yeah, yeah, and this reminds me a lot of when the PTA disbanded in The Simpsons, Eric, and they had to get Miss Krabavo and Skinner together in a room and lock them in. But that's kind of, for some reason, it it made me think of that. But the thing that a lot of people are talking about, especially in the Slack chat with this, and this is just a broad stroke thing, with Jarrell being Mr. Oz and you have the agents of Oz and things like that. What's going on? I have not seen anything really yet that was that much over the top than what normal pieces of shit are. And right. it seems like Jarrell is now to me the Bill Belichick of the DCU. He could have convinced everybody that humanity is a piece of shit because unfortunately eric i'm one of humanity we are pieces of i know shit. this shit it yeah just, come on it just seems to be preaching but, the choir there but bill he's belichick. Be, he, but he's bill belichick he's still even though he's going to win the super bowl even though he has tom brady he still has to tape people's practices and do all this spy gate shit and that's what it seems to me that's called now, due diligence jim no that's just calling that you can't leave anything up for a chance and that's i'll give jarrell that but it just while it's going on, you, you have this whole thing of the convincing of oh people are pieces of crap oh John there's going to be this. But in the meantime, you have this agents of Oz, and because we didn't get that much of that until like it seemed like that was tacked on very late. Oh, I'm telling you, it was the issue before we dealt yeah. with the Oz effect. It really came to fruition. Yep. I'm like, we have not seen this since like yeah, Jeff and, Johns and because, run. Yeah, and because of that. It just never hits for me. It doesn't hit this whole thing. And they expand a little and kind of go past what you were hoping last yeah. issue about, you know, oh, they think Jarrell's – they are still treating him as kind of a god and still want him to, like, he'll save us. But it's more of a – I'm that I got from the last issue, I got or hoped for about these yeah. agents of Oz, how we're going to go out of our way to try to hope that Oz – it, that doesn't seem to be the case. No, no, no. it basically seems that they, you're now nah, I'll actually give you some credit because me and you argued a little yeah. two weeks ago about it. Uh, I think that it's kind of between what me and you both said, because you thought maybe it was going to be one of those almost like in the Jeff Johns run, the Ulysses, when Ulysses came and was going to take all these people off planet to this, right. you know, paradise that ended up not being it, it was kind of a ruse. Uh, but this ends up not being that, but ends up, hey, if we help Mr. Oz and we do the this and we do that uh we'll be here at the end to pick up the pieces and start a new world so at least you have that they even say that when they're gonna you know bomb the place uh, metropolis and all that where they're like well when shit goes wrong at least we'll be protected and then but Jarrell, he doesn't care you know mr oz has no care of any of these people he's oh, no, really no, using and that's one of the things where we do like the whole agents of oz things where they're whispering in people's ears to make them do bad shit so oz can prove his yeah. point to superman then we go to plan B. All right. Yeah. We, we did all this. It's time to gas Metropolis to death. Well, and, and really to me, the, the other thing that ends up in this that throws everything off, because you have this. You have all these people going around with these tattoos. You know, the Oz tattoos. Yeah. They're going around. 
And you don't see we we haven't really we don't know Jarrell's all of his powers, but I don't think that one is mind control. It, it, it you know he may be suggesting things. They may be treating him as a god. The problem I get is why are all these people really I following him like this? Because then in this issue you even got like the upper echelon versions of the agents of Oz. You know the the, uh, the anointed ones. Mister Oz is anointed ones, and when they show up, and yeah, they are the ones. You know when we saw Doomsday earlier, they were kind of the ones with that right. stuff. But when you his have troops, those, as we called them back yeah, then, and when these troops show up, then I really start wondering what these other agents of Oz, why they are involved. It's such a just a thrown out there idea that these people are so into Mister Oz that they're gonna, you know, pretty much throw the whole world into chaos for him. But you never really get anything about why that is, though. At one point, and we'll go into the full deal. He's a charismatic at, you know, fellow, man. Just like uh, uh, yeah, Charlie he's Manson. a charismatic fellow. I look at him. There's no way that Eric Shea would even accept a hamburger from him at a drive-through. Look, I wouldn't accept a hamburger from Charlie Manson. No, either, but, but I, he had followers though, too. Yeah, but like, this guy has a goddamn fucking eye missing, and god, he's not yeah, a, a great-looking dude. No, you, you would have run from him by now. But in the meantime, there most. is something. There is actually a, there's something that comes up in this issue that actually made me get kind of angry. And and I I'm gonna bring back the my edit. What is what did we call it? The uh, script doctor. The script, script doctor may be back. He, he may, I'm telling you, script doctor may be on call. Eric, because I do have an idea that when something happened, I thought, you know what? I wish that Jarrell would have come back a different way, though. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute because we start off and basically you have Superman going around trying to save the world again. And he's like, it's, it's so funny. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm going all around here. Thousands are going to die unless I can stop it. Help would be nice. He says this. And then I think you're a dick, Superman, because he's like. Help would be nice, and then lists all of the Justice League members who are helping. You know, he's like, Flash has handled a massive riot in Paris. Lanterns have stopped more catastrophes today can I, than I can help, or, you know, than I can count. Diana and Arthur are dealing with nuclear waste dumped in the Pacific. Green Arrow and Black Canary took down a neo-Nazi arms. They're doing stuff. So why – he says it right after. Boy, help would be nice. This is would bullshit. Nice. Bunch of layabout and, leaguers. And it goes through. It's like, huh, Flash thinks he's handling a lot with that massive riot in Paris. It really seemed off. Like I thought that he was going to say help would be nice, but for some reason I cannot get a hold of anybody. You know, you like, And even if you had that, that would have been a cool thing to kind of tie into. Jarrell maybe is making it so that he can't get a hold of him. Something's going on. But no, everybody's busy. though. Yeah. I, and it's also – he's like – Green Arrow and Black Canary took down a neo-Nazi arms stash. So I'm on my own. Kara stopped a massive amount of crops. But he goes on then. It's it's so <laughs> weird. And he's like, Kong Keenan did the same in China. And, uh, I, I just wish, like you said, lazy fucking bastards. Uh, but then you go and then you see the Slum Gamba and the Royal Palace there. And you go and you have Superman just go in. And this is where he just decides, listen, the only way we're going to do and work this out is – and it really, I don't know if you're aware of the song. But what I think he did, he went back to the fortress and he, he loves Sting. Did you know? Oh, that Superman was a big Sting I, I fan. I wasn't aware. 
you listen to uh, i hope the russians love their children too eric i don't know if you're aware of this this song it, it was a big sting guy it was a cold war song you know in 80s or maybe even early 90s i do think it was late 80s but it is basically about if the russians love their children as much as the united states loves their children then we can all just get together and make the world better for the children and when he says so essentially this, he just made a song out of rocky speech from rocky Four. yes and, and really this is then from that as well because superman gets him and it's funny too because he grabs he grabs the president goes off and then all of a sudden he has two guys and i'm like what happened here i thought he only grabbed one i didn't realize he grabbed the rebel leader i'm like okay he got it. and he just puts him down and says negotiate and they're like you know what that piece of shit he he has all the money yeah well they're too lazy to work and you have all the, over there. Yeah, basically that's what it, he, the one guy says the president and he's like no no you know what if you care about your own children as much as he does and whatever let's just work it out at one point superman even does the glowing eyes to really show that he is pissed and wants some you know wants them to work shit out and as this is going on in metropolis you do have them uh, you have perry uh jimmy and lombard they're actually trying to find john because we know that he went off he's now in the fortress with jarrell but they they're they're wondering where he is and i i have a feeling that at least jimmy and and perry think that they're in big trouble when oh, lois yeah. shows up and, and john. To watch this kid he's gone yeah. now fucking riots are breaking out all over yep. so hey, lois Take my freaking signal watch. Contact yeah. Superman because yep. this shit is over our heads. Yeah, he's like, this is this is beyond us. Here's a signal watch. He has no idea. You know, the whole deal. You know, go use that. And it's funny because the minute that Jimmy gives that signal watch to Lois, Lois goes up on the, you know, the top of the building, which I don't think he she asked to, but it's nope. okay. And she goes up and I'm thinking to myself, and I, I don't know if you did. I'm like... Superman's not going to listen to that. He's going to think that Jimmy went some yeah. nonsense. And I'm like, something's going to happen because it's Jimmy's watch that he doesn't end up helping, but he does. But even then, Goddamn go, layabouts. Yeah, now Jimmy also needs something. Yeah, I'm yeah, busy that, this here. is what I actually thought that it would be like almost like Lex. When Lex was, you know, in Superman trying to get a hold of him all the time, he's like, what is Jim? Jimmy want to get burritos again? Jesus Christ, doesn't he know I'm fucking busy? But yeah, they, they go, to, we go to the fortress then and we do see you have a Socrates, you know, type of Jarrell walking around and teaching young John the ways of the universe and how there's a planet. Uh, using the crystal as a, using yeah, using the crystal the as a hologram yep. surrounding them so they can walk through this planet that Jarrell wants to bring yeah, them all to, walk to see through. how blissful it is. Again, he actually, has to tell young John a little less than what he usually tells Superman, but does, you know, does point out, listen, I wish you could interact with them, but you can't. Uh, but yeah, they're going and he basically he he is still just going to continue this whole deal of wouldn't it be nice to have a world where you didn't have to hide your powers, didn't have to hide this. Now, that is a pretty big thing for, yeah. for John, I would think. But we didn't really get we we've never gotten the whole thing where even like the Incredibles when, you know, oh, I want to run. But, you know, you can't do sports. That would, You didn't get a lot of that, but I can see where it's going. I can see where John. But really, he does go over the top with this. But the one thing that I thought in this that I thought was pretty cool that could have been the script doctor deal is when Jarrell then points out that. There is a threat coming to Earth. Now, this is different. Like, this isn't the, hey, you know what? Uh, humanity's a piece of shit. I shouldn't have sent my son here. This is something different. And this is where this I is thought This is apocalypse that, right here. Yeah, we and need this to is, get the fuck out of here. And what I like about this is almost like what he had happen on Krypton. Yeah. And I wish that this Mr. Oz nonsense was just Mr. Oz. And somehow, if Jarrell was in the cells 
of Mr. Oz. Mr. Oz was another entity. And then Jarrell escaped when you had uh, when Tim got out, whatever, and came right. here. And basically, all you needed, Jarrell, was listen, son. I, this is me. I got he still have him yanked out the way he was, just like we saw Tim get yanked out. And I don't know how or why I survived. I watched your mom die, but I survived here. I'm all fucked up in the face. I'm sorry. I look like <laughs> a hideous monstrosity. But I was wrong. The fir- uh, I was right the first time. Nobody listened to me. Krypton got destroyed. I tried to warn them. I'm not giving anybody a chance to not listen to me this time. You're coming with me. This Earth is going to have a threat that you have never seen. The Justice League can't survive. The universe I, I, is never seen. Yes, the universe is never seen. We need to, to sit this one out. And then you you would have Superman. No, 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 Dad. I, I can take care of it. I can do it. And I think this would have went well into what the big event will be, even the Doomsday Clock, uh, where you would have Superman saying no, and, and it would be kind of a, a you know a parallel to what Jarrell already had done and seen. Right. And the deal i and and then you wouldn't have had this nonsense of him being bad or good i really think because when he said that i'm like boy this is different like this is a jarell who like i let i i fucked up before by not really going the you know the hundred percent i should have done more i should have gotten your mother and i wish they would have done that but yeah it's really like you know an afterthought we go through going to a planet that's what i'm saying yourself also I sent your father here to be That's like, you know, weird. he's a savior yeah. of mankind. Mankind hasn't learned shit from him. Oh, and by the way, we also have this goddamn apocalypse yeah. coming. And that it's we need deadly to and unbeatable. From. And then John's like, not by my dad. No, no, by your dad. I'm the just like in everyone. The entire plane of existence has no future. That is, in- you know, that's interesting. That's your that selling actually- point. Yeah, that would be the deal. And then you go from there right back to the Agents of Oz nonsense. And I'm like, really? This is this is whatever. And then I think that at the end of this, it may be – it's weird they throw this in. I do think by the end you may get that wraparound where he's like, you know what? Like a Bill Belichick, listen, I just was doing this to convince you, please. And this is if Jarrell's on the up and up. If it is Jarrell, right. we, I still have my doubts. I think sure. everybody does. Uh, but we'll see what goes on. But, yeah, you go back to – metropolis and this is where you see all of a sudden the anointed ones show up uh you also have the idea that the guy jb uh from before he's dead she you yes. know the lady there she has her oz tattoo we saw him going. explode with mr yeah, we saw oz him explode when him out the window, pushed him so. out the window so she's like well you know what i that was uh you know it was expected he die, but you know he failed but whatever we'll keep going the daily planet still stands but hey. it doesn't matter because we're yeah. gonna kill no. everybody in metropolis yeah, we're gonna kill everybody gas. anyway that was like, just what is like this a place they're hiding out. What is this factory that just makes fucking lethal know. gas that can leak into the freaking city? I know. Well, there, there she is. She's there, and the, the anointed ones show up, and they're gonna, uh, you know, they're gonna react, and they're gonna do all this stuff, and that's where they're gonna, they're gonna just gas the whole and, entire city. And it's city. odd too because you know we have Superman doing with all this shit. Here we have this company that just, you know, these uh, anointed ones. They yeah. plan on, po- po- they plan on poisoning everyone in Metropolis. Superman doesn't know this. But instead of going to the signal watch, he somehow yeah, shows up that's here. That's what's weird because he gets the signal and it's like, oh shit, Jimmy knows not to fucking toy with this thing. Like, if he hit this, there's some big troubles going like he on. He used to do the son yes. of a bitch. Yeah, really. So he ends up flying towards Metropolis and then just decides. I'm going to scan. And it's funny because it's like almost that Dan, he's writing this. Dan Jurgens is writing this and then realizes that if he goes to where the signal watch is, 
he's already set up this huge thing, and there's no connection between no. them. So he just scans, and he, he sees what's going on. Here's what they, they're saying, and he just busts in, and he's like, I'll give you what you deserve. And then they're going, and this is where Superman says, wait a minute. You're like those men who tried to capture Doomsday. And then they just start yelling about Mr. Oz and offering to the divine Mr. Oz. And the Oz, you work for Jarrell? And then what? It's weird. We serve Oz. And then they just go with the whole deal. You know, humanity's true nature will be seen. Uh, you know, the hell with you. Humanity always fails. And then that's where Superman's like, so that's it. Oz really is my father or not. He is involved in all this madness. But why? And I think we already know. He's already <laughs> He just, and then he just burns a pipe so the gas can't yeah. be leaked and leaves. It seems like, like this would cause an explosion. The of Oz just there. Yeah. yeah, he just yeah. Pretty much, he just stops pipes. All they have to do is divert the pipes. Yeah, it's just very odd. The plumbing yeah. situation. Yeah, and then he's like, "Okay, I gotta go." Jimmy's alarm. I pray it's I'm not too late. And goes, and and that's where Lois is there. And like, I took the the watch from from Jimmy to get you. I don't know where John is. John's missing. Uh, you know, I I got saved. Then you have a catch up of her like, hey, I was saved by your dad. Is it really him? And he's like, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure this out. Uh, but they don't have to figure out or go anywhere because Jarrell shows up with John and just basically says, I know the truth about her man. And it's just the same. I think yeah. this is what the problem is with this issue. Not only are we seeing just a very, very slow moving issue, but yeah, it keeps freaking, rehashing previous Jarell issues just in the says the same things over and over. And it just, I, I just, I had enough. I really have. I want to get on with this. And but it I did seems get excited like, by the end because now that, you know, like John is standing in front of yeah, uh, Jarrell yeah. saying like, you know, I, I'm with grandpa on this yeah. one. And Superman, now that he knows the truth, he is willing to fight his father to save humanity. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting sober. So by the end of this issue, I actually did get excited. Yeah, because as he says, he's like, listen, uh, I don't want you to tell my son what to do and all this. And John steps forward. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, I, I want to, you got to listen because if we don't go, we're going to die. So there you go there. And again, that is pointing out that little, just aside that Jarrell just threw in out of nowhere did mean something to at least John. Lead I think with Jarell that though, next time, Jarrell. Yeah, and I hope so. And even with that, you know Superman, he's not going to run. No. He's not the kind of guy who runs away. So I don't know if Jarrell knows this or not. And John, I think, well, you know, obviously they're not. I just think that with all of this, that we've been on a holding pattern until – because you would expect that when the Doomsday Clock shows up, because it is supposed to be Dr. Manhattan versus Superman, and it's a year ahead. So there are going to be little hints of things that happen. Like if we well, see – could be a thing where we finally get to a point where, you know, Jarrell does, you know, at least convinces John. So John gets them all to listen about what's coming and to protect yeah. his family, he sends and Lois and yeah. John away. Yeah, well, well, this is what I'm saying. At some point, I think in the Doomsday Clock, it may kind of hint at least at something that happened with everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you have a big Superman story. Obviously, there's going to be some hints of things. Uh, so yeah. I think that this is actually we're going to end up with something big in the next issue or two to lead into when we get the Doomsday Clock, which is a year ahead of time. And I, I think that what's going on here is they're treading water. I, I think we're Plus jogging we got that in place. Awesome issue coming up. Yeah, yeah, and that too. So I, I think that everything is just at we just every issue is just the same thing. Over and over again with this little added deal about the, you know, a big threat's coming to end the yeah. goddamn universe. But I, I, the art's really good. 
I, I, I love really, the art in this really issue, love, uh, Because of the art. art, the idea that we finally have Superman on the trailer to know that freaking Jarrell is Mr. Oz and the yeah. agents of Oz are like the bad guys. So we fi- he finally knows that Jarrell is a bad guy to a degree. Yes. And the whole idea that and you know, he's made, yeah, the connection with the all exactly, the, and, which will get the, us to where we need to go in the story to start getting some like you know at least pick up the momentum. Yeah. I got excited and because of those things. I gave this issue a seven out of ten. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that is not really fully spelled out as much in this issue because we had it in others. We do see it here, but it, Superman, when he's talking, doesn't fully make the connection of the, okay, now I get what's going on. My fucking dad, he's fucking, you know, he's cheating here. That's why I can't have enough time to go save everyone yeah. because he's doing this. Uh, but even so, I don't know that just because he sees these elite soldiers, he would pretty much go, okay, that's why a racist guy was trying to kill, you know, some foreigners or whatever, because it, it does go way deeper than I think that even Superman would know even at this point. But yeah, I what did you give it? You gave seven it out of ten. Seven. I actually will give it that as well. I, yeah, I told you I'm before you, we started, I, I said I, about I was the rehashing and how like yeah. it just drags things out, but I had a good time enough yeah. with this issue and I look forward to what's coming next. Man, I, I can't even say I had a great time, but the the thing that it didn't infuriate me. Yeah. Everything here made sense. Everything kind of, you, you get a little bit more, like you or said, John's moving the story along. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I, we, we got to get away from the humanities, the cesspool, and I, I wish I didn't send you dangerous. here. I mean, we have done that for issue after issue now. Let's just get on with it. And it seems at the end with John there that we're going to have to. But again, I, I can only think that the progression from this is Superman again saying, Dad, you know, you've watched me. You know that I don't run from this and, and all that, but we'll see. Uh, maybe that's what will happen. Jarrell will just go like, I'm out of here. I'm out. Woo-woo-woo. Right. go away. I we'll never see him. All, Mr. He's, yeah, he's like, I'm done, but uh, we'll see. But the next issue uh, is another one of yours, Eric, and it continues those one-shots of the Dark Knights and... Me and you both like this, so let's Good. hear Let's see if I can get through this blur. Batman yeah, the Merciless, see. number one, <laughs> written by Peter J. Tomasi with art by Francis Manipul and Tom Napolitano. Our metal one-shots continue, and for this, we see the Bat God of War, who's come to Langley, Virginia, to topple the world's defenses that have gathered to discuss how they're going to handle this threat the just, uh, since the just league going MIA. Nope, fucked up already. With that, we see how Bruce became the God of War after fighting with Ares and using his own helmet against him, and after reading this issue and, and see what the Merciless can take, <laughs> I don't know if anyone besides for possibly Wonder Woman herself can stand a chance against this monster. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this, this actually... It's weird. You told me this was one of your favorites, if not your favorite one. It is my favorite one shots. I was reading it, and at first I was like, okay, we're gone. Uh, I will go, and I already told you that I liked it, but one of the reasons is it's a different way of telling the story. Exactly. We've had these others that have just been nonsense. Follows the formula. Basically, here they are going to go about a different way where Peter Tomasi is going to actually show us what the repercussions of the Merciless are on our planet already. Uh, instead of just having the standard uh, Bruce takes this on another Earth and then does that, this and the yeah. other thing. And because of this, if in fact what we think is most of these Dark Knights are going to end up being Batman at their core Bruce Wayne really right, at their right. core and turning good they redeem themselves. and redeem themselves when the merciless does redeem the, himself here it will make complete sense we will I know. know why uh there's a lot of reasons why the, uh, he would and it would it, I liked it and I I sat there thinking about stuff and I'm like okay 
I'm now going into the when Metal 4 comes out, even, you know, the other Batman lost all these if the Dark Knights are in there. Whatever happens with the Merciless, I think that I have more of a grip on what the Merciless will be thinking while well. doing things than the others. The others just end up being cut and dry pretty much evil. And I like that this isn't the case. Also, you have it that it doesn't really even involve, you know, killing Wonder Woman. Though Not at all. Wonder Woman's barely in this, like, yeah. as she's supposed to be in Earth Zero. You know, yeah, she's all doing freaking hero yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he ends up doing something, but it's more of Ares, and then ties into a little thing that happened in the New 52, at least, where Ares, being the god of war, when, he, when Wonder Woman took that mantle from him, she actually dealt with soldiers and could tell soldiers what to do and things like that and i thought that was pretty cool she influenced when the them yeah. goes, yes she could influence them but we we do start out with a bunch of call outs too which, which actually cracked me up because there is like a war room going on and that's the other thing that throws you off you do start on earth negative 12 uh, and it, i'm telling you and this is you know in my mind this would be the counterpart to earth 12 which is the animated universe where batman and wonder woman were a couple yeah, and that's yeah. just the way he reacts about wonder woman's death I could see that being the same. Yeah, and it seems like they were a couple, so you yeah. can go with that. And even that, I, I know that we said, I wish that there was Earth-12 would be Earth-12 and all that, and we do have the last two kind of being that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I wanted. So you can say, like you just said, Earth-12. It just goes, 12, against, that it just goes, goes against what we saw you, in Metal. I know, it just goes against it. And it just, with this, though, it ends up kind of being a, you know, you get a little basis of the characters, but you have that where the first deal, it almost kind of is a, Kind of a play also, I think, of, you know, Batman and his parents as well, because he's there. Even like a, a Supergirl Jason being Todd. dead, it has or Jason Todd, it has all these things in it where he's holding Wonder Woman, he's mad. Now we find out later that she isn't really dead at this point, and then he kind of goes a little nutso. But uh, you then go to it's my Earth favorite Zero. part of the book for some reason. Yeah, and then you go to Earth Zero, uh, our Earth, and there is the war room going on, and you do see, you know, the panels where you have a bunch of people, and you can tell us who they are. Are. There's and we got, we got Sasha Bordeaux, Steve Trevor, General Lane, Amanda Waller, freaking uh, Colonel Jonas, uh, Mr. Bones, and Father Time sitting here making yeah. up all these different branches of the Defense Departments of the United yep. States. And I really like this, too, because I have to imagine, though, Colonel Jonas is working with Cadmus because we do get the call out in this. You know, I should send my monster Elvis on it, which yeah. is yep. Colonel Jonas's guy. I have to imagine that's damaged at this point who we're going to have for yeah. the Dark Metal yep. branded it's books a little after Metal. So it's a little tie in the lead into yeah. that. So I have to imagine since we saw damage before in an old Cadmus facility, yep. and I think it was the Forge of the Casting. I think it was the, uh, the I, think I would have to imagine Forge. she's a branch of Cadmus or something that's taken over for Cadmus. Yeah, and it, it made me laugh even then because they're like, I could get Elvis and like, hey, we'll get Father Time there to get his monster. At least they, he talks. Exactly. So meaning Frankenstein, which was cool. You have, I have to say, me and you got so mad when Mr. Bones so became mad. the head of the DEL, but he's here and that matches up with the continuity. So we have to she at does. least give that, you know. And even Amanda Waller hating freaking Mr. Bones for yeah. what he did previously, it seems like, in the yeah. Batwoman book. Yeah, so I actually, while we hate Mr. Bones and hate that he's back as the DEL when he already was that and knocked out, at least they're keeping with continuity. It's good. Plus, I do want to <laughs> say. He's got nothing to do here at I, all. I know. Well, I do want to say, though, at that first page when they're standing there, I don't know about you, but if I was going to cast General Lane at this point, it has to be Eric Roberts, Eric, because I'm telling you from that <laughs> side of my, that's Eric Roberts. Jesus Christ. But yeah, they're going on. They're figuring out what they're going to do. And pretty much General Lane is just a full out 
bomb the bomb everything. We got uh, this gun. special bomb. We made the Valhalla. It's yeah. got all this great shit. It can like nothing on Earth can survive this yeah. thing. I say yeah. we just use this goddamn thing and, on the freaking Dark Knights. Yeah, and then basically even at a point where he just like he he'll do this no matter where these Dark Knights are. You know, yeah. use it if they're if they are standing next to me doing the Watusi with me. And as we bomb see, me. he means it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is where you also get the idea that they're being influenced by, uh, especially General Lane, because he is a soldier and going. But yeah, the the merciless shows up, and at this point, we don't even know a lot about him yet. And this is why I like the progression of this. It actually kept me more interested in the others. And from the get go, I thought, you know what? This isn't following this formula. I'm not as bored as exactly. I was. Exactly. It was doing something new, and I was really impressed yeah. with that. Just because, I mean, like, I when I go into these issues now, I just expect the same thing over and over yeah, again. Yeah, and, and the same thing would be: you would see the Earth that went bad. You would see Batman somehow kill Wonder Woman to get what's going on with being the Merciless. Would come here, and then at the end, Wonder Woman would have to face him, and then and Doctor Fate, Fate, Fate would show up and, and whisk her away. And that's not what happens here. And you even have like General Lane; he's fighting Steve Trevor. Just to get to the red button to freaking click I'm it. I'm telling which you, does. though, I would lo- I'd love to see how this Valhalla works, though, even because we don't get to actually see what it does here because of the, what the Merciless does. But yeah. it's it's made up of Medoran uh, sonic tech, chemo particles, and Kryptonian sunstones. I'm like, I just want to know why you think this would kill anything. Yeah. Like, I want to know, like, the repercussions of this bomb. I really yeah. do, because it seems like all of the Defense Department's like, we've been working on this one goddamn thing, the Valhalla, and this don't work. We're all fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and basically, you see Steve Trevor, and then you get the n- narration of the Merciless who's saying, you know, she loved the man before me, Trevor, an honorable soldier. He died in the early days of the war. And then you go to back to Earth-12, and you see that, you know, Bruce and at least Wonder Woman, a bunch of people, they fought. And, well, they, you know, they made at, their way to the front lines because Ares had made yep. a new helmet that increased his powers a hundredfold yeah. and, de- yep. like, declared war on Earth. So. This war has been going on for a while, and eventually Batman and Wonder Woman made their way up to the yep. front lines of this war against Ares himself. And and knocked the, the helmet off. Ares is there. He does not have the helmet on, and that's where Bruce well, It seems to me that up. was the blow that, like, you know, Wonder yeah. Woman took a fatal blow in Bruce's Take a mind blow and also it. knocked off that helmet of Ares. Yeah, and now this is the other thing that I will point out, because what happens here... This is still pretty much, you would think, a good Bruce Wayne. I oh, mean, yeah. he's gotten there. He puts on the helmet. It's not Bruce. I, it's not even the Batman who laughs, who later then recruits Bruce. It really is set up that if this helmet gets knocked off of him during the time when when shit goes wrong later, that he might come through. And yeah. I think that that's what's going to happen. Because the helmet corrupts completely. Yes, the, the, and he says, Diana, you know, she warned me about this. She warned me that this helmet corrupts you. It changes you. And but it's he, all he but had he right there and this war and, and yeah. Ares. Yeah, he needed to do it, and he gets on and even says when he has the helmet on later and he's going through soldiers and things, even before he's like, I had a code, and that code went out. You know, the code does not work. Code with, was silly. Yeah, the code, you know, it really, and I like the progression of him being corrupted by this. Then in the meantime, you do have the, uh, in the stratosphere, the Valhalla coming, you know, in a, a rocket, you know, almost like a space shuttle type jet, right. like a, a stealth Carol jet Ferris there. is on board. They yeah, have a yeah. quick callback to the Blackie. 
Eagle, freaking yep, old times, freaking DC. Yep. It really means nothing. We just no. have people above Earth getting ready to I'm freaking blast. I'm telling you, for the most part, them. nothing with that or the fighting that's going on with all the leads. Uh, you know, all of these, uh, you know, characters from the doesn't mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I don't mind it. I don't no. mind that they're going back and forth about stuff and they're throwing shade. You see, Father Time going. To, I love Father Time. <laughs> so do I. Oh, it's so good. But yeah. He's there, and the Merciless is just there watching, and he's like, I stare at these so-called warriors in the war room. They fight like dogs because they can't protect themselves from my presence. And again, that's what we were talking about at the point where when Wonder Woman was the god of war, that was spelled out, that around soldiers, they'd get more aggressive. She could kind of, like you said, push them in a direction that she wanted. And yeah, and especially if you come into this world pretty much pissed off like, like the Merciless is at this point. Yes, shit is going to go wrong around you. But then you go back and you talk about how uh, with Bruce being the on this planet and he's like, you know, I, I was corrupted by the helmet in the months that followed, uh, killing those. And he's kind of talking to Wonder Woman in this. And he's like, I was killing. I showed mercy by killing them. That stupid code, like you said, the code went out. And that's where you see the Batman who laughs show up with one of the crows with the multiversity guidebook. And the other one, how to destroy a multiverse for dummies. Yeah. Eric, and it threw me out. I, I the don't need I saw that. It, I'm telling no, you, I, I didn't even look at the books like that they were holding because it didn't mean anything to me. The thing is, like, because we then we move into an interesting part of this book and we don't get to yeah. see it because whenever, like, you know, the Batman who laughs recruits somebody, we just have them wind up in the city that they have to yeah. fight whatever hero it is. Yep. And here we actually see him coming through the portal when Batman was going through the mantling. And he saw, because at that point, when all these Batmen came through... Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman and Superman, they, they were affected they were by a bomb and, and they freaking like it. they were aged up and they were they knocked were aged, out. So yes. he was walked up upon. He could not look at Wonder no, Woman lying there. He just had to keep his eyes on Superman. And, it's so and good. it was such a great line. Yep. Yeah. And and basically, again, when when the Batman who laughs came, yes, he did spell out the whole thing. Hey, you yeah, know, yeah. this deal kind of is you only have moments shit. left, but. He also, I like this because the Batman of Lefts also uses Wonder Woman as a way to get him involved. Again, this wasn't just a, hey, you hate that above and we're below and we're going to go. Just like, this shit's going to end. If, you know, and then he even says, listen, uh, the Merciless says, you're lying. You're, you're a fucking liar. And he's like, no, no, no. You, this helmet you have on, it does let you look in the hearts of men, kind of like the shadow. Eric, yeah. And he says, you know, ju- yeah, just look into my heart. The Merciless knows. <laughs> the Merciless knows. <laughs> but he's like, and that's where the Batman on left says, listen, your war here is over and goes with the whole war, which would be, which would make sense. And, and exactly, a greater the war, war is over. You'll never have a chance to rebuild yep. your perfect world on top of the rubble that you've had to like destroy, like yep. tear everything down to rebuild. You'll never get the chance. Over here, You'll get the chance. Yeah, you'll get the chance. And he says, we need someone who understands how to win a war. You've lost so much, all to prove that your way is right. Come on, keep doing it. And there's yeah. the picture of Wonder Woman that he saw. And he, and then he says, I had nothing left to lose and everything to gain, so I follow him. There was nothing – there is nothing except that he is now pretty much the god of war, and that's what he needs. He needs yeah. war, and this planet's going to go, so let's go to this war. Uh, it makes complete sense to me. This is not that whole – like I said, you, you just show up out of nowhere and say to a guy, listen, your, your planet and universe, it's going to die. Come on, let's go and, and wreck 
shit up there. This is still Bruce Wayne at the bottom of these guys. It never felt right for a lot of these for me. So like you said, Red Death, he ends up grabbing the Speed Force, but he was doing it thinking he needed that to help. And, and yeah, to he could have killed the all these people without the Speed Force. Yeah, so he ends up going to our – why would he not show up? And in, on his world, the Red Death – on his earth, all the Bat family were dead. That's what seemed to cause him to fucking, you know, fucking go bat shit crazy. Right. And when he gets to our world, he sees Damien or whatever. You're like, whoa, you know, I couldn't do this. This just makes sense more for this character. And like you said, I really like it that he just doesn't end up. Now, you do have an issue here because I would think that if this was with Greg Rucka not around, the, uh, the Merciless would have showed up on Themyscira. I, I guarantee you. Right. He can't because nope. there is none. So where are you going to go to have so? But I like this better. I like that this ends up watch. with him showing up exactly when they showed up. And he says, I, I can't look at Wonder Woman. The I can't, one I problem I, I have with you. this whole thing is that we knew that Batman was going to what he felt was Carter Hall's tomb. It turns out yeah. to be freaking uh, Khufu's tomb. Why on the wall when Batman came in, though? Apparently, Batman's entire life was yeah. scrawled well, on the walls Well, here's the weird the thing, tomb. though. It does say that it's beneath the tomb there's another temple. So that's the only thing I Maybe, went with. Okay. It says, "It says I wonder, I wandered to avoid the sight of you." So he ended up all those he fucking Batman. Yeah, he he had to walk away because he didn't want to see Wonder Woman. And he's like, beneath the tomb was a temple, a temple built for the Bruce Wayne of this world. I, it is kind of, it is kind of hokey. Yeah, I can go with it only because they're you know the whole thing of Batman being this key and the prophecies and all this. I'll go, but we do see. Dirt bike Batman, Eric. So I know sure, you yeah. like dirt bike Batman. You see a lot of shit here uh, from the, you know, the whole deal. The and whole at the end, run. and if you even want to go at the end, you do see him trying to go into the dark multiverse, peering into it. And then the next panel, he walks by are all these dark knights with Barbados, and was really uh, the end of that one cliffhanger with all them showing up. Uh, so you do have that, which you know, again, it is kind of forced, but I'll go with it. Yeah, it's but, not uh, bad. It doesn't take yeah. away from the story that we're dealing no, with, though. The no. merciless. Because it's pretty much you focus on his narration. That's it. You don't need to worry about this other stuff because his background is more complete than any other that I've really seen yeah. in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you have then you go back and the Valhalla bomb is dropped. And they're expecting it to destroy everything on the whole planet. And pretty it much does all of Virginia, not. it seems like. Yeah, and, and it does not because you do have pretty much uh, the Merciless absorbing it. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're just there. All of the, you know, the people who should have died are kind of laying around him. And he's just like, you know what? You thought that that was going to fucking, you know, your weapons were going to destroy me. This is the shit that makes me, you know, powerful. And again, it ties into like a God of War. Yeah, a God yeah. of War to me could be powered by weapons of war and all that stuff but he's like that would be merciful if i would just kill you actually he says i could make you guys fight to the death uh but that would be merciful instead i'll let you watch me conquer the world and then he says he starts talking again he keeps talking to diana of his world and he's like you know you warned me of its power the helmet warned me once i put it on i never take it off i love you diana and i'm sorry and then this is where the big this is the m night Shyamalan Shyamalan twist it is, is really what sold my love awesome on this issue because you find out that she didn't die Ares didn't kill her she was stunned she woke Sorry up and tried to get tried the helmet to take it from me yeah, she tried to take the helmet from him and he fucking killed her 
He said, but, but what, was what was I supposed, I supposed to, do? to do when you, I saw you were still alive? The Ares had only stunned you. You reached for it, Diana, for the helmet. So I had to strike you down. I look at him, see the man I used to be. He fights with mercy, with restraint, which is why, why he'll lose. lose talking yep. about Steve Trevor. Yeah, he says Steve Trevor. To Barbados. But the whole mm-hmm. idea, when we switch this whole thing, and I'm sorry, sorry you tried to take it from yeah. him. Like, holy yep. shit. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the whole deal was he ended up being corrupted by that helmet. And me, it's almost like the Killed ring. Killed Diana. It, it's freaking. It, now we're Lord of the Rings. It is yeah. the the one ring. And yeah, that's this is what happens. And I thought it was awesome. I had that just the ending made this my book of the week. I'll give you a little hint of what's Mine coming well. to come. Yeah, because I was like, okay, you you fucking twisted and turned this into a very very good one shot story that gave me a background of this merciless that now I know. What he did i know what he's getting he's my I favorite know. dark and, we yeah have and right i now. know now that the helmet is what really caused the problems in fact it caused him to kill somebody the one person he loved at that point so yeah you get that helmet off and i think that you and might, then just you know, the whole freaking weakness he has around this yeah. wonder Woman. like you were just really setting up some cool stuff yeah. going forward like yeah, unlike he couldn't, even look, one at, he couldn't even look at her laying there on the ground he had to walk away yeah that that's huge so and i like the fact that that is going to be later in the main book. He, he yeah. could have had Wonder Woman show up and, you know, Tomasi, I mean, and Wonder Woman show up and, oh, yeah, oh my God, but oh no, no, I can't deal with you and run away. And, but no, you at this point, he's about to fucking crush you, Trevor's goddamn fucking neck. And you get the idea of the only thing that could stop him possibly will be the love he still has for Diana. So uh, we what do did you get that it? Wonder Woman tie in like we saw at the end of the flash, it looks like this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. So what, what did you give it? I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, and it's the thing is, while I'm not a huge fan of Francis Manipal, I loved everything we got in this issue with his yeah. art, I and love I love uh, that Peter J. Tomasi actually jumped on this, because I did not expect him to do like a Wonder Woman yeah. kind of, you know, Dark Knight kind of deal, but I'm glad he did, because he wrote one hell of an issue, and I'm glad that he did, because yep. I, it's my favorite so far. Yep. I'll give you a ding for that, because I'm going to give an 8.52. And it is funny that you have the whole deal that we've been pushing. Like, oh, it's so great that they're getting the series writer to do these things and all that. And the problem is they've been jumping around. James Robinson has just gotten on Wonder Woman. Greg Rucka has gone. I do yeah. think that if Greg Rucka was still around and didn't bail, didn't quit, Eric, I think that he probably would have written this. Uh, because, but he left. So you get Tomasi, who uh, ended up writing a bunch of Wonder Woman stuff in the New 52 anyway. He knows the character and stuff like that. Plus, this was more of a – unlike a lot of the others, this was more of a straight-up Batman and, yeah. you know, what happened And the him, side so. characters of the military. Yeah. Yeah, in the DCU so like right that. now, which I love to see. Yeah, yeah, so I like that, but that is good stuff, Eric, and now good we're going to go... Jim. Good stuff, We're going to go off the mail section number two and continue the good times. It's mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's mail with Eric. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's mail with Eric. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Eric. Hallelujah, it's mail It's it's Mail with Eric. I always enjoy Mail with Eric. And we're going to start this Mail with Eric with All New Dave, who I also really appreciate and enjoy. Hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, body, beep, body, boop. Get Fresh crew. 
boop, boop. Uh, just sending a quick email on my break. Had to say how much I've enjoyed binge listening to the Patreon shows at work. Love no. the cellar dweller. Yeah. But really love the attic animal. It doesn't no, say that. He doesn't say that. He says love the cellar dweller and attic animal shows. Oh, I, okay. I do want to – I just got word uh, while we uh, took a break there. I got word, uh, unfortunately, the attic animal, he has died in a horrific plane crash, Eric. His show I heard is he went now. Back to his, home <laughs> his show is now canceled from this point out. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry to be the one to the break the news. The strange thing is, I heard the same thing about the cellar dweller. That really? No, I didn't hear that. I actually, I feel uh, like Howard Cosell announcing the murder of uh, John Lennon right there, Eric, uh, during Monday Night Football, just yeah, uh, having to like. having to announce that the attic animal will no longer be with us. I hope that the attic animal is a reliable source, as I repeated the jack o' lantern origin story at work. Yes, he was, as long as Wikipedia was a reliable source, Eric. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the attic animal, he, he put a lot of effort in his voice, not a lot of effort in that research. Else. I'll tell you, that research was kind of done on the fly. But that is, that is an actual story. I've been buying the comics that win the spotlight polls. Can't believe how much I missed in the Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica comic, especially when Jughead's party costume changed color and it did i believe it went from yellow to blue and that is something that i will give reginald uh full credit for he was the one who really uh saw that and pointed it out and we're going to be getting another one of those uh, betty veronica ivy harley issues uh this week so we'll see if me and reggie are going to continue that doing a patreon only deal i'd start paying attention but that's what you guys are for i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have a sports Swallow sunday chili, tomorrow Jim, come on says, I'm going to have a – no, I actually just took a drink and almost spit it out. I'm going to have a sports Sunday tomorrow. Watch uh, the boxing and catch up with those far-out sports nuts. Nice. Hope you all have a good week. I'd better get back to work. I'll tell you, like I said earlier, the attic animal, not a lot of research in that show. Boy, that puts the sports nuts to shame, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, and speaking of sports nuts, one of those sports nuts is next with Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas? What's up, Brandon? Just checking in with Quakertown's finest this week. I had a hell of one up myself. What does he Almost- mean? Almost certain I was infected with some sort of super flu version of the doomsday virus that pretty much destroyed my will to live for about 72 hours. Me and Reggie talk every morning. We send each other messages about how we wish we were in uh, medically induced comas and things. That's all I need. It all starts when I stayed home with my daughter Tuesday, who was kind of sick Monday night. And by roughly dinner time of Tuesday night, I was full-blown destroyed while she, she triumphantly felt fine. I tried work on Wednesday. I kicked the shit out of the little girl was, and he, I went he, to bed. Yeah. He tried work on Wednesday, wasn't having it. My brain was literally in the off position. So I left this, that what, this is wrong turns every day and slept pretty much until I returned to work Friday morning feeling at least better enough. I could only layer up, drink tons of juice and sleep and sweat it off. Uh, that's what I do. I like to try to sweat it off anyway. More randomness. So apparently this a is a thing, thing now. I where I try to eat as much as I can and just chuck a jam packet and then yep. go to sleep. For some reason, I usually feel better after that. Yes. Just glutton the shit out of it. 
Yes, here we go. Here we go. Anyway, more randomness. So apparently this is a thing now. My girlfriend and daughter bring home this painted rock they found in the landscaping of Target in one of the island areas of the parking lot. Naturally, I question, why in the fuck are you bringing a rock in the house big enough to break a TV if this kid throws a temper tantrum inside? It's hitting something. It shouldn't. But I'm told it's a decorative rock from some oh, like some rock club rock. or something. Here we go. I I have. I'm telling you, Brandon, you're fucking singing my tune here. There is a Facebook hashtag on the back of this rock labeled hashtag Sweet Buffalo Rock Club. So I looked it up, but it's a closed Facebook group, and my interest started waning. So I didn't go any further. As I expressed my total shock and awe that this was a thing to all of my to all to my girlfriend, she looked back at me like I was crazy for not knowing. This was a thing that people are decorating fucking rocks and leaving them places to find, like some pass-it-forward bozo trend gone awry. Now, I'm telling you, I better fucking keep quiet. This is a trend and a passion of one T. Werner. Really? Tanya has been doing this for over a year. They go and get these goddamn well, rocks. Well, told me about this nonsense. They, they paint them, and they go and they leave them places, and you have these hashtags. And not, it, to me, all it is is a slightly more artsy version of writing on a fucking dollar bill. Hey, See, I kind of check out thing, me. Ron. I go into a store. And then I freaking start at one aisle and I fart and then walk down the other aisle. That's so what I you do. Something as that's I go. called hashtag crop dusted. Exactly. That, that's what that is. But yeah, no, she does this all the time. Her and Ethan, they're all painting their goddamn rocks and putting them places. And then they want to see if it's been found and somebody messages them. And they nonsense, Eric. You I'm know what? You, you guys nonsense. got this shit going on. I think I have something worse. I think it was last year, the year before last. For Christmas, Jess's mother got her some bricks. Oh, bricks, huh? Bricks in a box because these were bricks that were left over because they tore down her high school and they found these bricks and they freaking decided this will be a great gift for Jess. Oh. And those bricks came home and they sat next to the hallway and somehow like for – I'm telling you, for like four goddamn months – and as this box somehow moved on its own, so it got closer and closer to the edge of the hallway. So as I'm turning out the lights to go to bed at night, I walk down the hallway. I constantly kick these goddamn bricks that are sitting in my goddamn living room. Yeah, so so your little tinkle pad, uh, she she she's gonna <laughs> fucking die. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, these you know rocks. What? I, I got over it. Now I'm angry again. These, these rock things. I, I get this word. You know, we're we're here, and and Tanya's supposed to be bricks. working on the house with with uh, Zach. They're so they're supposed they're supposed to be doing this shit. So yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to be painting these goddamn fucking things today. I, I didn't even read Brandon's email. I, again, I like to keep it fresh and read it. Uh, you know, for the first time on the podcast. So and you you can tell I'm keeping a little. I'm on the down low. But she she tells me today, I need more paintbrushes. Why? Why do you need these paintbrushes? I think that these are paintbrushes that are going to fucking do something with the goddamn walls in this in this house. And then she comes back. I see these fucking paint. Uh, what are you doing with that? Oh, well, we're going to go back. Uh, I got a bunch of rocks. I'm, like, I'm going to kill somebody. I'm like, hey, hey, stop painting goddamn rocks and start painting walls, lady. Well, that's that what I best. said. I think I saw on Facebook she did this one thing. She was like, "Like this is what happens when you paint and watch something on TV." And she painted the freaking wrong color yeah. to something yeah, she, she already she started painting. She painted the goddamn roof the wrong color. 
The, the fucking roof's white and she painted it purple. No, the worst is if you sold that picture, uh, how many times do you have to fucking go before you realize it's a different color? <laughs> God damn it, it's half the roof. Half the roof. I'm like, what the I fuck? Laughed, laughed. She's like, oh, I was watching TV. Uh, maybe you should pay more attention to the goddamn roof. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to tell you, that's what I'm going to say to the judge. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. I was watching TV. That's how I killed her. That's, that's what's going to happen. I will actually, because me and Tanya are going to record the Jim Has Issues with his wife, one of our Patreon-only shows, I think tomorrow or Monday, we're going to do this, and I am going to read this email to her, at least this part, and she's going to have to try to, uh, we might have a Jim's court about this one. She might have to try to justify these goddamn rocks. It's the goddamn fucking... Pay it forward for nothing is, is what it is. But he says, has anyone else heard of this? Am I crazy one living no. in ignorance for not knowing this was a thing? I think this is one of those woman things uh, where maybe they should pick up a comic or something if they have so much time. to. No, they should go to bed. Uh, to go to bed for the night instead of painting rocks for each other and calling me nuts. And now he goes on to the books, Action Comics. The only appropriate ending to this comic book I will find acceptable while making this arc redeemable is if the whole L and Kent family go on Maury Live and find out if Jarrell is the granddad once and for all. You are not the father, is what they'll say. And then it'll be funny because it'll be Jarrell then doing a backflip and dancing, doing the cabbage patch, <laughs> as they always do. This nonsense. I could just imagine, like, let's bring out Jarrell. Boo, he's giving the finger, the double fingers to people. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. This nonsense that. in Lom, wherever the fuck. And <laughs> Lom, wherever the fuck. That, you are not a cultured man up there in Buffalo. Evil shit has gone on long enough with no progress whatsoever. I, I agree. The horse is beaten and shows no sign of life. Wrap it up, please. So basically what they should do is hire Catwoman to come and shoot that horse, right? Detective, decent enough, but I don't know how anybody in the DC Universe will beat this Tim Drake Batman they've set up to be unstoppable. Even Doomsday and all the Robins can't take this pissant down. Also, I wish someone would take the idea of Brother Eye out back and put a damn bullet in its stupid <laughs> computer. Your brain. What you should do is get a hold of Catwoman. If Batman has any memory of any experience or timelines where, where this disaster is involved, where has it gone right? Just name one recent example. None of this animated cartoon nonsense. Kill it. Kill it here. And kill it now with this story's ending. This week in metal, I felt like this was a major recap week where the books were just beating us over the head with things that have already happened. Few things I noticed you may have brought up by now, but maybe worth repeating. I thought one of those huge weapons they had left was Steel's hammer, and the bad guys pretty much destroy it in flash. Yes, they just snap it without a second thought or care, and nobody seems stressed about it, and it's just left on the floor like my pants after a night of drinking. Uh, I don't know that that hammer was full of urine. But so it's not it's not exact. Uh, and if it was you involved, there'd be a, uh, a goddamn lamp broken. The one shots feel well timed enough for when they drop in the story. But I think it would all have a little more impact that Batman who laughs came first. Him just showing up constantly now is getting the hell on my nerves. I just think that he seems to be the big bad. And Barbados, yeah. we, we don't. Yeah, has, he said, has he said more than three lines? Yeah, he's, he's becoming the, this event's telos. Yeah. 
Hey, he's become this event's talisman for someone who I was hyped for at first. He's beginning to wear on me quite a bit. That may all change after his one shot, but it better blow my piss-stained drawers off. High hopes, I know. Still dig this story overall, though the main books much more so than the tie-ins, obviously, unless there is barfing powers on display, of course. Hashtag Krakow Pukes League. Hashtag Drowned Batman League. Wonder Woman, I've come to the conclusion the first lesson in a comic book school is how to write a filler issue, and unless you receive an A+, you are not allowed to progress any story. Grail can still get it, though. Yeah, she's still hotter. Goddamn teenage dark side is more threatening than grown adult dark side. <laughs> Marvel Legacy Note. At least it took you guys months into the DC Rebirth relaunch to get disenchanted. This Marvel Legacy stuff has been mostly trash. Now, I'm That's telling gross. you, you, I hope Trevor doesn't hear this. He'll not like what he hears here. And just a lot of the same crap in a Coke 2 wrapper. They've been peddling for the last couple years. Find your one or two books that you like. Connect at Marvel Universe. Be damned at this point. Which used to be my favorite part about that world. A relaunch fails when you pick up no new books when it kicks off. And I'm actually on the fence about getting rid of two as we speak if the next issue isn't good. Bad, very bad in the words of our president. Anyway, Bill's stuff because I know Eric cares. Big week coming up this Sunday and Thursday games. Make or break uh, season moment right there. Also, we traded Darius for a bag of balls and some stickum, so that goes over well on talk radio. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about, Eric. Stickum, Jim. I could be suicidal by the next email, so stay tuned for that. As always, check Twitter. Sunday is a home game, so he'll be uh, tweeting out the fucking Buffalo Bills Nation nonsense. Ike <laughs> Gents, Brandon at BMIR3660. And we're going to go off for him and Trevor to talk about X-Men Blue number 14. And then he says, why do I keep putting this book up? Because <laughs> so I keep I, voting for it every time I am you telling you, I, I have a an inkling that he did not like it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I Daddy, don't as soon as think I see the X-Men blue, it's the first you thing just I go, go with for. it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nah, everybody does. I think that that is actually Richard Richardson's big one, too, right? That he goes right on and, and uh, hits it. Uh, but, yeah, we'll go off to here. If possibly Trevor can convince Brandon that X-Men blue number 14 is good. Previously on X-Men. We are back, guys. This is the Marvel Minute, and you have chosen for the book this week, X-Men Blue number 14, which is what, the second X-Men Blue book of Legacy, or, or the first? Second. Okay. I keep mixing this crossover up, because I thought it was four issues at first, but it's apparently six. So this is right in the middle of the Mojoverse crossover with gold. I'm going to fill you in on the events of what's going on here. Uh, tell you guys to buy, borrow, or forget it all together. And this book beat out uh, Black Panther and Silver Surfer. I think I nailed the choices this week. Uh, 
So yeah, I didn't. I really didn't anticipate it beating out either of those two. And Silver Surfer wasn't really a legacy title, but it was the final issue. So I wanted to see if anybody wanted to hear about that. Uh, I guess not. So we're talking X Men Blue. <laughs> this is it was close, by, right? It was like yeah, uh, it was pretty close. Silver Surfer got a nice push there at the end. Thirty, thirty, and forty-one. Uh, and every time we put the Black Panther book up, it never gets a lot of votes. So I don't know what that's saying, but uh, <laughs> anyway, this is written by Cullen Bunn. Our team: Jorge Molina, Matt Milla, and Guru FX is doing colors. Uh, Marvel Comics production. Get into the blurb here and and sum up this uh, issue for you guys. This was a, actually a pretty quick one, uh, so there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about, but we'll but we'll get into it. Mojo, the big ugly green guy from X-Men lore who runs an endless TV broadcast as the X-Men split up in fights from different points in their history, battling for their lives. As we jump just past the halfway point of this crossover, let's see if Mojo has any bigger plans in mind beyond just having the X-Teams continuing his Truman Show charade and potentially killing them off one at a time. That, doesn't all, that just doesn't all seem right, so let's see what's up. The issue begins here. Uh, basically, like um, it seems like the news broadcast has kind of intercut Mojo's action here, and, and they're trying to fill the citizens in on what's going on. But nobody cares; they they all want to watch the Mojo program because uh, <laughs> get a glimpse of like a group of dudes in their apartment, seemingly like <laughs> gathered to watch what would seem to be a football game, kind of like I do every Sunday. But uh, yeah, they're watching just the Mojo people, uh, X Men in the Mojo universe, kill each other. Um, so then Mojo gets the broadcast back. Everyone starts watching again, and, and he jumps in with some of his over-the-top nonsense. Um, what, what's he say here? I, I, I just wrote in my notes, basically. He, he's doing the old Roman trick to keep them entertained. Just keep uh, keep the people happy with people killing each other, and, and nobody really yeah. will <laughs> bother with the <laughs> stuff going on outside. You know what I'm saying? Because he's trying to kind of apparently terraform New York City or, or just the earth in general. Uh, it, it's a little fuzzy, but I, I, obviously all these pillars are coming down in primarily New York City from what it looks like. Um, we get a quick recap of the characters who have quote-unquote been taken off the board. Uh, Logan, Iceman, Storm, Angel, and Bloodstorm look like the... Isn't Bloodstorm just Storm? Uh, no, she's... She's a different version of her, yeah, from um, okay. from like a hell universe. Madeline Pryor okay. brought her over in the last arc. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been reading the gold issues of this year. I just don't keep up with gold anymore. I don't care for it. Oh, it's but, for uh, blue. Was it a blue it issue? from the last blue. Yeah, yeah, it was from when Beast... Uh, it was the Beast magic arc where they talk about where he was getting his uh, magic tutelage from and... And the drawbacks. I'll have a question oh. about his magic stuff later. Um, I've really fallen off the blue and gold books, I guess, because I've just been hooked on Astonishing and, and not really caring much about this one. Um, but anyway, we move away from Mojo and we check in on our, our different teams that have been split up. And the first one is Jean Grey, Jimmy Hudson, Colossus. I think Nightcrawler's mixing around in there as well. And uh, they're kind of off fighting... Um, the brood it looks like on, on this you know brood type planet and gene takes a stab from behind this one brood has like metal sword type arms pretty sweet looking um and jimmy springs into action with nightcrawler and, and they kind of rescue her from 
the situation. Doesn't this uh, panel in the bottom right where Jean is being rescued by Nightcrawler and Jimmy, doesn't it look like her shoulder is like almost cut off? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm it looking does. It looks like it was like, ripped oh, open. Gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice that until right now. But anyway, they're, they're checking on Jean. She's like, I'll be all right. Um, and they they basically realize they're in a spawn point of a video game here. They uh, they need yeah. to get out of this area because all the people they keep fighting and, and taking care of, just more keep coming up in their spot. So and it's like from uh, everywhere. Yeah, it's like Marvel Call of Duty zombies as you get further and further in the <laughs> level. <laughs> like more keep coming up until you're just eventually dead. That's what's going on here. Well, well, normally they would be in the setting of like a past X Men story, but here they got like enemies from like various, like they got people from Apocalypse Wars, they got a Phoenix uh, Sentinel, and then the Brood and Strife is in there. Like, so it's, it's just gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a bonker simulation. Uh, and then Mojo, we flash back to him. He starts dropping more of these golden antenna things um, that attract and trap X Men, and this time it looks like he runs into. Magneto, Danger, and Polaris. Um, and they're going to start joining this Mojo World Fund, trying to, to get the... Well, basically, Magneto's concerned with the kids. That's kind of his responsibility. And he's he's even risking revealing himself not being dead to, you know, uh, get them to safety, basically. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. enter enter the Mojoverse and are transported basically to... Uh, the mutant massacre, and they're facing off with some some Morlocks and say, Sabretooth, and that's what they're facing down in the sewers here. Uh, we flash back to Team One. I, th- I like the way Cyclops looks in this uh, this panel. Yeah, here. me too. We got the Rachel ABX Summers. Cyclops. Yeah, Rachel Summers, Cyclops, Longshot. I don't like the way he looks at all, and uh, <laughs> Kitty Pride. I like the bullet. You really like his haircut? Is this the same long shot we're dealing with in Cable, or is this a different version of him? Uh, it's a different. It's a different time period. Yeah, so a different version. So I think. Okay. Yeah, because he looks like super young in this. Uh, yeah, I don't like the mullet. I was saying I hate that mullet. Oh, I thought you said you <laughs> like the mullet. I'm like, Ooh. no, no. <laughs> I hate mullets. Fuck mullets. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty. It looks pretty trashy, even on long shot. Uh, Anyway, they're in a different battle, um, surviving a fight with, again, like you said, it's the AVX Cyclops, so they're fighting some Avengers here. Longshot gets the idea to basically rig some of these cameras floating around to teleport them out of the area. A cool little thing happens because one of his powers is luck, where Spider-Man's about to hit him from behind, and this Captain America shield comes flying out of nowhere to take him out. so he ends up yeah, successful. Cool. Yeah, I like that too. It took me a minute to figure out. I'm like, why is Captain America hitting Spider-Man if they're on the same Spider-Man. team? <laughs> but then, like, you can see in the in his word bubble, the the luck word is highlighted, and it reminded me, oh yeah, that's what his power is. Um, so yeah, he ends up transporting the X-Men out of this fight, but he doesn't know where to exactly. Um, we'll figure that out in a second after we check in on Mojo, who's reacting to Longshot getting the X-Men out of the trap he had set up for them, uh, this AVX trap. So he's snapping about how what happened is unacceptable and we need to find them. In the meantime, he's going to bump the ratings by increasing the difficulty on Magneto and company in the sewers. 
Um, and they are going to have to deal with apocalypse. Uh, so superpowered apocalypse. Um, oh, not that you need to make a, yeah apocalypse more difficult to deal with. <laughs> no, I remember Polaris tells back to you, she's like, "You're having too much fun." <laughs> yeah, I said they just changed uh, apocalypse up to the the Mike Tyson level punch out difficulty, and they're <laughs> they're going to have to deal with that now. Um, then we flash back to basically the, mostly the blue team, so the Gene, Jimmy, Beast, Colossus uh, group of people. You even see that they have like uh, the Colossus from Age of Apocalypse crossover that just happened not long ago, the giant sword and the hoodie and stuff. Um, yeah, the Deadpool Moon Knight. It, yeah, so they're just fighting all sorts of random dudes here. And Beast is like, well, let me try this to get us out of here. And, and he turns to... The magic powers he's been developing. Um, it's Gene, right? That's whose hand is trying to reach him and tell him no. Yep. Uh, because you know what happened. What can happen if you keep, you know, embracing this magic? And it, he basically starts turning into Dark Beast, right? That, that's who it looks like. But uh, great It's kind of like a beast, though. Like a uh, because <clears throat> when um, that last arc happened right before this, where we deal with Beast's magic powers, Madeline Pryor, like. It kind of like it's kind of like infect him. So anytime like he goes full magic, he turns into that that devil goat beast. <laughs> but it, it doesn't. What it doesn't stick around and it's it goes away after a while. Or if he, does, he just has to stop. Like half the panel, Longshot basically interrupts him. Um, and I, you know, I I haven't been following this beast magic stuff. I've known about it, but I haven't known the development that happened. I'm I like I said, I'm two issues behind here. But he's still Dark Beast. Longshot's like, we're going to get you out of here. Uh, you can see like his furry feet still at the bottom. And then in the next panel, he's back to being normal when they all reach, I don't know, like Mojo versus headquarters. I don't really know where they're in like some random hallway here. Um, so it just goes away if he doesn't complete the spell or after so long. If he Once he stops using magic, he just has to stop using because once and if he if he keeps using magic and he goes to that place, it's harder for him to like get back, you know, because he just can't stop. So this is going to be the way they get Beast to be Harry uh, for the young guys probably eventually, and uh, because because he he realizes it's not something he should be entertaining, but he wants to save the X Men, so it's kind of you know an if so facto thing going on. Um, But yeah, they, they end up conveniently being right in front of this door that Jimmy cuts open. Uh, they bust in and find all the quote-unquote dead X-Men from the simulations. So, you know, all the people I mentioned in the beginning. And Beast is like, oh, this isn't too overcomplicated to free them. And then they're all free. <laughs> so <laughs> they're all thought out from the deep freeze they were in. And they start walking down this hallway. Uh, they realize... They're not in Kansas anymore. I mean, I don't know where they thought they were. Uh, they're like in a full-blown Mojo world as Mojo unleashes more golden antenna and, and really spills the beans about his terraforming plan going on. Uh, so he wants to basically turn New York City into another Mojo world, uh, kind of. Uh, broadcast yeah, to bring it over. things from here and then, you know, have, have a bunch of fun. Uh Kind of a weird cliffhanger. I didn't expect. <laughs> I don't know. I expected more. I guess because when I'm like, oh, that's kind of it for the cliffhanger. Um, well, I still but yeah, it more. was. A, what two more? What issues? Two more issues to go. Oh, after yeah, this. two more issues of the crossover. Yeah. So, 
the cliffhanger here is basically, you know, more of these antenna coming down, and we'll figure out what happens in the next issue of gold and one more issue of blue before it wraps up. Uh, but you know how we do things here, guys. We tell you to to buy it, to borrow it, or forget it altogether. Um, I know this is a favorite book of Rich Richardson. Uh, he was all pumped up that this won. Uh <laughs> But I, I've actually enjoyed X-Men Blue so much more when it's not involved in, in crossovers and, uh, I don't know, when it's not involved with gold, really. Because I've really not liked the 05, um, the original five X-Men coming back, but, but this book has kind of, you know, changed my mind on that a little bit. And I just don't want to see them mixing it up with the other X-Men book I'm not enjoying, which is gold. Uh so it's kind of a little downer, and you, you don't get a whole lot of focus on the characters you come to the book for. It is a crossover, so it's not a huge deal because you know what you're getting into. But uh, this was a super action-heavy issue. Um, you know, not not a whole lot happened. It, it kind of alternated between these gold antennas keep repeatedly coming down and, and small little action snippets. The Beast stuff is interesting, so I want to catch up and figure out what's going on with there. But overall, this is... Still just like a borrow-level crossover to me. I, I don't, not super motivated in, in finishing it, but I will. Uh, I'm more interested in seeing what comes up after this Mojo stuff with, with the blue team than I am uh, where they're currently at in this in this book. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it, it was an all right issue. It wasn't total garbage, but I didn't, I didn't not fully recommending everyone go out and buy it really is kind of where I'm at with this one. What about you? Definitely not. If you haven't read the past three issues, I can say that. Um, I think they're going to 2099 after this arc. Uh, they're going to the future. <clears throat> oh, really? Uh, I, I mean, the way it's set up, like if you didn't read the issues before it, I wouldn't recommend like hopping on now. Cause the way this book is written, even though it's written by two different writers is like, it's written as whole one whole story. So like, you're in the middle of the story, so it's, you know, it kind of throw everybody off. I mean, I, I like it. it. It reminds me of, like, a classic X-Men crossover, like, from maybe from the 90s. Like, it, it has that, that 90s X-Men crossover feel. Uh, I really like the art so far. I've, I've liked uh, Mike Mayhew was a little off, but Mark um, Lamming, who's been doing art on gold, is pretty good. And it's some of the best stuff that Guggenheim has done since he started on X-Men Gold because I haven't liked a single issue of Gold until this crossover yeah, started. I know. Every every arc feels like it's two or three issues and it's, it literally wraps up in, at breakneck pace. Like You don't even get a chance to catch your breath and the story That's you're really maybe even kind of enjoying is already over and it's it's a weird book. It's It sets up stuff. Uh, it like It's constantly setting stuff up and we never get there, it feels like. It always feels like it's setting <laughs> yeah, something up for the future that we never get to. Um, yeah. Like the first it's six right. issues set but, up all that mutant hunter thing, and then that that guy was pretty much dealt with in an issue. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had that central issue, and, like that, and that came up later, but not really. And it's just I don't know. It's not that great, but uh, but I, I like this. I, I like this crossover. It, it, I've really enjoyed it so far. It does like when you read this issue, it is like a, a middle of the the crossover issue so it's all action it's taking you at like where it's gonna go to next where the next gold issue is gonna start up so you know it's the middle of the story so it is a little down but you know it's all just one story so yeah, well, i mean i i enjoy it i really like 
Jorge Molina's art. He's one of my favorite artists. I'm happy to have him back on Blue. Uh, I hope he sticks around for the next arc, but who knows with artists these days. Uh, you know, if you've been reading the crossover, I would say keep reading it. It's, it's a buy, but if you know, if if you're not reading it, then don't bother. It'd be retarded just to pick it up now in the middle and start reading it. Um, yeah. For me, I really enjoyed it. It's a buy. I just I like where it's going and I like how it how it feels. Like I've been reading a lot of old X Men lately, and and this gave me that that feeling I get when I read the old X Men stuff. So. Yeah, just the big thing, like, um, I thought it was kind of interesting that they were, you know, kind of nipping off the X-Men one at a time, and, yeah, and then yeah. they just go and get them out like it's no big deal in this issue and take kind of all the stakes out of the story, which bothered me a little bit, too. So I knew they weren't going to die, because, like, it's not like they're going to kill young no, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, you man. know they're not going to die, but I, I would have, <laughs> if they're going to take the guys off the board a couple issues ago, I don't want to see them back on the board, you know, two issues later. It's just a little weird they did that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's about it for this week. We're going to throw three more books on the Marvel Madness podcast. It's going to be U.S. Avengers, it's going to be Black Panther, and it's going to be... Oh, what's the third one we're talking about? All New World. Uh, There it is. Uh, So if you want to get those books, (laughs) you can find us there. uh, And we'll throw this... this, uh, this Marvel Minute at the end of the podcast, like a post credit scene. So... X-Men Blue will be in there for you as well. Um, but that's it for us, guys. You know where to find us. If you're looking for us throughout the week on Twitter, I'm at Beamer3660. Trevor, where are you? Uh, I'm at Afrenatic. All right, and we will talk to you guys next week. I got a Bills game to watch, so good luck to me, and right. peace out. Yes, I wish we would hear more Eric Shea. Uh, this section, at least more of his books, Eric. Because well, why'd section, you put all your books in this one section? Well, because <laughs> that's how it ended up. I don't know any other uh, deal, though. I will Here tell you, it's an extra long section actually one extra book just because of the odd number of books we're going to have uh but yeah i like to call this the wonder flash of america new order section Uh, that really rolls off your tongue i like to call it the second section you know what i want to call it i want to call it the section where i i continue being upset 
because I this this week this whole week of books has really got me down, and it's weird because I wouldn't say this is our worst week of books. No, but for some reason it's actually affected me more. I've actually I think that there has been some epic lows, which is one of these books in this section, maybe one of the worst books I've read since Rebirth started. It really is. It's so bad. You may guess that between Wonder Woman Flash, Justice League of America, and Nightwing New Order, you may guess which one I'm talking about. Uh, Thank God it's not the first book we're going to talk about, Eric. Uh, What book is that? Wonder Woman number 33, written by James Robinson, with art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Ray McCarthy, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. With the reveal of Jason's last issue, I couldn't wait to jump into this and find out more about the character. Neither can but I. For, but for some reason, <laughs> James Robinson decided that we needed to go and see how Grail found out that the children of Zeus would fuel her father's regeneration and so, show us her killing more of them and the reimagined Atomic Knights for some reason before finally showing us that Darkseid knows about Jason and leaves him alive because he apparently has plans for the twin of Wonder Woman. Yep, yeah. What the heck's going on? We're we have Wonder Woman this go. Run and we yep. decided to have a prequel. I'm like, what the fuck? And we have Wonder Woman go find Jason. Everybody's excited. And then pretty much we're going to go back <laughs> because, Robinson, you know. I just imagine he's fucking right and it's like, whoa. This shit's moving way too fast. Time to put the brakes on. Oh, yeah. Time to put the brakes on. Also, I to me, I got the idea that he's like, okay, I'm going to put these issues out. I put this out. Oh, my God. I saw three people wonder who those dead bodies were uh, of all of the uh, this children of Zeus. I better show them. And, yeah, when we saw it, it, that was something that was cool. You had the whole visual of all those bodies after and Hercules you knew got from killed. after the Hercules, though, and the whole exposition that these were, like, you know, children, yeah. like Zeus, yep. so the whole, like, this was yeah. the whole point of the story. I didn't need to we see We knew them. all of this going in. We did not need to go back no, and see. I, this is, I, that, that's this basically is, this it. This is Rogue One. Yeah, it is. It really is. You're we right. We knew because all this already. It was a thing where I saw this empty, you know, not empty actually, a bunch of dead bodies in a room for a second and basically thought, huh, that's pretty cool. I wonder who there would be there. And then I thought to myself, and I think we even said it on the podcast, okay, if whoever it might be, we know it's not going to be somebody that important anyway. Yeah. So whatever. And they even spell it out. And it comes out in this issue that a lot of these people weren't even people who knew Zeus was their father that was yeah. the whole point of that oh zeus he was a womanizer he went there some of these kids don't even know he was their father you know it was kind of like you that he left them oh. on the stoop with their suitcase eric but they didn't know if he was coming was. or not coming i knew he uh, wasn't yes. coming. <laughs> but yeah in the meantime actually the other thing that i thought maybe we'd get from this story as well is maybe hints where the fuck zeus is eric because since we had baby you zeke baby and zeke? all that but he's kind of it seems written out uh you know well, we don't you, know ever since uh, like you know i can't even think of the goddamn it's the lies and the truth we have found out that like the gods aren't acting the way they once were in the new 52 all that stuff where yeah. the gods were actually you know looking like people and stuff like that they hit like had human sides them they're all just animals now that don't even talk to one of them they just show up like all right there's yeah. my gods right there that's yeah it. they're just the patrons they're like the classic patrons so honestly, before if the god showed up showed up now out of all the stuff we've had of the wonder woman since rebirth it would just be odd no i just want to know i thought maybe we'd get hints of if zeus was actually even alive because they do not if zeus was alive I mean, i'm telling you zeus was alive the minute that they go to fight zeus and kill him uh, dark side is the perfect age that he'd ever want to be i oh, mean yeah. this is where they seem to be spelling out more in this that zeus well, also, is not around can't get to olympus though what's that 
Like with the whole like you know uh, Wonder Woman like lies and truth. It seems like we can't get to Olympus. Yeah, they now. never like, said anything about Olympus go. though. It was only Themyscira. Themyscira yeah. is on a different plane. They haven't said anything about Olympus, and the the patrons had visited her. I'm just saying. I, I wish that we'd get a little hint because the way this is going is that he must not be around still. Because if that was the case, they would just go kill him. And like I said, Darkseid would be fully grown. They're just going after the children of Zeus, kind of like the secondary versions of him but even so i'm just talking about that because this whole issue was pretty much boring uh, it, it, it really it it, there was nothing to it that i looked forward to see. it's so weird to have three issues in and you actually slam the brakes on everything just to give us all and and also it's the third issue in if you have read the first two you're kind of in the story all of a sudden they have to do recap of everything even spelling out about dark side becoming a baby during dark side where all this stuff that i didn't need and no. It just, you know, the big thing is that Perseus uh, gets killed. And it is funny. They are mixing and matching things. And I did see some reviews that were saying, like, oh, because they mentioned the Kraken. When Perseus is going, they do mention, like, huh, right. I guess he, he didn't, uh, you know, the same Kraken uh, – gives the Kraken fear the way he went down. And right. the Kraken is a Scandinavian god. It's not but throughout this, this is mixing and matching gods. It, it is not saying that the, you know, children of Zeus have to be uh, Greek or anything no. like that. So I didn't find that any bit bad. Uh, though it did seem like James Robinson was pointing to the movie, you know, Clash of the, Clash Titans, of the Titans more yeah. than it would, but it's just thrown out there. But really all this is is us seeing who Grell goes to kill. And then, and, and you know, the thing is we start out here, we're killing Perseus and I'm telling you, I'm reading this. All right, we're ki- going to kill some more gods because I'm telling you, when I first started, like, you know, Dark yeah, Side I thought that this seem, just like, went you know, out. He didn't seem younger than the last time I saw him for whatever reason. We jumped no. into this and we're killing Perseus. And then when it jumps, OK, now we're going to check out, you know, Hercules. I'm like three months. Yeah. Ago, wait, wait, what's going on? Oh my well, God! This is a prequel. The only Holy thing, shit. yeah, the only thing I had uh, at the beginning was you see him and he does not look any bit younger or older. He kind of, but when they say currently my father is the age of a six-year-old, I'm like, wait, wait a second. This doesn't really make much sense I'm because it didn't when, seem when like he was six twelve years old. I really just took it as okay. I've been calling him a preteen. I've been wrong this whole time. No, but no, no I haven't. No, it's six years old is too young, and I'm like, huh, this is weird. It's like feeding my father the energy of Zeus by draining it from that old god's children who still abide here on Earth. I'm like, okay, but uh, like you, I thought, okay, we're we're continuing on. They've killed Hercules now as yep. Diana goes and meets up with her twin brother for the first time they get acquainted whatever you'll have grail going around with dark side killing other gods and i don't think there was any reason not to have it that way and basically it is then what like you said oh we're gonna go to hercules like the fuck just happened i mean we already saw that i could i actually gleamed out of this entire issue that like you might move the story forward is the whole idea where dark side thinks that jason you know i'm gonna keep him alive because i have plans for him in the future yeah Yeah. and the second one they let uh, Pegasus they go. Let Pegasus they let Pegasus go. Perse- uh, Perseus. Yes. I'm thinking to myself, Pegasus is going to come back and fuck them up somehow. Yeah, well, Pegasus leaves, and it's mentioned a couple times. So it's really forced in. Like Even when Pegasus goes, uh, Grail and Darkseid, we're going to do something, but Pegasus got away. And then later, Grail's like, boy, I shouldn't have let Pegasus get away. And you're like, okay, that's going to be something. Somehow whether it's going it, to bite them in the yeah, Whether it's going to be what uh, Jason jumps on. in my mind is to freaking show that Pegasus is out there. Perseus is dead. Pegasus yep. got away. And that freaking Darkseid has bigger plans for Jason. 
Yeah, we can't Dark Side has bigger yet. plans because we do see that before Wonder Woman went, they did actually. Grail and Dark Side did go and see Jason, but yeah, they kind of looked at him, see, you know, oh, is he worthy? Yeah, okay, we'll get on. But in between that, you do have. What I actually got angry at, and there, there is baby dark side, and it does jump around a bit where you see Grail ago. talking. And I think that James Robinson, for some reason, really wanted us to get into Grail's head about her wanting. And it starts right away, even before we go to the three months, before you have Grail talking to the six year old dark side. And then when he ages after Pegasus a little, where he, you know, am I doing right, father? Yeah, you're okay, I guess. You know, he's one of those, he won't say that she's great or anything but he he does say you know you're better than your brothers i'll give you that and you have that but then when she's talking yeah yeah and i did i didn't mind the whole deal where she's there's the baby and she's like you know what i'm more of a mother than a daughter right now i don't know if i'm doing this right i'm like okay now first off she's doing that she's talking to herself about this and and baby dark side is eating the crib that he's in eric and brandon even messaged me baby from it's alive oh yeah and brandon oh yeah it does Brandon, uh, he messaged me and he said he hopes that that crib does not have lead-based paint because we don't want Baby Darkseid to get sick. I kind of hope it does. I don't think – actually, for some reason, I think Baby Darkseid would like that, and it would actually make him feel better. But well, yeah, I wouldn't know where she got this crib. If you look at it in the full view, I'm like, this is a goddamn future-esque, like, almost yeah, apocalyptic It does crib. look like apocalyptic. Eh, she used a boom tube. I don't know. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, when the, but I do like when I'm she's just thinking – She's kind of thinking – She's thinking to herself, you know, I hope that – and basically to me, it's not even like she's very motherly. Basically to me, she is saying like, okay, I have to raise Darkseid for a baby. I don't want to fuck this up. I mean, this yeah. is Darkseid. If I, you know, I can't be too nice to him or maybe he, or I'm, I'm too mean. And, and she's really struggling with how to raise Nature her. Nature versus nurture. Yeah. Jim. And then, well, I really like it then at the one point later or even before where Darkseid's talking. She's like, you know what? Kind of liked it when you were a baby. <laughs> you didn't talk as much. But as she's there... Wondering about, you know, Dark Side and the, the baby deal, uh, she gets attacked. And it's an Argus program. It's the Atomic Knights. The elite soldiers of Argus yeah. called the Atomic Knights. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, you're going to say the Atomic like, Knights are here. This is a thing now in the yeah. freaking DCU. <laughs> a the thing modern, now, like, and, and now line. they're destroyed. They're all dead. So all I, dead. I would I would assume that the Atomic Knight program uh, goes on hiatus for a little. And it's always funny to me, too, because I saw the Atomic Knights and I'm like, all right, I got excited just for you because I know for yeah, a second to the that Knights. you like the Atomic yeah, Knights, the idea of them. I just like the idea. Dead. Yeah, and the idea, and it, you don't even get the idea no. here. You have the whole thing that the joke is they're elite, and Grail's like, oh, yeah, this is what you call elite nowadays. But they go, and then you go through a series of all the people that Grail has killed for Darkseid. I do Darkseid really Side like. Darkseid is sending te- telepathic messages to yeah. her about what she needs I to do feed. to feed him. Yeah, basically, he wants to feed. So that's where she gets the idea okay, I got to get these people. He's going to show me, and we're going to go. And that the more people that he gets to feed on, he will grow. And she's walking. I really really do like his little blankie and the hat he has that hat it's so cute he actually looks at, if he didn't have glowing eyes he might be a little I'm, cute i'm angry about this issue because like i said in my mind there's only two decent aspects to it is the whole thing pegasus getting away and knowing the dark side needs jason for something in the yeah. future that's the only thing you gleam new from this story 
but I love the art so much. Oh, the art's really good. And as as this moves on, then you basically get a series of people that are touch. killed. Yeah, killed by Grail to get Darkseid. And you have, you know, some things like Callisto, the bear, uh, yeah. and stuff like that. And even people like Sarah Caro, uh, librarian, her father, a mystery until I told her. So basically, it's like right before, huh, you know what? Your dad was Zeus. Snap your neck and then go. Okay. So they're really, you know, and there's, there is, you know, uh, Atheist, uh, I guess, or Aaphis, the Egyptian world traveler. You have I'm some important you, people, and not. Go, I'm not going to butcher. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm not going to read all of them. But yeah, as they go on, but you, you hey, get look, a Derek mix. Derek Grace, the Australian soldier, yeah. he was brave, but he's dead now. I can say Derek Grace. Yeah, Derek Grace, Lemos, as dead as those who starved at her bidding, Eric. But yeah, it's a who's who of people died, and that you get the idea these are the bodies that were in that room. That's fine. But yeah, yeah you go with the hey, we're going to go, we're going to go to this next place. Oh, what's that you know father oh we're gonna go where uh you know somebody you'll be surprised it is diana's brother oh my god jason he's real and they, they just go through this and they do see him he's on the boat still guy is a fisherman he looks a little less he looks older to me looks like actually a buff and sexy steve carell suddenly eric he's not bare chested he's a buff and sexy steve i could see that god damn it doesn't it look like steve carell <laughs> he looks like steve carell there pages you're talking i'm telling you it, it is like a buff Steve Carell who's trying to look like Tom Cruise is what it looks to be. And I actually like the look from last issue, though I love this art. I love Emmanuel, Emmanuel Lupacino's art oh, wow. so much. I don't like that, Jason, but we'll have to deal with it. But, yeah, the whole thing is they have something planned for it's a him cool. And that, that's the entire issue is just yeah. getting to that point because everything else you fucking know, and that's very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, and then you actually you kind of go with the whole deal, and it's just – it's just not anything new or exciting, really. It really isn't. There's well, not much to say. I said at the beginning, it puts say. the brakes on the entire goddamn story yep, at this point. It does. It really does. But, uh, and what because you... of that, I gave it a 5.8 out of 10 because of those two things that we gleaned with Pegasus getting away and Jason yeah. having a, a bigger meaning to Darkseid. All those things plus the great art, 5.8 out of 10 is all I could give it, and that's yeah. high in my mind. Now, I've given it a 6 just for the art, oh. and I'm telling you, I should go 5.5, five, but I, I'm going to try to be positive. Look, you because... got to be positive for you can this week jim i'm telling you i'm about to get not positive but yeah i'll go six mainly because of the art and like you said i did like the idea with pegasus and i love pegasus and really if you really want to know the original clash of the titans was one of my favorite movies for a no, very not. very long time with harry hamlin and burgess meredith i oh, love that remake i thought you loved no that i hated that wasn't that sam no, worthington no, i was Rath telling you the titans which you yeah, liked, right? no <laughs> I, I I watched. I fine. Eventually, that. I watched the Clash of the Titans, the remake, and I thought it was garbage. But it's because it didn't have the mechanical owl, right? It didn't have the mechanical owl, and it didn't have Harry Hamlin right there. Yeah. You got and Burgess Meredith. So there you my three favorite things. And Lawrence Olivier, I believe, was Zeus in that. Eric, but we're gonna move on now. It's gonna be a quick moving section, I really think. Uh, the next is Flash. There's not a lot to these books. No, Flash the number thirty-three. We have going on is JLA, and if you could talk and about it's garbage. that, good for you. Well, wait till we get wait till on. we get to that. And I was gonna say at the beginning of that that it will be after this book. I was gonna say to you, listen, we ain't spending two hours on this. Like, we, we, there's what happens is to try to unravel the Steve Orlando mystery, the tapestry of garbage. Uh, it usually takes a lot. I don't want to do that. But before that, Eric, we're gonna have Flash 
number 33. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter, Hi-Fi, and Steve Wands. That is pretty much the button team. The button team's back, Eric. The Bats Out of Hell story starts here, and while I loved Harold Porter's art as usual, I am already getting metal tie-in fatigue, and this issue did not help at all. We get a whole lot of recap and just a little bit of story that DC thinks is enough to fool readers into spending way too much money on these books. I would rather have seen what Mina was up to in The Flash and then save my metal excitement for the real thing. And I was low on this. A lot of people actually really, really enjoyed this issue. I don't know why. I'm telling I, you, I'm getting re- – I'm like, like you, I'm getting really fatigued yeah. with these metal tie-ins just because we're dealing with so much. And, yes. like, we're not really moving anywhere. No, and, and really, this I'm is the like problem. you. I don't like Howard Porter's art. I know you don't like his art. I told you that that was the saving grace for me in this issue. And since you have never been a fan of Howard Porter's art, I only could imagine what you were going to give it. The worst part about Howard Porter's art in my mind is when you get small panels. And when you have this issue, you have a lot of small panels. When Uh, they're big, they look great. Like, I'm still not a huge fan of but I think they can at least look really good. I I just really like his art style. Well, it's, it's, uh, I wish now I can't even remember. It's, uh, there's another artist that we had, uh, the old. Old Teen Titans artist in the new 52. Oh, John Boy Meyer? Oh, wait, no, the Old Teen Titans The artist. Old Teen Titans. That I, I'll remember it some other time, and I'll bring it up, and I'll tell people. But it is an artist that I really like, and you hate with a passion. Kind of he ended up. What's that? Kenneth Rockford? Yeah, Kenneth Rockford. And I do, I do believe, to me, uh, Howard Porter's art is kind of reminiscent of that. And that's it's just a style I like. Uh, the problem I have with this and, and these things in general is we have had these delays in metal. We're not going to get another metal, proper metal book, metal for it, for another month or so, month and a half. Then after that, we're going to have to wait two more months to five. And I think that these delays in these things happening – and then you get this stuff thrown at you. To me, it always feels like we're getting metal light, and I want the real well, story. The I we're want get the some story. Metal light for a while, I think we have the Justice League tie-in coming next. And oh also yeah, the yeah. Next Hal we Jordan do. Green Lantern Corps. Oh yeah, this a is a whole thing. There. This is like again, but like Gotham Resistance, we had that, and we have now we're waiting longer between issues of metal. And like I, I'm telling you, these and are metal you, light. I didn't like the final product of Gotham Resistance, but at least that was a thing. It had its own brand <laughs> you know title funny? to it going in. You knew what, it was something that, different. This when I like, read you know, this, trying when, to do metal's yeah, work for it. When I got done this issue, I thought, boy, you know what? I, I kind of appreciate Gotham Resistance yeah. a little more because this just and just the whole fact of this. I I hate to say it, and this is me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely freaking wild. You know, loco in the cabeza, oh, Eric. Yeah. When you yes, when you have these things, you you end up going. Nothing can go that much. No, you can't get that much because no. metal's going to be doing the because story. You still have the main event. Yes. So anything that you think is going to be big here is going to be explained when we get to metal number four. So I I know there is one big thing in this issue, but it's not that big. Uh, well, we'll get in. I'm, I'm going to get right into it, ah. Eric. We get recap for five pages. That's where I'm going to get into it. We, we see that Flash is talking with a narration about what him and Superman and Steel going to, you know, do this thing with the, the tuning fork, the, the whole tower, the while you see little panels of, you see the Oblivion Bar, and, and you see these things going on, and it is nothing. This does not expand on the story whatsoever now something and my does favorite happen. part of this though it's this whole thing everyone else is scattered looking for like uh for uh what that was answers yeah and, but but only i can help send superman to find uh batman 
So yeah. Steele and I came here. I'm like, so only yeah. you can help. But yeah, Steel listen, yeah, yeah, Steele and Steele completely, motherfucker. Steele is is in this issue just to drop shade throughout the whole deal. But yeah, they're going. I like Batman. Yeah, so, yeah, really. <laughs> Superman goes off. He does go into the dark multiverse. We already know we this. Him. Yeah, we already know this. He's there. But then it, we're kind of getting the aftermath of him going. But really, the only aftermath we really get is that Cyborg kind of comes to. He he starts to message the Justice League. And obviously we had the whole deal where the Justice League went off with some other people. And the funny thing to me is this is one of those things that I, I – it makes me laugh in movies when you have – like I, I'm telling you, it happened in uh, with the Dewey Cox, the walk right. hard, where you have uh, Jack Black uh, as one of the – he's Paul McCartney. Listen, yeah. I'm Paul McCartney. And you have this in here where we already know that these characters have gone off. Now, maybe you're not reading metal, but I – I can't see why you'd read this and not have been reading metal, but you have the yeah. whole thing. It's like, hey, Wonder Woman's like, yep, me, Dr. Fate, and Kendra Saunders, we're here at the, you know, the Rock of Eternity. How are you doing, Hal Jordan? Well, Mr. Terrific and I are heading to the heart of the Hell, real Thanagar Empire. Say, Mr. Terrific guy and the Plastic Man Egg. Yeah, yeah, and then they go, hey, that's cool. What are you doing, Aquaman? Well, at least you're not saddled with the greedy pond scum like Deathstroke. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Hey, I'm right here. Oh, but you know what? If this helps out, I'll destroy Atlantis just to do it. I'm like, really? All right, you are, we're all caught there up. are ways to do this that aren't so goddamn forced. It just seems so goddamn hokey. But as this goes on, boom tubes kind of open up these kind of. Now, are these boom tubes? I don't know. They, they say they they're not cyborgs, like boom tubes. That bust through the wall. Yeah, that that's the problem. Tubes. They, they say boom. I and they, they come out, they they actually, the characters react to them thinking they are boom tubes, but they aren't cyborgs. And it and says interdimensional energy. They're dark. mechanical outline Yeah, they do have mechanical them. outline. Uh, the, to me, these are dark multiverse boom tubes probably created by the murder machine. That's the only way I, I can g- get it right in my mind, really. They seem to be dark, uh, you know, the dark multiverse version you. of boom tubes. So I, I'm, just, they, I'm looking at these. I'm like, they don't look anything like boom I know. tubes. Well, they end up sucking all of the people in. And then as this goes on, you have where we still, you have to realize you're still in the Fortress of Solitude where uh, Flash and Steel are. And a tube opens up a boom tube of whatever that is. And out comes two of the Dark Knights, the Murder Machine and the Devastator. You get the same dialogue that we always get with them. And it's always the, hey, I'm going to kill that one. Who cares? I killed him seven times in my world. It's just the same thing and yeah. they start fighting it's now. an all out brawl then yeah. because then you have the freak of the because obviously the freaking uh, the murder machine wants the man of steel and shit like that because of the whole like robotic mm-hmm. a- aspect of it so you yeah you have these characters come in and all it is is just a big ruse to get Flash to fucking run away into a yeah. fucking boom tube. Yeah, and as they do this, the, the other big thing is they destroy the tuna oh, yeah. tower. And it's done, and then that's where Flash is like, oh no, Batman I'm and Superman you, are trapped. I, I, it was so weird because you have this gigantic tuning fork. You know, it's it's this yeah. gigantic thing that when you see when you saw it in metal, it was a big deal to me because it, yeah. it, like, it, it immediately sticks out to what it is. It's so big. Yeah. And when you see Devastator just take it out... It's just like one page where he's crinkling one yeah. part of it. You know, yep. like he's apparently destroyed the whole goddamn thing, but I never got the idea because this thing should crush everyone. Yeah. And the whole big thing is that the it seems as if the Batman who laughs, uh, he wants it. He, because then Devastator says, I'll get it for you. I'll just destroy it and I'll rebuild it for him. Now, oh. I do want to pause for a second and say one of the things that I think that these tie ins have killed for me 
is where the fuck is Barbados? He is the big bad of this event, Eric. And do you know anything or seen anything of him? If as I far could, as I know, he is just chilling on top of challenges. He's just chilling. Looking all fucking and, and that's the and problem is if you would say to anybody, hey, who's the big bad? It's the Batman who laughs. It, it, that's all you can say because that's all we've seen. Yeah. We've just seen him going and he sends them there to get the tuning fork. You have this. And in the meantime, you do have the murder machine. Grabs, steals, ha- you know, the, the freaking hammer and, and bust it and things like that. And then, But then, like you said, a, a boom tube opens. Barry runs through. I don't even know how he's tricked because he's I like, hey, I'm going to go. And he runs. And do they open it up as he's running? But even then, he looks like he's bailing on steel. Looks like he just runs into it yeah. on purpose. It's like a boom tube opens. And he runs in and he goes, oh, oh no, they tricked me. Tricked again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this boom tube I know nothing about. Now, I didn't do it. I ran into it. Oh, good golly me. I'm in Central City. And he goes in. He ends up seeing Wally and iris and this to me this scene i think it's so hokey but i also think that this little bit is the thing that they think joshua is like i gotta put something in here so that the flash fans who may not be reading metal will like so he goes in you see the old iris and, and uh wally kid because flash wally deteriorated by the yeah. freaking wake of and, the red and, death yep they're there and you have Barry hug Iris and she says, listen, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to kill Thawne. I'm sorry I killed Thawne. And he's like, okay, I know, I know. I won't let another moment pass without you. I also get you out uh, of Central City. And then I think he's like, you old bitch, I'm out. I'm like, he's like, wait a second. I'll be right. I'll be back in a second. Because as he's there, I don't know, a a big pit opens up that he falls into. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the, in the end, all roads lead back to the darkness that we did see uh, with Superman and Metal 3. And uh, and we've seen throughout. But while this is going on, you see these visions of all this stuff happening. And it ends up like he actually seems to say, like later, like, huh, Superman told me he had horrific visions in Metropolis that showed him losing over and over again. Was that supposed to be those little fucking things there that this oh, is what we're going? Because it's no. stuff we saw in these alternate futures. Yes, it doesn't make sense. And, then and even then, in the reverse Flash costume, shaking hands with Captain Cold, I'm like, yeah, okay. That, uh. that and you, you even have the whole thing where Superman was in that, you know, tower, hooked up to the tower while that was happening. And and it was a week that he did. This seems yeah. like Barry falls in for three seconds, and then it's just like it's such oh, a God, quick thing to go. Mind. Oh my goodness! And lands in like a negative space. It seems, and that's where the like, Justice League is as well. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know either. And you have this the ground here. opens up, and you fall into complete darkness. Yep. And, and the other big thing here is that they were separated from the metal people that they were hooked up to. But even then, they're they're there. They they don't seem to be together. That wherever. They they are and cyborg gets a hold of him he's like listen i'm trying i'm trying so hard to keep talking to you but everything uh, is being taken to gotham barbados wants the four you four together it's bad he wants you know you, you got to get out of here you got to go and as they are going on you hear hey everything is going to be okay and that's where you think what is barry stupid yes. is he that dumb because there's how how goes cyborg you're breaking up in there damn the darkness is here is impenetrable and he's trying to light with it with his ring and don't worry how and barry hears it and says bruce oh my god it's so good to hear 
is he a moron? I'm, I'm asking you again. He is because we've now seen. So and the don't... thing is, I, the thing is, Cyborg says he wants these four to be together, being Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Flash. Yeah, but they are not together. They no. are all in their That's own what individual I don't understand. dark multiverse. Yeah, they're all in their dark caves. multiverse. And I have caves. to imagine now, since Barry was in Central City, that's where he was taken. The Batcave of the Red Death is underneath Central City, yeah. and you know, like how Jordan's would be underneath Coast City, Amity, Amnesty Bay, or whatever. All of the correlating Batcaves to the characters, so I don't know why they would say that they're together. Yeah, no, they're not, and it's just it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's where Barry's like, on oh, it's the Batman who laughs, who's saying that we know his font, so we know. But yeah. even then, you see, and they say, you know, hey, wouldn't it be cool if every Batman, you know, Batman, when I and we do get a little bit of a background of the Batman who laughs, but it's nothing new. No, it's, it's a it's Batman. The same no, thing. it's the whole thing where he made a contingency plans for the Justice, and just then like pretty much Batman killed him. Did, yeah. and somehow he then killed them all. Yeah, he killed him. But he's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there were seven Bruce? Swains that put their heads together what horror we could be capable of and then I'm thinking like it'd be funny he's like you know what would be cool six Bruce Waynes and one Bryce Wayne we, we get Bryce we'll let you come in you're not Bruce Wayne you're Bryce but yeah. you know all the horrors and basically they have set up separate murderous bat caves designed with each of you in mind so it looks like for the rest of this it's going to be battle royale to get out of these it's almost like the gauntlets for exactly. each of them so it seems to me versus Red Death Green Lantern yeah. versus Dawnbreaker uh, the murder, I mean, um, the drowned versus Aquaman and yeah. the merciless versus Wonder Woman. Yep. There you go. There's then your story. There you and I guess and these are what our next tie-ins are going to be for and that's all what these I goddamn would think. issues. That's what I would think that the issues are now going to be them fighting back. At the very end, they'll be like, oh my god, you'll see Hal going like, how did I get here? Oh my god, we're in the heart of Thanagarian space again. Hey there, Mr. Terrific. How you doing? Like, y- you have a, it's just... <sighs> yeah, I just don't know how people really enjoyed this. It, I don't the know art, how either. And the I like the art. We got you back don't. to this whole thing, though, is that we're just dealing with what we had for the individual issues at the end before Dr. Fate, where these these dark Batman, they kicked the shit out of our heroes. Yeah. Now we're going to do it one-on-one. Now on we're going to do it all you know, again. Yeah. How's it going to fucking be any different? But, like, I can't see that last page with all of them, uh, you know, with the, the Batman who laughs in the middle. I think that looks so good. I just – I like how reporters are. But even with that, Eric – Fuck you five. I gave this a fuck you five because it is unnecessary. Uh, it, it, it didn't infuriate me to the point where d- rules were changed necessarily. Uh, but like you said, at one point they're like, they're taking you four back to Gotham. <laughs> they, they took a detour. It's almost as if you keep seeing that the Batman who laughs may be the big bad and Barbanos, he's going to get fucked uh, you know, at the end by him or whatever because it doesn't look like he has any control over any of these Dark Knights. No. And they are now just going to go run the gauntlet of their their you know counterparts, the Dark Multiverse Batman counterparts. And I, I'm not that interested in that. Uh, we get enough nonsense from these one-shots with the Dark Knights. And I don't need is, this. I'm telling you, I really like the Merciless this week, but for the most part, they have been been really lackluster in my mind but yeah it's such a weird thing where we have this thing because we know that all of this is going to be covered in metal number four when it finally yeah. comes out yep but we I got said this it my coming reveal. in and when like the first like couple pages were all recap of what we already read i'm like you know what's fucked up i'm going into this flashbook dealing with this huge event and all i want to do is go back and have joshua williamson tell me about the reverse speed yeah. force yeah i want that <laughs> the negative speed force, like, negative speed still, force yeah, yeah. That, the other thing though i said in my my blurb there that. I actually, for once, I, if you remember when we talked about uh, Flash uh, a couple weeks ago, I wasn't a huge fan of the last issue. I haven't been a huge fan of Joshua Williamson's run, uh, to be quite honest. 
But he finally got you. You enjoyed the setup with Iron Heights. We mm-hmm. like to have the beginning when he was running around with Wally, and that then we ended up part. with Mina. Like, oh shit! It's oh, it, you know Barry Van. Right. And now you have this then. What the, the fuck? And it's such a weird it just thing to go slams the from brakes. that last issue where we're dealing with fucking Mina. We have fucking yeah. Wally and Flash come back. So together. many things we, we happening. We can deal with the negative speed force, and now it's just Flash normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, no mention of negative speed force at all in this. It's just not. If they would have done something and put that somehow that negative speed force gives him some extra power against this dark multiverse, I'd give him full kudos. But boy, yeah. he is just right back to normal right here. But what would you give it? I'm telling you, I don't want to give it a fuck you. Five, I know you want to go like lower, California. don't you? No, I really don't because. I don't know. It's it's this big event. It is a tie-in, and Joshua Williamson had his hands tied because it's like it wasn't his idea. He had, he had to freaking do what he had to do. And for that, I, I had to do give it, at Eric. least a five point three out of ten. Fuck you, five, Eric. I, gave I, I don't want to give it a fuck I you, went five. With it. I'm so. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I get so depressed when I look at the uh, comic book roundup, and I get depressed seeing that my scores are all lower than anyone's. But I also get depressed seeing that people give things tens, like like it's goddamn Halloween giving out candy, Eric. But it's, it's a useless issue, and to have this freaking us inter, like inner like um and I can't think of the fucking word, but just stop everything that we're dealing with, with the Flash right now to yeah. deal with the story that's not in our current continuity of the Flash is just fucking no, nonsense. It's just stupid. But we're gonna move on to stupid. Stupid is a stupid does, Eric. I heard that once. I think and we're stupid for reading this. Here comes the next one. Here we go. And Brandon, strap in because you're going to enjoy this. Because yeah, Brandon hates the JLA book, but somehow loves listening to us bitch and moan about. About it, Justice League of America number seventeen, huh? written by Steve Orlando, art by Evan Rice, Julio Ferrer. Do we call it written? Oh, oh Clara Albert. Uh, no, I, yeah, written. I, I have to just default to that. I, I don't even want to get. I'm so depressed. Marcella Mayala and Clayton Cowles, Eric. I, I just feel bad for Clayton Cowles having to be the one who actually types out this shit, and then probably feels guilty. He probably has PTSD or, uh, you know, some sort of remorse that, that he's letting these words hit the page. Steve Orlando finishes up his Panic in the Microverse story, and he should be ashamed of the garbage that he's passing off as a big story. Whole thing just ends, and we don't get Ray Palmer back. Bullshit, Eric. The art is okay. This book is a fucking embarrassment. Uh, Again, these are the sort of things that when we talk about books like this, I always have in the back of my mind, this will be the last week that we get review copies because how bad bad we hate these things. I can't help it. Every time I put a Batman review out there, ever since I I took over Batman, I think it's going to be the last week we're going to fuck. I just and I hopefully that will never happen. Hopefully, hopefully. you know that they, they respect the honesty, Eric. I don't know what's going on in this issue. This was supposed to be one of the biggest stories to be wrapped up from that Rebirth special. I mean, this is a continuation of the Rebirth special story of the Adam. This is a huge deal. This is something that was set up by Jeff Johns to go forward. One of the reasons why it seems even this JLA book even came about was to end this story and get it going and all this. And I'll just tell you, if you're not reading it, uh, number one, you end the story no 
no better than where you started it because Ray Palmer decides to stay in the microverse. So right away, I'm fucking furious. Why did we even deal with this thing? And the thing Be- is, too, like you said in the beginning that you like the art. The art's okay. No, I said it was okay. okay it's I, not I, I Ivan Rice's best. I wish I could say it was okay. It's just that because of that, like like individually where things aren't happening, it looks yeah. okay. As yeah. soon as something is, has oh, to happen. Oh, there's some confusing progression, progressions. I don't know what's no, going on. No, I don't either. I, I am like, a fan. start off and you see that all is shrinking the rest of the JLA besides you don't even, Ray and you Ryan. You can't even tell. Why is he gigantic I don't compared know. to Ray and Ryan? I don't or know. Or it's just a fuck. Maybe he's I'm not. a fan of Ivan Rice. I really like Ivan Rice's art. This whole Panic in the Microverse, his issues, they've been off. They really haven't been great. I can only think that he got the script and he's like, why, why should I fucking, well, he's you not know. trying. Why yeah, why I? am I trying? Yeah, he isn't. But yeah, you start off, you have Null, who is odd, if you don't know, but we'll go and call him Null from, okay, from here on out, as he says. Right. So he's there and he's like, hey, thank you, Justice League. Until Brian appeared with you for I'd all but lost hope. He says, I, we saw last issue. He was at the ignition point when Ray hit his belt, teleported him out from there. And he says, I wouldn't have been able to return the ignition point without you guys. And then he says, listen, my teleporter, I could not repair that. Somehow that broke on my belt. But yep. I still could shrink. Now, right there, he saw last issue. We all saw that how they got to the ignition point was not through they teleportation. He shrunk down and fucking rode on goddamn light he rays. He shrunk down and with, rode on light rays. Like, the he, the molecules light. at the speed of light, he could have done that immediately. He could have went because what they did was shrunk down, looked at the cracks that were in the, the microverse that led to the ignition point. It was like a map to the ignition point. They jumped on the molecules, the light molecules and off they went. Had nothing to do with teleportation. Once nope. again, Steve Orlando forgot what the fuck he wrote in the last issue. It makes no sense that he couldn't have went back on his own. But then he's like, hey, I got shrinking technology and it works fine. You know, hey, there you go. I'm taking you off the board. And he shrinks down the Killer Justice Frost, League of America, the rest of them. And you get a hokey explanation. Oh, he couldn't shrink us because we had on the belt. Well, about five pages later, Ryan shrinks down Ott, who has on the belt. So it it makes no sense. Hold on. Before we even get on to that, I want to know because I think there's a fucked up history of the Ray Palmer that we don't know. It's like our belts protected us from shrinking, but Ott's is primitive. Like my first, back when I was, like I, if I shrunk other people, they'd explode. How many people has Ray Palmer killed? Well, that's what he says. Here's the thing. He says he's talking about that. And I laugh because the, the way he spells it out with this belt it is nonsense. It doesn't even – it's not even real English to me because he says, our belts protect us from shrinking, but aughts is primitive, like my first, back when if I shrunk other people. And then that's, that's where – If I shrunk other he people, says that. No, dot, that's dot, the dot, thing. It isn't. That's where I think that you're, you're – uh, the art is killing you because it's Ryan who yells, they'd explode. And he's talking about – I think that he's talking about the, uh, the Justice League. I'm because saying, it's, though, it's Ryan. He's like, back when if I shrunk other people and he finished, they'd explode. Yeah, like, but he, I think Palmer he's just stopped them. And he said, I think, actually, I think he's just interrupting them. And they'd explode. We need to get them back to normal size. I don't think Ryan's talking about all these Ray other people. Ray has killed so many people. No, still, it's just, what does that even mean? What, what, it, I'm telling you. So you go and you have the Justice League, little small, their little small little Justice League. And they're I'm watching. And they're watching. And basically, ought Punches, or I'll go with not. Let's go, Ott. I hate this. No, he punches Ryan in the face. 
That means that everybody's out of commission so that he can start up his machine again. It doesn't make sense. What are you doing, oh, Ray Palmer? Yeah, what is Ray doing? Why is he just sitting there? And you had Ryan who just, he got punched. He has a helmet on. He punched him in the helmet. And they're just like, oh, my God. I guess we can't do anything now while he starts that machine. And oh, again, no. The machine. What is he doing with that machine? Somehow he's using telepathic powers to build yeah, this thing I don't know. out of pieces? Yeah, that's what it seems. And then you have the, uh, again, you have uh, Aut Yell, the ignition point cracked reality like glass. We, we, are we going to stop with this? But yeah, he starts it up. It, it is going. And this is where, oh, no, he activated something. Uh, no, you know what he just activated. <laughs> we dealt with all this, and that's where Ray says, "Oh, he—he he, the last device intensified microversal decay. He modified my deep scanner with the same tech. It just doesn't make any goddamn wow. sense." So they're there, and this is where you have the good doctor, Eric, and that is Ryan, who says, "Like maybe you're looking at it all wrong, but you tell me about it while I sneeze." Okay, you're looking at it all wrong. See, we have to bring it down to like you know. To the point, I, I, you know what? I can't fucking break it down. I'm you back to fucking... save you, Eric. I just he's, he basically what you had was that stupid Mozgov stuff, and he's like, listen, know. Uh, you it know what happened down, before? It's all about to, perspective, yeah, to Jim. me, it's Ryan just like, huh, you know what? I got smaller before and shit worked out, so I'm gonna do it again. And now I'm angry again because he's like, listen, I think we, I have to go smaller. I have to go smaller, Ray. It's such and a Ray weird goes, idea because yeah. we go, we go to like a, to the smallest point he could possibly get. Anybody's ever been? Yes. Where the break is the smallest it is, but yep. in the freaking when in the larger realm of the microverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, this is a gigantic thing. I would think even before this quantum storms. Ryan says, I'm gonna go smaller. Ooh. Ray, who must see that it's weeping white dwarf energy. You know, he says smaller. Why would you say it's weeping white yeah, dwarf your energy? Your belt is wh- – because that's what we've been led to believe all this time. No, and it seems like he weeping. just knows. I, he just knows. But here's the worst part. Your, your belt, it's weeping white dwarf energy. You can't. Your belt would rupture. Now, I, you put me in place. I'm Ryan right now. Here's the next line. Give me yours then. Yeah. Ray has Please. a belt. Ray has a working belt. And he just says, you can't do that. It'll rupture. And Ryan, I have to do it, Professor. You know now, what, first Ryan? Off, I don't think Ray's the hero you've made him out to yeah, be. First off, we've seen Ray or Ryan already go down the Moscow. You know he's not going to die, so there's no tension. But Ray has a working belt. Yep. He has this belt. And even if – I have – actually, it was funny because when he said this, I'm like, wait a second. Does, does Ray have a belt? I got to make sure. So I go back to look and, yeah, I get past – a bunch of panels don't show it. But later on, he uses the belt to shrink down him and kill a frost. So he definitely has a yep. belt. But there you go. You have Ryan go up. He he dog pounds onto Ott and either just – shrinks aught with him or activates aught's belt as well i'm not sure but he goes and up next thing you know he's getting a piggyback ride from aught and shrinks him down the progression of this is awful you don't know what's going on yeah and then when they're in the micro you know the micro micro verse he steals the belt and you have you know almost there there oh no where are they killer you know he brings back the jla and they're like oh my god where is he uh palmer Where's Ryan? And that's where you see they are in the microverse. You have Ryan steal Ott's belt, 
and then basically tries to spell out to him, look, it, it, it's not broken. Look, everything's just this small little crack. If you go down, the crack's really small, and we can fix it, though. And he, he, this is where he says uh, – his. this is the explanation. No, when he's like, hey, this is impossible because he's like, listen, the ignition points decay can be stopped. Oh, no, it's like, no, that's impossible. And he goes, no, a possible theory. Like, that, I love the progression. That's I, impossible. I just don't get this whole thing because we yeah. shrink down to get to this tiny little – like. He like just wants said, to a show hole yeah. in glass. A bullet hole in glass. This tiny little goddamn thing in the micro, micro, microverse that we could stop it. Why are we shooting a goddamn giant machine with energy up into the sky that's going to help the decay of the microverse? That's what he. I, I, don't know. I don't know, thing. but that's what he seems to be wanting to I know, widen I don't it. Understand he wants to it, widen though. it with that machine. It's just a hokey machine, but Ryan explains it to me, and I was glad because I was a little confused. And when he says this, you know, it, it, it clears everything up. The military has reactive armor that deadens attacks with counter explosions. The ignition point seems big, but from down here, it's just energy blasting out of a tiny point. And I've got a bio belt that's about to rupture. Oh, really? And then <laughs> Aud just yells, Ryan. thousands of deaths, the immensely more, they'll die. And then Ryan says, no, but billions of more will live, and that's what we're going to do. We're, it's a win here smaller than anyone will ever see. And then he's like, but greater than you'll ever know. And then I don't know what happens. I have no idea, and I really would love somebody to tell me because well, then it because, looks. Because you know, Ryan, he shrinks down even smaller to become yeah. you know, so the ignition point is larger than himself. Like, yeah. And as he's about to go into the ignition point itself, and what is he going to do? Is he going to plug it up show. with this goddamn? But where? What? Did, what? What happened to Aunt? I He's still sub level. Well, no, he's, still, he's still sub level. That's what I'm saying. But with this, this point. he just yells, "No, Choi, no, no!" And then you have Ryan shrink down. And then all of a sudden, he's like you said, he's about to go in this fucking bullet hole in a plane of uh, pane of glass. And Ray and Killer Frost, who he has decided to shrink down and and put her in more and more jeopardy, go and grab him. And then all of a sudden, the machine on the ignition point seems to either blow up or activate. Who knows? Uh, but I think yet, it blows up. I think it does. But then all of a sudden, Ray, Ryan, and Killer Frost come out. And they're like, we, we did it, it. Caitlin. We, we did, did it. it, Ryan. We did. And then what Ray says, do, all reality saved, Batman. Not bad, right? Uh, what happened? I don't know what. Basically, was it just to shut off the machine? I no, mean, the, the machine. The machine was every, right there. Yeah, and the machine was just trying to get it going more. The whole place was coming apart anyway. This doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. And then that's where you get. The, I, I'm telling you, the jump in logic here. Plus, Batman. All of a sudden, Ivan Rice thinks that Batman's eating a little too many fucking hoagies or something. He's, he's got, got a, a fat face. He's got a fat thing. fucking this time. He has got like a triple chin. And it's like, hey, what was down there? And Ray's like, a wound shot through in our universe. Ryan stopped its blast wave. When? And then, huh? And then Batman just goes, something punched a hole in our universe? Where are you getting like a this? Shotgun from blast. The, the energy was concentrated yeah. here, but the blast pattern has begun spreading out at light speed since it appeared. Look up. It's amazing, isn't it? Something didn't do, like, something didn't just punch a hole. Something came through. Yeah, and then you see it. It's a big hand, and it looks like it would be Dr. Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan. And it's, it, really? But That's just what, the energy emulate, like you know, yeah. the energy signature of when he did yeah. this. At and some point. this seems like that's what they're looking up at. It's just they're like, look at it. It's amazing. I'm like, what? What? You just it'd somehow, be fun. like this hand was there all along. It seems exactly. to me, and they just somehow, didn't notice the ignition point, which was like a pinprick in the micro, micro, micro. They see this. 
That's what freaking came through, but somehow yeah. it emanated out at light speed and it's this gigantic just fucking nonsense. hand in the microverse, like overhead in the cosmos. Yeah, so we don't understand. And then they go back to Moscow, the thinking planet. Eric, and when they get there, you see Ray meets up with Prion. It's like Prion. And then Prion says to her, or him, careful, Raymond Palmer. I just survived a stasis blast. I'm not unsore. She's still who, learning English. Who so. writes this? And then he's like, I can think of a cure for that. He means penis, Eric. That's what he means. I don't know. I don't know. And then he pulls down his pants. She's like, I thought the atom was small, but Jesus Christ. And, and she, she goes, was eh. right. No, and then she goes to Moscow and prays, <laughs> prays for more. But yeah, then you have Ryan. And now we're going to go back and forth. This is like a roller coaster ride of emotions of, you lied to me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. You're right. You shouldn't have. But you're great, right? No. You know what, Ryan? You're <laughs> even. Better. Hey, I can't be the atom without you. But what I I thought I She's was going back to Newton Base. It just goes back and forth. Hey, I guess, and it's so funny. Well, like you guys suck each other dick. Yeah, yeah I know. And you have Ryan there, and it's almost like, golly gee, guess it's back to Newton Base for me. And he's like, listen. I know that, you know, you'll be like Cyborg. It's kind of like monitor duty for the Atom. <laughs> oh, shucks. I thought I'd be a little bit more. But that's where Ray's like, no, you know what? You showed me more. And plus, if I go back up to our world, I'm going to I'm gonna owe my wife way too I much money. I have an ex-wife favorites. who is getting me. She is suing the shit out of me right now. I um, think I'm so going to stay. She could kill somebody, Ryan. Yeah, she is so angry. She really could kill somebody and you know what while i see you i'm going through a bit of an identity crisis so i I think that i want to stay down here and yeah he's just like i'm gonna stay down here you know what here here you go bada bing bada boom you're the adam here's your outfit there Where did that go. suit come from? I don't know. I don't know. It and almost reminded me. Why did you trade up your suit, which has a badass helmet and a freaking glass shield in front of it, for a regular know. just the Adam costume that Ray wears? And it's funny because he presses the button and it like comes out of there. So I, I see it come out. The problem is, again... You have Ryan, who is still weeping white dwarf energy, Eric, and, and he's going to die soon. I, I think he has cancer already from this, but really, he gets the, the suit, and then they're just like, hey, uh, Batman's like, oh, hey, Ray, you're staying? Yeah, I'm going to repair all this, because really, the best part of this, they still didn't solve all the problems. <laughs> the microverse is still a shambles, so he's going to try to help it out. Plus, he, he has Prion, who is not going to sue him. But then you have to throw out. He's like, you know what? I was there, and I was I was working. You know, I, this whole thing with this microverse, Batman, I know that you thought it was very important. But while this was going on, I was also researching other things. That wasn't the most important thing I had going on. And I saw this Dr. J. Abrams. You know, he was oh, from Angor. <laughs> like, it, it's Blue Jay. It, it's, it's a shrinking hero, huh? a legacy guy, Blue why? Why the are you doing is, this? Jim, if you remember, back in the first arc of JLA, <laughs> Angor. Blue Jay got away yeah, yeah. from freaking it, uh, from it's just nonsense. Havoc? It's nonsense. It is complete and <laughs> utter nonsense. He's like, yeah, you if know, you Angor. Think, I'm telling you, it's been so long now. And I, when reading this issue, I didn't yeah. even think about it until we're talking right now. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, Blue, yeah, Jay. Blue Jay. He got away. There was like a freaking little epilogue scene where you saw freaking Blue Jay. Yeah, tell, like, he, he shrunk down into the microverse. And he shrunk down into the microverse. nobody's going to remember this. No. There it is, Blue Jay. <laughs> He's like, I found Dr. J. Abrams' nano journal. And then that's where uh, it's funny, too, because he mentions Angor, and Batman's like, Angor is another universe. We know it. 
is that street slang for Batman? You know it, baby. That's Angor. And then, and it's funny. He's like, Angor is another universe. We know it. And then Ray's like, that that might make sense. <laughs> what is going on? But he says he's the theory is that the microverse might connect to the multiverse itself. Just like the Phantom Zone connects to the dark multiverse, yeah, Jim. Fucking, Come on. It's like the fucking knee bone connects to my goddamn brain, and it's fucking killing me. But yeah, then remember, they're starting to when talk. The multiverse was important. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. No, I remember when when the Justice League of America might have been considered important. But yeah, then Ray just decides to give us a little lesson on Earth. The largest organism is a fungus the size of 1,665 football fields, but we all seem like mushrooms on the surface. Okay. But yeah, the, and then Batman doesn't, uh, you know, listen and says, Ray, Angor isn't my only reason brought you a parallel. They're just throwing shit at each other at this point. He says, I found the button. Uh, Johnny, you're, they're talking about all this, and all I care about from the rest of the issue is f- what Lobo has to do in this thing, because all, all he keeps trying to do is touch people with this little baby yeah, hand. with this little throwing. baby hand. But yeah, he's like, hey, I want you to see if there's a tie-in from the microverse into the multiverse. See what you can find out. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Then we go back to the sanctuary. You have one of the weirdest interactions between Batman and Vixen, where he's basically like, hey, Vixen, you know, I'm proud you're there. Uh, you really thought you are going to burn down the place, but he says it in a weird deal. He goes, thank you, Vixen. Good to see it didn't burn up down here. It didn't. Actually, he says, good to see it didn't burn down up here. What what are you talking about? What what, what the fuck are you That's talking about? That's microverse humor, Jim. I, I guess. And that he's you sound surprised, Bruce. And you're absent one lost scientist. Yeah, he stayed down there. And then they shake hands. <laughs> What's going what on? What is this shaking hands? I shit? don't know. Because he's like, oh, he stayed. And then that's where uh, Vixen says, listen, there's a lot to talk about. Afterthought hasn't stopped. He appears and disappears without a trace. And the best thing to me is you were getting those interludes where we we're seeing this and at we the beginning totally of this. Stopped. And they stopped because they were boring shit and i think that steve orlando forgot or got bored with those and moved on uh in the meantime you have uh canary yelling at fucking lobo hey nice baby arm made man yeah i think it's more adolescent lady and then it you just have keep trying to touch people with yeah, it and then you you have the ray go hey nice suit and then uh it's a little tight I, it's just so stupid but yeah you get the whole thing with the might in the mirror might be on the mirror where vixen says the might be on the mirror is summoning herself with each wish she grants then she's in for some bad news mari and they shake hands because then, then she's, summoned she's us. summoning us too and then we go off to the ghost zone erica which oh, the, ghost is, zone. the ghost zone i just i i don't know what mailman is coming to that mailbox because there is mail in there. You got the flag up. There's mail werewolf to be collected. Mailman will get there. Is it werewolf mailman or is it you know poltergeist mailman? I don't understand. But yeah, you see, you see, talk. You realize one is afterthought. Afterthought's talking to somebody who is basically saying, you know, Midnighter destroyed us both. But I talked to them. Might be on the mirror. They're giving me some wishes. I'm getting our bodies back. We're gonna have some fun. That's the best part. Like you know, like. So when the mic visited me, me here, it's in self-induced coma and offered me a wish. I knew exactly what it was. Yeah. A fresh body, a fresh bread. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She said yeah. a wish. Yeah, a wish. Give wish. me a fresh body. And then, and then he's the like, wish yeah. is over there. So he comes back retarded because yep. his brain was dead. It's so good because he says he gets a fresh body, a fresh brain, and a fresh chance to give like, justice. This is a, a memento mori. wishes, motherfucker. I know. He doesn't. Right? The first wish, he wished for 10 more wishes. That's what yeah. everybody would do, right? And then he says, now a new Justice League dares to say it fights with people? Is that? Do you think that's another typo? It has to be fights for the people. 
why would he say that the Justice League dares to say it fights with people? I don't know. For how bold it is, I think it was meant. Yeah, because with is bold. Is this supposed to be like the with people is supposed to be him saying like they're not all metahumans because some, well, some of them are, are going to fight with, with people? Them. I, and he's, that it has no secrets, that it listens, that it is no period, greater period lie. And then they're going, hey, what's next? He's like, you know what? If they want to be public, then fine. We're going to call for a public execution. And you see it's Prometheus. And if you were reading the Midnighter book, that may get you excited, though Midnighter's not in this book. So you know what I mean? It is Steve Orlando. It is one of his characters that he was into. He didn't create him, but it was one of the things. He recreated him for his series. He did it for his deal. This is part of the Orlando verse. And if you don't know, it was a lover of Midnighter who was just playing him to be able to betray him, and Midnighter really went to town on him. So when he did did. say that he dreamed or wished for a new body, brain, you know, all that, uh, that is from what Midnighter did. The problem is you would want to think that, you know, maybe Steve Orlando would want to wait a little to see if maybe Midnighter shows up in some other book or whatever where Prometheus could come there I just imagine now that the Wildstorm's out there, Midnighter's a no-go. Yeah, yeah, so he's just going to throw it out there. But even that, I'm like... Really? That, that's what we're ending with now, Prometheus? And it's, it's just nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. This book sucks. The art isn't it, – it's not enough to keep it going. I used, like oh. We said it before. It, it is very rough, and it does not tell the story well. There's some bad progressions and all that sort of deal. And because of that, Eric, I gave one of my lowest scores I have in it. Now, I'll tell you, a younger, angrier Jimmy Werner back when the the site started probably would have given this a one. I, Jimmy I Werner can't... in his mid forties would have given this a one. But yeah, Jimmy yeah. Werner, Jimmy Werner is, in his early eighties gave it a three out of ten. Uh, I I could I don't know I don't even know what I can appreciate from this, but I give I'm it a three t- out of ten. I can appreciate the panels with like if you're just standing around and talking, everyone looks great. But as soon as anybody has anything to do, there's yeah. any movement involved. Everybody has fat apart. faces. Like Ryan or Ray even looks like a big fat so it just doesn't make sense and Batman Jesus Christ guy's got a triple chin uh, go on what, what would you give it I give it a three out of ten as well yeah, it's that I, bad. I had such a goddamn problem understanding the story and it, it all fell apart because it didn't make any sense for no anything and then at saying, the end it, it, it didn't no mean real anything resolution and just it didn't to mean anything Doctor Manhattan hand at the end. Yeah, basically they went in the microverse to get Ray Palmer and didn't even come out with him and they, they, nothing. Nothing happened. It just nothing. But the last book of this section. How the fuck did he fix the ignition point? What did he no. do? Why didn't he get Ray's belt? I don't understand. Ah, uh, yes. Even the start at the beginning where you pointed out one of the biggest things was when they said that they needed, they couldn't just shrink people down. They needed the shrink ship because you can't shrink people down, but then use the belt to shrink them down into the into shrink ship. Into the shrink ship, ship yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just that that started the nonsense. But here is a book that I do not think is nonsense, though I think this issue was a little down, but then we'll get into it of why I think so. It's the third issue of a Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why. It's basically, I know it, there isn't, you know, a middle issue in a six issue deal. The, the issue three usually is, and I'll, I'll, I'll warn you, usually issue four is as well. It's usually yeah. the issue three and four, you have a lot of setup to get to the final two issues, and you see that here. Uh, but Nightwing New Order, number three, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Trevor McCarthy, Dean White, and Clayton Cowles. Nightwing New Order continues, and while I thought this issue was a bit down, it does give us some much-needed progression and setup. We see Dick gather his forces, or gather his wits, and head off to save his son, but the cliffhanger showing some much-needed allies is the moment that 
that had me excited. Eric, I did want to get that into that on the blur because I was going to explain why, and you already did. The issue number three, it's kind of you're, you're now set in the story. We had the first two issues to kind of get our heads around. We had the big conflict of last issue where Alfred died and uh, Jake got taken. Obviously, Dick was as well. So now we're going to set up what's going forward. And the big thing that's set up here is it is Kate Kane, Batwoman, who is the kind of going to be the big bad, it, it seems. seems like, yeah, I'm telling you, they've set up the big bad of the story. We at, By the end, we've set up freaking Dick's allies. And we yeah. even had Tim Drake in there for a little bit to give him yep. like a little bit of rest and the yeah. recon he needed to find out where Jake yeah. was. So it's like moving our story along, but at a, not a very interesting piece no, because no, it's not and, like and a lot of cool stuff happening. I'm, that's why. I, and but I will give Kyle Higgins credit because y- you can kind of see the story setting up. So it's not that I was mad, but it just it was a shame because I it's thought that this kind of yes, really cool I thought this was right a lull. And what you get is Dick Grayson obviously has been captured, and you have Brady, the guy who actually killed Alfred. He's there, and he's you know he calls oh, off that whole to Brady. Kate, and all of a sudden you see Kate, and you're like, okay, she's involved. Eh, it makes sense, you know. Know what I mean? And she's even yeah. there. She has her costume behind her in a case and stuff like that. Gets word that Dick has been brought in. We have him. Jake's been brought in as well. He's the, the techs are dealing with him. But by the way, Alfred kind of got killed You know, while this was going on. He's gone. And she does seem upset. I like the way the art is. I don't think that Trevor McCarthy, I don't think this was a strong a issue for him as well yeah. as the first two but I really like this panel with Kate where he says, Brady says, you know, hey, you know what, Pennyworth, he's gone. And she has this look on her face. And I'm telling you, you could tell me that that's a look of being upset or that's a look of, oh, shit, you know, things might get worse from here exactly. because of this. Okay, this might oh, cause us. Yeah, that's, and that's why that I point, really like, liked it. Make sure Dick has whatever he needs, but yeah. do not do anything yeah. because you have just fucked things and up I now. Really like, you crossed the line. Things are only going to get yes. worse from here on and out where, if you do anything. Where I thought thought there was a little bit off and i'll just say it now because it's something later once she hears this when she hears pennyworth is gone to me she better immediately find out if they have eyes on all the robins and anybody who's out and about that was connected to alfred because this whole world seems like it's on a tipping you know the scales are tipping either way that shit can go wrong and it the Robins obviously aren't medicated. They have no way that they can go to Tim Drake and say, hey, Tim, by the way, you're arrested. You know, he doesn't have powers. So no. those those are the people who I think at that point when you hear Pennyworth, if Damien's out there, well, whoever's out there, I would right, think that they'd no be like – We have no idea what's going on Jason no, we don't. at this point. And I would, I would love to have them said like, you better get eyes on these other Robins because if they find out that Alfred's been killed by our people – shit is going to go wrong like this now we're going to have a, a fucking war on our hands so they don't do that but you do have her say don't engage with dick grayson don't do it make sure he's comfortable you know if he's hungry get him some food get him a whopper a, a yeah, double right. whopper even eric even a double whopper but don't engage with him brady right away is like fuck this and goes to talking you know Kate's he is not going to tell me and, what to do i'm going to go fucking, yeah and then, here right now i'm in charge God, I started laughing and coughing because I'm thinking that you have this whole thing where Dick goes into this facility and, you know, you don't think he could get out or whatever. But, you know, you're waiting for that moment or what you get the hint of what he's going to do to get out. The minute that Brady's like, screw that and goes in, you're like, 
yep, there it is. It's Brady. He is done. You know what the and- weirdest part is, like, going into this whole scene, though, because I want to say it's like he fucked up right away by going in and not closing the door. But if you look at the last panel, part, the door's already yeah, open. He's yeah. just sitting there with an yep. open door. Yeah, door so door what door. happens is, is basically it's going to happen, you, seem, you think, anyway. But yeah. Brady's going to be there to get punched, especially in the eye. He gets it. But, yeah, you have this thing where I, I thought it was pretty good because we've said in this thing, Dick Grayson's a hypocrite. He has put a lot of people in stasis. He has put people's loved ones in stasis. And he even argued with Alfred. Alfred didn't agree with it. Dick's like, no, that's what you have to do. That's what we do. You know, we, we talked about this, whatever. And he even brings it up to Brady. He's like, you know, you're not going to let, you're not going to let this happen. I need my son to not go in stasis. You understand. He's like, no, no, I don't understand. I understand. That my father's in stasis and I helped you put him there. You know, you can't just decide who gets put in and not because they're related to you. That's what the world needs. Yep. And then he says, you know, maybe we are better without you, you washed up superhero. And then he's like, huh, and that's where, you know, Dick pick you see him picking his hit the oh, yeah. lock on one his, good thing uh, we did things. go we skipped over a little bit just because it, it was cool in my mind is that and if you're wondering michael holt didn't rat you out yeah, you know we yeah. started like you know checking his data tech and like monitoring all that shit he didn't know about it so we found out about it so it was not my, like mr terrific did not yeah. rat him out yeah he I didn't rat out so that we issue. know that yeah and the funny thing is he even throws it out like you know, you shouldn't have skipped that meeting there, buddy. We talked about this in a meeting, and we've been monitoring all this stuff before. So, yeah, you have that. Uh, now, in the, the whole deal, he gets out. He ends up putting another sleeper hold. The sleeper holds seem to be very popular go nowadays. In the, that's, what I, that's what I thought. It's like, go to sleep. But, yeah, then he goes out, and he just has to go through what all – these always seem like the Arkham Knights that, from oh, the yeah. game. But he has to go through all of them. I do think that it's a little ridiculous. The amount of things that he, you know, him kicking this ass and stuff like that. But well, Jim, you have I, to I have think it's, it. It's still okay, but I do think he's going to be sore in the morning, so I'm okay I, with it. I do think he will be because he <laughs> jumps. He jumps out of the uh, building. It kind of looks like he he fucking busted up his knee. Uh, and but he gets a hoodie on Eric, and then he goes and disappears into the crowd. But that's where he goes off to see Tim Drake. And again, this is where I thought it might be a little off because yes, he does say to Tim and Tim has a very big family he's tim likes to fuck as much as me and my wife do eric he looks exactly. like he has three kids but yeah when when dick shows up, up a bit better though yeah yeah when dick sh- when yeah, when dick shows up <laughs> and uh tim's there again when kate finds out that that dick has got gotten away there's only a couple people i think that are about out and about that you would think he may go to i think tim drake would be one of them he's and a so robin I, and i was a little upset for like yeah. you know it's maybe it's just because of us reading detective comics this week as well and seeing that future tim of tomorrow he's just given up alfred that that was the one person he went to yeah and then yeah. we see this version of tim where he finds out that alfred is dead yep Jesus. And yeah, that's he it. doesn't say anything. And that's one of my biggest problems here with Tim. Now, even, like I said, I think that the, the department would have had people all over. They have a lot of resources. Oh, yeah. And I think Tim's house would be being and looked at. what Kate knows. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She knows all this. And, yeah, I thought it was really like, off. At this point in time, we know that freaking Batman Bruce Wayne has been outed. Everybody knows that Batman was Bruce Wayne. Shit like that. Yeah. 
I don't know about the rest of the Bat Family. Yeah, Dick Grayson came out, but I don't know if any of that ever led to Tim Drake, Jason yep. Todd, or anybody else. Yeah, and you had the whole deal where, and even, you know, it starts with Tim saying, like, listen, the news is saying you hid Jake's powers. I, you know, it makes sense. That's what they yeah. would say. And he's like, listen, I didn't have an idea, but hey, they killed Alfred. And he, that's all you get. Jesus. Jesus. And then he says, why would this escalate to that? Why would Kate do this? You know, and he's, uh, you know, initially, why would she go? And he's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Out, but I need to get Jake back. And really, to me, Tim just like, okay, Alfred, whatever. I haven't talked to that exactly. guy. Exactly. It's an afterthought. It's like, really oh, an afterthought. Shit. It, it, it kind of threw me. Maybe I'll think about it later. Maybe well, I'll shed a tear when I have a fucking yeah. bourbon or something. But and then you're he, here. I'll yeah. go do some hacking shit for you. But that's as far as it goes, buddy. Yep. And he breaks into the, their, you know, this department's computer system and sees that Jake is being transferred to Central City. Again, though, wouldn't you think that these guys, especially Tim, would say, you know what? Not so sure this isn't going to be a trap. But yeah. he's like, do you think you can get in? Yeah, they've been having problems on night rotations. I think I can get in, but I need to make a stop first. And he goes to the Batcave. And the Batcave, this is kind of a, I don't know. I didn't like it as much, only because what what Dick ends up doing, nobody sees him. But, you know, he's going on a tour. The Batcave has been, you know, monetized. You can go on tours. Now. It's a museum. A tour. But there's also sub-levels to the sub-levels. And sub, that, sub again, is where uh, Dick jumps down into these sub-sub levels and goes. And now again, who do you think is in charge of making this a museum? Because it's the, if it's the government, you would have thought the government would know the sub-sub levels. They would have went. And this DNA uh, scanner. Enterprises, they said? Maybe it is. But even so, yeah, I just to me, Kate would have something. It just seems weird that Dick uses a DNA scanner, gets his old stuff and goes, and nobody would be alerted to this. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I'm just going too much into it. Uh, but yeah, that that goes I, on. I wouldn't and, have put it out as sub sub levels because I'm telling you, for some reason, I just go to what we saw, and I, I want to say it was Dark Knights, the Forge, or casting yeah. where we saw that secret back yeah, cave secret in back the back cave that yeah. nobody knew about except for Batman. It seemed yeah. like. Well, yeah, but he goes and gets his old Nightwing stuff. Yeah, he, has he gets a bunch stuff. of freaking gets a motorcycle. motorcycle and gets he has, the hell out. Uh, and as this is going on, and you're continuing to get the Jake narration that we've had for the first three or two issues, and this is where you see Kate talking to Brady. Brady does say, "Listen, yeah, we threw in the computer this, you know, this fucking red herring that Jake will be in Central City. I think that's where he's going to go to. So let's, you know, go there." And she basically says, "You know what? You're off the case." And I don't know if that's set up so that he gets pissed off later and helps Dick, but he she basically says, "You already blew it. You know, fuck you. You know, go and take a vacation. You're not on this anymore." But then you get Jake's narration of Kate and Dick's relationship. And and it seems and pretty really, good. There isn't it, much one of no. them because you never see these two really. No, that's together. what I really like. I really so like that they pull that out and say, you know what? They're yeah, and they're part of the Bat family. When she first became Batwoman, you know, there was Dick. He was kind of helping out a little. Uh, but after that, they pretty much were acquaintances. Like she went to Corey and Dick's wedding, but after yeah. that, you know, she gave but up vigilantism to go yeah. freaking, you know, work at the Pentagon. Yeah, and they're not friends. And when this happened, she became a soldier. It says when her dad died, she decided to become a soldier, went to work at the Pentagon. This whole program that Dick started, really Kate really put together, it seems, but then Dick was the face of the program and became the lead, and she looks pissed. She Right there, there's jealousy. She thought probably that she should have been the one at the head of it. 
and Dick Grayson was just this, you know, pretty boy, you know, figurehead. But it goes from there. And so you get a little background that Kyle Higgins throws out there that's pretty good that this isn't just personal because this actually goes to me. It goes well because at one point you would think Kate would be like, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. This is Dick Grayson. But we see that there's been, you know, a little conflict and they're not exactly friends. So No, no. You, they, you, she's, they've always been like, you know, yeah. like, like uh, I, I can't think. And God even damn, rivals a little, it seems. But, yeah, they, they were not, they, you know. Acquaintances. They, you know, acquaintances. they work together at yeah. best, but it's not like they're about to go they hang kept out it together professional, all, all fucking hours. Eric, that's what they did. Exactly. Kept it professional. Uh, but then you see Dick going, and he is greeted by a white glow and some constructs, and it's John Stewart. Green you see glow. that Kate, Kate. Oh, green. What did I say? Did I white. say white? Uh, yeah, it's green. And uh, you oh, have... So it's white, I think I said ratio? light. I think I meant to say Maybe. light, that he went to the light. But it is John Stewart. Kate is called John Stewart. In, and pretty much you get an extended battle uh, going back and forth. You see Dick has a thing that can kind of go past the hard light constructs. Really because it should be cool that we have John Stewart here it's not working very for cool. the freaking government and shit like that. But we don't know what he's been doing or why any no. of this. So now he's just an adversary of Dick for no and reason. And it is funny you do see, you do see that he pretty much has like a military green lantern outfit. He has the U.S. and almost yeah. like you know an emblem. Like, I so, want to know more about this. I want to know why the the ring is you know why are anybody allowing this that he seems to be part of the U.S. military and using his ring to do that. And we don't know if there's other – like you said, we don't know anything about what's going on with no. the world at large and the universe at large here. But really, they're just fighting, and it goes on and on. It goes back and forth. Uh, tell me what happens, though, because they're going, and as they're fighting, all of a sudden it seems like Dick starts throwing up fucking – I don't know. Is that just throw up th- at well, the no, one when point? When he throws up, that's after Wally has grabbed him and fucking tra- like ran his ass away from John. Okay, but it is throw up. It, yes. it, it, yeah, I actually thought because the way it's colored and stuff like that, I guess – the idea he's grabbed them and but it seemed to me like it almost like he was expelling like a fucking alien or something it does not to me look like throw up and even the way he's throwing up i, I don't know it seemed weird but yeah you have it and it is because john was beating the holy hell out oh of yeah him he, john Wally was gonna kill him and seemed. grabbed him freaking yeah. took him john to was gonna win in my mind and it is funny at the point where you do get the generic Hal Jordan, you know, boxing gloves. But it is funny, and he is beating the shit. John is beating the shit out of Dick. And if Wally and Starfire didn't come and grab him, it looks like, it looks or, like they're you right know, outside at least Bloodhaven. From yeah, the and they went. Wally there's there. Bloodhaven there. Yeah, they, they, it looks like they are right outside the exit of Bloodhaven. But he goes and saves him, and there they are. Uh, Starfire and Wally, and we'd already seen that Wally was being looked at as somebody who was going and pretty much, uh, you know, destroying like he was the head the, of the resistance. And he was pretty much destroying the that serum that was used to take people's powers away and all that stuff that was mentioned in the first yeah. issue. So it it's pretty damn cool that we have that. And yeah, you also have Starfire where you're going to have the whole issue of like our son, they they have him and let's go. But you also have to remember that he's pretty much enemy number one to anybody with meta meta powers on the planet so you're gonna have that whole thing obviously you have jake is the you know the common deal where it's starfire they were married that's their kids so that's going to be the reason why they will help him but yeah the ending's pretty cool uh that extended scene with john stewart didn't do anything for me no i would have liked to know more john stewart but because he showed up you want to know more about it but you can't get it for this goddamn sixers yeah he might show up but you're not going to get the backstory that you want to find out about it it's probably about six or seven pages of that and that that really is and it was just, just john filler. you know it's going blow for blow it goes because blow for blow 
Ewing had the upper hand because he had these gauntlets that could actually yeah, pierce gauntlet. through the freaking emotional spectrum, which was kind of cool, but you don't know anything about it, and they're immediately no. taken like out by John, who then beats the holy hell yeah. out of Dick before he, Wally whisks him away. Yep, and so I was a little disappointed. This is a book when it comes out each month, I get fired up. I even oh, told yeah, you. Man. It's like one of those books where when I see, like, we go through, and I, I hate to say it sometimes, but we'll, me and Eric will pull up the app that I, I never could get to at the end of the podcast. Yeah. And and I'll say, you'll say to me, like, what are our books next week? And we'll sit there and I'll read down the list and we're there and we put our hand up and start counting, counting each of our books. And I'm telling you, a lot of times it's like, not that, that cyborg again. God and you're like, uh, uh, this is one of the few books that when a Nightwing, no, oh, right. You know, and then I sit there and I say, yeah, I may have four or five reviews. I can check this one off as a pleasure. You know what I mean? I don't even consider it most of the time. I'm like, oh, man, I got five reviews. I'm like, you know what? I got four reviews at Nightwing New Order because I like it. That being said, I still like this issue. It's not a epic fail, this issue. No. It's just it kind of pushed it down from what we were getting, and I gave it a 7 out of 10. I do believe I'm a little going to be a little higher than you because I think you're going to go a 6 out of 10, Eric, But and I do like to guess what you're going to give it, but I still liked it, and the ending with seeing Wally and Starfire I thought was great, and I do like the idea that we set up Kate as the okay, bad We have and a really, for a villain, and yeah. we all, I'm telling you, John Stewart thing, what I would have liked if it could have gotten explored a little yeah. bit more, but for what it yep. was, it was very disappointing, and I really liked the cliffhanger because we know that Wally and freaking Corey are going to be in the next issue. Yeah. so that And we're on our way to freaking saving Jake if we can actually get there. Yeah. I, I, I said, actually, though. before you go, I, I actually right. I actually put in my beginning of my review, though, that Kate needs to call her agent and get a, a better press agent, at least. Get somebody who can get, because now she has become the freaking villain in every goddamn book. I you, know. you have You have the future Tim try to kill her, and then she's just a villain in her own book because it sucks, Eric. But what yeah. would you give it? I'd give it a 6.8 out of 10. Okay, so you're a little higher uh, than I thought you would be. And still, like I said, but I gave I it a really 7. I this book. This is a lot yeah. of what we've been getting, but it's still yes, it good. Is. Well, that's the thing. I It's one of those where, again, I'll bring up when me and Dalton had our long conversations about what you can rate and what you can do. I gave this a 7 out of 10, and yet, you know, I was disappointed. But yet, if if somehow the panic in the goddamn multiverse, I could have given that a 7 out of 10. Microverse. That would have been, microverse. That would have been like... Like a 50 out of 10. Sure you know, would. just I'd be so excited. But that is the end of our section here, Eric. That was a long section of books. We're going to go off now to some more mail. It is the best podcast of the week. Even the gym is such a freak. He's a freak. I want to hear all the reviews. Don't you smell what they're in? And I've got such a long way to go. All right, Eric, we're back. We're back with some more mail. This is mail section number three with Mad Marty. And he says, good day, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Good day, Marty. Whoop, whoop. 
I got my comic shipped to me from Comics Etc. in Brisbane. I'm telling you, Eric, you ever hear of those comic shops in Brisbane? You, no. you can't. You can't trust them. Is what I heard. But I purchased my bags, boards, and short boxes from All Star Comics here in Melbourne. That is the sensible thing to do in Melbourne. I wonder why All Star Comics is that bad. <laughs> he has to get shit shipped from Brisbane. <laughs> so when I was there last Sunday picking up some more bags, boards, and short boxes, I also picked up the trade paperback of Crisis on Infinite Earth. Nice. Wow. I just finished reading it this Thursday evening, and I'm blown away by how much fun it was to read this event from over 30 years ago. There were so many characters that I hadn't even heard of before, but I enjoyed learning about them just before they died. <laughs> and that is true. And that's where I said to you where I thought Metal was starting out with that kind of feel because feel, yeah, i mean definitely. especially you know, when you had the freaking uh, dimensional tuning fork right there yes you have that and even like you know out of nowhere blue beetle showed up you, you know stuff like that it was pretty cool but well it, it's still not to that level obviously yeah. but while i was reading crisis on infinite earth i realized that there is a storytelling technique in comics that has gone out of style but i wish was still around and that is Confident? narration narration uh. probably isn't needed in modern comics because the stories have been decompressed to the point where an artist can show us more clearly panel by panel what is happening within a scene but i particularly like how marv wolfman you often uses biblical references to help explain what is happening i'm an atheist myself but i can appreciate the use of the works like the bible as a frame of reference when trying to tell a story. So that's pretty yeah. cool. So do you guys have any storytelling techniques within comics, like the use of narration, that you favor? Uh, I'll go with what we had before. Uh, I actually wish that we had more word bubbles, uh, you know, thought bubbles, I mean. Right. Uh, because you don't really get those. Sometimes those are more it's just pulled, played out in now. narration uh, like yeah. that. But I actually like, you know, I would like Batman to be like, what a dick. Like sitting there thinking about fucking Ryan Choi, you know. Like something like that. I like panels that are laid out in nine panel format where people just don't say anything. But when they do, they just repeat what they're saying back and forth to each other. Hello, weird science. That was not <laughs> what I tried to do. There you go. You like that, too? No, what I like, it's not really it's not really a comic book technique, but what I like is when people ask somebody a question on Twitter, like say a writer of a book, and they want a, you know, really a legitimate question to kind of get their mind around what's in the book and say like something like, hey, when does this story take place? Does it take place before or after the jokes and riddles story? And then the guy who, you know, might have written the story says, yes. Good. That's Good. That's what I like, you know. Man of Hello, the weird science. <laughs> <laughs> so. is, is Dan gonna be our new nonsense horn from now on? Whenever Hello, it's nonsense. Hey, hey, would you like Dan to be the nonsense horn? Is that what you're telling me? I, guess I don't I'm, think anybody will get it, but us right here on Weird Science. <laughs> Could that be that yeah, one? That is that the one? Okay. That makes more sense. To me. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, like I said, I, I actually just like a goddamn story that makes sense and That's not really be all filler. One. That's what I'd like. Ah, uh, yes. While I don't read Green Lanterns, I was listening to the conversation about Simon and Jessica needing to find jobs, and it raised a question for me that I need our resident lantern expert, one Eric Shea, to answer for me. Is there a code of conduct or something along those lines preventing a Green Lantern of Earth from going to the asteroid belt and mining valuable materials and selling such commodities to Earthlings? No, not as long as they stay within their sector. Yeah. 
I, I think that they should do that. Moon rocks, all that shit. Because I feel but like the thing I'm, is, we have we do know though that there is a code of conduct where you cannot use the ring for personal gain. So maybe that is a no-no. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. So there, because I feel like Simon and Jessica could set themselves up and their families to live comfortable lifestyles with the profits, and then not having to find planet-bound occupations. I just, I, I, again, the whole thing with these jobs and stuff like that, I think that that always sounds better in the concept mode. Once you start doing it, you realize that you really can't do it, and it doesn't really make sense to me. It really doesn't. I don't know. You don't want to see Simon try to fry some fries up at McDonald's? No. I, I don't want Jessica taking orders at a diner and Simon working in a pit crew. That does not, that, that's not what I want. I'm telling you, you you have them get jo- if they do get jobs. See, the thing is, Jim, they get jobs. They lose their jobs because of the Green Lantern ring, and then you have them winding up on the streets and realizing that this ring, while it is a gift, it's also a curse. It's also a curse. It's like what happened to me when I became a, a Green Lantern. I don't know that you knew this. I said, oh, no. listen, listen, freaking Mogo, you give me nightmares. And dreams, I said to him. He didn't hear me, Eric. I was on Earth. I wasn't talking through the ring. I was just yelling it. No, I, I, here's the thing. Where we do say stuff with Barry Allen is the one who always comes up because you rarely ever see him in this run uh, at a job. Now, what I can go with, but this Joshua Williamson fucked it all up. All I, I hey, there's the flash. He's doing this, this, and this. During those two days that they don't show in the comic, I think he shows up for work and has yeah. his work-related things. That's all I need. I do not need to see the characters at their goddamn jobs. I, I don't need it. I'm telling you, I think Bruce Wayne has set up some sort of fund for the Justice League members. I, I, something is out there that they do have some – they have to have some money. Just go and beg Bruce. And he's not there at the moment, you know. He, I think he's stuck in the dark multiverse. Because while we are comic book podcasters, we often talk about our jobs. So not only is the story no. about us talking about Here, comics, yeah. it's we also about We might talk about work. it because we have awful jobs. And, and it's no. nonsense. And we talk about goddamn wrong turn. I don't read a comic to go and, and see somebody else hating their job. Maybe I get that every do. day. Maybe you do. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I feel like the same. I was like, oh, you know what would be cool? If we had a, a fucking year-long event that fucking uh, Clark and Lois are having goddamn marital problems and are fucking yelling at each other all the time. Somehow Lois comes home. She starts painting fucking rocks. Uh, Superman's like, what the fuck are you doing with these goddamn rocks? I don't want to pay for this goddamn paint. Who paint the, the goddamn ceiling over? the right paint color. It's what they need. You know, I don't You're need all ev- this very loud. I, I You're know. Gonna get killed. I know. I don't need everyday things. I don't need. Just because you, you say Lois doesn't mean I that she's not going to figure I, out I'm what you say. Lois, I said. I don't need Bruce coming home and saying, Selena, uh, by the way, do, do you have my my second cow? Did you wash it? I don't want to wash it again while taking a shower. I don't need that. Please, Selena, do something. Jim, you're not the hero of your own story. Get the hell out of town. <laughs> Please. Where is, you know, are you going to tune into a story where Green Arrow comes in, somehow Emiko has taken such a huge fucking shit that it stopped up the goddamn toilet, but yet <laughs> Green Arrow has to be the one to plunge it. He's the one getting the shit all over me. He didn't even take a crap that day. Where's that story, Eric? Does that seem interesting to you at all? Kind of. Does it? 
Really? I think this shit, right now this shit is bigger than the fucking iceberg that brought down the Titanic. I'm telling you, it looks like a part iceberg, part Dairy Queen soft serve at the top, and it'll sure, make delicious. you disgusted. <laughs> then you're sitting there, and you're like, who was eating corn? Because we have not had corn in a month. Why is it in this toilet bowl? Why, Eric? You don't need that. that? You don't that need that. What are we talking about? Ed Marty. Oh, all right. So this week I will be getting the following. There, here he goes again. I'm blaming Mad Marty now. See what you made me do? This is the thing. I said, wouldn't it be funny if DC, like, they had enough of us. They're like, listen. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim Werner. I see you giving goddamn JLA a 3 out of 10. I'd like to see you do better. And that's what I give them. It's the JLA dealing with a fucking clogged toilet that could fucking choke a goddamn horse. And I say, take that. And and here's the thing. At the end, where I fool everyone then, I slip past. Because the editorial staff of DC, I'm telling you, I think they're asleep at the wheel. So at the end, I just, written by, I look two ways, Tom King. Next thing I know, I get a 10 for writing an issue about fucking taking a dump. Batman the Merciless, number one, he's getting this week. Eric, of all the Dark Knights to crawl up from the Dark Multiverse, I'm the least excited to read about this one. But hopefully I'll be pleasantly surprised. And it's funny, oh. I didn't say this, because you were looking forward to this one. This one I was not. I, I, I did not think that his design interests me at all. And I really didn't care, especially after the one. So that just shows you, because we've already talked about it by this point, that shows you how much I was impressed by it because I thought it was really good. And I was not looking forward to it. But if this book has something as awesome as Batman strapping the Flash to the front of the Batmobile like in Black, Batman the Red Death number one, I'll be satisfied. And again, I think that this one is less smoke and mirrors and more actual story that make not even just makes sense it actually is a story with a really good character progression in that in that story and it had an m night Shyamalan twist there sure just did. like just like that shit with the twist at the top i'm telling you it looked like the last time it looked it looked like soft serve and it was a little disgusting plus it was weird because it was like it, it had a little like strawberry why there wasn't it, any toilet paper no, yeah, that is weird. I didn't even think of that. No, actually, it just seemed to, like, I don't know, somebody, like, it, it looked like they wiped first, then shit. Everything's, it's a fucking cuckoo clock in this house. No, nothing goes right. You backwards uh, fucking up is fucking down in this already. place. I don't know. It's like goddamn David Copperfield took a goddamn shit in there. It's a goddamn illusion, Eric. Flash number 33. No, it wasn't. Yeah, the illusion was it should have been because afterwards I had to take a goddamn 30-minute shower. I haven't read the solicits for this issue at all, but I hope it will be a case of paying for the whole seat and only needing the edge, and that is Flash number 33. If you didn't hear that, Eric, I, uh, a lot of people liked it. I, I did not. I, I thought that it was uh, uh, nothing. But Mother Panic number 12, I'm, I'm pretty happy with Mother Panic so far. I actually think... That Mad Marty is maybe one of the biggest fans of, of Mother Panic. He's mentioned it a couple times. I've enjoyed I reading. I I've never read it. I've enjoyed reading Blank's journey from a character who was purely out for revenge to something closer to a traditional Gotham vigilante. Eric, do you know the name that I left out there? Who is the heroine of Mother Panic number 12? You, you are Mother a big Panic. man. <laughs> Mrs. Panic. <laughs> Violet Page. 
That's okay. her name, Violet Page. Jody Hauser is proving to be a very capable writer, in my opinion. Do you think that if I told you, if I didn't tell you that, and I said it was written by Violet Page and Mother Panic's hero uh, was Jody Hauser, would you have been able to tell me I was telling you a lie? No. No. Suicide Squad number two. Except for I see the covers every now and again. Suicide Squad number 28. Rob Williams really has to hit this one out of the park or I'm probably going to drop this title. Do you hear that, Eric? Is your your hearing so great that you heard this book drop from all the way from down under? (laughs) I I don't know. I I have a feeling I'd like to hear what he thinks. I I like the backup. I think he might like this one. I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed issue 27, but that's been my problem with Williams on Suicide Squad so far. He seems to be able to write one good issue per story arc, and the rest just fall flat. I agree with that. Wonder Woman number 33. It may have just been me, but last issue, it felt like Robinson really struggled to capture Diana's voice. Like, because really, he, he didn't this issue, Eric, because she wasn't in it. Like, because he chose to speak through Steve Trevor and the Oddfellas, I could really tell that I was a man, uh, I was a man writing the book, and so to me, Diana felt awkward at times. So he says she, he is writing her through the eyes of a man, Eric. X-Men Blue, you still there? You still there? Through the eyes of a man. Okay, there you go. Uh, were you, did you pause your, or uh, mute your mic? I, I didn't hear you for a while. I was, I was getting worried. I, I'm sorry that I'm boring you, Eric, with, with my tales of war. I'm just trying to think of the dialogue from one, the last issue of Wonder Woman, Ron. Well, there wasn't a lot of dialogue from uh, Wonder Woman. So, and, and the, and Grail, I, I can say you don't have to write a very feminine dialogue for that sexy piece of woman <laughs> that sexy the piece of like the man the more i like that it. sexy piece of tushy x-men blue number 14 but <laughs> she is a hot piece of butt eric x-men blue number 14 do you think there's a lot of cosplay of grail no uh, god damn it i want that i want that and i want iris west in her in her flash costume that they had when she got when speed force a good powers. Ass costume god Damn it. X-Men Blue number 14. The crossover event Mojo Worldwide continues. And I don't think that's a joke. I Eric. fucking I, hate Mojo so in much. In this issue, and while I've been enjoying it so far, the $3.99 U.S. Uh, cover price for each of two fortnightly titles, X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold, is starting to feel a bit pricey. I like that he gives the U.S. Uh, the denomination for that, the price, and then use this fortnightly arc. That is that, that is good. I like that. Sorry for the long email, guys. That that's, wasn't long enough. I liked, but I had to get a few things off my chest. Thanks again for another fantastic now I'm trying to look up episode. Grail cosplay. And I hope to catch you guys for the Halloween movie night this weekend, Eric. And she he did. did. He did, and he enjoyed it. He enjoyed uh, it. Me and him both were Evil Dead 2 Weirgens, and he enjoyed it. But cheers, Mad Marty. And we're going to go off now to more books. Who is the guy whose songs all seem so long? Who's the guy who can carry a tune? Who is the guy who's butchering good songs? Everyone knows it's Reggie, and Reggie's voice is so low, and Reggie sings so damn slow, and he sings in monotone. Now it is time for Reggie. It is time for Reggie. Reggie, are you coming around on that song? (laughs) 
Uh, no, I don't think so. It, you don't think that you don't no. think that when he says that you're so slow that maybe he's not talking about the cadence of your songs. He just means you're retarded. He'd be more on point, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, all, all three of us will admit to that. But yes, he actually. The reason why I played that again because last week I thought you were going to reach through and kill me uh, for playing it. This week I played it just because uh, Mike said that I w- wouldn't dare play it again. And that you are, or, and that, and I said that's all oh, you need, and then I'm gonna play. Gonna but boy, yeah. I will tell you that behind the, the, the scenes, problem with, the problem with a song like that that parodies <laughs> my poor singing is that it creates a poor song, and you know you're just abusing all the listeners at this so point. So that's you know, what this, you're saying. You're this saying this is not it, just a tête-à-tête between you know uh, Michael and me or you and it's me. A, or yeah, it's it's everybody. So we what you're saying, we all win. Is that what you're saying? We all win. That's that's the one way. That's the Werner. We we were at work on Monday and we're to, and usually what what happens because me nor Eric really listen to the podcast anymore. I used to when we were allowed to listen to podcasts and mainly I listen. Yeah, wrong term, ruin that for us. And I would listen to make sure the levels and stuff like that and to see if something screwed up. But because I don't get to listen to it anymore, me and Eric just kind of sit there and we, we kind of talk about, you know, some of the things that happened. Eric goes, boy, when, when that dance of Mike song came out about Reggie, that was pretty awkward, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, it was a bit. Yeah. So I figured that we we would let you own it now, Reggie, by by doing that. Yes, Thank and uh, but it is time. No, this isn't the first time that we've played a, a parody, a uh, Dancing Mike Reggie parody song. I played that the uh, Cosmic Treadmill had a. Okay. Remember t- over the tide is high. Oh yeah, yeah, I do I remember. Played. Yes, uh, it is time for Reggie, and we, we are going to start. Sports. We're going to start with. Well, I, we all can. We all are good sports. I'm not. So no. if there is no, a no, bad song true. about me, you are the worst no, sport of all. Nobody's here. No, yeah, I am. I am the worst sport there is, and I will admit that, and I will wear that with pride. But yeah, I'll, I love hearing shade being thrown at Eric in songs. It makes me it's giggle every time. Life. I know yeah, oh, it makes me giggle every time. But maybe we'll switch it around again for episode 150. Maybe I will encourage everyone to have songs that that badmouth me. And I would hope they go through a lot of work doing those. Nobody will ever hear them, though. So no. that that'll, that is my revenge at the end. Somebody emails it in, says, hey, listen, I, I spent three days on this, and my revenge is nobody's hearing it. And and yeah, I'll be angry. Too close to the truth. You don't like that. That is true. You, you can't fly that close to the sun, Reggie, without <laughs> having those wings burn up. Uh, that is just, that's what happens, and that's what will happen. But we're going to start with your books. I, I hope, now obviously I've read these, but I could say that I was hoping that when I read your books, I would be in a little better mood than what you have heard us lead into this. And I have to say, I kind of am, and that that, that may yeah. show you how much I hated the books that came before because yeah. I, I saw your scores. You were not exactly, you know, head over heels about your books no, this week. But, but I had a bunch of, you know, fairly non-controversial okay. books, as yes, I They are do. okay, and the first one is what? It's Al Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 31, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Patrick Zercher and Jason Wright. I see the crystal falling rain and hear some calling in my brain. It's Hector Hammond. He wants out. Though I fought Clark mere seconds back when I thought he acted parallax. Now we're good and there's no doubt. Just the two of us. 
We can wreck shit if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Just the two of us. Beating some gremlins in the sky. Just the two of us. You and I. The beautiful and what? There you go. I, was, I didn't think it was over. I was enjoying it. I thought I might have been more verses. No, that's all. No, yeah. Well, calls. Dancing Mike, he's requested it. But, yeah, this book... <laughs> This, this book continues to be one. Me and Eric today actually were at work talking about who – we actually said it, it's going to be tough at the end of the year talking about who our writer of the year would be. And we were talking about a lot of things. And at a point, Eric's like, you know what, Venditti's okay, but he doesn't give you that much. This book no. just continues to kind of tread water. And the worst part well, is right I, now, I did name after name, and Venditti's one of the top ones, but he doesn't beat out Tomasi Gleason. Yeah, he, he said Tomasi Gleason at one point. Uh, and actually, I'm sorry, though. You know, let's not play around. He's all right. He is, but I made a mistake because before we go on, I do need to do this. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Aware of my power, green's light. Green's light. And there is kind of mites in this. You can kind of go, but really, I think one of the biggest problems that I've had with this issue of the last couple, whatever, is that. If this book's going to be the Hal Jordan books, get the, get the goddamn Green Lantern Corps name off of it. I, I really think that it's starting to devolve into just being a Hal Jordan book, even though, you know, I, I could say it that in three issues. It, it really does. The whole – the idea, the Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps title was just boneheaded from the beginning because it's yeah. never been that ever. You no, know? no. Or you get, these, you get this little story that is – just to Hal Jordan, but then you're yeah. right. Then what's the point of? Uh, yeah, the then what have the point? And Except even call them away at the end over here. And but again, yeah, when you get to this, yeah, well, when you get to this, yeah, two issue arc. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know you <laughs> love those small arcs. You love them. <laughs> I'm just saying, by the end, what really progresses in this entire arc from this two issue story? Because basically, how's emotions for Carol? That's Ferris, all it is. Jim. That's all it and, is, and is to remind know, and people. And now it's official. They know Sinestro is around. And Sinestro is. But again, that's a roundabout way of going at it. That sure, could have been that could have been that. one panel in yeah. the first uh, you know, issue of an arc where Superman goes and actually Drops gives him the, the ring like he was later, supposed buddy. to yep. and says, you know what? Sinestro's out and about. But yeah, you have this whole thing where it's, it is the pretty much the issue of the mind. And, sure and you have that because of Hector Hammond. And it, it ends up almost, and it, it is funny too because Superman's is just glossed over. They don't even deal with that. Basically, he comes out of it and starts swinging. But we do get to see what would have been, you know, for the man who has everything, now starring Hal Jordan. Black Mercy. Yeah, yeah that's basically what this is. That's all it is. And you find out that what he would want is to, you know, Settled down with Carol Ferris, which, you know, we would think he would before. At this point, I would have loved it when they did have that, where you have Kyle Rayner show up, give Carol a kiss, and then you realize, oh, shit, we're back uh, to that. But, I mean, go from the beginning, but there really isn't a lot to talk about this issue. There there really well, isn't. It's, uh, you know, on Krolotia, we got Hector Hammond is being kept by all these uh, the yellow imps, right? The yellow little gremlins. That's the mm-hmm. thing is that he's actually being kept on Strikers Island where these freaking Krolotians are yeah. actually going to well, go, like Strikers oh, Island. Do the yeah, Hammond like they on. have invaded, but then you have the, you know, the main planet, so you know. Well, that makes a good it's just nonsense, though. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they go over, they crack the place open pretty easily, and they're, uh, you know, 
start clocking gremlins, no problem, knocking them about. Yeah. So they use Hector Hammond's mind power that they've got hooked up to a mind enhancement yeah. Mogrifier, right? Isn't that the technical name for that? I think that is. <laughs> uh, and they're able, they're able to Black Mercy both yeah. Hal and Clark. Uh, we don't see Clark's Black Mercy, but we can imagine he's, you know, his, he's either back on Krypton or it sounds yeah, like It seems to me he that he has the Kents alive. almost either way. Yeah, I, I think that basically it would be the Kents possibly. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, really, you don't even see that. And then you come out and, the, you know, like you said, Hal has almost like a Black Mercy type deal where he's there. He's there with his family, his, you know, his, his nieces and nephews, his brother, brother and yeah. sister. They're making their, the old, uh, chicken noodle soup recipe and Carol's there. And I did like this where at this point, Hal's a smart enough guy. He knows this is phony. He knows this isn't real. Like right and, away. That's the thing. But that kind of killed the whole like. It killed it, but I did like. Yeah, it does. But I like that he actually says, you know what? I know this isn't real, but hey, I'll practice it up. You know what, Carol? I love it. Yes, anyway, over there. Hey. Yeah, hey. And, And then he goes back and snaps out of it and can't see, but yet just says to his ring, hey, hit the thing that was in control. And it does. And really, at this point, then it devolves it's into... It's weird, though, because now we have this whole thing where the... I don't even understand the progression because yeah. we have the Krolateans on their home planet yep. saying, you know, our freaking, our subject that we've been working on, his mind powers are just, you know, yeah. they're right for the picking now. We can fucking build the goddamn ultra Krolatean goddamn war machine with his yep. fucking mind powers. So it really kind of retcons everything with Hector Hammond and saying that the Krolateans were the ones who were responsible for Hector Hammond's yeah. illusions and telepathy from the get-go. And it, out of nowhere, but it's so underplayed. It's just, oh, yeah, we've been working on this, and now we're here. But for some reason, nobody can see us until they do. Yeah, and then when they go with I, that. I just don't even understand the progression. I just where think Hector they Hammond just go calls past. out for help, though, in the last issue. <laughs> but the way he calls out for help is to show that Superman is parallax. I'm like, this whole progression of this two-little-issue arc no. to retcon Hector Hammond's origin. I don't, I don't even think they're going to deal with it. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think even he was think in the new 52 doing something like uh cuz I was saying before how I thought that we hadn't seen him throughout the new 52 but there was something and I can't remember what the hell it is yeah, on the top and, of my head now. and in the meantime we do have him also in Deathstroke uh yeah, going right now, on right now so he's yeah, going on but, Yeah and then as you go you have them trying to defeat you know there's Superman and Green Lantern trying to how trying to save Hector Hammond and then he starts acting fucked up and it didn't make sense that's the progression I didn't like because you had him do this whole thing with hey you know what now you know save me be the the hero for me how jordan when he shows up you have him doing all fucked up shit you see like well, first, he, he, first he kills all the crolotes yeah, he there. kills them all and it of... makes it seem like superman did and then he pretty much wants to get zapped by superman is trying to mind control him into doing that but he ends up hitting like the side of his neck well, that's and the thing, it's going how down it, like uses a construct at the yeah. last second to deflect yeah, to the divert it, yeah. so it only hits freaking uh hector in the neck Yep, and then they take him to be studied, uh, you know, to be regular deal. But even that, they're just it, it just didn't – nothing hit for me in this issue That until you do get a little bit of feels because at that one point, you do have Superman and Greenland. And they are – it's nice to see them together only because they, they really don't spend a lot of time together. And then that's where Hal says to Superman, you ever think if you just squashed a head now and then, there wouldn't be so many ticking time bombs loose in the world? And they take, take a couple panels of saying nothing and then that no yeah me neither neither. (laughs) you you know that was a good little scene uh but then you have basically how's like okay you know what 
I did have that, you know, the the Black Mercy type Hector the Hammond dream. This is my perfect world. So I'm going to go and I'm going to do making it. it happen. Man, and I'm going to go to to Carol and tell her I love her. He, he's trying to practice. He's got the roses going. He's about to go in, and he gets a call from John that the evil star is advancing on the royal capital, the Harvath system, and they need him. Which and again, we better see next time. I'm yeah, and you, again, here's the, the thing is, <laughs> you have a whole goddamn core. Why can't they go? Uh, you can tell me the whole core is moving out, but he calls freaking Hal and won't even let him have fucking five minutes. Now, he says, I need a couple hours, but still, you have a whole core that you can do this. It's such a phony way to just make it so that he doesn't talk to Carol, who's yeah. just sitting there. I don't know. She looks like she's on her phone texting somebody or, you know, maybe a book. I don't know what she's It's like doing. when Hal is staring in the window, he's got the bouquet of flowers in hand, and he's walking up, and you see Carol in the window. Did anybody expect a man to walk and you see the oh, silhouette of somebody else there? I, I actually thought that he was going to be about to ring the doorbell and some guy was going to come up and kiss her and then he'd be like, I, I, it's Hell, too late. And when he is called away and you thought that maybe it would door, happen, I thought you'd see somebody else walk. Nope. And so like he actually stops himself from having an awkward and even, moment even there. the case. I know that they had their issues. And one of the issues was that Hal came back to Earth and was like, I'm not going to be a Green Lantern anymore. I, the ring was taken anyway. And yeah, then yeah. Sinestro, and this is the beginning of New 52. And then Sinestro came and he kind of got zapped up with all that again. But Carol knows what's the she knows what's what. How yeah, how still could have knocked on the door and said, "Listen, you know what? This is so screwed up. I I was coming to tell you how much I loved you, uh, but I have to go. Just I just want you to know, you know, this may not work out because of what I have to do and what you do and all that. I, but I think she may have been a cardboard cutout silhouette. She might have been position the entire time. Well, it, it would have been funny." Had. If she was the cardboard cutout on the train, so it can That's go around a la Home Alone. Jordan cutout, the <laughs> the Home Alone. But yeah, the, the whole deal is actually he goes and he slips. He gets a goddamn hot iron on his head and a tarantula. <laughs> and then that's why Hal gets the hell out of there. But yeah, I, I just I, I wish that he would have just knocked and said, hey, you know what? I do love you. I just want you to know that I know that things are fucked up, but I have to go again. And then she'd just be left like, you know what? That's, why can't I wash that man right out of my hair is what she would say. But that's about it. What what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, it was a pretty mediocre issue. I did like the artwork. I felt like it was a little, little slipped here yeah. and there. But I, I don't know. It might have been the coloring. It was a little off. But it was still overall I really, really excellent. Artwork. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm nitpicking because overall it was absolutely excellent. And I do like seeing how I like seeing superheroes get along. And it, yeah, there was some good fine. stuff there. Uh, but it really was kind of a mediocre issue. I agree. I'm going to give it that Venditti 7 out of 10. I am going with my new Venditti 6 out of 10 because I did like the art a lot, but really the story meant nothing. It, it was a two-ish. I know you love these small arcs. I, I like know. small arcs as well. Yeah, like just nothing they happened. They are a nice though. little break now and then. Yeah. But like, yeah, a break from nothing. That's the problem. This book has given us nothing, and we don't need a break. This is almost a series-wide version of what we had with Wonder Woman with James Robinson this week where he thought we had had to settle down a little and yeah. have a break. You don't need a break in the in this book. And it just I give it a six out of ten. What about you, Aaron? I'm telling you, I love the art from beginning to end in this issue. But I, and for how excited I was to go into this arc, the whole Superman freaking how Jordan like like you know team up kind of issue dealing with parallax. I'm like, this sounds amazing, but it was nothing at all because the parallax stuff was all head games. To get to Hector Hammond, where we had a retcon of his origin to force the Croatians in there and do nothing with them. So yeah. in the end, this two-part issue did uh, uh, arc did nothing except for make Hal think, "My God, 
I do love Carol. Oh, I do no love time it. for love, Doctor Jones. Yeah. I'm out. So because of this, I have to give it a five point five out of ten. Ooh. Just because, and the only reason it's that high is because I it's love the, the art. art. It's funny you mentioned the one thing is that I actually, while I was while I read Reggie's books, I kind of get that I thought, oh, I hope he sings this, and it was Foreigner's Head Games. <laughs> yeah, I started singing it myself, uh, but no. But we're gonna move on now to the next we book, did Reggie. Nothing with Hector at all. I'm telling no. you, let's get him out and about to make sense for the Deathstroke. Book eh, maybe we'll get him the Deathstroke. It won't make uh, any sense combining them those, together. Those two, the two editorial teams were not speaking, I think. They have no idea no. that Hector Hammond's already chosen. I actually books. think that not only did the DC editorial don't speak, I think that that's actually from uh, from up above that they're not allowed to speak because it seems yeah. like they, they just don't. But I think it's it's like Logan's run up there. They all got to be in like separate chambers. You know, they're all in their different yeah, echelons. they are. <laughs> yeah, it's they, pretty they can good. never speak to each uh, other. Yes. What's the next book, Reggie? It is Suicide Squad number twenty-eight, written by Rob Williams, art by Eleonora Carlini, Wilfredo Torres, and Adriana Lucas. I was bored standing on this satellite, and I waited for something that we could fight. But it's all right. Now, in fact, it's a blast, but it's all right. Fucking Rick Flag, kiss my ass, ass, ass. That's all I got for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I actually, I, I don't even remember the song that I <laughs> It was something about, like, being old or something. I can't remember. This, uh, this, this issue was about being real, real boring. Yeah. Oh my god, I was born on real my fucking yeah. mind for this. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like what the fuck? Yeah, like, I, what I, is I don't this know. Story gonna get started? I What's don't know what they're on? trying to do. I don't know what Rob Williams is trying to do with this. It does seem like he's trying to I don't know. Like write the ship by but all this, right, this everybody, just we're gonna, went we're, we're gonna freaking go into these arcs now, all right? We're not gonna do a lot. We're gonna really play out like, you know, play this out for a long time so our heroes can st- or anti heroes can stand around and crack jokes. Yeah, they just stand around and do nothing, really. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, tell us about it, Reggie, because, yeah, I, I was pretty bored. So, if you recall, we got Harley, Boomerang, Katana, and Croc. They're on an old satellite from the late 50s or early 60s, presumably, and they've bumped into Karen and the original Rick Flag from the original uh, Silver Age so, Suicide yeah, Squad yeah. that only ran for six issues in Brave and the Bold and was pretty damn boring. Yeah. And uh, they're also hanging out with Arg- Argent, the giant mutant alien in this case, which is sure. also the name of their secret society, plus a bunch of robots. And uh, I, I really don't know how to jump into and it. And in Area they, 51, we got robots that say they got to protect Argent, the even though freaking Argent's up on the goddamn satellite. Down yeah. there, we, we got we got El Diablo, we got Deadshot, we got Enchantress, and Enchantress can't zap him out of there because she's getting like psychic oh, visions. Of- she's getting psychic, so she's disabled yeah. again. Yeah, Suddenly, she's yeah, disabled again. You know, she can't she can't do anything for them. Yep. Uh, they're getting Get her off by, this but, fucking book. I mean, this whole yeah. this whole thing in Area Fifty One seems like an afterthought. It's an afterthought. It really Except is. It's that. It's it's just weird. He, he wanted to get these guys off the playing board, I yeah. guess, you know, while they went it up. It seems like they satellite. didn't want, I think that, again, uh, Enchantress couldn't be up there on the, the satellite because of her power set, but exactly. yet he still ends up muting her down on Earth in Area 51. 
Uh, and pretty much why I thought that it was nonsense, because like you said, first off, these robots come out. They start to say they're defending Argent, who isn't there. He's up on the, you know, with the with Rick well, no, Flag and Karen. also the name of the secret, of the, the secret, secret site. But the whole deal to me, though, is that they just keep wanting to protect it. And then that whole thing pretty much just ends with Amanda Waller showing up, guns a-blazing. Yeah. And you're like, okay, Very why did we, why did we like, even what? do this? And yeah, up up on the uh, the in space, the Rick Flag has figured out and can control the brain bombs of the squad and keeps jumping back and forth between oh being a good guy and a bad guy, and it's just all so up, about. Up there, what he's talking about is that is that they were they're being held in like a stasis by Red Wave, which was the yes. first thing they ever encountered in the first issue of of uh, the Brave and the Bold yeah. that they appeared in. And now they've got to go get it, and they need this suicide squad. I don't believe him for a second. He's obviously no, I don't either. Smoke, you know? This conversation takes for fucking. It, it takes forever. And, and the, the funny thing about it is, yeah, the best uh, thing know. about it to me before you go is that he explains pretty much. Now you have you have pretty much called it out that Rick Flag explains kind of the six issues that they were in before, and going out of this. I don't ever want to read those. I, I, I'm so bored here, even hearing about it, that nothing seems neat. It, there's not even like a, man, this, like if you said to me like, well, this really does spell out in that original six issues, the, you know, the first battle, and I, I don't care. I, I'm like, I don't want to read this because it, it was boring here. When I read this, I thought about, you know, it's a common thing in comics for both companies to mine their older material, dust them yeah. off, get a little quirky thing. And I'm, you know, Dave Carson, you could, you could go down the line, yeah. so many of them, but Suicide Squad, that already happened in the 80s, and that's the Suicide Squad. That, no one refers to the Silver Age one because it's no. boring as no, shit. No, the Ostrander really one is the one God that they go the with, so yeah. Through it, as far as I remember, I think, I think, uh, I forget who wrote it, but, uh, it's, it's nothing you want to go to. It's, it's no. like the story of like, I don't know, people that are less than army. I, you know what I mean? Do That's it. what it seems. And when he's explaining that, I'm like, huh, so it was just these the guys and they were in the, they had like an, and they fought aliens. Yeah, and I'm, I'm telling you, this whole thing, when we, we have to deal with the whole backstory of Red Wave and how they have a piece of its heart here on the satellite, yeah. but it's freaking, it's it's been dormant inside the moon this whole time, but it's been stirring. And now that it's like, we have to like, our whole purpose is to make sure this thing does not break out and get to Earth. That's our whole purpose. So we have to go and destroy it now before it gets its full power by getting its heart back over here. And the thing is, all I kept waiting for is some tie around where the fucking Batman building his goddamn bat cave on the moon is. Yeah, I was thinking up. of that the whole time. I was thinking like Batman was up there building a cave, but he had nothing. To, you know, he didn't know anything was going on there. But yeah, and then the the, 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 the squad. It's a, big, it's a big moon. That could have been. You know. That is but true. Is. The squad, even they're like. The squad's like, hey, you know, we're not helping you. And then he just tunes those brain bombs again. Like, oh, no, you got the brain bombs. In the meantime, you have Katana, who is the head of the Suicide Squad now. You know, Amanda Waller's head right. of the team. And the, she the goes to talk to the Soul Taker. And it, it can't talk to her because they're on the, it's this thing with this energy. And yeah, they're like again. jamming all the radio And here's the whatever, thing but- is. That doesn't mean anything. Just let her talk to her goddamn sword, Rob well, Williams. Well, it doesn't it, it, do it, it, anything. Ghost power. It's That's what I'm saying. Receiver, you know? This <laughs> isn't, yeah, this isn't something that anyway is ever going to do because you know what it's they're going to... All the fuck it says ever is worthy and unworthy anyway. What the hell does it mean if you can't talk to it? Like you said, it's ghost powers. What, it's just a regular sword now? It, nonsense. It, it's, it's. I don't know what's going on and this book is boring. If if that thing was blocking the ghost power and other transmissions, they couldn't communicate to the ground team, you know, whatever. Oh. Then how come the the signal to 
to explode the brain bombs. Explode the brain bombs. That, that works. Was the, the maximum yeah. bullshit. I literally, yeah. I was like, I was on some Popeye shit where I was like, that's all I can stand. I'm telling you, just I because we had, had, no I can't we just had to go back them. to that bullshit where it's 50% brain bomb power just to knock uh, them. It's I'm like, so stupid. You just took away all the fun of the goddamn yeah, brain bombs. You took bombs away the fucking again. brain bombs from us. They're not brain bombs. They're not no, brain bombs. They're brain no. tasers. They're, they're brain tasers. Acetators. They do a million things. They make you sick. They can knock you out. I'm telling you. By halfway through this issue, I was begging for Croc to throw up and for Boomerang to shit his pants <laughs> that would have been great but yeah they go to they go to find out red wave and to see it they and they go down and you know there you go they go and the into best part the of this deal issue turns out to be the backup fucking yeah the backup actually and then we do have a backup and I, I i'm with you the backup with king faraday and rick flag i didn't mind only because you end up going and seeing that they have starro and i'm like okay that's you okay. had the suicide squad that is taking care of freaking extraterrestrial events on earth that people don't know about i'm like all right now you're getting some interesting territory that yep. i want to find out about the stuff we're dealing with this is all fucking like this is passe yeah. now now I, I will say though nobody know it this is I'm, cool i'm and with boy, reggie though yeah, like yeah. and even that, I'm with Reggie, though, fully, because I'm wondering why we are dealing with the Silver Age goddamn fucking Suicide Squad that nobody cares about. You said, if anybody talks about the old, quote-unquote, old Suicide Squad, they're definitely talking about the John Ostrander stuff yeah, and, you know, stuff. the 80s stuff, not I mean, this. Or, or if, you, if you're going to do something with it. Do something with it. Yeah. Or what is this setting up though? Standing around yeah. chatting. Th that's what I'm saying. Is time. this is this setting up a you know old school Suicide Squad miniseries no. or something? Because why is this? Why are we dealing with this? And that's the thing is we already have two of the members dead. I'm sure the fucking other two are going to be dead by the yeah. end of this. Yeah. 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 They yeah. might even be like you know zombie or yeah I, I think so well, they even so. say now that they're out of the, like if they kill the freaking red wave the freaking the wave that actually keeps them immortal at this point it's gonna be done so they can just fucking turn to ash right there i'm like, telling they you they're being they they're the being challenge. controlled by go, starro they're being controlled by starro why are we Maybe. even seeing starro here uh, i i get happy whenever i get of events, i'm telling you if, if they i think that what's happening we've seen that the ghost powers don't work up on the uh, up on in space with this red wave power. Something they want to get rid of this wave, <laughs> red wave power because something else is going on that then they can put in the place and go Starro. I don't know, but yeah, I was bored. What what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I pretty much hated this issue, uh, more or less. I don't know. Hate it might, might be too no, strong. I, hated I definitely, it. Didn't even care I definitely strongly disliked it, except for the the very end. Didn't really dislike the art throughout, but I thought that. Uh, Gosh, what's his name again? I forget now. Wilfredo Torres. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he was especially good in the back. But Eleanor Carlini did a good job in the front. And uh, that really is all I have to say about it. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10 just to save it from a fuck you five. I'm telling, yeah, I'm telling you. you. I'm going back now. The oh. art's not bad. I actually no, I the really art's don't okay. like the Harley Quinn, but I really like that backup. She looks weirdly like babyish, right? Just yeah. her. Yeah, yeah she I don't does. Know what that's about. But yeah. And maybe people have problems. I, I said this is way back when we first started getting a bunch of Harley books, and I still go with it. They draw every artist seems to not be able to draw Harley the same way yeah. as the other person, and it just yeah, it's the Dead weirdest Shot character. Looks pretty badass. So it's really yeah, just Harley's what yeah, I, have I like the art. I'm actually I'm gonna give it a 5.5 as well. I'll keep it from a fuck you five because of the art, but really the story to me has been a fuck you five for a while. And oh, this book just it it shouldn't be a twice a month book anyway because we're not getting anything. But who knows? But what do you give it, Eric? I'm gonna keep it from a fuck you five as well and give it a 4.5 out of 10 because I <laughs> really found the story so fucking boring. And I'm telling you, 
I really enjoy the idea of the Suicide Squad. I've liked Suicide Squad books. I want to like this Suicide Squad, yeah. but Bob Williams won't let me. Yeah. No, he won't. I said we were talking again. We were talking today about all like who we have as writer of the year and stuff like that. When we do have and if people have just jumped on the podcast, we do at the end of the year have a award show where we, you know, give out our our great, you know, awards for best uh, best writer, best Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I think this is going to be a tough one this year, or it's going to be very easy because there's there's not a lot of great writers. And we were going down. And I just said, and Rob, I don't know what happened with Rob Williams. You know, I you know, know that I. I mean, an issue like this kind of shows you where his strength is, which is dialogue. Now, uh, you know, he's, he's got the quips. He's got the pacing is right. It's just so damn much of it that it's like a wall yeah. of reading. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what, what is the point of, of this being a comic book at all? Just make this yeah. into your novel. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, just his, crazy. his other thing is. Uh, what is that? The uh, serial killer thing. It's sort of like that too. It's all about character yeah. moments. Yeah. What, was, what was that book that you really liked that Vertigo was putting out? That was out the, by Royals. the Royals. The Royals. You like yeah. that? I, I really love that. Martian oh, yeah. You like Martian Manhunter? Like yeah, not this. That but what's the next book? What is uh, the next, next book? Next book is Batgirl number sixteen, written by Hope Larson, art by Chris Wildgoose, Jose Marsan Jr., and Andy Owens, and Matt Lopez. One nanobot. Makes you smaller, and one nanobot makes you tall. And the ones that the Red Queen gives you put you under murderous thrall. Go ask Ainsley. Oh, wait, she had a fatal fall. <laughs> <laughs> When you kiss your friend from Gotham, and he's totally not into the call, and you're looking like some stupid asshole, and between you an emotional wall, ask him to sleep over, I think he'll ball, when the tones of insipid pop songs are making kids totally trip face and the red queen is making nachos and you rub the belly of chevy chase (laughs) remember what the werner states fucking nonsense (laughs) fucking nonsense Segregation, Reggie. There you go. It is nonsense. It's nonsense. The the problem is, I like this better than I like Suicide Squad, but it's still... I'm telling you, these first three books... Uh, just at the end now we just did get a little angry at suicide squad but the hal jordan and this background book have become like these books that i just the, the worst thing i can say about them is i just don't care about them yeah. anymore uh yeah. this background just i i read it because we have to for the podcast i would never go near it if we didn't have this podcast and it's a shame especially eric shea over there he is a big Batgirl fan he That's at right. one point the new 52 the gail simone and stuff like that this was a book that he was just just reading before we even, you know, did some stuff because he likes yeah. Batgirl. I think that at this point, I can't say that you're a fan anymore, Eric, oh, because it's been, been so goddamn long. And it's been so long now that it's almost like we haven't really had the character, uh, you know, that, that you exactly, recognize yeah. for and, so and long. Basically, for a long time in, in this run, since I've been reviewing it, I was like, why is Batgirl so stupid? You know, yeah. she's always like yeah. falling into shit. She's always like, 
you know, figuring stuff out in the stupidest ways. But once I just accepted, I guess Batgirl's stupid now. Yeah. You yeah, see, you you see the merits of this as like, all right, it's not a deplorable comic book no. of hell. Uh, you know no. what I mean? It's just mediocre. It just becomes it's like I like, said, it just and it is so... You don't care. I, about I, don't care. I just yeah. have to think to myself, the whole transition we had from the New 52 where Barbara became Batgirl again, we want to say she had that experimental surgery that allowed her to walk. Yeah. Or like, yeah. It became it was two different things. Like At first, it seemed like it was just like something happened and she was able to fucking recover or that she also had the surgery. But... There was also side effects to the surgery where it also caused brain damage. Yeah, now she can use her leg. She just can't use her brain as well as she once well, did. That, well, and even like something from Burnside that I did like. I like Frankie. And like she has just completely disappeared. She shows up, you know, once every fucking okay seven issues and stuff. I, I liked her. It, it just gave it something different. But this, I again. they would figure out what they want this book this to be. This isn't you know? like, like this they, isn't fully the Burnside Batgirl anymore. No. It's just It's just this weird it's like I said before, it is almost like Harley. It's almost like this is taking place. If this all of a sudden, at the end of this run of Batgirl, this Hope Larson run, it pulls out and Barbara is actually watching it. And this has all been a stupid TV show based on her life. And it's like, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Because I nothing think it's her staring at a snow globe still in the wheelchair. It might be, that's what I'm saying. Anything could happen that we realize that none of this was real. I'd be like, okay, I get it. Because really, this ends up being a book and i consider becker a very big character uh and she is not anymore she's not not anymore and i I, if you're a batgirl fan this is all you're gonna get in other books you notice that that's what i'm saying this is all you're gonna get batgirl except for yeah Yeah. if you are a batgirl fan this is all and the batgirl birds of prey but even that isn't great but i'll take that way over this one uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about but it. At I least do... in this one, we do get a young Dick Grayson. I do love a young Batgirl and a young well, Dick Grayson. Here's like, the one thing I like. Stuff, and this has been my favorite stuff. Yeah, sure. What I, I like about this the most is you get a lot of that. You're not really jumping as much as you were before. The other issues, we were going back every three issues, uh, you know, P8 pages going back and forth. You do Especially get a lot. Was, yeah, yeah. did go back and forth. Yeah, this you get a lot of this. Lot. So I like that. I liked having a lot of the older, you know, or the younger, the, the back in the flashback bit. But yeah, 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 really nothing of this really hits home at all, though. It really doesn't. I'm telling you, the story has become so convoluted at this point because at first I was really intrigued in the mystery of what's going on with Ainsley and how do they know this whole thing. Like, yeah. When it just comes out at the end, this whole Red Queen thing, oh, it's Ainsley's sister. Yeah, like, yeah because really, Ainsley's dead. That's what we dead. got to? Yeah, Ainsley's dead, really so is, it's her really sister. Like low-budget uh, writing. Again, it seems like a, a hokey television show. Sister, and that yeah. she's dead. Oh, my God, her sister's a Red she Queen. She was a I'm drug like, addict that she ended up in rehab. She had to get out of MIT. Her parents, you know, her were going to pay that. Yeah, her sister ratted her up, but then her sister kept coming to see her, and she wouldn't see her in this rehab and all this. And then basically the, the whole gist of it is, is oh, no, when Ainsley was in in, uh, in rehab, she must have written in her journal about us. That, that's and the must, worst uh, part is that we haven't gotten to the part of the story where we know that, that, that Ainsley McGuffin. knew that Barbara and Dick yeah. were Robin and Batgirl at yeah. this point. So they're deciding, like, we're dealing with stuff in the future that we don't know about because we haven't seen it in the past that – she knew who they were. So this whole revelation that yeah. like, oh my God, it's just Ainsley wrote stuff down. Well, we haven't seen this yet. We have no connection that he, she knew anything about you or uh, Dick or Barbara being Batgirl or Robin. Yeah. So when we get this reveal, I'm like, 
well, we haven't seen this part yet. You have to do that part first. Yeah, it'll read great in the trade, though. Oh, oh yeah, and, and I love. Important. I was just glad because we find out that that drug that's involved that everybody was taking that Reggie sang a little white mm-hmm. rabbit about nanobots, and yeah, that you go and you start out, you start out with those guys who are supposed to be those ominous men there's, in black. Thugs. Yeah, the thugs. Yeah. They they're just nerd hackers. They are. Uh, what do they call hackers. themselves? Ethical hackers. Who wear leather and, jackets indoors? Yeah. And they, they didn't even know that Very Ainsley ethical. worked at that place and also have just – they don't really like Ainsley only because they she stole from them and broke the heart of their boss, it seems, mm. who was dating her but still is making up excuses because ethical hackers – I don't know. This might be a little bit of a stereotype. Do not get a lot of trim. So when Whoa. one of them did, he didn't want to give it up. But, then, you know, you have that. But even so, it just – to me – Everything like you, you end up getting an explanation for this drug that it really is nonsense, and then from there they <laughs> follow Ainsley. Yeah, yeah, and then they they follow Ainsley to her, uh, you know, her AA meeting and listen in. And I just I was not that interested. Tell me this whole thing where we have, and we have to talk about the ethics of Barbara listening in on Ainsley at an AA yeah. meeting, and she has moral like qualms with them. Like, yeah. really, we're going to spend our deal dealing with this whole Barbara has problems with listening. You're a fucking vigilante. Oh, going the whole, yeah, the whole point you become a vigilante is you don't have to yeah. worry about shit like that. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to listen in. I feel and weird I'm doing you, it's this. It's the big thing because she's all upset, and it all leads to what I'm telling you. This whole issue is just for the kiss of Batgirl yeah. and Robin. And, like, because of this, everything else feels like it was just an afterthought to get to that point. Yeah. And, and really, she she gets upset when she does Boy, hear Ainsley up. is a uh, – that Ainsley is a uh, drug addict or whatever, and then that makes her cry, and that makes Dick kiss her. There you go. Boom. It, it seems like such – and because of the art style of this book and all the things involved, it, this might as well be fucking Charlie Brown and Lucy. <laughs> there's no – there's nothing to it at all. They uh, Come on. I know. I just – I'm just saying, Reggie, if they did, it would be sexy just like oh, this. Did they kiss last issue, though? Like, uh, wait, didn't yeah. Robin and Batgirl kiss last Yeah, I issue? thought they did. But no, I'm just they, saying – They that, kissed two issues ago. Yeah. Okay. The kiss, the though, issue, is just nothing. So, so, just, so two issues ago, we saw their first kiss. Yeah. Last issue we saw in the present, Batgirl kissed Dick, and he was like, whoa, hey, I, I'm not yeah. cool with that. Yeah, I'm not cool. And then now we're seeing, I guess, their second or another kiss, but this in one initiated past, yeah. by Dick in the past. Yeah. So oh, there there you kiss go. every issue. Kisses no, kiss. I get a boner. That's all kisses. I need. Yeah, the kisses. There you go. It's a kissing Meanwhile, company. Over at Seaboard Recovery, uh, Addicts, you know, Recovery Place, what do they call yep. those places? Rehabs? Those are okay. rehabs, yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, the rehabilitation are. centers, Reggie. People are yes. freaking out on red Eric paint robots. Sure does. Yeah. They're uh, throwing shit around, throwing red paint around. Dick and or actually Nightwing and Batgirl come in, fight them a little bit. Um, there she's able to turn them off because she yeah. realized earlier that that, or I guess this is where she realized that the pop song they've been hearing throughout like every issue that the nanobot yeah. users love is actually like. Puts them on a psychedelic. That's a key, trip. yeah. It's, it puts it's them a on a trip, and they kind of got that in the past from those hackers. But it's weird she didn't know that before. But yeah, they're going no, on. No, she, and... she realized that in the past, and she's yeah. using that now as the advantage no, because it's still the it. same. It's still the same code as it's it was before the because they haven't dealt with this in years. Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah, and then they realized that the nanobots were put in the coffee and donuts, and they also have pretty nice soft things to wear at yeah, the rehab yeah. center. And also, though, that Ainsley Wells is yeah. dead, which I yes, thought we Ainsley knew that already. Didn't 
Uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I don't know. But they pull out her file there, and they still just have this uh, this file system that this rehab center. It's well, just Manila until, folders. Until, I, they got to update. Point, though, they thought that Ainsley was probably the yeah, red was queen. The red, red was. Red queen. Now that they looking at the files, they found out that I she just died. Like she that was these, homeless. She went these through, files. Like she, they're not on a computer. They're all just pages written in a goddamn Manila folder. I, how yeah. old you know school is this goddamn right thing? Too. Yeah, these were never transferred. These things were never scanned and transferred. They're all just sitting there. You would think that this rehab as well would have how many people in and out of it. They even say it's a very expensive place to go and all that, but yet they can just open and go under Ainsley's last name, and it's still just right there in the filing cabinet, and they find out that she had indeed died, but that her sister had tried to see her all this time and just jumped to the conclusion that the Red Queen is her sister and who knows what they know, what she knows about them because of That's what... That's sure it is because this, this comic is all about yeah. jumping. Stupid it is. It's all conclusions. So they're you know. worried, you know, they're worried that maybe uh, Ainsley's sister now will know who they are and all that and they're going to have to deal with it. I but, just yeah. want to know who this rock star maybe is who helps Nightwing and uh, Batgirl yeah. out when they're fighting these freaking like, you know, these drugged out people who are working for the Red Queen queen because it, like he's hitting people with mobs at the end like thanks for the help like no problem this is the most fun i've had since my hotel uh, trashing day yeah, like, yeah who is this guy that oh, is uh, kurt is cobain it's kurt <laughs> cobain eric you didn't alive. know <laughs> it is uh, uh, also gloss over the part where barbara tells ask dick to come home with her yeah she does that, that's, yeah, in the present so yeah that, that's about it and he's like i don't know but i have a hunch and she says well, I, the, I pants and, the next issue is going to be just like a tijuana bible straight up hard that'd be great that, so. that, that would be the see. best I, I also think over. that there's a so. weird deal in here where uh both dick and barbara seem to curse in this and it, it just kind of threw me off a little I, I didn't like it but you know i don't like the curse words is yeah, what well, we go, at the end we go back to a flashback where they decide they're going to take matters in their own hand and go after Mad Hatter themselves. Even yeah, though Mad might be Hatter is the one involved with this. Yeah, and they right. go in, and that's where you see a guy listening because to that Ainsley song. Is developing and... this programmable drugs for the Mad Hatter. Yes, she is, and even so, she even says it at a point in that rehab. The whole deal is: listen, I'm trying to get off the smack, but now I'm dealing with the smack, and, and she can't do it. It's just nonsense. It really is. And uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh. I really have no more to say about it. I I like art. I like the Chris Wildgoose art. I feel like he's gotten better too. even as we've gone forward, you know, with doing more issues. But uh, pretty lame, boring story. Six out of ten. I am going to go 5.5, but I did like the art. I just I don't care much about this, and it's made me not care about Batgirl, which is a shame because I do like the character a lot. But, yeah, I really don't care anymore. But, Eric, what do you give it? I've gotten used to the art of this, which was a problem for me to begin with, but now I don't mind. But the thing is where it really shines is in the flashback when you see Robin and a young Batgirl. I think all of those scenes look really yeah, great like compared to even the freaking present day stuff. That's, you know, It should be the, actually the same kind of shit, but for some reason the flashbacks just really shine in comparison. And like where I was really into this mystery when this arc started, I've been slowly disillusioning it. And this one does not do anything for me to get me back on the trolley. So I have to give it a 5.5 out of 10. All right, but we're going to go off to some mail and then come back with Reggie's two other books with us and a animal book. Why you 
just can't admit Jim is the man I like the killing I like the killing The time on the podcast is here The voice that we all want to hear So here we go Hi, Eric. This is an odd rendition of that song. <laughs> I messed up at the end. I know. And did it again for me. Oh, I messed up. The thing up. is, I couldn't hear the difference. Uh, oh. <laughs> what are you, an elm tree? You're throwing shade? Wait. Son. Son. <laughs> Blue. Was now, Eric, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna tell you. Tell me. Uh, I'm gonna say a word. You tell me what rhymes with it. Wolfman. Wolfman. <laughs> Correct, Mundo. Mail section number four. We're gonna have at Chisanga. Chisanga says, "Hey guys, just dropping some of my thoughts. The only reason to ride a horse in a desert for a long period of time is to look cool. It's because to kill it." Because if Batman did the sensible thing of riding a camel, the cover of Batman number 33 wouldn't look so cool. Also, <laughs> fuck no. What is Bruce uh, doing with a shotgun? He doesn't like guns of any kind, uh, period. Also, Talia Orgy felt very random, though. Looks eh, sexy. Don't orgies always feel really random when you find yourselves in them? Not with me. I wanted. I wish that I had a life that a orgy did seem random. No, it always hey, just but, came around back in my 20s, mm, man. I was just always yeah, there. They didn't, yeah, orgy. Yeah, fucking. So Hitch is done. <laughs> Thank God. He's not done yet. No. But, though I wonder why he bothered to try and pack his future kids for later use because I doubt any sensible writer will want to touch his things. Like how Sealy tries to bring Grant Morrison things out to play. It would be hilarious if, you know, 10 years from now they have a rebirth and it's like all of a sudden Hunter shows up. I'm nowhere. telling you, if I somehow was able to write a goddamn story for DC out of nowhere, like say five years down the line, right and no here, one's touched those kids. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I grab the freaking legacy, kids. I like right them. Right here on Weird Science. Well, was, <laughs> only Hitch would be able to use the kids properly since he shackled them with the kindred and other nonsense, especially Molly. Yeah, it's Molly. Molly. Speaking of Hitch, apart from the kids, what will you guys miss the most from Hitch's run of Justice League? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Maybe bitching about it. I know Brandon liked listening to it, but yeah, I will not miss anything, though. I I'm telling you, don't just think because Christopher Priest is on that it's going to be 100% fucking, you know, great. I want to see right, what he's going to do. I love, I love Christopher Priest. 
Uh, but what I've learned in the uh, rebirth, especially from guys like a Sam Humphreys or a Tim Seeley or possibly a Ben Percy, maybe a Brian, uh, even a Tom King a, and a Brian Hitch, is that sometimes great writers don't uh, mesh well with everything that they write. And it seems like DC has a knack right now of grabbing writers and putting them on books that really don't suit their writing style. So I'm very worried about it, especially when uh, Chris or Priest says, Hey, the the thing is, I talked to Jeff Johns, and he really likes the way I write Deathstroke, and I'm going to do the same thing with the Justice League. I don't really I want that. Did. Christopher yeah. Priest is good enough to write different books different ways and to sense what you need. What I need from the Justice League right now really is a fun book. I'd really enjoy a fun book. What he is explaining does not sound That's like fun. Well. It's going to be more of a grounded story about the individual characters and their, their wants and needs and fears. You I don't know that I want that right now i actually this is one of those where i think that maybe it shows that i'm a little more of a justice league fan than say just a wonder woman because when you got done uh the greg rucka run we had a kind of a buffer zone where you had you know when uh what shay fontana came on uh i actually want that for the justice league as well uh brian you know chris or priest comes in after brian hitch i i just Make Jim Werner happy and give Tom Taylor a four-issue arc or a six-issue or a three-issue of just a kick-ass fun story to kind of do the palate-cleansing deal, but they're not. So we'll see. But yeah, I said already, just a little tip or a little spoiler, uh, when we were talking at work and we mentioned it with Reggie about how we were saying about who would be our writer of the year and all that, right now Christopher Priest is above and beyond my writer of the year. So it's not that, I'm, that. It's not that I'm telling well, anybody that. But I don't like him. You're a big Tomasi Gleason guy. You are, Eric. <laughs> they are joined at the hip, especially when a drunk Eric says their names. I honestly don't understand why people are upset about Huntress leaving and breaking up with Dick. The main problem, I have a problem of it. It's starting. Goddamn issues now. Yeah, I had a problem with it starting, actually. But yeah. the main problem, in my opinion, is that all the way from Grayson was that their relationship was underdeveloped. Their attraction was just sexual for the majority of the first eight issues, then just got dropped after Helena became his boss in the DCYOU. He quit after three issues, came back and immediately defected. Uh, with her unrelentingly spending, uh, sending spiral agents, then the Council of Spies to kill them. Tiger, there was also brief interaction in Titans Hunt and Batman and Robin Eternal, but that more friendship moments that. Uh, best to me and yeah they were more friends to me i i didn't have any problems with her leaving I, like you benefits. said i thought she left before the the whole thing that i had an issue with was it going on at the same time where until dick did tell barbara listen i, I can't do this right now it did seem that barbara was very interested in dick and that would have uh, been something i think yeah well yeah uh <laughs> you son of a bitch uh, <laughs> that would have been something that i think huntress would have uh, not gone fully out with that cheese she may have backed off from that because of Barbara and them being in the Birds of Prey together. Yeah, come but, on. Who, who's Dick's top bitch right now? Come on. Uh, yeah, no, I just, you know, I know that a lot of in the Birds of Prey, they really do like Dick. Eric. That back to Grayson, he seemed to go above and beyond to save her. Then their kiss, which at the time reminded me that they had a thing going on at the beginning of Grayson, then seemed to go their separate ways till they met again in Batgirl and the Birds of 
pray. Uh, yes. And then really the only thing I you mentioned already, she said goodbye. She was going back to Gotham. It was already spelled out because I know it was and remembered because me and you were like, here we go again. Because you had uh, Tim Seeley like, hey, I'm going back to Gotham to take care of this uh, mob problem, which was already taken care and of. And that's the thing is before it, it seems like, oh, you're going to do this stuff to like uh, Dick. I'm not going to be anybody's, you know, second, like, like, like play second fiddle to anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. out. And I thought she was gone. Then she stuck yeah. around because apparently she will play she stuck around and played some she film. likes the dick yes she does then she comes just literally one issue after his breakup uh, with sean to start all the nonsense of call back to grayson and, and isn't that always the way her kill mobsters whether people like it or not the first arc of birds of prey pretty much drained helen of her motive to kill mobsters for vengeance it, it, it drained it all and then she drained Dick. It turned then, out the biggest problem with that, like the crime family that she was after, her mother was it's her crime mother. family. Yeah. It's like I done thought that done. you were teaching me, Eric, when all along you weren't telling me shit. Isn't that the same? Then two issues thought, later, they're banging with Sean watching. Not sure how long she was at that window. Probably a little been too there for long. A while. And now <laughs> you just staring in that window. And now we come to the current story. I like to watch. We're all surprised that she was still there. Like, she, was she driving on her bike after school every day from Gotham to Bloodhaven? Because I doubt she's been teaching long enough to have leave already. Then she was uh, lying. She was leaving. Then the next issue, she's back again, I guess the sex is really that good only to just damage his most important equipment when she learns that he was working with blockbuster and damaging his most important equipment yes we are talking about his butt cheeks eric guess the only woman in dick's life who seems to not hit him or say he sucks is starfire now maybe he should give her a ring put a ring on that finger right now yeah anyway that's my opinion on the matter. And, yeah, I just, like I said, the, the stuff that's happening, I to me, it was weird that once Huntress and Dick started, you know, fooling around and doing that stuff, it, I just thought, you know what, this this isn't hard-hitting at all. It's nothing, and it shows me that nobody's paying attention. I just, whatever. I just go on with it. But that is mail section number four. All that's right. it. That is it. Chisanga got his own mail section. And now we're going to go off to more books. More of Reggie's review, starting yeah. with what book, Reggie? We are starting with the Hellblazer number 15, written by Tim Seeley, art by Jesus Marino and Carrie Strahan. Nordic. Uh, 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 honey, honey. Uh, 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 you are my potion. And you got me wanting you. Honey. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, uh, liquor, liquor, uh, 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 you make my dreams come true, and you got me wanting you. 
I just can't believe the easiness of fooling you. I just can't believe I tricked you into burning you. Ah, dwarven. Uh, 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 uh. Ah, honey, honey. Uh, 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 uh. You are distilled hubris. And you got me wanting you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Did you know, and I didn't know this, that that was an original song by the Archies. By the Archies. I did. I did not know that. For some reason, Jim and I talk about that quite a lot. Yes, I do. Do you sing it? Do you sing it a lot? Do you have certain verses? Do you like to do the... I like that verse. Oh, you do that part. I do it all. I just make Eric listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's among other things that I walk around singing uh, parody songs, me and Eric. But yes, uh, you guys... Are big fans of this Tim Seeley uh, bit of uh, help laser better than what we were getting before. So I'm going to let you talk about it. You this guys can go at it. Like a, like a Constantine issue. No. Uh, a Hellblazer issue you expect to see. It's Constantine acting like Constantine, like doing, Constantine interesting, yeah. doing interesting things, doing magic, you know, tricks and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he's still, he's still trying to figure out, uh, he wants to get in touch with these. Nordic dwarves that made the mead that that makes your innermost dreams come true, to, often to you know violent effect, kind of like. As the thing is, I didn't get that idea until this issue because we have been dealing with these Nordic dwarves, and we figured, found out last issue that it was these things, and he was drinking this mead. But I never really got the idea that it was like you made your dreams come true until like this whole thing. It kind of came out of nowhere to me because before he drank the mead and he killed the guy who like you know in his freaking hotel room. But like it didn't well, really he, seem like he killed the guy that annoyed him. So yeah. well, the way I looked at it was, it would make one of your most guttural, instinctual actions come true. You know what I mean? Make 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 an unfortunate dream come true. Whereas in this issue, it does seem to do something a little bit different. Although there is an unfortunate aspect because he doesn't really like the life that yeah. he's given. Yeah. You know, but uh, well, that's I, the thing I, is that we dealt with this because he goes down, and I really like the whole transition where we go to the morgue where we last saw freaking I can't remember the freaking uh the police lady that he bangs, but oh, yeah. they go to the morgue where the last time we saw her in the freaking, yeah, the, the, dwar- the dwarves came after her, and in there you have a dead body, you have the freaking head of the guy who like freaking died at his hotel room, but he dives into this freaking open autopsy freaking thing mm-hmm. we go into the world of the Nordic dwarves, I'm like, you know what, that's pretty goddamn cool. Love, he even pinches yeah. his nose and just yeah. dives right in feast, feet first, and then the way the world looks, it looks like an, the, an internal organs and like bones and shit. Uh, and it was I like a that. really cool aspect of like the whole thing, the supernatural aspect, the magic and stuff that I love to see with Constantine. Because yep. like for some reason, a lot of times it's put on the back burner where it's like, oh, I could do magic. I just don't really feel like it right it was now. Put on the back burner for a whole fucking half a run. I know. Last time. Like all we uh, had was a fucking magical shoe going around, not doing shit. Nothing. You know what I mean? I mean, I really, I, honestly, in a Hellblazer comic, you expect to see him do some sort of a rite or ritual every issue. You know, I know. at least one. Uh, and we're getting that much, you know, so uh, that feels good. I love the way this bar looks. They end up in like kind of like a bar in the in the death realm where the two Nordic dwarves are tending bar and they've got Margaret Ames held captive there, which I didn't remember happened. But yeah. no, I will say the last thing we saw was like, you know, we saw Nordic dwarves go after that was our cliffhanger. So I'm yeah. guessing they took her here and that's when a freaking uh, Constantine came after him. And she looks pretty fucked up by it, but I don't really blame her. Oh, she's like catatonic, just laying like freaking against the bar, just crying and not moving. I mean, there's even all these barrels of, like, a presumably liquor next to her or, or meat or something. And even they're, like, all made of flesh and bone. Yeah. 
stack it's a really really cool visual looks cool as hell so uh john kind of pulls the okie doke on him this is this is a maybe a little hokey this uh the the quality of the okie doke he tells these dwarves that they they're bored that's essentially what the problem is they're they're fucking with john because they want to pull pranks they don't know what else to do wouldn't it be something if they could really make a big shift make you know fuck things up and give him you know a big swig of the mead and give him the power to i guess make his crazy world a reality and if they he he does that. He says, let Margaret Ames go. And, and this this whole thing, too, this whole thing really played off. It didn't come across to me the way it ended up is that it seemed like we were going to play a drinking game at first where I was going to drink this freaking mead. And it seemed like the Nordic uh, dr- uh, dwarves were going to do it as well. And if I win the drinking game, then you let her go. But the thing is, he just keeps drinking until he wakes. He passes out and wakes up in a world that he creates thanks to this freaking poetry mead, this mead of poetry that allows him, you know, to have the freaking the, like the uh, inspiration to create a world of his own yeah i mean i i I mean he says you know you want to see the kind of horrors i'm imagining he kind of makes it like he like he can create a a super fucked up world that the dwarves will be very gleeful i guess that this world is created but it was a little hokey this is this isn't quite the uh tom sawyer got them to paint the white level of uh trickery here but i guess after many millennia of being alive the dwarves are getting a little soft in the head you know they're a little easy Easy but touches. they spend all their time drinking, hanging out in people's chests. You know, they got, they got a lot going on. They don't know what's going on in the world. Uh, so they get conned. John knocks knocks out. He wakes up in. Uh, he's basically now, you know, his his punk rock band is a worldwide sensation. He's rich. He lives in. They name it over there, some rich area of London. I don't know what it is, but I assume it's the equivalent of like the rich area of anywhere. Right, right. Rich area in Quaker Town, or is that just like where you can't That's smell Eric's the area. That's oh, yeah. Eric's area. Over the there. That's where the wealthy people live. Over yeah. in his that's apartments. That's what, yeah. You know, yeah. they can really have. <laughs> that I got is, all that cellar, right. dwell money going on over here. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know that that is. I I'm only over here with the attic animal money, so I am slumming it. Unfortunately, I will. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but he see, so he's got this amazing Kensington. world. People apart. That's the best part. Kensington's a rich area here. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. That's what that's what it is. Kensington is the freaking it where he his world he, his house is in this new made up world. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to live in Kensington. Uh, anyway though, but he he realizes that basically his plan is coming to fruition. He grabs the bottle of meat is there for some reason. I guess he dreamed it there also. Yeah. He grabs it, runs out. He wants to go, you know, make this plan happen. But then a great thing happens, right, Eric? Swamp Zatana, thing is show up. Show up. Man. Yes. Because they yes. realize the world has been altered, reality has changed, and they know it's Constantine's fault, and because of their magical connection and their connection to the green, they are the ones who know things wrong, and they have to put it right, and they call the Justice League in for backup. Yes! Like, you know, this is what we want to see, you know what I mean? Like, finally, Constantine's world-changing bullshit has to gain the notice. They have to react somehow. Uh, I love it, too, because it's the whole thing is, you know, it's just Zatanna and Swamp Thing that know something has changed. So when you have the the, the Justice League show up... This is the world that they know. For some reason, they have to take on a rock star who happens, yeah. you know, they might have a, had a run-in because of his magical practices here and there, but he is not the Constantine that they know at this point. Oh, exactly. Yeah, they're just they're just going on Swamp Thing and Zatanna's word, but obviously that would be enough in this world, or even Zatanna's word, probably. But, yeah. uh, but you know, yeah, it's like to them, they're just like, all right, we'll go after uh, Billy Idol, I guess. That's fine. That's what we got to do. And the weird do. part, too, in this weird reimagine, I'm telling you, I don't know how much you can go with this because I didn't even notice it till right now. 
I don't know if it's just Jesus Marino, like doing the like or like whatever it is, or the colorist. In this reimagined Constantine world, Superman Reborn never happened. We have the pre-Flashpoint Superman here in his uh, pre-Flashpoint costume when he came into the oh. uh, New Fifty Two. Yeah, that's true. And I didn't, I didn't, isn't that an older Batman? Isn't that, that's not the same. Yeah, Batman. that's not that's not the new that's Batman the either. Yes, that is either. a New Fifty Two Batman. Interesting. So yeah, I guess there are little alterations, little changes here and there. So that is a cool thing that I didn't even pick up the first time. But yet Simon and Jessica are still the Green Lanterns, so it's kind of a little off. But that still happened, you know. Whatever. I don't know. He still got the gun, although who knows when this happened in the uh, timeline or whatever. So he takes another swig, and that gives uh, Constantine the power to beat down the Justice League, at least beat you know beat them back a little bit. He goes into the innkeeper's rhyme pub, which is, I guess, is that the, that can't be the same bar that this all began. It doesn't look like it. I don't uh, believe so, but now I can't recall. It sucks. It just it just looks like an average bar. That other place was like a nightclub when, when in our last continuity before he destroyed it. Uh, yeah, but the thing but, was, it, in his new reality, this could be the shitty bar that it once true. was that he loved. They might they might have kept it. You so know, I think it might be the same bar. Be. Regardless, he goes into a bar and Margaret Ames is there and she's like a drunk. She's basically become like a drunk whore. Uh, I love how Constantine comes in. His jacket's all singed. Like, he's I love that. He's just fight. smoking after this fight with Superman. Like, I, 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 knocked, I put out three of Superman's teeth, he says. <laughs> uh, I, this this even is a little deep, too, because it's like this is John's reality. And in his greatest his greatest dream reality, Margaret Ames never got over their breakup and like her life was and ruined. Just, and, I'm telling you, yeah. in his perfect world, he's still a piece of shit where he's getting back at the people and he has wronged him in his mind to a degree. Even in the slightest, most minor, you know what I mean? Minor offenses. He's very like, uh, kept in that, but he puts her in the evil pentagram ish thing or whatever and snaps his fingers. And now he can see the dwarves are all like latched onto her and they've got her tendrils in her hair. I guess they like people suffering and they speak through her. And this this part, it was like, you know, they yakety yak talk about uh, what are they saying here? The Margaret interests them so because uh, pains of the flesh, they like to people's pain. Whatever it is, though, uh, they've given Constantine ultimate powers. So he just points two fingers at them and the two dwarves burn to death. Right. In and front it was of kind of anticlimactic. But the thing is, we like I like this little three issue arc. These things should not be that big of a freaking you know problem. So right. the fact of the matter that he can trick them the way that Constantine would and just take them out immediately and still freaking stick the landing just to give us the asshole Constantine that is the piece of shit. I thought it was really cool. And then there was even then this this secondary, more imminent danger where now the Justice League is still after Constantine and he wants Margaret to drink the mead and change the world uh, in a, a, a more reasonable image that isn't just out of Con- Constantine's ego. Although yeah. then wouldn't it be out of her ego? But I guess that would still get things into a better state than they were if Constantine ran everything. Well, that's and, what he's uh, trying to convince her. Like, she's trying to make her remember the Constantine that she he was, the freaking asshole that left her and all of this other shit, the freaking get the world back to the way it should be, the how she should remember it. Like, look, you're not supposed to be a drunk. You are a freaking cop. You're a freaking head detective and all this other stuff. So when she takes the meat, it writes the world as much as I guess it can. I'm telling you, we may never be in a freaking normal world now that Constantine has done all this. But we just get back to the point where – Everything's the way it's supposed to be, except for Friggin. You know, she is in bed with Friggin Constantine and still wants to be with him. Yeah, and he and he disses her again, you know. But we know that he partly uh, rejects her because, you know, being knowing Constantine is one of the worst things that can happen to a person. So in his mind, he's doing a nice thing whenever he breaks up with someone, although that's what a lot of douchebags say. So I can't really defend it. I also did very much love Swamp Thing made of barley. 
Oh, that was good. Uh, yes. I'll tell you, when, when we get I to like the point where, he, where he's trying to talk about, you know, in my mind, I was playing the hero. I left you so nothing bad would happen to you because I was going yeah. deep down the rabbit hole of this magic and I knew it only hurt you in the long run. And I, this is what I told myself to make myself feel good. The thing is, you cared too much. You would go out, like, if you didn't have any money, you had $10, you saw something you thought that somebody would like, you would go and buy them. You wouldn't eat that day because you thought of others so much. And the idea of you doing this, it disgusted me because you were just so like, you know, all these useless little things that you would buy people was just nonsense and it didn't matter to anything. And the whole idea, I didn't want to be around that because you were just like, you know, there is nothing to you. And that's like, there's more, that's more or less the way he always breaks it off, though. You know, he's always and, like, I'm a I'm a horrible piece of shit, you know, and, and, and I'm telling you, just the description about this. I'm like, you know what? I feel this way about people, but I would never say it to their face. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The best thing you could do is to not know Eric Shea. That would Agreed. be the best thing you could do in your life. Yes. So uh, that pretty much wraps it up. And uh, I had a real good time with this issue. Uh, for the most part, a couple of things that we talked about that, you know, like the deal with the dwarves was a little iffy. I don't yeah. know. That seemed like a, a kind of deal that any dwarf would make. Plus, they did kind of change my understanding of this uh, golden mead, whatever Me it is. as well. The, the honey mead. However, taken by it's also, the, you know, Applause, applause for this being three issue arc. Could have could have been two issues, but you and know. honestly, a three issue is not bad because I think that Tim Seeley taking over this book, he had a he had a checklist of things that he wanted to freaking make sure that his run consisted of, and I think he caught all the great Constantine moments that you need. That the last run was missing sorely. Definitely, I mean that that was that was the top thing that I noticed was like between him jumping into the guy's chest and then him like you know even even pulling the fire trick at the end. Just little, it's a, he's always using little bullshit magic yeah. all the time, and I like to see that, and that's something we've missed so much. I would say that my feeling for this definitely is, uh, you know, a result of how much I hated and walked away from the last one. I can totally see that. But, uh, but at the same time, this is more where we, this is definitely where we want to be with a constitute. Plus, interacting with the DCU, this is what we'd hope for all. Since the new Fifty Two was like a more realistic interaction with the DC, and that's I was all about the whole idea when they had a Constantine book announced. Okay, Constantine, fucking regular in the DC yeah. with everybody else. I can't wait to see what kind of shenanigans this never he pulls. quite happened. In, yeah. in, 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 the best way it happened was when he went to Earth Two. Exactly, my and, favorite and, part and, of that and, run. And that was the DCU, but it wasn't you know it wasn't what we had thought it wasn't would happen, proper. But, yeah, but anyway, uh, I enjoyed it, and and I'll tell you what this is what I said in my review, and I'll say it here. If this is, a, I'm not positive this is a three issue arc. They may pull a switcheroo, even though it says the end. But you never know, you know. This, if the next one picks up right away from where this left off, then I would go down half a point. But if it's a three issue arc, I'm giving this issue an eight point five. Huh? How about that? I, I didn't really say anything because I really don't care about this book at all. Uh, this issue was okay. Uh, this book will be canceled within four months. I'm not even going to invest. Uh, I looked, and while while you guys were talking, just the fact that since Tim Seeley has taken over the book, the book has gone down like six thousand in copies, and now is is the fourth lowest selling book of DC. It's actually selling. No, but I'm saying it. it, it he took over. It was at like eighteen thousand. Now it's at fourteen. And it's just gone down every issue. So I, he didn't jump on. It didn't get a big push for him getting on it. And I don't think it will. And it just keeps going down. It, it sells as bad as Superwoman, which we 
already heard oh, yeah. is canceled. I do think this will be canceled by February or March, and well, so maybe I'm not even Eric get... and I are talking it up. Maybe that'll change. I'm not even gonna... yeah, yeah, that really helped the sales of New Superman, Chase, which Chase is actually like Eric the second Eric. lowest selling book. But yeah, yeah. I well, just no, they know Eric is racist. Yeah, well that is true. God, but yeah, I just I read this book and I, I just I tried. I got into. I told you when when uh, Rebirth started that first issue. I was really into it. Uh, I don't like the character. I don't like his stories. I and whether it's good or not, I still just can't get into it. So I'm not even going to rate it. So what are you giving it, Eric? I'm giving a 7.5 out of 10. I really love the art. And I'm telling you, even the subtle thing where I just noticed the second time looking through as we're talking about where Jesus Marino changed the costumes of the Just League. I think that's a really yeah. cool aspect that, that like, cool. I don't think a lot of people are going to notice. It's, like, it's funny, though. I think it was a fuck up because the Green Arrows or the Green Lanterns are Jessica and Simon. So it the, couldn't have been still anything. Be that in that time, even like Simon still has his gun. And, you know, like, yeah, Superman but he has that. But the these Justice guys would have been way before it would have been Hal Jordan. So, I know, I, especially I with that, could have just changed some things. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Again, not, though, not I others. think that that's just a cop out to just say, "Oh, he just drew whatever the wanted," and you could always just say, "Oh, well, that's what that's what Constantine would have wanted." I, I don't know why he would have wanted Simon. I and just Jessica. think it was it was subtle changes that I actually looking at. I actually appreciate because we did take some time, and in my mind, he put some effort into like just changing things subtly like that. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed the story for the most part. Like I had a few problems with you know. The idea of what the mead and what the dwarves are looking for, but for the most part, it was a good time. Yeah, I think he fucked up. Is what I think he did with that, with with the uh, costumes. I just think he looked at other costumes and did are it. Are you like saying that DC editorial did not yeah. exercise? Yeah, I think he fucked up. Control. Is that what I you're think claiming? he fucked up? That's what I'm claiming. I, would like I think you to that point Jesus one went. Other time you've seen that happen. <laughs> what, the, you, what this week or just in that book? <laughs> should, should I go on? Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I just I've checked out of the book. I, unfortunately, I did read it. I like the inclusion of the super. Uh, I don't think this character is your type of no. character. Well, the Justice League showing up was pretty cool. So I'll, yeah. I'll go with that. But I just sit there. This is a dead book walking as I'm reading it. I'm just thinking like this is not going to matter a year from now because in a year from now it will be canceled for eight months and nothing will happen. It'll be the it'll be the Blaze Blazer. Oh, yeah. not the Blaze Blazer. That's the worst the Blaze, kind of Blazer. Blazer. But we're going to go to your last book. And yeah. this is another Our one that I. And, and this, well, it's going to be our last book. And I will say that I have debated about this book as well, only because I see the lack of interest from everyone but me and you, Reggie, of this book. Be, and nobody cares. Nobody cares whatsoever that whatever they thought that big, uh, you know, push know, that know. Tom King's last month's issue was going to do, it did nothing uh, because nobody cares about this book. But go, Reggie, me and you read it. So what is it? it? It is the Cabandi Challenge number 10, written by Greg Pack, art by, or Greg Pock, sorry, art by Shane Davis, Michelle Delecki, and Hi-Fi. Do you have the time to read 12 parts of my time in the post-apocalyptic wasteland? I'm the last human boy, except those other human boys, in a world controlled by anthropomorphic canines. Sometimes they want to be my friend. Sometimes they want to tear my flesh. It's never adding up. The rules keep changing up. Do the street sharks want to eat Kamandi or not? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just like, my, he my, bleeds. That's, uh, yeah, really. To, I had to name a problem 
for this particular issue. It's that we never know whether Kamandi's in danger or not at any time. No, he no. seems to either be in danger or being protected simultaneously by by either by the by same what, people. It's <laughs> like, yeah. happening, you know. I mean, there uh, are some things. It uh, you see, Greg Puck is definitely he definitely thought, or somebody told him, okay. Your issue 10, we got to get this fucking thing back on track. This Tom King issue of just this one room that seemed to be, I don't even know what that that was towards the overall story. Because I, I argued when we heard of it last or read it last month was that my biggest problem with that is you could have had that issue inserted anywhere in the series. And you could have it made it work because nothing happened and it didn't even, even make any goddamn series. sense. It could have been yeah. a Batman issue. Yeah, it could have been anything. Any it could have been anything. So Greg Pock has to get this back in order and he does so by just having scenes that are kind of cool but they really don't amount to much but then everything the transition of scene to scene and animal group to animal group means nothing especially where you open up and it's funny because at the back of these every issue in the back you have the previous writer talk about the issue that the and really usually these are pretty basic where you have just say it's reggie reggie uh hammond there he wrote the last issue what he'll say is boy that cliffhanger i was given was tough but what i thought was you know jack kirby would have done this and i would have done that right. and done this well tom king shows at the end of this he didn't care he's like basically yeah. yeah i wanted to work with kevin eastman because i was a teenage mutant ninja turtle and then sat and talked about his own issue throughout the whole thing and then at the end says hey by the way if you want to see what the cliffhanger leads to you may eventually and all i could say is no no we saw it here because greg pock just makes a uh, commandi end up opening up the door that we had seen before after fighting his way out of what is these robots that came in were grabbing them to kind of go and study and stuff all yeah. of these animals but, but, in then the, they, but then they say they don't they don't that they one turtle gonna, they yeah, were going to yeah. dissect him, but then they realized he's a human. And they're yes, like, they no, realized no, he was a human. We don't do yes. that to humans. So they don't do that. He ends up grabbing a, a machine gun that is supposed to be like a thing in a museum there. Oh, you're not going to do anything, which is kind of the same thing that he did at the beginning of this series where they had all of the uh, all those weapons right. and the nuclear right. bomb and stuff. And so he armory. goes. Yeah, yeah, and he fights his way out there, opens up the door, and there is the spouting ocean that he jumps off in and then is kind of attacked by, uh, you know, these goddamn freaking street sharks. I mean, I mean, they come around, they're all saying blood, 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 blood. Yeah, yeah. Well, what and do you think sharks they, would say? Yeah. Which, which I would think so. They shoot Kamandi. But when he bleeds, when he bleeds, that ends they it. They realize he's not a robot. Then they're like, oh, now you're yeah. fighting on our side. Yeah, and, uh, because he bled. It makes no sense. It really this, doesn't. This, this splash of uh, robots and man sharks and uh, Kamandi fighting is pretty good. This two pages. Yeah, it's, it's, it's silly as hell, but I had fun reading it. It's been a while. Yeah, that was okay. That. You yeah. even have at one point in uh, you have a lot of tattoos. Even at one point, one of the sharks is wearing a uh, a Viking helmet and has Pac Man tattooed yeah, on his side so yeah i'm like yeah okay at least i'm having some fun this is exactly. what this is what this whole commandi challenge to me was supposed to be issue. just wacky sort of fun most of the issues have been too more or less I yeah mean, with, with you don't need to, you know to have an emotional cry session no, uh, about jack crazy, kirby it was crazy creatures and you know a lot yeah. of uh, this is why i give greg action. greg pock i give him credit that he's just like let's get back to the zany shit after what we just Look got but you, but what happens now. Dennis, 
Kamani then with these sharks ends up going on to the shore and then seems to be kind of attacked again, they but he is her again. They're like blood, yeah. blood. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And then you're like, whatever. And then you have these these goddamn, you know, these other what would they be, leopards and things like That's that. Who, like the yeah. big cat crew yeah. or and they, yeah, they are kind of working hand in hand with the sharks because the sharks can't go on land, and now Kamandi can help them go to this tower and defeat the, you know, the commander. commander. And as they go, uh, you get this weird scene where you have these, li- you know, leopards and things, and they call each other. Uh, I'm dead woman, and that's dead boy, and I'm dead man. I'm like, I don't look like no dead man. But they they go, and then the <laughs> one gets the one gets attacked. It gets, you know, they have a grenade go off because these robots show up again and you know oh my god dead woman yes and exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, what is going on now, here now i understand yeah i'm like what's going on and then he ends up Kamani ends up sneaking into this tower and That's the then this part i'm telling you i was having a lot of fun with this, especially since we just got like out of the nonsense the last issue into some robots Kamani yeah. escaping some goddamn sharks with biceps but as soon as we deal with the freaking leopard people and the dead woman, it slows everything down. Yeah, so it does slow it down. Complex where now, I don't know about you, but the, even before he got into that complex, I thought to myself, it's going to be his parents that are in charge yeah. here. They're going to be bad. And then when he sees his mom, where really it's funny, too, because I do like the art in this. But there are certain pages that look really, really good. And out of nowhere, that page with his mom shooting the guns, yeah. it looks great to me. Like out of that. That seems to be like what they really took a lot of time on that. Two-page splash, yeah. He took yeah. a lot. Of, he took his sweet time. I mean, look, yeah, look at it looks good. Robots, it's unbelievable. It really is yeah. nice. Yeah, it's really good. And this is where he's like, "Mom," and then it, what ends up really is, or at least we think. And she says, "Yeah, it's his mom." Says, "Oh my God, you do look just like me." And tries to explain things of how it's gone. You know, we were attacked, all this, and I, I wanted the best for you, but you know what? I'm the commander. And then you're like. Before that part, though, I, I wanted to cry bullshit because he's she's talking about, look, I put you in the simulated world. I gave you robot yeah. grandma to freaking raise you, and yeah. I came looking for you, but the place was short. When did you come looking? Last month? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's, what a, that's what a mother in this situation would do. She'd lie. Now, the thing that I thought was you have the I'm the commander. I really thought that was the cliffhanger. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. It does continue on then. And I do think also one of the biggest problems that we've had in the series is that Kamandi has changed his look with each each issue. Like every artist who's jumped on kind of has their own steel. And the problem with me is that the age of Kamandi seems to be jumping all it over the place. It fluctuates. And, yeah. But it really after his <laughs> Kamandi, mom's like seven years old. I'm telling you, after boy. after <laughs> his mom says I'm the commander, and then we go from there a couple pages where he's bare chested with the little Uzi. It yeah. does look like now he's a 30 year old man to be on that you know you have that cliffhanger there because he then she saw gets a lot shot of shit in those few panels man he you know? did like, but yeah she ends up going mom. anyway also but we should also say that the commander's plan his mom's plan is to wipe out all of the anthropomorphic animals and yeah. leave it fresh for humans on earth again that's you know yes. what, she wants to get I earth back and i'm you. with her i was supposed to kill you it's a pretty good plan it's yeah good, i like yeah, that dude. plan but yeah it looks did, like she's most, hurt most of these animals have been fucking with commandy the Seriously, whole time so fuck these things. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm telling you, know you. but even animal took out all my fucking organs mom let's kill them all yeah how about that you know and really if we want to get down to it can you also go after tom king and steve orlando <laughs> they're killing all of us but with this whole deal he ends up with a cliffhanger 
That's it's a cra- you know you can say it's kind of crazy. He's been looking yeah, for his mom. It looks it, like she's dead, but it's more of a cliffhanger to set up an ending to this goddamn deal. We have a I'm couple issues you, left. At this point, where we had the freaking explosion go off, and it looks like his mother is dead in his arms now. Now, in my mind, I've been looking for my mother this whole time. I was with these animals. I thought it was crazy my mother wanted to kill all of them, but now yes. they've killed my mother. I will kill them I'm all. I'm going to kill them, but, but the, the whole thing with it, though, like I, I was saying, that it, at, least, at least you end up with a cliffhanger that you can go with and you can end this book. You know, it's like Greg right, Pak right. is kind of just like, okay, this nonsense has sure to end. They were, were going to get back to that original storyline. The, uh, yeah, the whole and now we have. So. You've been talking about that the whole time. And well, it's like, like Marley Finney came in and actually reminded us about it. I thank God for oh, that. Tell you. I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, Reggie, Reggie thought that I was fucking barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, I was but like, no, I was like seems... they got over that five issues ago. Get out of yeah. here with that. Yeah, shit. yeah. So yeah, and again, if you if you do have this and you bought it, I'd, I'd love to hear what other people thought of that Tom King essay in the back, which fucking is nonsense. is just freaking patting himself on the goddamn back like he does on Twitter all the time, and and then ending with the yeah, and that cliffhanger. You'll what does he say? He actually, huh? What's As for the, the cliffhanger, what's beyond the door? I ain't telling. I ain't but I telling. Got a feeling you'll find out. Eventually, no. Eventually. We we found out that's not the concept of this goddamn book. This book so isn't to fucking write your one shot. Was gonna show up. He had no yeah, idea. yeah, I'm telling you, uh, yeah, nonsense, complete nonsense. You'll you'll find out eventually. No, I found out this issue. Right, you well, it opened up to the ocean. You can't grade the comic Damn. on Tom King's essay though. Tell you, I'm mad at him still. I want to go back and uh, yell more about his <laughs> issue because I thought Greg Park did a pretty decent job. For yeah, what he was he, trying to do, uh, it felt back on track to being like an over-the-top fun, uh, you know, Jack Kirby book. Uh, though th- this whole thing has been nonsense. Uh, we've said it now and again, but this to me was again like the Marguerite Bonet uh, issue a couple issues ago, where I thought, hey, okay, you're getting the shit back on track. So I do have to give some kudos for that. But what did you give it, Reggie? I mean, you know, listen, if we see a couple of anthropomorphic animals shooting guns and we see maybe a, a crazy robot or a giant uh, mecha or whatever, yeah. well, that's what this book's all about. Too. Yep. This, we we want to see over-the-top, crazy stuff. I'd like a little better of, a, of cohesion as to why things are happening, at least within the issue. I really thought, like, Kamandi, like, he went, he vacillated between being the most important thing we must protect at all costs to, like, let's just fire rounds of lasers at him and, you know, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it just it just it just seemed to be sort of like you know a literary literary device, but in the end the art was good, especially on those flash pages. Like those are almost ready to be bought as prints. I feel like if you want to have such a thing, yeah. Uh, I went a little low on it. Uh, on the site, I did a six point five out of ten. It probably stay there, maybe a seven, but it's pretty much mediocre. All yeah. right, issue. I'm gonna go six five, and if you've been reading this, it's it's kind of going back to that joke we had with Harley. If you've been reading this whole series, you know what you're getting. You know what the the nonsense is, but at least this was fun. It got the story back on track. Uh, it didn't seem that Greg Pak was in it for himself and to, to show everybody how brilliant he is. And I'm expecting that next issue when he has his essay at the back, he'll talk about the 
like cliffhangers and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. uh, just that Tom King nonsense. Uh, I'm telling you, he used it as a spotlight on himself. This gets it back on track. So I'm going to give it a, a couple more points just for that. But I, I'm wow. actually going to go up to 6.8. Uh, what would you get uh, there? Th- th- so that's point three uh, Tom King spike points. Yes, it is. That, right, that's exactly. Good, I'm good. now going to go back retroactively and take point three <laughs> off of my score from Greg his Pock, and put it onto this. Greg Pocket <laughs> deserves that. That's what he gets from me. What are you with there? I just want you to know I don't care about this book at all. I don't no. like reading this book. This is like me and Hellblazer, I have to tell you. It's the same. I I liked reading this a lot, though. I had a good time with this issue. The art was great. I thought the reveal was freaking cool at the end. It got us to a cool cliffhanger. And I I like that Greg Pak just got us out of the nonsense that Tom King ended us with last issue and moved us right back into fun. I don't care anything about this, but I have a good time reading this issue. I'm 7 out of 10. I knew it! I know Eric Shea. I do. I know when he starts his talking what he's going to give, but yeah, I'm glad. At least, uh, this is the thing, I actually, it makes me smile so much. I have a big smile on my face now thinking that he was going, and this is the last book that we're going to talk with you among us, the three of us, and I know that he did not want to read this, and then I'm glad. I'm glad that you read it and then thought, you know what, okay, that was some fun. I'm telling you, I don't care about this challenge. I don't care about Kamandi. It was a fun issue. Yeah, there you go. I you, agree. Like, you like seeing muscle sharks and uh, killer robots. It does. So with Pac-Man tattoos. You, it would have been higher if we didn't have that low point with dead woman and dead. And that was. Girl I'm and... telling you, in that part just it was an odd transition to get to there. that tower. It, it was only because the like sharks the could not get to that tower. I like the fact that she has a sinister plan about her that I would be all about personally. And there's a cool yeah. cliffhanger where Kamadi now has to deal with the fact that his so mother might be dead. You would be more about eliminating Asians. So now what what he really wanted he, he wanted there to be a fjord so that the sharks could actually go right to the tower uh and and then do that but yes they couldn't and they even spelled it out like hey we don't have feet we can't go with yeah, you so hey land. by the way th- there's dead woman here she'll take you but yeah but we're going to move on now Reggie you are going to be talking uh what it might be the last freaking it young animal book, right? Young animal book ever. Yeah, yeah uh, it might be. Number twelve is coming yeah. up. Yeah, so uh, crazy. About that with Chris. It is so crazy, crazy we, we how that just kind of fell apart. But yeah, we'll go off now and listen to what you have to say about Mother Panic. Once in every lifetime. Young Animal segment on the Weird what? Science DC Comics.com podcast. That's right, Chris. <laughs> you are Chris. I am Reggie, and we are actually back with a Young Animal book. And uh, we're as surprised as you are, folks, but we <laughs> said we would definitely see this one through, and we'll let them know what we're going to be talking about today. We are talking about potentially the final issue of Mother Panic, issue 12, uh, called Under the Skin, part three, written by Jody Hauser, art by Sean Crystal and Jean Francois Boulot. And uh, we pick up 
pretty much where we left off yep. last issue. We've got a Violet handcuffed and suspended by her arms inside of a giant macabre sculpture of a skeleton. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, she can't <laughs> help but reminisce about those uh, good old days at Gatherhouse. Uh, in particular, the night where she and Jane were trying to bust out together. Uh, pop back to the present and Gala, who's that a blood or flesh painter or whatever right. she was. Sculptress, painter, uh, whatever. Yes. <laughs> now she's monologuing and preparing to kill Violet uh, using a scalpel hidden inside of the uh, retractable head of a paintbrush, which is a pretty uh, yeah. stupid weapon. Well, but, I mean, just have, why don't you just have a knife? You know what I mean? Does it right? really have to be in there? Retra- doesn't the blade look super short? Like It does. It, just very looks, stubby. it, it looks very like you don't really have to slice someone up to kill them, but I guess, hey, She's the artist, Chris. Let her do her work. <laughs> I mean, you figure maybe like a hypodermic in there just to suck the blood that, out and squirt it back out. That's, that's something, yeah. More, more utilitarian, I suppose. <laughs> uh, now, Violet, you know, it, being Violet, she's got some mean words to say about Gatherhouse. Uh, Gala admits that it wasn't hers, but it was owned by something that she refers to as the Collective. Uh, another captive held in a green statue reminiscent of Clayface hollers. That's uh, Jane's uh, boyfriend, lover, oh, husband, all right. whatever all right. he was. I forgot, what he, um, I forgot who this guy was. <laughs> yes, he, he didn't make much of an impact, no. but here he is. Uh, now Jane snaps out of her moon-eyed uh, reverie and grabs Gala's scalpel and then stabs it right into this guy's chest. I think he did. He did. Very quickly through that stubby scalpel, one chop, he's yep. finished. Uh, Gala retrieves the scalpel and praises Jane for her artistry, then stabs the scalpel into Violet's, I'm going to say shoulder. To, Ish. To be kind. Yeah, it's somewhere in that region. It you know, could be a boobish region, but we're not <laughs> sure. Uh, meanwhile, back to Manor Panic, where Violet's mom is having tea with Ratcatcher and Dom, and she says some stuff that seems relevant to Violet's predicament at the moment. And the dudes are just like, "Whatever, lady," you know. They don't they blow her off. Quick hop back in time to the Gather House, where Violet and Jane are about to escape. Jane just flips out and all of a sudden starts attacking Violet while yelling, "No, no, no, no!" Uh, so this is something she is prone to do. She snaps out and. Flips the script. Over to Gala Studio again. Pretty much this whole issue just takes place in these three locations. Uh, she's monologuing uh, still, and she instructs Jane to do some slicing and dicing. Violet appeals to Jane's softer side, asks her to recall the night they tried to bust out a gather house. And well, let's take a look at ourselves right now, shall we? At yes, that moment. Let's let us flash back. Uh, now, though Jane is having a psychotic break, Violet does not fight back against her. Eventually, two uh, you know demon impy guards, you know, the guards who have the demon faces, right. basically from yeah. Gatherhouse, as well as a nun, they show up. Uh, the nun tells them to hold Jane, who she refers to as Number Twelve, away. Uh, she'll be of further use uh, to the to the collective, I suppose. Um, but Violet is tagged to be part of New Project Seventeen. She's you know Number Seventeen. We've heard that before in right. uh, Gatherhouse parlance. Um, now Violet looks pretty frightened by this prospect, as uh, you'd imagine she might be. Yeah. Uh, now this is a uh, we're we're gonna assume here that this is where she got her you know the enhancements, the bionics in her back, the stuff that was on the Fritz a couple stories. Right. Back. Yeah, and it seems to be the stuff that well at this point that Jane doesn't have. But no. It does. No. It does kind of come out to be a little less clear later, but we'll get there when we get there. Certainly. Uh, now, in the in the present, uh, we see that uh, we have a little bit of symmetry here because uh, Violet's able to snap the chains that bind her, probably in great uh, thanks to those bionics. Yep. 
Um, now she tackles Jane now that she's free, and uh, now it's a Gatherhouse alumni fist fight. <laughs> it's <laughs> the class reunion. Uh, now we pop back over to Mother Panic's mother's garden, <clears throat> and that's where Dom <laughs> is uh, figuring out that uh, Mama Panic's meaningless babbling might have some meaning. Which we kind of figured this whole time, you know, but what we've been yeah. waiting for is for the roadmap. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, as a revelation, this is kind of like, uh, all right. I mean, I guess the characters had to figure this out, but we've been known this. We're, we're waiting for answers, <laughs> but I guess probably not to come. But anyway. No, no. And eventually, uh, Dom and the rat catcher leave Violet's mother behind, and uh, they leave the room feeling pretty confused. Yeah, I think we can relate to that. Now we cut on back over to Gala's studio, and Violet crushes Jane with a giant sculpture of a skull. It's like the size of a Honda scooter. I don't want to overstate things here. <laughs> I mean, you might think it was like you know the size of a Mack truck, but still, it's pretty big for a skull and enough to apparently to crush her. Uh, Gala turns on a big light-up Rubik's cube and vanishes just before Violet punches a big dent in it. I don't know where that thing came from, but okay. Uh, later, Dom is checking out Violet's cybernetic junk. Uh, by that we mean her bio. Enhancements, not her actual like genitalia, you know. <laughs> We're talking literally. Yeah, uh, he and he apologizes for not being as good at this as Var- at Varma. Uh, Violet says some stuff that reminds Dom of her, her her mother's yammering from earlier, and he gets confirmation that she was tittering about what was happening to Violet at that moment. So Dom explains that to Violet. Mm-hmm. We pop ahead a little later where Violet confronts her mother about this phenomenon, and her mother at this point is surprisingly lucid. Uh, she says she's been able to do this, quote, since she was made, um, and uh, alludes very strongly that Violet's father had something to do with it, or everything to do with it. Uh, now, Mama, pa- Mama Panic thinks she's broken, but Mother Panic is out for vengeance. <sighs> Some if you heard this before, next up, Milk Wars. Uh-oh, bum, bum, bum. And uh, Chris won't read it. I did look at the uh, backup <laughs> at the end. Uh, this was the worst of it. I, they did kind of conclude it. They did come to okay. the, Well, I. this has been the worst mystery because we've known who done it issues ago. You know, It's mm-hmm. been a matter of the characters coming around to it. So through three pages of what is basically nonstop talking heads, just a wall of conversation, they come around to understanding that. Now, could there be, is there a capture? Point that could come after this, I guess, but I doubt. I doubt it will. I don't think it needs to. This was not a great, a well-told backup. You know, backup. Now, did this feel rushed too? I did. I was going to say that. With all that dialogue, I really got the opinion, uh, the feeling, and you said this too. This series seems like it was cut off at the knees. Uh, I don't know what the you know longer plan was. Neither of us do, obviously. But I think that they were told, you know, obviously not a week ago, but, you know, a couple of months ago, it's going to end with 12. Because the regular Mother Panic story seems like it kind of came to a rapid conclusion, right? Sure. Uh, yep. still, still some open-ended, uh, quite quite a few questions that could be answered, but mm-hmm. a lot of the main ones were answered. And uh, a lot of the pieces that have been slid into place, like Ratcatcher and stuff, really didn't come to anything. You we know, don't know why. Yeah. There's no real point to it. There's not, nothing really wrong with it, but there's no story reason. I would say the same thing about the backup, seriously, that... Uh, I think they they just had to dump everything into that one, those three pages, and there we got it. Uh, yeah, as best they could. So it's interesting. Uh, 
I mean, did peek at the uh, at the backup. I didn't I didn't really pay much attention to it because I, I just I, I refused to for some I reason. I hear you, but, but um, you able but, uh, to see there's a lot of reading to do, right? It felt yeah, it felt like uh, if if people remember playing uh, Xenogears on the uh, first PlayStation, the second disc. I guess they came up against budget and time constraints, so the entire or or the great majority of this second disc is the main character sitting in a chair being told what was happening. Oh, so yes. it's like that's that's what I felt like when I read, when I looked at this, I was like, okay, if this is wrapping up and it's just an info dump after info dump in just the, the, you know, the three page short that it is. And that is, that is what that was. And to its credit, mother panic wasn't like that. No, it wasn't. But it did just sort of, you know, we just wrapped it up, kind of figured out that mother panic was not just some baddie old lady. Uh, it didn't get, you know, the collective is kind of a new thing, right? I don't think we mm-hmm. I think maybe heard that, but we didn't know they were behind gather house. Obviously, a lot more to know about it, but it definitely felt like they were told this is this is all you're getting. So yeah. get everything out right now. Get it out. Get all the important stuff out right now. And frankly, if you can't answer the main questions in 12 issues, then you probably need to rethink your story. You know what I mean? Uh, they should yeah. have it all out there by now, anyway. Yeah. But uh, overall, not horrible. Uh, no, I thought that this arc was you know a little weaker than the previous one, but still. Okay, they called back, you know, all the all our old favorites from the beginning of the stories and stuff like that. And uh, not a huge fan of the art personally, but it was nice and clean no. and easy to read. So I'm a fan of that, at least, you know. <laughs> uh, what did you think of it? Um, I, I feel like it was a letdown, but I don't think it had anything to do with the creative end of it. Um, yeah. Like like we've been saying here, it's like they, this might have been de- disparate threads from the next two or three arcs mm. that had to all be crammed into this one. Um, I mean, we met, what was her name? Jane. We met her two issues ago and now her story is done. Right. It, it just, and she didn't even appear in, you know, every scene. So it was just like, she really wasn't that useful in this story. No, you know what not I mean? at all. Uh, yeah. It, it, you're exactly right. It really seems like they were, they kind of collapsed a few storylines into one and gave us, at least, I think what we needed to know about was the breakout attempt. Uh, yeah. and that's what, that's why they put that in there. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? That's, uh, I, yeah. over, so the, what was your score for this? Let's, let's tell them that my, first. My this score, issue. I, when I wrote the review, I, I, I was comparing this and perhaps unfairly because we knew that cave and shade were going on quote, I hate us, uh, yeah. a few months before the fact where this one, like we've been mentioning has, was just dropped in our laps. Like, Oh yeah, it, it ends in October. I think it said but, last uh, month we found out for sure. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And it just seemed, uh, I kept thinking of that last episode of alf mm. where the aliens show up at the very end because they were trying to get nbc or whatever network it was to re-up right and uh that's kind of the feeling i get here because it's like okay well now we're gonna tell you what you know mama panic is all about and we're gonna leave with mother panic going out to take care of that mm-hmm. but we don't know where that's going or if it's going anywhere and from all signs it doesn't look like it is so it's it seems kind of uh, I think I graded it a little bit lower because the ending was so disappointing because it felt so baity. You know, it's like that, they're trying to bait that for another last run. page. Is a total like you know, uh, whatever 1980s action movie cliffhanger, yeah. just like and the fight goes on. You know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, like the end. Dot yeah. dot dot. Exactly. Question something, mark. Yeah. Something like that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I agree with that for sure. I gave it a I gave it a six out of ten. Uh, you know, I really would be right in the same place as you. It's just, it's which I don't think is a 
uh, you know, light it on fire, step, stomp on it type score. No. It's maybe I could probably push me up to six point five on a, on a nice day, maybe. Um, <laughs> but it just really isn't. It really wasn't my thing, and I feel like the obviousness of it kind of coming to a rapid conclusion. That we just I didn't even mention that that ending page, but that is a perfect example of like something funny happened here because it's such a generic nothing ending. You know, yeah. she like hops on her bat her you know bike whatever it is, her uh, green goblin thing and uh <laughs> you know, just like and uh, you know, mother panic's gonna kick butt or whatever yeah. however it ends. Seeks vengeance. Yeah. Something like this. So it's uh you know it, it, it's been alright, you know, but we have talked a lot about this series. This this series when we first started doing Young Animal, we split up the books. Uh, Chris took this one, and this one was the total wild card. In fact, yeah. it turned out that more of them were wild cards than we had assumed. Initially, but but this one, yeah. we had no concept of really what we were going to get. It could be the great thing. And when it first came out, we were pretty disappointed. Uh, I, I had problems with the art, especially. Uh, but also, I had the same problems you did with the writing and the fact that we didn't like the main character in fact, <laughs> actively thought she was kind of a jerk but uh this series has definitely redeemed itself over time by filling mm-hmm. in the blanks uh and telling us more of the story you know the character doesn't get so much of a growth arc but you become more sympathetic to her because you know more of her story and uh it's better than than we thought it was, as Chris wrote in his review, better than I had a right to be, maybe. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 easy to kick these kinds of new things to, to the side. But this one, uh, yeah, I don't think it's for us. You know, we no. are uh, old men. You know what I mean? We're not, <laughs> we're not the top. But I do think there's an audience for this. Uh, oh, certainly. And I think that, you know, I hope that it was able to reach some of them. I think I might have liked this as a younger person, potentially, or, you know. Angrier person. Angrier. I, I feel there's an anger a certain, <laughs> but you know, there, there's something to cultivating that, you know, and, and sure. that's okay. And that, hey, that's certainly a demographic to reach if you can uh, hit it. Mm, you can know. swing it, yeah. Go, 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 good luck with that because, you know, <laughs> trying to force a teenager into doing something is a fool's errand. So, <laughs> you know, I was, overall, I would say I was pleasantly surprised by this series. Uh, it's, it's funny to say because, no, I wouldn't have bought it, right? I don't think you would have either. Yeah. No, uh, you know, even if even if we did try the first couple of issues, we that would have been it. We would have walked away and never thought about it again. And you know, it's it's not exactly a our kind of comic. Uh, even even in the young animal realm, we loved you know shade and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was good. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give the whole thing a six point five. I was just about to say that. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it, I don't expect to meet any teenagers since I don't smoke cigarettes by the uh, dock anymore. But uh, <laughs> if I if I were to meet the right person at the right time, I think I would have this one be like, you might like this, you know, you, this mm-hmm. this could be for you. Uh, I kind of I kind of went, went overboard yapping about it. But do you have anything to add to the thoughts about the series, Chris? Not it's it's a, it'd be a lot of me echoing and and I'm I'm echoing because I'm in an empty room anyway. But <laughs> that's for the Halloween but, feel. That's all it is. <laughs> yes, but uh, no, I definitely be echoing what you just said. It's a uh, I don't remember if it was this the I think it was the second issue where Violet slept with a guy and then cut her fingers and wrote like "fu" on the wall with the blood. Oh yeah. 
I think at that point, that's like the closest I've ever, I mean, I treasure comic books, but that was the first time I ever read something where I wanted to rip the thing up. It's like, uh, it's like nope, done. And it's digital, too. You were like, how and do it's I digital. do that? I had to snap my laptop. <laughs> Honey, we need to buy another one. Be like, that's the third one this month, Chris. Well, it was Mother Panic number three. <laughs> it was Mother Panic. No, I remember that. It was very, it was very puerile. And, and you know, like, like, I, like I say, yeah. we never... We never really get to. I don't feel. I don't feel like I like the character Violet anymore. But no, I understand her. We understand more of her motives, and that goes a long way. Uh, she didn't grow at all. She's the. She's pretty much the same mean person she was in the end that she was in the beginning. Yep. I am kind of curious. What does she do? Is she? A, is, does she sing? I, I kind of lost sight of that. Was that ever revealed? She no, it was just star? a, it was just a, like a, just a generic dilettante, is that what they called it? She's just like a, a Paris Hilton, right? She's just, and yeah, an heiress of some sort. Rich, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I'm like, everyone loves her. What does she do? Does she? Have but to, we like... know what, uh, we know what her father did, and we know what her mother did. So we, I don't know how she got the money. I mean, because he was true. just a, uh, he, I don't remember what he did, but he wasn't. He, he wasn't. He wasn't famous, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. like a, a laborer of some kind. Or sure. Something. Um. I don't know. I guess those are <laughs> questions that could be answered later if Mother Panic season two ever comes back. Uh, speaking of coming back, yes. just, just today we got some breaking news. Why don't you, why don't you reveal the breaking news to them here on, on uh, Young yes. Animal? Young Animal News here uh, via Twitter. Uh, Third Eye Comics in Annapolis, Maryland announced a signing featuring the young animal curator Gerard Way and writer Steve Orlando to promote whatever the hell Milk Wars is going to be. They actually have it marked as JLAX Doom Patrol. <laughs> so I guess that's part of their uh, their their that those team up books that we that's heard were coming this, out. It's JLA Times, JLA yeah. Ten, you know. <laughs> and uh, the signing is set for Saturday, February twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. So, one might assume that the story will be coming out or will have already come out by that date. Yeah. We're not suggesting we know. Travel, <laughs> travel long distances to this event. We're more using this as a hint on the uh, yes. in In comment. <laughs> I wouldn't even use this as a pre-order uh, no. metric here. No, because, uh, we, we know how this goes, especially when it's young animal. Yeah, it's... Uh... It, not a lot to hang your head on. It, you know what I mean? Nope. There's no no picture of a comic that I, you know, no real information except that a signing is booked for this. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. If the Milk Wars comes back, I imagine we'll cover it. Yes, uh, of course. As it is now, I don't think there's a solicitation at all for the next bug. Or Doom Patrol, huh? I believe Doom Patrol's technically slated for December. Okay. But I have no, you know, about no, zero faith in that. I mean, literally, I've been, I'm making no plans for that to happen. If it happens, we'll deal with it when it does. But I'm not clearing a, sh- a spot in my long box. For certainly not. Yet. Certainly not. Yeah, you you probably need all the spots you can get at this point. But uh, <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Hope, hopefully, we get something. Uh, they also sure. said. I mean, it's just so much weird, nebulous information that we don't know what to do with. Like that when they told us that. Uh, I think that was San Diego, or maybe it was New York Comic Con, where they said that Young Animal would be folding into Vertigo. Yeah, they were going to be under the same editorial, but but uh, I shouldn't change anything allegedly. How, how does I mean that's I just wonder what does that mean? They're going to hire on the Young Animal staff. Does that mean I don't know what the, that means yeah. from a reader's perspective? That's you know that's what I'm saying. So, uh, but I know they did solicit, um, or they at least announced at uh, what was it, New York, that there was. 
I don't remember what the book was, but they did announce a new title, but they didn't say if it was a uh, ongoing or miniseries by uh, Magdalene Visaggio. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the book was, though. I'm totally forgetting blanking on that. I believe it was going to start. I think they'd given it a pretty late start date, though, like June. or <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. So, which probably is, is good to hedge your bets on that. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to be Eternity Girl. Okay. Eternity Girl in March of 2018. Assume, presumably taken from Eternity Kid, right? That's, that's going to be the girl. Kid version. Eternity. Kid yeah, Eternity yeah. or something. So, uh, all right. I mean, whatever. There's that. This is comics. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 we, we, make, we poke fun at Young Animal, but it's not just Young Animal, obviously. They all yeah. pull bait and switch, you know, to be in a little okie doke, some of that solicit fake out if funk, you know what I mean? So uh, we, just, we, we just read the dang things we can. Uh, control when they come out but uh if that's all you got for them this week chris you got anything I else think for so. yeah no, i think that'll do us well folks until next time which may be in february of 2018 or maybe sooner <laughs> i want everyone to please keep it young and animalistic happy new year Nightmares, Eric. He is indeed. Mail section number five. We're going to be going off to our favorite place, Lex Slip. For the Hollywood Kid. Hollywood Kid, Luke Hollywood says, I'll be mentioning some Green Lantern comics in this mail. So now would be a great time to play. The Wrong Turn Oath. No evil scape my sights, Eric. He does say that. You know what? I can never let down Luke Hollywood. Hollywood Kid. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Poop, poop. Beware of my power, green's light. Yes, indeed. Right. The stray poop poop in the background. <laughs> that is a little bit of a poop poop in the background. That's the remix. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, and everybody else? In the Get Fresh Crew, whoopity whoop. Don't forget Abby. Don't forget Abby. I listened to the regular spotlight on Detective Comics 967 earlier today. Haven't got around to the Patreon spotlight on the DC House of Horror special yet. But I'm hoping it will be as spooky as the Attic Animal. Wait, wait, that's all he said. 
He's just the attic animal. Anyways, and that's not a joke. I know it's not. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, talking about your problems with the pacing in this issue and the missteps with some of the character moments really got me thinking about emotion in these books. I don't know about you guys, but for me, the best books are the ones that tug at your heartstrings. I books agree. that make a real emotional impact with character moments that affect you. And yeah, I will agree with you fully. And that actually, when that happens, it shows you not only that that issue is good, but the writer has built up the character enough to make you care that much that you get very emotional and that's one of the biggest problems i had with this detective comics i i didn't have any emotions in anything i was seeing i'm thinking of moments like wally's return of the rebirth special uh, there's there's somebody talking right now that may have shed a tear at that uh, yeah. or tim's death and step tim's death i just again you were still kind of in shock when you saw yeah. it didn't matter but he is right here. And Stephanie giving Bruce Tim's Ivy University letter in detective number <coughs> 940. Eric. Um, huh. I actually, I did like that. I, I thought that that was really the thing good. Is, I, I think I liked it. I don't think you liked it. I don't no, know I, I didn't mind that. I And also I liked, because remember when he hugged her and I, yeah. I got emotional. I did like, uh, well, I'll even mention another one with our man Tom King when Batman hugged Gotham Girl. And when after her brother died, after Gotham died, I thought that was a really emotional moment. It really got me choked up with that I'm going one. with Damien's death and Batman. Damien's death was a huge. Issue of the like the Robin that was Requiem huge, yeah. had freaking uh, that Batman was and Robin number eighteen. Yeah, I'm uh, telling issue you, number two of oh. American Alien. Yeah, that yeah, that was really when good Mark too. Kent sat on the roof with freaking little Clark Kent trying to t- tell him how everything's going to be okay. Yep, you don't have to you know, be. be this monster. You can also. Be good, Clark. Uh, the first issue of uh, Batgirl and Burnside. Uh, you, you, that was emotional for you. <laughs> There's not a dry eye and all of lick slip. Whenever Bruce reads that letter and hugs Stephanie, it gets me every damn time. So, and, and just again, that the emotions of that would have continued if we still thought Tim was dead Agreed. up until this point. And really, oh, God, uh, Tim. Tim my whole boy. part of talking about it earlier was that I, when I asked you, do you think that we gained anything by just seeing him in that cell? And at the end, by the time he came back, I can't say that we got anything. That we really, and any sort of story progression or anything to me meant nothing. Especially once we found out that Jarrell was Mr. Oz. That didn't even seem to make sense. And I, I was going to mention, we didn't say uh, earlier, when you had Jarrell talking. It's like, that's why I got Doomsday. And, and I took care of uh, Mattel. I'm like, what? What about Tim Drake? You didn't mention that. So I was I was trying to figure out uh, that issue hit on such an emotional level where I asked a similar moment in this week's Detective 967 when Bruce is finally reunited with Tim after a year apart. Didn't hit me in the feels like I wanted it to. Well, personally, I think I enjoyed this issue more than you guys. I definitely agree that we missed some feels opportunities between the characters in order to drive the plot forward with Bat, Tim, and Brother I. Character moments definitely took a backseat for the plot to drive forward, and I think that's the key problem with this issue. Now, I will say again, kind of what I said earlier, um, I disagree, and I disagree because there's been issues where you have something like a, a Damien's death or whatever, and I don't care if it was one panel or a whole issue. It was emotional, and I'll say that the point where you had afterwards when Dick got that letter that was sent to him from Damien oh, that, that had the tusk in it and all that stuff, he found that or got it, it, it really that, – that was just – a thrown-in deal, really, in what was going on in the issue, and I got emotional then. It really, it's all about setting up the story and setting up the characters to really, really care about them. And I, I will admit, 
part of the reason was you you had the new 52 or the the uh, rebirth start and everybody including me and you really had had enough of tim drake now they did they did rehabilitate his character but really still in detective you know what i mean i really didn't have as much of a connection that i think i should have had with him by the time and we just no, saw no, him in a cell so many times we knew that he was alive i i think i can't stress that enough that seeing for a year that he was just sitting in a cell uh, it threw everything off because we were just waiting for him to come back just in like detective. when I was sitting on the curb waiting for my daddy. Yeah, he never came back. In he Detective did, yeah. 940, we are given a lot of pay, page space back. for the fallout of Tim's death, leading to that great character moment between Bruce and Stephanie. In contrast, in 967, we get no time for Tim's return to sink him for Bruce and the rest of the nights as the plot with Bat Tim just barrels forward. And so we are denied any character moments that hit us right in the field. So again, I just think that it's all because we've seen him alive for a year. Right. You can't really get that emotional when we knew he was alive for a year. And the point where, you know, what what are you really? You, you have Bruce hug him and say, you know, welcome back, buddy. You kept They're, yourself pretty tone where, while you were away. Yeah, where is the emotions of that scene, even if it was a full issue? Because the, the reason I think that Tynan pushed forward that quick is because we knew he was alive. We, yeah, we've been preparing this. We were preparing. There's never going to be an emotional scene there. The emotional scene to me, and I think that it's going to happen where you have Tim is going to go to Stephanie. Now, the emotions to me aren't going to be, I'm alive, baby. And oh my God. And, and where I'll point to this, how much emotion did you get when Dick Grayson t- ended up showing uh, Barbara Gordon that she was alive? Not there much. wasn't much at all. Now, there was a bit when you had Damien involved with Dick because Damien also was dead, and they thought Dick was dead, and you did have some emotion there. But between when I think what he's going to do, what Tynan I think is going to do, is he's going to have Tim go. I don't think Stephanie's going to want him back now. I think the emotions are going to be that Tim's life is, is changed forever this way. That's just me. I don't think Stephanie is just going to be able to go, oh, Tim, I missed you. Hey, I'm back on the team. She's done too much shit, I, I do think. But we'll see. I wish Tynan would have devoted a whole issue just to Tim's return so we could see his interaction with the team more. But I'm hopeful that his eventual reunion with Spoiler will reach the emotional level of 940 to me. I just don't he think it's well. going to happen. Uh, also, yeah, just the whole thing uh, that he says here. Like, what what emotion are you really going to get between Clayface and Tim? What emotion are you going to get between Batwoman and Tim? They they really aren't characters that are really, you know, close. So no. We'll see. I think writers Just say... Just like Dick Grayson and Batwoman and Nightwing yeah. New Order, number well, three. Well, this is, this is the issue, too, where you have this, where you have uh, Tim... Like, you have the Robins there. You have Dick... Tim or Dick, Jason, and and Damien, they barely even bat an eye that Tim's back. It's crazy. And I don't think you can force that in later. I just, I don't know. I think writers say are reluctant to focus too much on character moments in order to keep the plot moving at a steady pace, especially with the bi-weekly titles where the arcs come hard and fast. I say this because recently I've been going back and reading some older runs and noticing a lot more character-driven issues that really made you fall in love with the protagonist. For example, 
I, I don't know if you know this. He's been reading some Kyle Rayner. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, lo- he loves Kyle Rayner. To follow up on, on my book of the week, Three Weeks Running, Green Lantern, <laughs> Kyle Rayner, book one. And I, I, I love that. Titan story I heard about. telling you, I love that he li- loves Kyle Rayner. And it's like he has passed you on the love of Kyle Rayner scale in my mind, Eric. <laughs> I know that was that Kyle Rayner's your guy. What if I buy his one goddamn trade now? Hey, he me? I haven't heard you talk this much about Kyle Rayner. Yeah, you just, you all you do is do a list. That don't fly with me. That's just fucking, you know, that's lip service. I need you to tell me really about your love of Kyle Look, Rayner. Right, Possibly when I'm doing tomorrow, something and don't have to I'm listen. I'm going to get a tattoo on my chest of Kyle Rayner. Yeah, you better. We, we were it's working just with a, say Kyle. We were working with a girl. Uh, the, with <laughs> Kyle. We we work with a girl who ended up getting fired, but she had a uh, a Hellraiser tattoo uh, that you sorry. recently saw, and it looks really bad. You said. Right? I told you she's had it. You looked at it for a while. She said, "Oh, she's got that pinhead tattoo." I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm not looking at it. Yeah, she and had a pinhead. She has a pinhead tattoo. It's like a fucking prison tattoo. Why was she yeah. so proud of this goddamn? Yeah, place? I saw it all along that it looked like a prison tattoo, and she got it in in so honor of her mother. Look at this tattoo I got here. And yeah. if, in order for me to see it, I'd you have be to look at her boobs. Like five minutes standing and you have, her to, chest. you have to look at her boobs. It's right in the middle of her chest. It's crazy. And issue 70, Kyle has a fight with his girlfriend at the time, Donna Troy, and they break up. There's a little action at the end of the issue, but the meat and cheese of the book is all the argument and fallout afterwards. What starts is a simple misunderstanding. Kyle is stretching, uh, sketching a nude model in his apartment, ends up getting serious real quick. I'm telling you, that if that happened at this house, there'd be no discussion. As Donna questions Kyle's commitment and responsibility in their relationship, it all hits the fan when Donna says she can't be his ally. Alex, who was Kyle's former girlfriend who was killed earlier in the run. (laughs) Oh, this line really stung me right in the feels since I was loving Donna and Kyle's relationship together. And the harsh truth of that line really hurt me as much as it hurt Kyle. At the end of the day. Kyle and Jade's relationship. Yeah. At the end of the day, Eric, and he does have that in bold. It was a great issue. And it really goes to show that you can have a character driven issue that is still exciting while also having a real emotional impact on the reader. Those are the books that get a 10 out of 10 from me not the explanation of why kite man goes hell yeah all the time hell yeah man telling you this is where what he's saying this is what somehow i had hopes that brian hitch was doing with this legacy story because we had that whole deal and it it started out like it was heading that way and then it just went into a a devolved into a fight issues but wow we that was a long ass mail sorry jim for making you read all that but i just wanted to get my ideas out there without writing an essay on the slack chat i hope eric hasn't fallen asleep yet have you Eric? no baby i'm here yeah it's funny too that there's like no question that that the anybody who writes in would ever think that i'd let you have a mail to read the the, the fucking tales we tell P.S. Now that the attic animal is thrown down the gauntlet, what will the cellar dweller's response be? The world needs to know. They they want a response podcast. Okay, the response podcast. I'm actually going to do a response video. It's going to be me walking to work on Monday, videoing (laughs) me kicking you in the balls, and then putting it on YouTube. Kicking me in the balls, will you? Yeah, response. That's a response. And then it's weird. I, I would probably be better served not to do this, but it would be the continuation of that where I slice your fucking throat. And I know that that's something that you really shouldn't get on video, but I will not be able to help myself, Eric. That's how I, that's how I roll. Your boy want, from Lick Slip. You give me what I want, Jim. The Hollywood Kid. Luke Hollywood XO. You're XO. playing right into my hands, dummy. 
X O. Yeah, you, you'll be dead, but from the from the land above, wherever you may go, maybe you'll be looking up. Uh, you will be happy, right? You'll be laughing as I get taken to. Uh, ah. Then I, I'll just kill myself before, and I'll join you. I'll join oh. you, Eric. We'll have we'll have a podcast from hell, which some will say we already have. Uh, but yes, uh, here we go. That's it. We're gonna go off, do some more books, Eric. Maybe uh, have a few laughs. Maybe uh, some tales. I, I don't know. I don't know what's coming well, next. But, uh, but like murder suicide. Come yeah. On. What is? I mean, where really? What? Where can you go from there? That's the start of. Kel- Comedy. But yeah, that is it of the mail sections for the night. Thank you, everybody, for mailing in. And we're going to go and finish up this podcast with a couple books. Boosh. Hey, what's up, Weird Science listeners? Josh Vermillion here, bringing you guys back inside of Vermillion's Visions for this week. Uh, I'm just gonna let you guys know right now. Um, it's been a it's been a hell of a couple weeks here. I don't I don't want to get into it right now, but uh, I do. I will tell you that right now I am feeling like hell. So um, this is gonna be a little bit quicker of a segment here, um, but that will be helped a little bit, not just by the feeling like shit part, but um, the book that I'm bringing you guys this week is Invincible, Volume 1. Uh, it's from Image Comics, written by Robert Kirkman, um, you know, from The Walking Dead, and uh, penciled and inked by Corey Walker. Um, so, yeah, this it's only uh, four issues long. I don't know if I even said it's from Image. Um, but, yeah, four issues long. Not a very long trade, and it's it's probably one of the quickest reading trades I've ever read in my life, not just because it's four issues, but each issue just flies by um, really quickly. Um, So honestly, in that, like I'm saying, each issue just flies by so quickly. I know normally I'll go through that that first issue of it, you know, you know, kind of page by page telling you guys what's going on. Um, But if I did that, I think this would be about a five minute segment. So I'm just going to kind of give you a general idea of this entire trade and the story that's going on without without spoiling too much of it because, you know, I don't like to do that in this segment as I'm just trying to get people interested in other books outside of outside of DC or even outside of Marvel. Um, so basically, Invincible is about a teenage superhero. Um, it borrows very heavily from Superman comics, as in... Um, so there's a superhero here. His name is Omni-Man, and um, he comes from a very distant planet, and he came to Earth not not as a kid escaping a dying planet, but he came to Earth actually on a patrol mission um, trying to scout out Earth and help Earth develop and protect Earth. Um, so that's what he came here to do. He met his wife within a year, who's a very, a very Lois Lane type. You know, she's not a rep- Porter that I know of. It doesn't actually say here in the book, but you know, very, very Lois Lane esque. Um, and then they have a son, um, and their son is is in his teens. He's he's in high school, and he is developing. He starts to finally develop his powers, and he's been, you know, he's been waiting on this day his entire life. You know, he's been wondering ever since he got told his father's origin story of how he got here. He's been waiting on his powers to develop because, you know, he wants to be a superhero like his dad. Uh, so it pretty much goes where 
this isn't really like the earth that we know and it's not i mean it's more in line with what would be like the kind of like the dcu where there are where superheroes aren't really that uncommon uh to say um for instance at at his high school um there's uh, even just a team of superheroes um that they that they meet up and they have a secret base and they go around fighting crime um so it's not very uncommon there's a bunch of like you know giant monsters to fight it's not really what we would think of um it's not like his dad omni-man is the only hero in the universe but anyway so he starts developing his powers and you know he wants to be a superhero like his dad and where a lot of dads would be you know hesitant to allow their son to you know go out and do super heroics or even if the dad was okay with it because he's invincible too, where a lot of moms like Lois is pretty concerned about, you know, John being a superhero out there. Yeah, not in this case. The family's all very nonchalant about the whole superheroics thing. Um, Like, they'll get home to a family dinner, and he'll be talking about how, you know, he battled this giant monster today, and the mom's just sitting there like, oh, okay, cool. Who wants dessert? Like, I don't know, it's just very nonchalant and not what I would have expected from this type of, you know, family setting in a book. Um, but anyway, he starts developing his powers and going around fighting these these big, these baddies. Um, and his dad shows up to watch him one day and, you know, he realizes, you know, all you're wearing is a bandana over your face. Uh, you need a costume. So his dad takes him to get a costume. Um, and the guy that designs his costume is like, all right, I know you want your costume to be iconic and and awesome, and you want to look great, all the superheroes want to look great, but it'll help me do that if, if you have a name. So he spends a little time trying to come up to come up with a name, and eventually uh, he comes up with the name to be called Invincible. Um, so, you know, not really the greatest superhero name in my opinion, but, you know, it's the title of the book and all, and he is Invincible, so... Uh, yeah, his name's going to be Invincible. Um, and pretty much the whole trade is just, you know, him getting started out as a superhero. You know, he joined the, joins this team of teenage heroes, uh, similar to the Teen Titans in a way, but not not as many members. There's only five. Um, but he joins them, and they don't, they really don't play that big of a role in the whole story. Um, they're just kind of there as, as side characters for him to for him to get to know, although I have a feeling if I continue reading um, that they will eventually become more uh, bigger players in, in the book um, just based on the, the setup of the character interactions. Um, but it, as, as it stands in this first trade, they aren't really, you know, they don't really interact a whole lot. Um, it just kind of seems like they're just there to kind of, you know, introduce the characters, whereas you know, Invincible is the is the main focus of this story. Um, so eventually, it all comes down to him trying to fight or combat the first big bad um, in his hometown here, um, and trying to figure out who the big bad is. You know, why he's doing this, um, and the the reveal of it. I I won't say it was a very great reveal. I kind of saw it coming about about halfway through. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't super big, um, but it was a kind of a cool story, and the villain did have a kind of, you know, kind of that background that you want to see in a good villain, where they think they're justified or they're doing it for the right reasons, but they're definitely, definitely not. 
Uh, so here it's somebody is kidnapping kids from the high school and uh, actually blowing them up um, inside of the mall in town. So he, stra- he straps bombs to them, turns them basically into human bombs, and they blow up and die. Um, and another thing about this book, um, the heroes don't seem to be too bad on killing. Um, it's not like they're going around just killing everyone they see, but they don't seem to be too concerned about you know having a no-kill policy. Whereas like, if it, say like since it borrows heavily from Superman, if Superman is you know battling a a human character like Lex Luthor who just has his battle suit, you know he's going to defeat Lex, but he's not going to outright kill Lex once he's out of the battle, battle suit, even though he very easily could. Uh, where in this book they're not, they don't seem to be too concerned with with saving people's lives. Um, but I don't know if you guys are getting the idea from the way I've been talking about it. But I was I was not a fan of this trade. Um, like I said, it was a really quick read, which I don't always mind. But in this one, it just didn't seem to go anywhere. There wasn't a whole lot of good character interactions that I really liked. Um, and it just it all just seemed very bare bone, like a bare bones story. Um, you know, I didn't have any emotional connection with any of the characters, really. Um, and it all just, I don't know, I just i just couldn't get into it. I, I like Robert Kirkman, um, at least, alright, well, I guess I can't say that I like Robert Kirkman. I love Outcast. Um, I am okay on The Walking Dead. Some of that might be tainted from having watched the TV show, but on the comic book, I'm, I'm lukewarm on The Walking Dead. And this, I really didn't enjoy at all. Um... Going through Comic Book Roundup, it seems that um, this series gets better later on as, you know, on Comic Book Roundup, the first trade has a 6 out of 10 composite score, and then Volume 2 actually has a 10 out of 10, um, and then it's like, it hovers right around 8, um, 7, 7 to 8 for the rest of it, which isn't terrible, but it's also not great considering how much some reviewers like to throw throw 10s around like they're nothing, um, so... Yeah, it's not, it's not great. I don't like it, really. Um, and I think I've laid out a couple of those reasons just in talking about the story. You know, I can't connect with any of these characters. It doesn't seem like a good family book. There aren't any good friend interactions um, at high school. Um, his powers are just, you know, he's he's invincible. He can pretty much do what he wants to do almost like Superman. He doesn't have the heat vision yet, although that might develop later on, but you know, he's got the super strength, the super speed, he can fly, you know, bullets bounce off of him. It's like all right, this kid's a teenager and there's not even really any conflict right now in his life um, that he's having to deal with. There's no balancing of the superheroics and the school life. Um, the family is just so nonchalant about about the whole superhero thing, so there was just a lot of things that I don't like about it. And while the art is is okay, there's nothing inherently wrong about it. I just couldn't couldn't grab onto the art, and it wasn't anything that jumped out at me. Um, the colors are fine, you know, that's fine. The inking's fine. It's just there's not as much detail in the line work um, of the characters, and there are times where just you know, you, you know that that comic book thing where sometimes characters don't really have faces when they're not, you know, in the forefront of the panel, uh, but sometimes it just seemed like even if a character was in the forefront, um, like there's a panel here where, you know, he's sitting there talking to his dad, and 
the only thing you can see on his face are like four dots to be his nose, mouth, and two eyes, and then two lines to be his eyebrows. And that's the only detail that you can see on his face. And it's not like he's way off in the background, and this is the main character that we're talking about here. So I feel like I would have just enjoyed a little bit more detail in that artwork. Um, but like I said, you know, it's it's not horrible. I, I don't, it doesn't throw me completely out of the story, but maybe that's because the story never really had me anyway, so it, it's hard for me to th- be thrown out of something that I'm not really into. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's just, there's not a lot that goes on in this first trade. It's one of the f- quickest reads, uh, you know, I've, I've ever had in a trade, probably the quickest tra- trade that I've ever read through. Um, and I just couldn't, couldn't grab onto the, any of the characters. I couldn't grab onto the story. Um, but yeah, I, I really didn't like it. If I had to give it a score, you know, I'm not going to be so negative and give it like a, like a two out of 10 or anything, but I can't see any reason to give this more than like a, like a four, 4.5 out of 10. Um, you know, I think there is potential moving forward, but I think more of the potential is in those side characters, the rest of this, this teenage team that he joins. I think there's more potential for stories there than there are with Invincible because, like I said, based on this setup, you know, there's just not a lot of interactions for me to grab onto at this point. So, yeah, moving forward, I don't know if I will really look into continuing this. It, it didn't jump out at me. There's, I don't, I don't have any need right now to continue on in this series. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end here. Honestly, I told you guys this was going to be a little bit quicker. Um, so yeah, like I said, probably right right around a 4.5 out of 10. Maybe, yeah, you know what? I'm even going to go down a little bit from that. Just just talking about it, I realize how much I don't like it. I'm going to go with a 4 out of 10. Um, it's not absolutely the worst book I've ever read, but it's it's definitely not good in my opinion. But, you know, I can see where some people out there might like it as, you know, just a lighthearted superhero story that that's fun. But it was just, there wasn't a lot that I could grab onto with this one. So for me, it's going to be a four out of 10. Um, but like I said, that pretty much brings us to the end. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me this week. Um, not real sure what I'm going to be bringing you guys next week. I know I've gotten a few suggestions over the past couple weeks. I'm going to be trying to work those in here here pretty soon. Um, but like I said, that brings us to the end. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, once again, shout out. Uh, go check out that Patreon. You know, support the guys if if you are able to. But like I said, that pretty much wrap th- wraps things up. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys. And I came to say, Fuck Spoon James, we all about that. Hey, coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass. Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot. He could give a fuck less if you like him or not. With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees. Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these. If it wasn't that, it might be wouldn't have no fame. We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame. 
And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit The only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuck stick And speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now Did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions out your ass like a colonoscopy Make way for him to put it with his brother Robin Asadi From the hardest next parts for the Get Fresh crew Word to Eric, Jim and Reggie for all you guys do On behalf of all the fans who hear the pod Every day we love you motherfuckers But mostly Eric Shane just a man, and a man knows a man uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man? He is the and man. you know he never fails No one but the pure at heart May smell just stinky fart Sing it, Dustin Oh, Eric Shea What? What up, Fresh Cup Crew? Yes, we are back We are back Poop, poop, poop. We're back and Batman Beyond Mark is here with us Hello, Mark Hello. Hello, indeed. And that means we're going to be talking about Batman Beyond. And this is a very special issue. We were talking (laughs) a little bit before. And if you have been following along with all these, uh, we've all been down on this book. And this is an issue we had kept mentioning because it's Bernard Chang uh, doing the art and writing. And all three of us were pretty, you know, we were wondering what he was going to do and how it would work out. At least one of us was somewhat pleased. Uh, we can guess who that is as we go. I had fun with yes, it. Yes, you had I fun. I will acknowledge it is, it is bad. It's it is not bad, good. but I had I appreciated that somebody somebody finally did their homework. Did some homework, yes, and that he and that's going to be the problem. His penmanship was penmanship was and yes, it took me <laughs> twenty hours to figure out what he written. But once yeah. I did, I realized, oh, he has his facts right. It was funny because you say this, and I have to say a little behind the scenes when uh, I told Eric that you liked it. And I said, I I don't know. I guess he likes Bernard Chang. I hadn't read it at that point. And Eric basically just said he should stick to uh, art is what he said. He just said his script. He's like, his script is terrible. And I'm like, okay. And then there was issues with how it was laid out. We did have an issue with the review copy and that sort of thing, which we'll talk a little about once Eric gives his blurb. But I just read it, and I was pretty bored. I I really was. And I do think that if you are reading this book and you have been a fan of the the, uh, cartoon, and watched all of it, which I would think 90% of the people who do read this book probably were, then I do think you'll get some more appreciation out of it. I did not watch the, the cartoon, so I sat and read it, and the things that would get me excited because of that uh, didn't happen. So because of that, I, I was just bored. But Eric, tell us about it. Batman Beyond number 13, written by Bernard Chang, with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Mialo, and Travis Lanham. For this one-shot story, we go back to when Terry first became Batman Beyond and was tasked with shutting down the air defense measures so that the rations could come into the city. But he's met along the way by three of his big bads that want to give our hero shit, but eventually Terry comes through and gets to watch his little brother play a future basketball game. Yeah, I I hit that ding, Eric, to try to make you smile. Because you sound depressed. You sound depressed. Uh, Yeah, I I didn't really understand that we were going to have some blitzball here. I I thought Titus was going to show up. (laughs) It's full contact, contact basketball. Yeah, yeah. With three three nets. It's really to me. Honestly, it it looked like it was just three half court games. Like that's what I. That's what I. 
Yeah. Well, the one thing that I like about it is even in the future, they still run the pick and roll. I, I was yeah. happy to see that, though. I do want, I just want to ask. I know that the future, it, it's a dangerous place, that future. And, but why is it that everything that we see. Or attacking Earth, I'm telling you, though. Jim. Why is it that everything we see in the future involving sports has to be up the notch of violence? Why does this have to be? I would think that if after a brother eye invasion. Well, I'm telling you, I would think I, that no, afterwards. Not, I'm actually not kidding. In in the show, they, yeah. the Eric probably knows like that that like three like the 360 degree game like they would always be playing. Yeah, it was uh, just ultra violent, right? That's the future hockey. That's yeah. the future hockey, and it's probably because you know that guy, uh, you know, killed a guy. Yeah, killed. Well, yeah, hockey, way back. And they remember it a thousand years later. Probably yes, came from that. Yes. But, uh, that makes sense because and, and, I, that's the thing were you no would remember them because hockey no was blades. soon shut down. Then I guess after yeah, that's what, yeah. got Hawks killed and got them. A complete metamorphosis because of that. Yes, yes. I, I just I, I, there's rollerball. You have all these things. Yeah, rollerball is what I usually go with. I yeah, think and this game. this whole Roll thing though, this tri-ball tournament deal. Number it's one, a red it's, in circus. I'm just it's, calling it what it's it is. Nonsense. It's a red in circus yeah. to make the people forget that they're living in an apocalypse and their supplies yeah. are low, which is a plot point. It's a bread and circus. Oh, I had, I had to. I actually had villain. to cough there. Yeah, the, the thing though it's is to me. You know what else it is? What it reminded me of? It's it's goddamn filler. It's all it is. It's like he it has absolutely this. Absolutely is, but it there's gives n- us Terry acting uh, like Terry, which is something yes. we haven't gotten since the rebirth issue. But again, it, all it is is to set a timer on what he's doing so that he can. Oh, I got to go back and see Matt. I got to see Matt. I got to see Matt. And again, I just was like, I just, I had enough from the minute that it was it's going, and you had to keep going back to it and have them set up their strategy, uh, bring in the big girl, you know, they running the pick and roll, all I that can't stuff. We're actually talking about the goddamn tribal. I'm game. saying, but it's part of this issue. Can we talk about how hard that guy hit Matt? It <laughs> yeah, knocked his mouth That's what I mean. He not, have you ever been hit huh? hard enough to knock no. a mouth yes. guard out? No, that, well, yes, hard. I have, I but just, not was, in basketball. It pissed me off that Matt didn't do like a. I mean, he's a resistance fighter. Fine triangle. Hey, he's a small guy. I like to later. He's like, I I really, it's good being small. And basically what he can do being small is uh, make a pass between somebody's legs. I just want him to take that guy out. All I wanted him to do was... Thing, it, to Matt me, yeah. torn that guy to pieces. Yeah, uh, to me, he's uh, Allen Iverson. He just should have been fast and, and uh, fucking telling him, but still. And that the problem is, is as this goes up, it's set up to be a page has three stories going on simultaneously, and you have, you know, the upper deal is is the not even the present. This is taking place shortly after Terry has re uh, taken up the mantle as Batman. It says you have the middle panel, which is the you know the whole deal with the blitz ball, the tri tournament deal and then on the bottom you have uh shriek right uh, his uh, whole it deal st- it yes. starts with shriek and then it goes yeah. to the bohan and then it goes story yeah. that's uh who becomes hacker and then it goes to the the freon story and those are honestly the best parts of yeah. this issue because yeah. they are this this that's the storyline that makes the most sense yeah and that is yeah. the most well played especially and, and Shriek, here's where the, the thing. entire thing is silent i didn't even and, and the full thing i didn't even like that uh, i'll tell you but really still like because really of that 
You know, why didn't he just do that then? If you you are a fanboy of Batman Beyond, and if that's what if you're telling me that was the best part, I will trust you in saying that most people who read that would think this. So why not just go with that? Why have this other nonsense thrown in? And I I'm venturing to say that number one, you're not wrong you, that they should yeah, have just cut out. You the rest said of that he did his fun, homework. It's not well. Yeah. I think that half of this is him trying to show you that he did his homework, and I just again, exactly. I, I I lost I lost what was going on half the time. I'm I'm reading it and I didn't even know. You know, I I just told you I explained it the way I thought it was, and I was wrong because uh, yeah, hackers showed. I didn't know what was going on in this whole issue, and I lost probably halfway through. I I basically just lost interest in the whole thing and just wanted to end knowing and you're that lucky you didn't read the review copy, man, because that was just so. Yeah, Damn problem to get through. I'm telling you, I got a lot of stuff wrong in my written review, which I went back and read the freaking digital copy of this just to make sure, you know, see what I got right or wrong. Yeah. Because, you know, Mark has uh, some questions about what I said in my review. So I, I went so back and I realized initially. I was yeah. very wrong about a couple of things. But even going back through and realizing, you know, it's like it did up my score a bit to eventually what I actually put there in the written review. But it's only because I realized that was on me. The story yeah. didn't do much other than that, though, like to like really copy, raise it. The review copy was garbage. Yeah, it was. Terrible. It was oh, terrible. Trying to follow things in that was oh, it was a pain. Well, a lot of times with the review copies, when we do get them, there's a big problem with spread pages. But having a story told three, you know, three different things going oh, on on a page is just almost unreadable. Pages with three. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. It's almost unreadable then. It really would be. It's sometimes unreadable with one damn story going with enough spread pages, but with three separate stories. Because what happens is you have to go, you read a page, then you go to the next page, then usually you have to backtrack again to go, okay, that lined up with that. Oh, it's the worst. But... Tell me, guys, what what went on? One of you, hey, Mark, you can tell us what went on. Yeah, give it uh, give it a shot. Try to impress which, me here. Which story do we want to follow first? Well, uh, which basically, the just, top one. Yeah, the top okay. one. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, the story. It's just uh, we get a cold open, which I always love with uh, Terry and Shriek fighting. Terry's trying to apparently, uh, at least at this point, it, it spoilers. It's free on. Um, yeah. Somebody's set a bunch of the uh, air defense, old air defense systems from the Brother Eye era like See, now, that, is that, that what you got used. because i just got for some reason oh, i, I, I got never even picked the, up that it was free on that did this because in my mind says, all of a sudden these things did she i somehow didn't even pick she up says on that. It and there's a couple uh and there's a couple um and this is what i was talking about before the podcast there's a couple little art cues that indicate that it was her Okay, yeah. because I'm reading this thing. I think they're just still on, like, since the Brother Eye invasion, and now we need to nope, finally shut they, them cause down. Because part, part of the problem is, is they can't uh, – the IFF system for it is – they don't say it directly, but it's implied that the IFF system, the Identify Friend We're, or Foe system, is not working. Okay. So it can't even tell it, – it just sees anything in the air, shoot it, as opposed right. to, oh, that's a friendly, leave it. Yeah. All right. For some reason, I'm reading this issue, and I really thought, like, whatever's in the air, it's going to be a bad guy because it's Brother Eye. Yeah, I, I didn't even get either. <laughs> I'm reading it. I'm just like, at one point, Terry's flying. He gets shot. He gets shot at. I'm like, okay, they're not allowed to fly. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. No fly zone. I'm like, okay, I'll go with that. I mean, it's his instinct. His instinct yeah. is to get away. Yeah. As yeah. I said, he did his homework. He just maybe did too much homework. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what he did, but go on. Okay, I've, I've got the line here because it's free onset. I've overridden the city's own defense system, turning it against itself just as uh, it did to us. There's and no escape. She would be smart enough to do that. She was a... Uh, she appears in one episode, for people who don't know, one episode of the Batman yeah. Beyond TV show. Uh, it's like episode six of the first season. The terrific like trio. Yep. Yeah, um, and, and, and they, were um, all, they were all like very smart scientists before they got changed. So 
while she might be it was a going big play crazy. on the Fantastic Four. Oh, it was a, it was a dig at them. It was a huge dig at them. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, what happened with me is I don't know who Freon was. So, and there really isn't enough background he is a in this. Yeah, for me to even know and care. And again, because of me not even reading or watching the cartoon, I barely know who Shriek is. I really yeah. do. You know that well, this he's also is the least used of the main villains. Yeah, he appears so. in three episodes of the show. He has a cameo in the uh, Justice League unlimited episode yeah. uh, epilogue just a quick little cameo and he only appeared in one issue of the original uh, TV show's tie-in comic yeah. it's not used very often well and in this you do have Bernard Chang kind of giving you a little background and stuff like that but it was not interesting to me I, I just read it I got confused I didn't know and really I checked out I, I really did I, I'm getting a lot of these books lately <laughs> that I just check out I, I, when I, I tried I tried to enjoy this and the, the best part of it is is why and Eric even called me out on it i start talking about the tri-ball tournament because actually to me that was the easiest to follow yeah. <laughs> it was just a oh, basketball game it was, it was just a basketball game yeah, like there's a pick and roll they brought in the big girl there you go and they and you know they, it was a close game but yeah kid go on t- tell me more because i don't so, know what went on he's he's going through uh the subway at this point um and he, he's basically trying to ignore North Street to get to the, the junction box. Yeah. And he gets there and he just... throughout the city that need to be shut down indi- at individual points to bring all the air defense systems down. And in uh, the subway system has been closed off. So it was a fairly secure place. He, he does it. And then he finds uh, a bunch of people who um, uh, they retreated uh, underground. Because yeah, they're just they're like squatters. And Shriek yeah. has become their own protector. And, yeah, like the underground. So. We, had, we had a bit like this back in the night. I think it was. Around forever, he most time maybe a little bit after. I can't remember where Croc became the ki- like King Croc, yeah. and he like you know was the king of the people of the sewers. And, it's and a they lot went like the that, sewers, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a it's a lot like that, but it's a, a subway. So Shriek would actually be very power is, is very powerful down there, so he would be able to protect them. Yeah, and it's and it seems like he protected them through most of the Brother Eye invasion, and probably up you, until you, we you, saw him fighting with the police. You like yeah. the Shriek part, but I'm telling you, him coming around at the end world because we, you know, we then move on to Hacker fucking. Oh, I didn't cross say Batman, I, like, I didn't say that the, the <laughs> ending part was the. Okay, because when yeah. the ending comes around, when Batman's having a problem with Freon and Shriek and Hacker show up and like, hey, I heard what you did for them people down there. What talk to them? Word up! Respect. I'm on board, Batman. Like, yeah, he kind of tells him that the, you know he 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 plea you know hey I, I see what's going on down here I, I feel been, bad for you. It would have been better if the if he'd said. Like just the little girl had asked me. Yeah. Just yeah, that would have been okay. But yeah, then we then we then he gets above surface and he ends up in Chinatown and we meet yeah. a brand new character who I'm betting Chang has been thinking of a while, uh, whose name is uh hacker, a real yeah. name Bohan, yeah. and uh, he has the amazing power to hack almost anything. Anything. Yeah, it seems like he's the a, one he's thing a techno, he can't uh, hack is the suit. Yeah. Yep. The one thing he can't hack is the suit, but he uh. To, once again, to his credit, he notices that it's the coding is very similar to Brother Eyes, which yeah. it would be. Yeah, it would be. Um, but for some they have a this, we kind have of the Alfred AI seems to be a thing still going uh, on, which I found th- very confusing. That was, that was confusing, but I took it more as that's the suits. I mean, this this suit that would be its emergent. Like if it had to have a voice to give out emergency warnings, it would. Yeah, be this what, because the they gave it a face to it. It really reminded me of the oh, Alfred no, AI which had before. Me. It absolutely confused me. And even in the beginning, because we had we had the same creative team that we always have with Bernard Chang and Marcel Mayalba, and we started out ever since Rebirth began. We've had Batman Beyond with red eyes, which I'm not a fan of. And we go back in the beginning where it, like we have the white eyes, then it switches to red eyes, and then throughout the rest of the issue, yep. we have white eyes again. So I'm like, 
I don't know what you guys are doing for this yeah. issue. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to say. I really um, don't. I there we get a similar to how with Shriek we got his kind of backstory of uh, he was in the prison and then the brother eye invasion happened. Everybody kind of left. He went to his base in the subway, wow. which is from an episode of the show. Right. Uh, built the stuff, and it's entirely silent except for the stuff he says to the people when he realizes, "Oh God, the world's ending." Yeah. Um. I guess I'll protect you. Um. We get something similar with him at the beginning of the invasion. He's hacking something, and then uh, his friends get killed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he's attacked. His mom is slaughtered. I think that bug is supposed to be her. And then he somehow hacks and blows up the uh, the eye bug. And he's like, I have superpowers now. Well, yeah. that was one of the things. It seems the explosion when he was trying to hack in. I think he was trying to hack into Brother Eye himself. And it, his oh, whole and, system and he, exploded around yeah. him, gi- giving him the technopath ability. So yeah. when the Brother I Eye could, I couldn't came tell. to him to try to kill him, he was yeah, able was to gonna convert him. and explode. Yeah, yeah and then, the, yeah, then he just explodes. And uses or maybe that. something shot it and he got the powers. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> his eyes are glowing red. That's a good point. Um, yeah. But uh, but then from there he goes to uh, the Central Park uh, or the the Alan Wayne Park once again, a location from the show, and uh, finds the thing there. And then he's attacked by Freon of all people, who is now green because green I guess radioactive. I guess yep. that the radioactive thing was something they kind of mentioned in the show, but because it's radioactive, we have to be green and not the green. blue that she was yep. completely in the show well she yeah. was incorporeal in the show you couldn't touch her and all of a sudden now she's a she physical had, being she that could, shoots she radiation at you a, she could really only touch a couple things and those were using the ice that she had the power to make which right. all this green stuff is just radioactive ice which yeah absolutely confused me for the longest time yeah it just like i i, I kind of went with that but even so like you said i don't know anything about her not touching it just all of a sudden, you have this character, and I didn't know anything about her. And I really—they're just fighting. I didn't realize it was Freon on my first yeah. read. I, I just this God. whole issue <laughs> just ended up being random people fighting. That I—I just—it was so. It just that went over my good. head. It just went over my head because I have no background with any of this. And so I, I watched basketball. And yeah. that's so but yeah, then you get you know, you go more <laughs> you go more with uh, you know, Doctor Howard Hodges' laboratory and you see, yeah, you know, uh, that whole deal. Once again, the guy who was the their scientist friend who was obsessed yeah. with her. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did the homework, yeah. just too much of it. Um and then she does appear to be incorporeal in the beginning and then he uses a suit to uh stabilize yeah, Earth it looks like almost like a Mr. Freeze type suit. Yeah, that she except puts. it's kind of the reverse incident yeah. of Mr. Freeze, um, where uh, it was also to contain the her radioactivity. Yeah, because uh, of how she was breaking down, but he he didn't calculate right, and the suit wasn't enough to contain her and starts breaking, and he dies a horrible death. Yes, yes, he <laughs> <Just> does. <laughs> horrible, his skin getting burned by the radiation. Death. Yep, and um. And then, yeah, so she's gone crazy and is trying to kill everybody because of it. And kill Batman um, just because, you know, he said to her, Yo, oh, Batman killed Michael and before he died, so that got stuck in her head. And, and, and then he points out, no, I just I just sprayed him with a hose. Yeah. yeah. I gave him a shower. Yeah. And yeah. and then she's, you can tell she's slowly going more insane by, she's, she's constantly forgetting and having delusions of who people yeah. are. Yeah. And, uh. 
she keeps thinking everybody's Michael and, yeah, and keeps that's the going. Thing is, this whole return of Freon would have been a cool arc by itself if we it, just it dealt with this. But like, this is an afterthought to like, you know, okay, I finally got to the final thing. Hey, hacker, do me a favor. Now that you've shown yeah. up, take care of that other switch so I don't have to because we're running out of page time. And uh, Shriek, since you're here, you two now help me take on Freon. Oh, good. We I'm going to give you a power boost, Shriek. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what happens because yeah, she's attacking and like like you said, you have that one last thing and Terry, you know, he wants to get the air defense system deal going, but he also wants to see some <laughs> basketball. I gotta get to that so, basketball. So he's like, listen, I, I, I need to go watch some basketball. Hey, hacker, can you take care of that? And that's hey, one of both the of you I help me. I mean, my he's review there. Is that I really thought like you know we we skipped out for some reason. I thought the Bernard Shanks. I so I don't know if I just he just that forgot the hacker did it. Where it's like. I like he just flies up like you got one more switch motherfucker yeah. don't go playing basketball games now. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. Hacker took care of Once them all. again, reading that review copy, I had the same thought until I read the physical copy. Yeah, yeah. And it basically, you know, they take her down and then they go and, and they, they use, say they use the they use the like the bars under the road that help for sensors that and yeah. I just I didn't understand how he could use that to hack. Yeah. It, I... As beautiful as that page is, I have no idea how that worked. Yeah. I'm not and, a rocket surgeon myself. No, I'm not either. But then, yeah, work. and then they even have the whole thing, you know. A rocket surgeon. A hacker, yeah. hacker yeah, tells uh, Terry, hey, perhaps we'll cross paths again, Batman. Which is just the worst, yeah. the worst gig for anybody who liked the character. Because it's like, no, no, you won't. Yeah. You yeah. will not. No. You will and not I, unless he talked with, like, Jurgens and was like, hey – I know you wrote this story. Do you mind if I write this yeah, little? Yeah, can we write this thing in later? And uh, well, that's I just the one thing I actually appreciated Hacker the most. I think here because I've never been a big fan of Shriek, but him just like you know, getting out of his jail cell and then going and just rebuilding his suit and free on like this whole really convoluted explanation where we kind of pick up where we left oh, off no, he the was cartoon. Fun. I didn't really care for the hacker explanation, though, where he got his powers because of Brother. I'm like, that always ties into this series. Everything yeah. else is like, you As better said, be a fan no, because we're not going to explain the shit going in. He's I just a fun didn't like character, and it's yeah. a real shame we will never see him. Yeah, I just don't like that. You know, hackers like listen. You know what? We work well together, Batman. You know, I I don't know who you really are, but he, you're Batman. We work well together. Maybe we can, you know, hang out sometime. And then Terry has to get all racist over some dim sum. Hey, <laughs> why, why can't it be right? over? Why, why can't it be over drinks or something? You know, it has to be that. I wish he would have said, "Oh fuck you! I'm done with you, you racist piece of shit." But yeah, it just made me laugh. I'm like. Really, that's what he's gonna say. But yeah, because right now, pretty much we know that he is not allowed in Chinatown. So I, I don't know what's going on because that was the one I point think he where he was there for like a, a word bubble, and then the next bubble, no, he's not allowed anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there we go. And then you know, then the cops show up, and it's like, Which oh I my do, god, time I do to love split. the novelty of that panel where they're just like, oh god, it's the cops. Yeah, run. they just whoop, 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 they run away, and, <laughs> that and you exact see sound effect I thought of. Yes, and and I also just I love the fact. I don't know. This is actually pretty bad of me, but it was like there's Gotham Heights and they're playing the fashion district. And I, yeah. that, that for some reason, that made well, me giggle they, a they little. They're from Gotham Heights and the fashion district. And I'll be honest, when I read this the first time through, I was like, what What about uh, what about uh, Crown Point? Yeah, what like, about anything? Well, but what about I, them? I just well, don't know. Like, again, at this point, I don't know that anybody's playing sports. I, I don't know. It just it throws me. We got to show solidarity in the face of like you know terribleness, and we're going to keep the games going. No, this that's why I agree with I agree with Jim. 
This feels like a bread and circus. Like, let's it's get their so minds weird. off of the fact that everything so is odd. falling apart. Yeah, everything's falling apart, but we're going to have Blitzball. Blitz and there's tons Fox of people there. He's the real villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It he's, is. he's always been ominous in this series, even last run, where just when he was handling the whole, like, um, uh, refugee thing. It's yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's still a thing here, which... It, which I, I like that it was still a thing because it means continuity. But at the same time, he's tr- all of his panels show him about as shady as you can look. Yeah. And it's just like that would be great if that was the story. If this was like a opening and then the real uh, villain turned out to be, you know, him. Yeah. Yeah. That he's just trying to divert everybody's attention. It just it From just made me giggle. Yeah. No, they have nothing. They have nothing. They're watching. And I want to know where they're getting the freaking tri tournament. Well, that's the thing. They have none. Yeah. yeah, Those were probably from like an old Fallout shelter. They're like, we found some more supplies in a Fallout shelter. And like, I don't know, that who, New Jersey, whoever that place was they were playing last issue. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Mammoth City. uh, Mammoth City. Yeah. Mammoth City. Yeah. It's nonsense. But let me hear what you think, Eric. What did you give this? On my review score, I gave it a 4 out of 10, but going back in retrospect, I looked at it again, and it is not worth that because I just got a lot of things I didn't understand. Going back and reading it again, I would think I would give it a 5.1 out of 10 because it is still a convoluted mess of a story. It's dealing with way too much, and this things happen because they're way too convenient, and he's just telling too much story with not enough page space. Yeah, I, uh, I still love the art. I'm, I like the art a lot, but I could care less. about. I, I was confused, and I was just confused because... I didn't know the characters, and maybe that's my fault that I didn't watch the cartoon, but again, I would think that you write a comic so that everybody can enjoy, and everybody can jump in, and there is a lot of callbacks and shout-outs and things like that. Even, like you there said, are. the Alfred AI, to me, went against what we, you know, it, it seemed wrong. You, you have a bunch of things, and just the fact that you have... You know, three different things going on per page was confusing enough, but this basketball thing was just complete filler. Just get that (laughs) off and then, you know, tell the one story, then go to the other. Go back and forth like a normal goddamn comic. And, you know, and then each time you can even spell out because at points I didn't even know what was going on. And I did like the point. It's funny. I didn't mind when Shriek and Hacker joined in with Terry, but it was ridiculous. Even I knew that was ridiculous. But, uh, you know, it it was fun enough. But I. I give it a fuck you five. I'm telling you, I still want to like this book, but it just every month it seems that they're kicking me in the teeth one more different way to make me like they really want to. <laughs> I think that they want to get they're, they're trying to weed out people like me. They want to get the the casual fan who just wants to like a comic out so that you can. I don't know. It just, it well, seems to be the against super me. fans either. The only reason I'm still reading this is because I, yeah. I do this with you guys. Yeah, that is it. it I'm telling you this yeah and and this it does it it ends up like really just i don't understand why this book continues i i keep saying that but mark what do you think batman beyond mark what do you think i have a couple things that we didn't touch that i want to get to but uh i as bad as this book is and jim i'm actually lowering my score because that's a really good point i didn't even think about with the whole like games thing it's like yeah you probably could have actually told a well-paced one issue story just get rid of all of your plot points if you took out the tribal stuff. The tribal. There was you, no you reason probably, for it. And that seems to be the whole point. It's even called Gotham right. Games this issue. Yeah, like, yeah, Gotham yeah, Games. Yeah, it's like you, right. you got rid of that, and this would have probably worked. Yeah. I'm actually going to lower my what I was going to okay. get because well, I didn't there you that. go. You were um, supposed to raise my score. Now I'm lowering yours. Um, 
but uh the one thing I, I want to mention is I mentioned earlier with the color things like uh this issue they they do not use green for basically anything except for Freon. Except for Freon. Um yeah. and in fact there's a couple there's a piece where Terry's turning off the piece and you see the background which is a bat with the green in the background which is a piece that they use for Freon later on. Yeah. And it was just it was a it was a the the attention to detail and the artistic choice to to only using green for that to make her stand out so much. Yeah, I yeah. really like that. It's a shame that they didn't do more with it, but I I really like that touch. I also like the touch that the the kid that Terry talks to, um, and her mother are the you can see him in uh, uh, Shriek's flashback. Yeah, yeah. The, the say you can see some of those same exact people, and I I really like that. I also liked, uh, though I know you didn't. I like Shriek's flashback he's my favorite beyond villain yeah so yes but to see there he is for you so you know that's there for you that's a shout out for him he's he's either deaf or he has the worst tendonitis known to man (laughs) um well in the show you hear ringing when it's from his point of view yeah tendonitis but um and then the only times you see him like speak or you see any word bubbles or when he's speaking to people and clearly part of the invasion is happening because the ceiling is like dust is coming from the ceiling he's rebuilt his suit and he's saying i'll protect you and it's it's a progression of the character because we got him so rarely in the original material that yeah. he didn't get much character progression after the initial part. So even seeing him turn into uh, a protector, um, whether that's the way I would like to see him or not, because I still think of him as a villain. It was good to see character progression for my favorite character who we barely ever get. Yeah, and it does seem like Bernard Chang wants to turn him into a bit of a, yeah. at least a, I, kind of a, a gray area guy that that Which is, is a hero when he, he wants he to was, be. He was strong-armed into being a villain anyways. He yeah. he makes a point to not go after. In fact, the only people he really goes after in the, in his episodes are, are Batman. He typically tries to keep civilians out of it. Yeah. So it, it works. Um, but honestly... I had fun with it regardless of how bad it was, but uh, I'm not having to drop it down to like a, a six, <laughs> okay. five. That's, I'm, that's I'm still to drop it down. decent enough. That's a decent it, it enough decent score. Enough, but um, I, and, and most of the score, uh, most of the score is the art because I, I really do think that this is, this is a uh, Chang and Mialo's, uh, their best. It's game. actually funny. While I was reading it, I still give it a fuck you five, and it was basically for the story. Uh, but when I was reading, I'm reading it and looking at the art, and I'm like, "You son of a bitch, Bernard! You sat there all this time. You're it you're doing good. this, and then he thought to himself, you know what? I'm gonna really step it up a notch now that I'm yeah. writing it. No, fuck it that was, Dan Jurgens. Best issue. It did the seem very, like the, uh, the very. I actually like one of his covers for once. Um, because it feels like a like a cold open to like oh you you look at that and then you flip the page then and you know the what's going on right yeah, after. no yeah. it's, it's not even that look at the cover and then look at the next page yeah, it looks yep. like it, they're just two panels apart yep yeah um and then the variant cover I talked to you guys before it is my favorite variant yeah, cover it's we've pretty had cool. it's so far pretty cool. I adore it and it's a shriek um and I appreciate that somebody did their homework like yeah. I'm willing to reward somebody for doing their homework because we haven't got that we've gotten writers who make it a point to not do their homework. So yeah, it's I, true. That's that's part of the reason I'm giving. I I'm willing to reward effort. Yes. Because there hasn't been any. That's what yeah, I'm doing of this series. Got to positive you, behavior. Yes. You can yes. do your homework for this, but this is a different continuity than Earth Twelve. So yeah, that's what kills true. me. Yeah. That, that's a problem for me. You but at least it's something. Here. But it gives us more. It 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 uh gives us more kind of an implication of here's where the character's been. Also, the biggest thing though, they made Terry feel like Terry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he actually was doing some stuff, you know, and and he was again, Terry. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll give you that. I better quick get this done so I can go and slack off and watch a basketball game. Yes, he loves to see. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, hey, he's like that in the show sometimes. He's the like, other thing that threw me off. Like, at, you you want to hear my other nitpick is uh, there has to be some sort of age restriction in this Gotham games. Matt is right? so much younger than everyone Matt else. So and it and it threw me off. Facing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take I'm him tell- out, Matt. I'm telling you, it 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 made me think of this would be a game and like me and Eric and you would be on the team and my son Logan and it wouldn't make any <laughs> goddamn sense. He's only bad. on the he's <laughs> only on the team because he has to be on the team. It just and well, I, you can you can tell me that there's not that many people to be on the team because the invasion. I see the crowd. The crowd is packed. They have to have somebody they else of age. Violent. They don't want to play. Yeah, I mean, so they put a 13-year-old. soldiers that are on guard, but yeah. other than them, other than the people who should be on patrol, you think yeah, everybody's no, you a, a wreck. People there. And the <laughs> other team, that said, the other team looks like they're, like half of them are adults, half yeah. of them are about the same age as Matt. Yeah, it just doesn't make oh, sense to me. They also show up in green. Yeah, they, they do. They do. So have all green. the villains this issue show up in green. Yeah, because they're saying. the bad. They're the bad guys. Good. But yeah, yeah. That the one and and also I'm looking too. And they really they have Matt pretty much guarding their best player from the fashion district. It's nonsense. It's complete Once nonsense. Once again, he's a resistance fighter. He, he is. should be able to do this. Hey, listen to this. I, I'm, I, trying, uh, to I'm trying to right think there. that I am nothing. I, I'm a piece of crap. But if I was a resistance player, you know, a resistance fighter, that doesn't mean that I'm good at rollerball. It wouldn't mean yeah. that I'm good at volleyball. No, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a short fellow. I'm saying he should be able to take that guy out. Well, he, hey, he, he took it. He just kind of got roughed up, and no, then they have to change fair. their strategy. He gets hit in the face like two oh, yeah. or three times. It just walks it off. Yeah, he does. He, he doesn't want to get upset, and then he gets some strategy. He brings in the big girl, and they play a little pick and roll. That's basically all you get. But yeah, it's <laughs> My okay. glasses would immediately break, and I'd just start yeah. crying. Yeah, it's okay. But yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Eric would have been crying. But... That is that. Thanks again for uh, joining us. Uh, I, I keep saying it every time. I'm going to predict next book, 9 out of 10. We're all going to love it. Uh, no, we're going to get back to our main so, deal. I legitimately uh, hope, we, yeah, finally, we, hope. we finally get Jurgens bringing his A game. That's what I'm saying. Because Maybe Jurgens this was a little bit of a time. He needed some time to really get things in order and come back kicking ass. Maybe that's what we'll get. Who knows? And, and Who I mean, knows? It, the, the fact that they can't get the solicits for the no, next No, they can't get them right. Yeah, that's great, scary. Uh, great sign. Yeah, yeah that, that is not very promising, talk, but we will we hope. About that? Yeah, we will. What's that? Did we actually talk about that? No, we, we were, were talking first? before, but yeah, they have the they resolicited this issue you said and made it oh, a yeah, part one, which makes this no issue sense. Issue is a part one, which was yeah. weird. Yeah, and, and then, then uh, the next one is uh, what was it? The next one's like homecoming or family. It, they changed the actual. Yeah, no, the, Next, uh, the next, I don't remember what it was, but the next issue has a solicit as like some storyline, the long payback. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Part Something one, like they that. have a part, part one, one and the, then they change it up for part two and three for as a different story. So they, they don't know what they're doing. It, it's a wreck. This book's it, a wreck. They don't care about this book. No, they do this not. This book is staying around until they're going to, until the first wave of big cancellations. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, and I'm survives, telling you. If survives that i'm not sure if that qualifies as a miracle or some type of play i i all i know is that eric uh, like he said he had some problems with the review copy luckily only like six people were interested so nobody knew that nobody even goes and looks at the reviews for this uh it's just one question about it in the slack chat and that was like 
20 minutes before. That's what I'm saying. Dancing Mike is about the only one that I know that is really a fan of this book. And I think he mentions it in his uh, in a mail this week or something like that or did. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's his. He's the one fan. So, uh, uh, you know, besides you, Mark, (laughs) because I can't say that Eric's a fan anymore. But I can't can't blame him. I yeah. like this issue. I had fun with this issue. There's no reason to be buying this book other no. than maybe for the variant covers. Yeah, if, maybe, if but it's still, that's that crazy. That's a crazy reason to keep following yeah. the series. But the, the sales aren't horrible, so we'll see. Somehow. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Maybe it's the variant covers, but we'll see how it goes. It but I'm going to say that now we got to go talk about Teen Titans, which is another mess. But, yes. so uh, but yeah, thanks again, Mark, and we'll talk to you again thanks next month. See ya. Teen Titans number 13, Eric. Light it up, boys. It's time for Teen Titans now. We usually talk to to Chris about this book, and I think our our wires got crossed, uh, mainly because my whole thing on Skype, I ended up my main Skype account. uh, Somehow I've been kicked off of it because it said other people were accessing it or something nuts. Sorry about that. I like to access your stuff. Yeah, really. The Skype, it'd be funny. You access it just to send me messages on Skype, but it'd make no sense. But yeah. I ended up I having to go on messages on your yeah. Skype account. You just have your own podcast with one yeah. computer. You have two computers set up, and one's me, one's you. Uh, yeah, somehow it, the Skype it made me try to like answer all these questions. I had to answer like ten questions. I got done. It's like okay, finish. Hit next. I hit next, and then it says you have not answered enough questions. Didn't say Wait, I answered, I answered them wrong. All the questions you gave yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I'm telling you, I'm not having as much problem as possibly Brandon had for about a year. Seriously, uh, that was settled when he got his new computer though but still can't do it so i'm on an account that says ethan werner and i did send chris a message and i did not get a response so maybe he was confused by ethan or he just was busy i know that he was moving into a new house so i figured that that's what happened but because of that it's just gonna be me and you eric and we're gonna start now teen times number 13 uh, written by benjamin percy art by koi fam trevor scott jim sherapalapolis Cheryl Lapidus, letters by Corey Breen, Eric. Corey Breen. Does he have a sexy brother, Corey Breen? Does he? No, he's an only child. No, he, he might be. Teen Titans continues with an issue dead set on bringing Kid Flash back to the team, which I'm all for, but I wish I understood when this issue took place in regards to the metal tie-in we had last month. Besides yeah. that, I did like seeing Emiko almost join the Teen Titans and like the art, but really at the end... That's about all I liked. I did not like this issue that much. Uh, but I have to say, it, it, it's pretty par for the course with this That's series. That's the thing is, this is not a very great series, but the whole idea that, like, I look at the cover, Return of Kid Flash, I'm like, I'm all yeah. about this. This should yeah, be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, didn't give us an interesting story to deal with it. I'll tell you, uh, by the end, I do think that I have a score that I always seem to rely on for this book. And it's a score that's usually between a 5 and a 7. Eric, and I, I think that I'm pretty much on this as well because I do usually like the art enough. Yeah. The story never really infuriates me, but we just never get anything. And you do start off where you have Damien. Oh, that's the worst part. We usually just have the Titans talking to Damien about him being a dick all the time and then not dealing with it, which we continue 
then you hear. Yeah, and and yeah, because it starts off where you have, and you have the whole Robin, son of Batman there. He's got a bloody sword, which is a little off, but he's there, and he is ending up fighting the Teen Titans. It's a hell of a because, simulation, Joe. Yeah, because he's, he's making a simulation so that he can fight them virtually without hearing them bitch the him out. He does not want to fight the Teen Titans. He is just creating a freaking virtual yeah. personas for them so he can like learn to lead them better, but for some reason, there's a glitch in the program where every time he does this, they all turn on him, and he is forced to kill them yeah, in the simulation. Yeah. He ends up having to kill them, so, so it, it's when, just when the crazy. When the other Titans walk in and see their freaking lifeless virtual yeah. bodies, out of, you know, you got some splaining to do, Robin. Yeah. And and you have that, and then you have the Titans, actual Titans walk in. That's why I was confused. Then they walk in, and you have uh, Aqualad. He's like, really, man? After everything we've been through, first with Deathstroke and Mana, then getting turned into dark versions of ourselves by that other you. And then it says, in the Gotham Resistance crossover. Now, this is continuing. about that. Yeah, this is continuing this whole nonsense where you did have these crossovers. You had the Gotham Resistance. Teen Titans was involved. And so now we go to the next month, the next issue after that, where we left them and the whole, even not even just the Teen Titans, but in general, that Gotham Resistance, they, they didn't resist much in the end. No. They pretty much lost. And these dark versions that Aqualad's talking about, as far as we know, we haven't seen any resolution of that. So it no, throws not, me not out of this and issue. And the thing is, the last time we had a problem, this was Green Arrow. And if you look yep. at it, it's both Ben Percy. Yep, it's Ben Percy. And it just, to me, it, okay, we always, Eric Shea loves a connected universe. I this do. is one of the things he loves. The problem is, if you're going to connect, then you got to also connect the dots within it. And just throwing it out here, that does nothing for me. That You can't just have these characters like you Don't might as mention well. it right now. We are deep in metal. You can't say that this is an aftermath of something yes. because if there's like you cannot have you cannot do yeah. enough here because you can't give shit away. So don't mention it all. This is yeah. A story don't that mention it. That's my whole metal. point. Don't mention it at all. Just use that last issue as a tie-in to that event. Go with whatever story you were going to go because whatever happens here and goes on, you don't need that connection to that no. last issue with what's happening here. Plus, it just throws off the timeline. It throws it off. You're thinking like, what the hell is going on? What, like, when does this happen? Then you start getting me thinking, and you're not giving me answers to to get my thinking to lead to anything. And it threw me completely off. Now, again, I said that nothing in this infuriates me. That does infuriate me. I will tell you. And like you it's said, it it also did. Uh, and it's Ben Percy. It also did in Green Arrow where you had Black Canary say to Oliver, you know what? You save my city. I will save yours. And we're like, hey, bitch, nobody saves shit. Like, the last we saw, so you, you can't do this. Uh, even – and uh, really – if you run on your city. If, if you're going to do anything, you know, give us just the, the one little thing. And still, I'd probably be angry. But exactly. say this – no, if, it, if, you, if you have to do it, if, if Ben Percy is so set on doing it, just give us an editor's note. This issue takes place after metal, and then I'll go. Okay, I'll just go with it. And what the what that, the fuck? Because there's nothing in the But you story don't. That that's the problem. To. Yeah, you don't. This could be like a, a story with them trying to get, or you know, most of the team besides Damien trying to get Wally West, Kid Flash back on the team. That that I I hate to say, it, but it's kind of like a timeless story. This could happen. That I could say, oh, it happened before, after, whatever. I'll just go with it. It's just the story. It's a Teen Titans story. But now you're putting the stamp on it. More than that anything, makes no sense. I would talk about to try to you know this takes place before Defiance or after yeah. Defiance because yeah. he's running around in his normal Kid Flash costume. Well, he 
is, but he does look he does look back. Yeah, he looks back at it. So everything's off. I don't know what's going on in that story right now because we're not concluding. Here's the problem: is I would guess that I would say that the defiance story is probably happening before metal, and this is obviously happening. I don't know. I'm so confused with timelines, uh, and in this book, you, you don't need to confuse us with this. This no. is the Teen Titans. Let's have some fun. Uh, you know, that's all. Girls just want to hey, have fun what, there. What's more fun than freaking Wally West showing up to take a test and then talking to his teacher about his attendance problems? A lot. <laughs> a lot. The problem I have with this book in general, where I do think it should be fun Ben Percy's relying too much on the dickhead Damien concept uh, and has not evolved past it. And we are now – we're on issue 13, and we still and keep going with it. And we're even progression past this dickhead Damien in the Super Sons and, book, which and, had the same problem. But and, and with again, less issues, it's doing more. I'm going to throw in more, more craziness of timelines too because if this was – after metal, which it has to be, you yeah. have, uh, you know, you know, you have Aqualad saying, "Listen, that was our dark versions." We, the last we saw when this happened, this actually got to a point where it devastated Damien that he let the Teen Titans, exactly. you know, pretty much as we thought he thinks they're going to die at the point where we last he saw failed them. He failed them and really was going with uh, Oliver Green Arrow, saying like. This seemed to be a turning point for Damien, a turning point that if he did get them back, which we have them here, that and you see it starts off. OK, I'll go with it. You start off with a program where he's trying to deal with it and trying yeah, to do he's this trying stuff. to be the leader he needs to be. The but it's problem not is, the way though, he needs it to. to me, when this whole kid flash thing comes about and all this and he should be full out like, you know what? You guys want this? You know what? You guys I thought gave I gave me a second yeah. chance. After yeah, I listen. Uh, yeah, I thought I lost so you I guys. Give him a second yeah, chance. this is what. I, and even like, hey guys, you know what? From now on, we're we're equals. I thought I lost you guys. I didn't realize, you know, how much I did not know what I had until it was gone. Like Cinderella saying, exactly. and, and when he's going, I wish you would have had that. But you're you're throwing this whole metal thing in, but yet you you're not showing any sort of progression for Damien no. here because he's still pissed. Because even when we get to the point where he's going off to talk to Emiko Queen about bringing her into the fold of the Teen yeah. Titans while the rest of the Teen Titans go talk to Wally to bring him back. He's like, "There's." they said there's no I in team, but I am the Teen I Titans. I am the team, you know, no. They're creator, they're brain, they're fifth. Yeah, that's, he that's is not now still it. this egotistical fucking yep. asshole that he should have moved past. And again, if you want to say anything, if and this is where I think the danger of this book is heading, is – what Damien is doing now, he's doing it in full, you know, in view of everyone. He is not trying to hide it. But what he is doing with this team and how he's running it is exactly what Tim Drake did in the New 52 behind the scenes. Tim Drake yeah. hid it, but Damien's doing that exact thing. And this is why a lot of people hated the New 52, and especially at the M1. Well, that's Tim- the thing is they turned Tim into a dick the yeah. whole goddamn time. He wasn't much of a leader, and they're making Damien the same kind of leader. I'm like, yeah. come on, we just actually had to reboot yep. Tim drake to make him likable yeah, and he's and he's doing, doing that whole thing of stats and all that which is i can say it's damien-esque but yeah. now this is where if you want to have a fun book that everybody wants to jump on and do you got to get off of this you got to stop and maybe this starts that whole process but we're already too into this this would have been the perfect time for you to say this is after metal you have a little thing where damien's sitting there they're at a table this is script doctoring and they're all at the table and he's like listen uh I thought I lost you guys. You know what? 
you got I, I realized how much of a dick I was and you know what you guys are my brothers and sisters and I, I didn't realize I'm sorry I will never fail you again the way I'm not going to fail you is I'm changing up the game from now on this is equal and what do you guys want to do do you want kid flashback do you want this because they, they even tried to beg him and Starfire is like you know what it, it's about time we get him back in here and then Alcolette says listen you let me you know learn on the job you let me make you know shit wrong and 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 stuff but you still accepted me why don't you do this and he just he just is you know he doesn't want any parts of it and you know they just keep going and he's and that's where raven even says people aren't software teamwork isn't as simple as deleting a file or hitting a reboot uh, on the system and again i did appreciate this issue that at least we had lines from everyone like Raven isn't just in the background, but it, it it tends now to go off with just Damien. But I did like that. But he's like, you think you can lead this team star fan? Let's see how that works out for you. If you want Kid Flash, fuck you. And then he and leaves. And the thing is, at this point, because even when we go to talk to Wally, then with the rest of the Teen Titans besides Damien, look, you got to come back because now Starfire is leading. Like we talked about this before the friggin' uh, the Resistance yeah. time, yep. where she is uh, assumed team leader position. Yeah. But as it starts out. They seem to be asking Damien for permission, like he's yeah. still the team leader. Yeah, so like he's I don't the leader. And, and even with this, when he says that, the way he like says Damien, it, when you're around, you're team leader. But when we're apart, Starfire. Yeah. And even when 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 he's leaving, when Damien says this to me, the way the dialogue sets it out isn't really him saying, "Okay, you're the leader." It, it's almost like you know, oh, you think that they'd be like me and you fighting about the podcast, and I say, "Yeah, yeah I'd like to see you run the damn fucking shit, you fucking asshole." And then, you know, the next day I'd call you up and we'd do the podcast and I'd still hate you, but yeah. I wouldn't let you know. But, yeah, it just seems – so basically he's saying like that to Starfire, yes, but he's going off then to recruit Emiko yeah. and then says at that point he's the team. It's just nonsense. But then you do have this whole thing with uh, Wally West and the teachers going and it's almost like a fair – it is – this is 80s uh, fucking comedy mm-hmm. uh, oh, a, oh. attempt. It is definitely an attempt of a yeah. It's an attempt of F- Bueller because you have Wally not there, then he's there. Don't forget about me. Like, and really, seriously, you're gonna force that. Using your powers in school. Yeah, he just flies in. She's already seen that he's not there, and he flies in, and he's gonna start singing "Simple Minds." And don't forget about me. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it. But yeah, they're gonna go, and the teachers, you know, hey, what's going on? You know what? You're a, you're a smart kid. You just you don't want to hang around with the wrong like people. The bad crowds. Yeah, and the bad crowd. You do see him there with Deathstroke. Is there with his arm from behind? I'm like, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, he he's like, ah, oh, that's not happening. Don't worry about me. And then she's like, you know what? You should try out for soccer. And then he gets the whole deal. Huh, all that running. I'd probably trip uh, on you know, my own deal. And probably uh, this sh- I'm not really with team sports. And then you see, that's where you see Damien uh, flying on Damien's Goliath. Damien's not about and, team sports either, it appears. No, he is not. And, yeah, you go. And, you know, this is the progression where you do have uh, Damien there. And he's supposedly spying on Emiko. Yeah, and he's Emiko's, just watching Emiko take out Amawana Pia. Yeah. The, the problem that I have, though, is Emiko's a, a pretty smart cookie, right? I, I love Emiko. Part of her... She is pretty much a ninja who would be very, very aware of her surroundings. Agreed. There is I, I don't a think demon. aware of a giant fucking I'm bat t- dragon. It's right, bu- it's right above her. 
Yeah. It's flying, and she's just like, I know you could say she's so focused, but it's just right above her, and she has, she has no idea. But, yeah, you do have on them on a Pia, and you can tell people why that is pretty cool there. Oh, I haven't seen this character in a long time. It was created by Kevin Smith. As far as yeah. I know, it was only done in his Green Arrow run and his uh, Batman run. It was the cacophony, I believe. Yeah, and this is where I'll give Ben Percy some credit. This isn't what, uh, like Steve Orlando, it drives us nuts sometimes where he'll, you know, we have the extremists, the extremists and there was a, a tie or a you know a loose membrane and this and they get it and you're like god damn it you're ruining everything you're ruining characters you're ruining the idea of a multiverse you're doing that this to me it is a green arrow character it is a character that you never see and it's a pretty cool tie-in so if you're gonna have emiko as a guest star here in teen titans and you want to have a green arrow connection with her yeah. i think that this is perfect i i really do give him a lot of credit for grabbing on him on a pia here because i don't think we'll ever see him in anything else anyway and and then if we do at least you kind of have a setup of it but yeah Dan Damien's just going to watch how Emiko goes about doing her and thing. She's talking to, to Oliver. Emiko stopping a bomb that's on a ferry yeah. that Anawanapia is like, yep. you know, I don't know. I can't, what's that freaking not driving, not piloting? What is it called when you're God sailing? Yes, it, it's on a, it's on a barge. It's, it, the whole deal is it's one of those. It's a it's ferry. A barge. It's a ferry. They're they're taking all the cars across the, the deal. It's it's just a ferry that's taking all the people. I just want to say barge. Oh, DeBarge, yeah. And it's funny, too, because you have all these cars, and then you have the idea where Emiko's like, yeah, you know, there's this bomb on there. Anamalapia put it. It happens to be the one car that it's actually a moving van that is so obvious above yeah. all of the others. Again, I don't mind it because no. that we're just and getting just to it. She drives it into the freaking ocean. Yeah, so she jumps in. She basically realizes the only way I'm going to save this is throwing Anamalapia out of it. And then driving the, you know, into the, the ocean or the lake or whatever they are. I guess it is the ocean because of where they are. Yeah. And she does drive it into the ocean. And this is where you do find out by the end that that's all onomatopoeias. That's his plan. That's his plan uh, somehow because if you drive a freaking bomb inside of a truck into the ocean, yeah. when it explodes, it'll cause a tidal, tidal wave that'll freaking, you know, cover all well, the trucks Well, here's somehow. the deal. If it's, if it's a big bomb, it would. I mean, it would explode and cause a wave. It would cause something with an explosion i don't know they never say i mean i'm talking if it's a big big bomb it would cause some issues but we'll see it's just again it's just a throwaway thing yeah. uh but yeah as she drives this this truck in this moving truck with the bomb in the back into the bay uh you have her being she saved hits by Damien. her head and knocks yeah. herself out as she drives in causing damien to come down and rescue her yeah her and goliath or him and goliath come and save her they kind of have a little bit of a fight and that's where where they kind of stop the whole fighting deal and Damien says, you know what, I want you on the Teen Titans. And it's pretty cool because we've been wanting Emiko on the I'm team you, I've wanted forever. Emiko and Damien to hang out for yeah, a long time Yeah, we wanted them now. to be, like we even said, me and you, that it would have been cool because you do have Emiko being the sister of Oliver Queen that it would be cool to kind of get her as a way of being in the Super Sons book as well. That it would be Damien, uh, John, and Emiko would be really cool. And we actually talked about it a lot, like how Emiko and da uh, John would get along, and Damien would be the dick, and we, like, we had a lot. Brought, like at the one point, I was talking about bringing nobody in the little Maya character yeah. from Robin yep. Son of Batman as well. That'd be cool too. Just all uh, these young heroes together. Yeah, yeah, but she says no. She's like a no, hard I, no. Why, why she doesn't want any parts of it. I'm already with Black Canary, Green Arrow, and yeah. freaking Arsenal. Why do I want to go to the fucking yeah. lower team? And it's funny because Damien doesn't want to take that. He thinks that his invitation is like everybody's waiting. With any young hero has been waiting to get on the Teen Titans. What I think is funny 
It's not the intention, but to me, Ben Percy is kind of showing that the, the Teen Titans means nothing because this book is shitty. Yeah. And basically, Emiko's like, your team? That's fucking bullshit. And he says, listen, we're the future Justice League. You, you don't turn this down. We're the best. And she's like, no, no, I'm already, I'm already hanging with the big boys, you yeah. know, and what I'm doing. And it's her brother, too. You, you got that. But, oh, yeah, I'm it's kind you. of funny. Not only does it seem like we're not going to get freaking Emiko on team, which I really think we will by the end. Yeah, I do, too. Getting Kid Flashback doesn't seem to be work as well, because when no. the Teen Titans are talking to him, he's like, look, I'll come back. All I need is Damien to apologize yeah. to my face. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and, and, what's, and even what's weird is I was just going to say that maybe this is the start of maybe Emiko will join the team and maybe Ben Percy will leave the book and then I'll be happy. And the, yeah. But I have to admit, he writes a good Emiko. And oh, what's really weird like about Emiko. it, how My can he write How can he write that good an Emiko and then not write a good Damien? Because well, they're very, very similar. They're very similar. And he just, I don't know. And actually, to me, the Emiko that he writes especially in Green Arrow is more of a early Damien. Like Damien just coming back and, and living with Batman and learning. And I wish that he would just have a progression of Damien now of not just being a dick. But she says no. And then we go and see Kid Flash. And we see Kid Flash, the rest of the Teen and Titans go. she says go. no way. She says no. She said no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And then they go and they're trying to recruit Kid Flash. And again, like you said, he kind of doesn't want to get involved either. He, they're the just thing. trying he, to do it. He'll come back to the team because he's all if about Damien, Raven. Raven Damien has to well, apologize. Damien's got to apologize yeah. to his face. I'm like, yeah, and it's a it, tall fucking order. And dude. you know what's funny about this too is they show up and like, listen. You got to come in. You have Beast Boy clenching his ass cheeks. You know, you got that whole continuation deal. And in the meantime, Kid Flash did stop uh, a armored car robbery. Yeah, and he, he they, uh, Kid Flash did stop a robbery, an armored car robbery. And that's when the Teen Titans show up. And they're like, listen, Starfire's the, in the lead. You know, she's our leader now. She's the leader, Eric. She's the leader, and Jim. this is like he's kind of like, huh. That seems pretty cool, you know? And even Beast Boy's like, you know what? I need you, man. You know, all my jokes, they're fucking falling flat. Uh, you know, I need you. You were a smart ass with me. But you, you get the idea that even Ben Percy, we all know that Damien is always going to be the leader. And he even shows this thing with, with him saying, with Kid Flash saying, I'll come back if Damien apologizes. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to have to be something. Again, this should be something that a, a Damien out of that Gotham resistance, I think, should be able apologize. to do that. Yeah, and apologize to everyone over and over. But that's where we go back uh, to Emiko and realizing that the whole deal was a setup by Anamanapia that it was a bomb and like i said if it's a huge bomb it would cause you know that to happen and it causes a tidal wave that's going to wreck the city i'm just saying this looks like the tidal wave we saw when the earth shook and with the atomic bomb maybe it's an atomic bomb i don't know i just wonder it's like she does take the you know she puts the the goddamn truck into the bay but you would think that they would do something a little more uh, you know, with this bomb, because even if it doesn't do what happens, a tidal wave, it's still going to cause some damage and shit. And fishes, fishies are going to die. I don't know. Half the movie's eyes, so you always throw the bomb in the bay or the ocean. Nothing bad ever happens. And it just blows up. This causes, goddamn, it's the perfect storm. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it's a star city under siege next. I don't I'm like really. What about this? So we'll, we'll go and, and see what's going on. I, that doesn't look like it's under siege. It looks like it's underwater. Well, Eric, the movie but, Under Siege took place on the water, Jim. Yeah, I do, that doesn't matter. It's the tidal wave. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, what they need is from back in the Justice League. Get the Green Lanterns there. Now looks like he's a giant. He looks like man. a disaster. Uh, you could get the just uh, the uh, the Green Lanterns there to cause those. Con- Remember when they made those constructs in China? That's what, to, I'm thinking of. That's this, what we this need. Freaking tidal waves is as big as those. We need those. But yeah, that, that's that. But what I said earlier, uh, the score. I, I'm telling you, this teen, I'll give it a Teen Titans six every time. It seems it always seems I could go as low as a five five, but I do like. Amico. Uh, I, I do want Kid Flashback. Yeah, I do want Kid Flashback on the team, but I, I can't go any higher than a and six. I did is, like the I art. I don't know why I want Kid Flashback on the team. It yeah, seems I don't like know something either. I want because the team doesn't do anything. No, they don't. And and I was going to say it in my blurb. I do want him on the, on the thing. Me and you are actually Wally West Kid Flash fans. I yeah. know a lot of people don't like him. I like him. I have no reason to not like him. But I do want him more in the Flash book. That seems to be us getting him there as well. So I, I just want to see more of him. But we'll see. But I give it a six. What would you give it? I give it a six, too, just for, because of the Emiko stuff. And I did not hate the yard. I'm telling you, yeah. Koi Fom style is not one of my favorites, but he does a decent job here. And uh, I can tell you, I get excited just at the, at the fact that having Red Arrow, Emiko Queen on the team it gets me into it, you know. I like the character. We don't get enough of a red arrow and green arrow, so if we get her here, that'd be amazing. I just want this book to do more, and it's six out of ten is is going high in my mind for what we get out of this issue. Yeah. But I'm still gonna stick with it. Okay. Well, we're gonna end the podcast with one of your books, Erica. Is is this the fresh start that we were hoping for? Is no, it? I don't think no, it is. No, it is not. Uh, tell us what we're talking about. Blue Beetle number 14, written by Christopher Sabella, with art by Scott Collins, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Chris Sabella jumps on as writer in this issue and gives us a jump in time where Jaime and Naomi are now a couple. Brenda and Paco seem to have been messing around, and the entire group goes on a road trip as a final farewell to summer before their senior year of high school starts. Two bad aliens come a-calling and want to give our heroes some trouble. Yeah, yeah, I, I, there's there's parts of this book that I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, this is another one of these. This is a weird week that there's a bunch of these books that I always say, like, I really want to like this for Eric. I really want to like this for Mark. I really want to like really this. I really like to like this too, though. Yeah, and, and then you have Hellblazer that I always really wanted to like it for Reggie. I always have these, but and this week they all hit. And this one, though, I read it and I just... It just has to end. Uh, this is not. This is supposed to be a new start. You even had the I'm whole you, I really deal. think for a proper fresh start, we should have got a new artist on this as well. Yeah, because, I think you know, so as well. I was actually it, it, shocked yeah. because for some reason I thought the entire creative team was off this book, but when it was announced, but like Scott Collins coming back, it yeah. just seems like it's business as usual. And it's weird because you even have the whole deal where you start out in the credits page is the first page, and you have you know Road to Nowhere Part One, Christopher Sabella, new series writer, and I thought, okay, you know, let's get a fresh start and you, you really didn't but really the other issue i have with this nothing happens I, I mean i needed something to happen where i really was excited the the biggest thing to me in this book is out of nowhere jaime doesn't be, he can't listen or can't understand the scarab and i'm telling and, you that's it's such a fucked up thing because we jump like three months ahead from where yeah, we left off yeah. last issue and out of nowhere out of everything new we're going to start fresh with the one aspect I really enjoyed you took yes. away from me. And, and the one aspect that we kind of fought to get back and, and all this, and now all of a sudden he can't understand it, and it now makes it no sense. Now just fucking alien language, and so yeah. it's there, him saying, yeah. I don't understand you, and me saying, God damn it, why can't we understand yeah. it? Yeah, it's like, and, and again, is this going to end up, I don't think it's going to last long enough, but if it did, was it going to end up that he starts talking like Chewbacca to it? You know, saying, I know Scarab, I know she is pretty hot. 
you know, stuff like that. But why not do that right away? Why not have it that, you know, if you want to have this nonsense with it, you know, talking alien, which, again, is it now talking magical, Eric? Because it it turned into the – yeah, it's talking ancient. And with it going with that, I would have been, you know, okay with it if we kind of just – had the whole thing like a Chewbacca, and he could understand it just because it's the scarab and it's connected to him, but you don't even get that. But uh, we start off in New Mexico, Eric. Tell me about it. Tell me what's well, we going on. we start off in New Mexico, which it really seems like there's a couple driving out there, so they can, they found out about a possible alien setting. They really want to see yeah. aliens, and before they do, like they, the alien UFO ship comes down, and yeah. they, the guy can die happy now because he finally got to see an yeah. alien. It's always wanted to do, which I find really odd. In a it's not only just world. that, but even before you go on, it's odd because they go back and forth between like, that's what I always wanted to do before I die. Oh, shit. Get the fuck out of here. And they're all and upset. Then the and then an alien blasts him and they do die. But the, but the guy can die happy. But it turns out this is all a movie that Jaime and yeah. Naomi are watching yeah. at the theater and, for a date. The problem is, is that I got confused because as we go on, it, it, it the progression is exactly they're watching a movie. Oh, this is so boring. Oh, come on, Naomi, we're it's watching like this a thriller. But then at the end, you end up with these same exact aliens and the well, same that's the ship. Thing is, when I was doing my written review, I was just really going for like verbatim, like what, what we actually got from the issue without really thinking into it. Mm-hmm. Because after the fact, I told you the next day I had an idea about what this issue is actually yeah. doing, which I wish I would have thought of when I did the written review. Yeah. But it turns out. We have, you know, Jaime seeing this stupid alien movie, and we have uh, on the walk home Naomi talking about, all right, we're starting our senior year, so we really have to start thinking yeah, we about have to our start future thinking and about shit stuff like this. To what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I'm like, and if I was Jaime, I'm like, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to break up with you, you controlling bitch. Yeah, really, I, I'd be just like that. Can't we just have fun? It's summer goddamn yeah. break, and now I got to stop and fucking think about things. I haven't even gotten a third base yet with the fucking yeah. rest of my life. Yeah, but, it's just. Because of that, it seems that a lot of stuff that we're dealing with, besides for the idea that Jaime can't understand the Scarab anymore, yeah. when he goes to, like, to work with Ted, because he's been working with the whole Scarab with yeah, Ted. Yeah, they've, they've been training. Summer, been training and shit like that. I got the idea because Ted then immediately offers him, look, you're going to be in senior next year. After that, I want you to come work for me. Yeah, Here's you're a freaking check. Me. Here's a sign-on bonus. I'll give yeah. you a week to think about it. So Jaime has a pocket full of cash. Now he doesn't think he has to worry about what he's doing with this future because he has something set up. Hmm. So when we have this whole thing, when we come back to the round the later, when we get to Roswell and we see that there's aliens that are exactly like the ones we saw in the movie, it seems that for somehow something is affecting Jaime's brain, which is like you know making things manifest that he's thinking about. Yeah, I didn't even get that. I know, I'm just, sorry, this, I, got, this got me a day later when I was just thinking about the, the book. Just the, the weird thing is I ended up thinking that we saw that beginning – the, the freaking progression is right to them being in the whole deal and saying, oh, this is so boring. You even have these people getting fried by these aliens. Yeah. And, and the color of the theater would match what just happened. I get the idea that they might not have even been watching that as the movie. That that was just about – because, first off, it looks like the movie was called Last Legs. I, I don't know why that would be those guys with the aliens. It makes no sense. There, I don't but know it's just. Why to, to have this and not set it up then that why these aliens and the ship and everything was exactly like that. It just – again, if, if it's going to be manifested from – it just seemed weird. It, it really wasn't explained well, and it just it no, didn't play I'm off well you, to me. The way it was really odd to me when I was reading, like, why would these fucking you know movies? Why would be the same as this why movie would be at Roswell right now? And I'm like, no. I started thinking that maybe I was seeing something that was going on before, like you know, I'm, yeah, elsewhere. I'm telling you, at the movies, but, I got the idea that maybe it's one of those that will find out that you know what that the truth is out there, and then you know some people know it, and we're trying to this movie was trying to get the the word out, or so, I don't know. It just it's such an odd idea. 
idea to me, though, that we have characters living in the DCU where there are aliens all about. One yeah. protects Metropolis, and yeah. we're still making alien movies where people are like, yeah, alien I don't think movies aliens exist. Yeah, I yeah. and, and I'm it's telling you. It's a weird way to have a movie based on the world that you live in. Yeah, and and I'll give Chris Sabella one, uh, you know, one bit of props here is that uh, Jaime does get a big check. It seems like this might – he Ted might have given him – a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know how much money he gave him, yeah. but like, like there's he too says, many there's too many like, zeros. I've and, never said that before in my life. Yes. Fuck you, Jaime. And, and maybe he gave him ten thousand dollars. You know, yeah. and the, you know, and even then, there's a lot of money. And he is pretty much a teenager. And he's, he's pretty much a teenager yeah. who isn't gonna. He he wants to blow it all immediately on this road trip. And you know, they get it. Paco shows up with his what is this, his uncle's car. Yeah, his uncle's and, ride. And next thing you know, it's got them Smokey and the Bandit going on. It's weird, though. For some reason, he's like, hey, Jaime, you drive. What's that? I take it more as Ferris Bueller again. Maybe, but it it was weird, though, that he really stressed that Jaime had to drive. It's just very odd. Yeah, oh, Grandpa. But still, it was very odd for him to have Jaime drive. Well, Jaime's the responsible one. Paco I don't, can't I don't be know. For his I, I'm actions. telling you, he if can't you, parallel park, Jim. He might not be able to parallel park, but he's got those cool shades on. And also, you have a guy driving this car that you don't want to have any sort of problems happen. And you have the guy driving who, out of nowhere, the fu- fucking scarab could just activate and have him fly off without we'll anything. Just blow up the goddamn front I'm of the telling car. you, I would not want him anywhere near this car. And then you go through this whole deal where, through the rest of the issue, I don't know why Scott Collins had to make a half the time where Jaime looks like he is ready to murder somebody. There are parts where he's just talking. At one point, Naomi's talking like, so, where are we going in this sweet environmental threat? And then and that Jaime says, no idea. That's the fun. Looks like he's ready to punch somebody in the face, possibly I, Naomi. I imagine it's because they are stuck in traffic. They are stuck in traffic, but it, it doesn't play out the way the, the script is and that sort of thing. Because even as in the open road, he has no one from He's happy as a client. He might be. I'm telling you, I think later he gets mad again. But even then, you have the whole deal with the art, and he's like, or it will be the fun. We drive until we get somewhere. A, a truly mindless adventure. I'm tired of making decisions about anything. I used to love and those rounds. There's too. not even one of theirs where he says, no idea, that's the fun. Until we get out, you know, as long as we get out of this traffic jam. It just Again, he just starts going, and he's letting the road take him where they go, and they end up at Roswell. They, and they're like, oh, man, just you're like a me, nerd. Jim. I'm a leaf on the wind. I go yeah. where I'm blown. Oh, yeah, you go where you're blown, all right, at yeah. the truck stop. And yeah, then right. he's like, hey, you you know, you nerd, you took us to Roswell. I didn't, the car did. Oh, the car's a nerd too. And then all of a sudden we see the the ship or well, whatever we know is the ship. Well, we have Paco and Brenda doing their usual bickering, but yeah. we also have the idea that over the summer where they have not hung, she, they have not hung out with Jaime a lot because he's been yeah. spending a lot of time with Naomi, yeah. they might have hooked up and They, like they that. definitely and did. At the they, one point he says, you didn't mind last night. Exactly. Like, but the thing is, like, for some reason they're acting really weird around yeah. that. Feel like, I'm sure they've been spending the entire summer together yeah. just fucking kissing and making out and like doing what it. kids do They've you know kissing and making out Jim. but yeah when but, they're uh, driving they and then you see that know for some reason no they don't and and in the meantime they're doing that and there's the whole bit where Jaime does say when Naomi walks away says to uh them listen 
I don't want Naomi to know about the the Beatles stuff. Too many people no. know. I want to have a normal relationship with her. I want to just be a normal and person. I don't want her to worry my about normal it. life. That yeah, I that's want. his normal life that he wants. So and they kind of fight a little bit about it. Like, oh, come on, man. You know, she. That's just and, lying to her. You can't. Yeah, fix yeah, that's just lying. Lie, He's kid. like, no, that's no. What happened to Flash? Yeah, and he says, this is basically what I want. Please don't tell her anything about this. Well, unfortunately, then the alien ship from that movie shows up when they get near roswell and it kind of affects the the deal they go off the road a little at one point and then they, they get the out and up freaking having to get out and run yeah, they like, get out and I, run I'll tell naomi i'm gonna act as decoy yes, so it, you guys can so get away it's gonna beat a lot but the whole progression of him yeah. fighting this this fucking diamond in the air yeah it's very rough it's, to me yeah, and yeah, i can't very understand rough. what the fuck well and i'm so saying point, it, it turns like it looks into a kite yeah, and, and what what's really weird to it's like a kite than a shield. At one point though, it, like the progression of this is like right away. Hey, don't tell Naomi I'm Blue Beetle. You know, hey, I haven't had to do really Blue Beetle stuff for three months anyway. You know, right. it's kind of yeah. been boring. I've just been training with Ted, so it's not a big deal. Uh, and I've had a great time with Naomi, so don't tell her. Uh, it probably won't come up anyway. And then it does two pages later. I'm like, really? That was really forced in to, to really stress the point that she does not know that he's Blue Beetle. And in this book, I will tell, Chris Sabella probably feels the same way. In this book, you you have to assume everybody knows because everybody seems to know Seriously. anyway. Even at a point where you know his parents know all that stuff going on, and Paco, and uh, you know they know. Brandy. So yeah, and they go, and yeah, they're like, hey, uh, he, she says, where's Jaime? Oh, you know, he's just a deco. Like what? What the hell does that doesn't even make sense that no. uh, you know he's faster than us he he can dodge well it just I, if i if i was naomi i'd be like what kind of friend are you you're bigger than him number one and you let he's the guy who's this and it just and like you said at one point they, it looks like a kite I don't know, I'm but it's telling fighting. You, I don't understand the progression because for either. one thing, you have this freaking, you know, this diamond in the sky is the same color blue as Jaime's energy. So when they're battling, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then so, at one point, it's coming down and crashing. Now it's just gray colored and there's multiple ones. Yeah, it looks I like maybe it maybe he shut down the light construct type deal. I don't but know. Then, I don't nowhere, know. It seems like it shoots down the freaking aliens inside of it in a, yeah. a bolt of lightning and now that's where we end where Jaime has to deal with these aliens yeah. that are now on And the they ground. were the aliens that were in that, that movie at the beginning and it is a funny kind of deal because one comes down he's like oh, just one you're on your own huh? And then a, a couple more show down he's like oh, shut up Jaime because he keeps going and then it says to be continued but again I hope that they do tie this in. I mean if they don't if Christopher Sabella does not tie this into why we saw a movie with these same exact things I'll be I don't know what I'll think because it wouldn't make any sense and even at this point it doesn't the problem being is just this seems like it would have been an okay issue if it was like in the middle of the run you kind of are going you have a little break here you're going to have a road trip whatever as a first issue of Christopher Sabella's run of this that uh, could possibly finish out the Blue Beetle it didn't do anything for me and I, I thought that it was very odd off. Uh, it was kind of boring. Though, the, the dialogue was better while he did yeah. repeat a oh, bunch yeah. of stuff. It was a little bit annoying. No, there, actually, you say that. You say that. I didn't even think about the dialogue because it was just natural dialogue. Exactly. Uh, and now that you say it, yeah, I'll give you that. That yeah, you didn't have that nonsense. I mean, I'm telling you, if this was Keith Giffen writing it, that goddamn shit with Brendo and Paco in the back seat, that would have went on for fucking three quarters of the issue, and, and they would have just it went on a little too long. It might have, but, have, like, but you know, he's he's keeping up with where we like the yeah. feel of the series. 
so perfect. No, I'm He's telling you, though. Upon it. It would have went with the, why'd you say that? Say what? You know. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Uh, uh, elephants never forget you calling me an elephant. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You like peanuts? Oh, I do. Well, I have a peanut butter cup. Oh, I'll have that peanut butter cup. So you are an elephant. No, I'm not. There you go, Eric. That's my. Jesus that is my. Don't you ever giffin me again? That is my giffin. Uh, I, I, I hear. Ah, hey, no, thanks a lot, Shorty. That. What do you mean? I'm taller than you. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Not when you're groveling. Yeah, you got me there. You're always groveling. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Go to hell. Fuck you. There you go. There you go, Eric. And scene. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we would have got. I would have killed somebody. So yeah, actually, you. For once, Eric, you have raised my score Look at that because shit. I had a score in mind, and you're right. The dialogue is pretty good. So what what would you give it? I'll let you I go. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10 because I'm telling you, this was a pretty like boring issue. And not, not even boring because I could even go – I like those yeah. low-key issues where we're doing like, like the end of summer but road trip. But not for the start like of a, a run. I didn't understand the progression of the story though or what we're dealing with because there was not enough things there. It took me an entire day to have a concept yeah. that I don't even know if it's right. But yeah. uh, Scott Collins' art remains to be as decent as it's always been except for that last few pages where I couldn't understand the progression yeah. because of the coloring and whatnot. So maybe it's not even on him, but yeah. it was a little hard to follow. But five No, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to go with you with the art that if you're going to have a change, make a full change. This, again, I always bring up the sports analogy. If I'm a coach and I take over the Eagles, yeah. uh, I'm not letting Doug Peterson's staff stay. You're going to clean house. You're going to get rid of everybody because you want your new thing. You want the, the team to have your stamp on it. You want to start fresh. You don't want to get blamed for anything from other guys that aren't your guys. And that's how I would think. If I was Chris or Sabella and I came in, I would say, listen, you know, do I get a pick of an artist? Whatever, but please change the artist. I, I'm coming in. I want to have my own stamp on this, though. Again, it seemed like when this was announced that he was on the book, he went on Twitter and pretty much announced that the book was going to end yeah. with him. So this might be one of those that he's just on. He he's in. happy he is, to have a paycheck. No, and he's happy to have a paycheck. And DC doesn't want to get that into hiring another artist exactly. to go on the book when they already have Scott Collins doing it. You might as well let him play it out, but. It just it is just odd and shows that it's really not well, the you know, clean Keith break. Griffin, that it I guess he couldn't just do these last issues because he was out doing his goddamn seminars, working on the plot for DC's house. Yeah, of he was sitting there. He was sitting there just throwing out <laughs> ideas at people. <laughs> hey, you know what'd be cool if Batman was the Joker? Go Ooh. to it. Ooh, you, you know what'd be cool? That? Think of this. Hey, hey, over there, Ouija board, woman, Wonder Woman, go to it. There you go, Eric. There, there you are. Hey, he said uh, it again. I don't know what's going to happen, but somehow have Hal Jordan get his finger cut off. Woo-wee! Go to it, my man. Yes. Did I, I didn't even say my score. No. My score is actually a little more positive than you because of what you told me, Eric. I'm going a 5.6. All right. I was actually a fuck you five. Uh, but I do like the art enough. But just the, like I said, the fact of Scott Collins still remaining just it just seems off. But that's the end of the podcast. And for some Aaron. reason, he loves drawing them skin tabs on Brenda's face all yes, over. Yes, like, he does. Be better, dude. Oh, he loves them. He loves those things. I don't, Eric. I don't. I don't know what Paco's thinking. He is a sexy fella. What is? I guess that beauty is skin deep. Don't give me that skin no, tabs. No, because Brenda's not good on the inside either. She's a fucking no, bitch. She, she yells yeah, at him all the time. she does seem like a bitch. Down. She does 
seem what like he a likes. Naomi does too. And Naomi seems like a bitch too. But there we go. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Sir. I know we've been dating for three months, but <laughs> what are you going to do the rest of your life to support me? It <laughs> is bad though. I, I will yeah, I, I will tell you. It is it is kind of shitty for me to say that pretty much a strong-willed woman equals I don't mean that. She just She's very tough on Jaime I'll when the, you, the kid has shit going on. In relationship, she's too goddamn pushy. Ding, ding, ding. Are you gonna sing a little summer loving with me? Summer loving had me a blast. There you go. Summer loving, you better get a job. Like, Should it be like me. that? You can do better. <laughs> Fucking drop her. Yeah, Kick her, Kick her to that curb. Maybe, maybe what'll happen? The aliens will take her, and then he could just fucking wipe his hands no, clean of it. She'll annoy them. That's what happened to three of my girlfriends, Eric. Aliens. I told sure. the police. I told the police that they believe me. Uh, what is your book of the week? I already said the earlier what mine was. Fucking planet curb. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, planet curb. Population. You, baby, out. <laughs> What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman the Merciless, number one. Mine is as well. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. It's really? also, I, I hated almost every book this week. So I yeah. I, apolog- I keep having to apologize for being negative. Uh, though you can see, once I get near the end and we, we start talking a little Blue Beetle, we have a little fun, Eric, and we get the hell Summer out. Summer loving. Summer loving. Summer loving. What are you going to have plans for after high school there? I mean, because I need a lot. I'm a very needy bitch. There you go. Uh, it's a weird, it's a weird line in that song. <laughs> then you have Paco and, and Brenda in the back. Well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, oh, tell me more, tell me more. When are you going to kick her to the curb? And Jaime's like, right now. Boom. Right there now. you go. Here is what we're going to talk about next week. Oh, no, on the... me, I forgot to tell you, ass, grass, or grass. <laughs> ass, grass, or grass. I did it your way. You did what I do. You know, you know what it is. Ass, gas, or grass. Uh, yes, <laughs> here is what we will be talking about next week. Now, I will tell you, you know, that something happened to me this week where my phone, I believe it was yesterday, out of nowhere, my phone decided to factory reset. It ended up, it looked like my phone had bricked. And then I think that it got some automatic update. And, that and was it, just you trying to throw something away in the trash can at work. Yes. Well, my my whole deal, my phone went down. I don't. I didn't realize until this moment. I don't have the Fresh Comics app on my thing, so I'm going into the review copy thing. So these will not be in alphabetical order, but I will still tell you what we're going to talk about. We will have Batman the Devastator. Number one, Eric, not to be confused with Batman the Devastator number two, three, and four, which we will never have. Uh, And that I'm actually going to review. You have had too many of these one-shots because we said that we were going to do the whole process of, hey, whatever character of the Justice League is involved in these, then the person who reviews that book does it. You didn't. I do all but two. You did not think ahead. (laughs) You said this, not realizing you did most of those. I just have a shitload of reviews this week, and I want to lighten the load. It's so funny you're like wait a minute there isn't one of these that involves deathstroke that's no, what I'm not a smart <laughs> so man. so the devastator and that is the one that i've actually been waiting for because that's the one where bruce wayne supposedly has dealt with the doomsday, doomsday virus. virus so yeah, yeah i thought that that seemed very merciless were my like go-to ones that i was most excited yeah, so, for and the merciless uh, has done well for me so hopefully the no devastator yeah does well. yeah so hopefully that's the case batman white knight number two uh the first issue of that we actually it was a patreon only uh spotlight so if they if the badasses do not pick that, that'll be the first time we'll talk about that. And hopefully I like it more main. than the first issue. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So we also have Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number one. Another one I wanted to do, but again, Did we too decide, many for Reggie is Reggie doing, doing that now? Is that, yes, is, is that, okay. 
Okay, I, for some reason I thought I was still stuck with it. Uh, Dead Man Number One, which is a Reggie as well. That's a Neil Adams, and I'm hoping for the zany fun of the coming of the Superman is that we had Neil before. Adams? I thought he was just doing the art, written and art. Aaron. Oh, nice. He's okay. doing both, I believe. Uh, we also have Justice League Number Thirty Two. That is a metal tie-in. It, it continues the Bats Out of Hell deal. We have the Jetsons Number One. That we have to see what's going on with that. I believe that Ryan. No, I don't. I believe Ryan is reviewing it on the site, and I'll talk to him if he wants to uh, do a little review of that himself. We'll see what's going on now. You guys can go to hell with your Hanna-Barbera nonsense. Well, that's the thing. I also didn't mention, also, we have uh, Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica number two. I got to talk to Reggie because that first one was a bonus Patreon spotlight, and I'm going to see if he wants to continue that. But going on to the regular books that will be on the podcast, we have Bing Conquest number seven, which I don't know for me. It seems like that popped up quicker than it usually does I know, but I, hopefully it is good because the last issue actually yeah, we, shocked me with how yeah, like it actually had direction and focus yeah we liked the last one it. i was actually pretty positive on it as well we have batman number 34 uh continuing basically rules that aftermath deal the yeah, rules of engagement all right we'll have batman hopefully no more horses will be harmed in the making of a batman comic eric we'll Ever. see we'll see we have cyborg number 18 Eric, Cyborg. Why is that still going on? Cyborg number eighteen. I'm gonna hit this. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have hit this. I just want to see one thing because for some reason I thought, I, why am I doing this, Eric? I don't I'm know killing what myself you're doing. now. I'm actually loading up the issue so I can look. Nope, it's still John Semper Jr. Yeah. I, that's all. That's all I wanted to because remember we heard a rumor that something was. I don't. I don't know what I'm talking about. Eric. Deathstroke number 25 will we'll continue the Stroke Squad. The Defiant story will continue. We have Green Arrow number 34. Green Lantern's number 34. Hopefully, I'm more on board with Tim Seeley. Uh, that you were pretty good on him last yeah, I issue. Okay first I issue. was a little I down. I thought that it was a little down, so we'll see. We'll see if I was right, which I usually am. a pop am. star. Yes, and that seemed to be what we're going to deal with in this next one, but we'll God, see. Nightwing number 32. We'll have right. and Superman number 34. That is it, Eric. That's what we'll talk about next week. Obviously, we have a Patreon account. I'll mention it once more. It is at patreon.com slash weird science. And why I mention that is each week we do have a Patreon-only spotlight. And it's picked by the badasses. That's one of the levels on the Patreon. And so one of these books that we mentioned just now will not be on the regular podcast depending on which one they pick. My guess will be the uh, Devastator. That's what well. I think they will pick. They'll get back to that probably because they know how positive we man. were. No, maybe. I actually, when I was putting up the poll for everyone, I actually thought, boy, they're going to go with one of these. But I don't think. I think you the know, poll's I'm already pushing. Lightning, just to be different. That's what you're gonna go. You're, you're gonna think that for. you're gonna think. I think I would have voted for Dead Man. I I, I, I wanna. I hope this doesn't end up being one of these. I, I'm having too many of these books that I check out. That I'm just like <laughs> I'm done. This fucking bullshit. So I, I don't want that to happen. But Eric, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. My life and my heart. Uh, Eric, trick or treating this year, Jim? <laughs> no. I got to think about that because my kids just got their, uh, they, they went and got their masks today. And they, each of them got a $3 mask. Uh, Logan got an emoji mask and, uh, uh, Logan, yeah, Rafe got the emoji mask. Logan got an old man with fangs mask. Nice. And basically what they told me is they got the $3 mask to maximize the profit that they will get for the amount of candy. 
And they are at the age, especially Rafe. This is probably going to be like his last, you know, one or two uh, deals. And he's just in it for the candy. He didn't want to waste any money on the mask. So he has that. But why I brought that up is Tuesday night when we do all our reviews is Halloween. Sure is. And it, it's going to screw me. And I actually said to Tanya today, you know what? They are old enough to go trick-or-treating by themselves. And she gave me a look that could – it would kill. Looks that kill. Eric, that, Same, that, how I, dare I? I'm sugar treating by myself from like seven yeah. on. The problem being, though, I say this, and then we we're in the car. When I say this, we go out of the car, we go into the house, and then we start watching it, and that <laughs> sealed the deal. <laughs> there is no way that we will be allowed. Now, do you think Look, it'd be kids, funny? Don't talk to people in the sewer drain. Don't follow fucking you know little made up boats, and if you see a red balloon, you fucking run. Yeah. Uh, would it be funny? to dress up as Pennywise this this Halloween to scare the shit out of people. Would you think that that'd be funny or would it be, it be a funny, little inappropriate? I think it would be funny, I would take it too far. I'd actually find an entrance to a sewer drain that I could yes. fucking stand it. Oh, you see, I'm going to have to take a picture for you and show you at work because my bed, the way the bed is set up, it's a bed and then actually instead of like a, a full-out you know headboard, it's actually a, a bookshelf. But the way it's set up, like – the bookshelf, the, the shelves are taken out from the, the thing, and right. it's against that, and it looks like a sewer. Great. And after we got done, Logan went into the kitchen, and I, I went, and I hid in this. I'm telling you, it's big <laughs> enough for me to get in. And then he came out, hello, dude, and he freaked out. He's like, oh, god damn it. He was fucking yelling. Oh, it was so funny. So, yeah, I would probably uh, give out candy dressed as Pennywise, though. I, I would be a yeah, really awful there's Pennywise. There's a lot of work involved. Yeah, I'm in saying it would be an Pennywise. awful Pennywise. I, I wouldn't even get anything. I'd just sit there and pretend I'm Pennywise. And, just, and, and be, you would just do the work. You would misquote the entire no, goddamn thing. No, no. I saw that. No, I saw the movie. Now I know what's going on. I've seen the movie. They're like ding dong, and I open. I'm like, want some candies, little girlies? Isn't that what he says? I hate and, you so much. Do you smell it? What do you smell? And they're like, uh, popcorn? No, no, my shoes. I they the, stink. What the rock is cooking, kids. <laughs> do you smell what the rock is? I will. Before we go, now this is kind of a, a shout out to our old style podcast where we get goofy at the end. But I do want to throw out: we were looking for movies to watch before we watched it on the stick, and the one movie that kept popping up, and it made me laugh because of the Jetsons book coming out next week. Did you see the new Jetsons tie-in movie that? just came out no it's the jetsons meet the wwe and, and we watched the trailer and it's they had frozen big show and they, they end up thawing out big show and then he takes on the wwe of the future which is only robots and then george and the whole family have to go back in time and recruit a bunch of wwe stars including sheamus and roman reigns to come into the future and defeat and defeat fucking big show it looks so horrible we almost watch it then we actually watched a couple scenes of mac and me Mac and me, Eric. And I, I learned that the girl in Mac and me, the girl who worked at the McDonald's, uh, the older girl, she was uh -huh. actually one of the girls that was in Camp Buy Me Love, one of the two hot friends of Amanda. Uh, what's the her name? The one that were in a, a freaking Playboy or whatever Yeah, was, yeah. Well, the one, was, the one was the real hot penthouse one, and the other one was, uh, I think she also did. But she also, I found out today, was the original Kelly Bundy. And it didn't work out, and they got Christine Applegate. Yeah, I did and see those freaking things yeah. where the original Kelly Bundy. Yeah, I was, was watching it. I was watching it. They actually had another bud who was horrible. Wore a headband, Eric, a headband.
Well, I, don't why know why we're, I don't know why we're talking about this right now, but that's it. That's the end of the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody who were listening and came on, rent and raves, mail, all that jazz. Eric, what do we say at the end? Happy Halloween, everybody. Proud. That's all you say? You're not even going to do any of your endings. That's all it is. Have a great week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. Oh!